can find something something with dc comics people magic carpet ride yeah you like that no no oh. well welcome back to weird <laughs> what Science is with DC the singing comics thing podcast. i don't know yeah, mr singing <laughs> freaking magic carpet what, steppenwolf what are you freaking, I, I heard a little, that a little like, i thought maybe that was like a little uh in joke steppenwolf no, no, boom was, i wish there's nothing yeah. there i just had something i saw it earlier i'm like yep that's gonna be the intro earlier. you don't even know it's uh how does it go how'd you start off there you don't, you don't know. know what we can find. Why don't you come with me, little girl? See, I have to learn the uh, the words before you D- do these jokes. DC, joke. <laughs> DC I, I the words. something, something other than that. No, I was just trying to have it go with DC Comics somehow. I didn't have nothing, though. That was awful. Yeah. I'm no, America's trying, sweetheart. I'm trying to greet all these new people. Who did for you, <laughs> and I'm Jim Warner. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is episode number 86. It's, like, it's off the rails. I'm telling you, probably about six hours ago, I was fired up, ready to go. Now I'm tired. I really was. At one point, I had this weird like euphoria going over me. I'm like, man, I can't wait. This is going to be an awesome podcast. I have all these notes. I'm all ready, and now I'm sweaty and tired. <laughs> Eric sang, I'm done. Sweaty and tired. Eric starts, and now it's like this fucking singing bit in the beginning. I don't know what's going on. Give me another song. Give me something time. else. All you, how about this? Hey, welcome to the show. Welcome That's to the all you show. Need. That is welcome boring, to the show. sir. Boring. Yeah. See, so he starts singing. Throws me off. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the official unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com uh, for the week of August 13th, 2016. And yes, Eric, we have a website. Did I say August 13th? I just, I'm thinking it's like, did he It's just an say old that? note. See, now I'm fucked up. <laughs> it's August 27th tonight. Like, yeah. damn, what, I always cut and on? paste the intro and I usually change it. I didn't. Maybe we went back in time. That fucking Steppenwolf, he sent us back in time. That's some you, magic you punch me ride. with that goddamn song. I wake up, it's August 13th. I, I do so much different if I went back to August 13th. Eric, change the world. What would you do? Change babe? the world what would you back. Do? Then. I don't know. Probably wouldn't go to work sleep rest up and then i'd be i would be chipper right now instead of being so tired huh how about that how about that how about that yes we have a website eric where we review every single dc comic book that comes out every single week as well as write articles interviews have top five lists this week's top five list was books that surprised jody I actually thought it was like he was walking around his house and the book jumped out, yelled, and he shit his pants. I'm done. Oh my god! Oh my god! Patsy Walker. I was looking for some paperwork today, and I actually found a freaking comic book uh, shop bag. Pulled it out. I had a flash trade. I didn't even know I had. Really? Did it scare the shit out of you? Did it surprise you? I pooped myself. That actually surprised you, then. You actually have been on the list. What? What flash was it? Which one? Uh, Flash. I think it's Blood Don't Run. No, really. Blood blood Don't Run. run. These colors don't run. Blood Don't. I know that. They, it doesn't, but yeah. Uh, if you want to read our reviews and all, I, I figured I'd change up this intro a bit right. just to push the website uh, a little. We don't, we're not very good at pushing things. No, right? not at all. Except the limits. Eric, the limits of something. <laughs> but yeah, that website is weirdsciencedccomics.com. Uh, we are proud members of the Comic Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Batman Podcast Network, Eric. Proud. 
We are also a member of the Potter and Family Twitter group where uh, we say, and this is the theme, if you can't keep it in your pants, Eric, keep it in the family. That's what I say. <laughs> and I'll mention one of mine and like Eric's personal work. favorites. Uh, one of the guys, one of the podcasts actually over at the Potter and Family where, Eric, if you can't keep it in your pants, keep it in your family, is Kevin Kress over at 365 Flicks. And I mention it because you were all up in there this week. Uh, they were talking on their podcast about the Lost Boys and the Lost Boys sequels, and yeah. you finally found one person who agrees that those piece of shit Lost sequels Boys are pretty good. Lost Boys 3 was better than 2. Yeah, I, that's like saying that uh, this piece of shit is better than that piece of shit. All How in all, they're both pieces of How shit. How dare you, sir? They both smell like shit, so they are fuck. shit. But yeah, Kev uh, really likes those as well. So you guys were talking. I don't know. The way you were talking, it seemed like we were going to have a crossover episode crossover coming up with those Possibly Corey Feldman on it. Who knows? And maybe point. Corey Feldman. The problem is, is that they speak the Queen's English, Eric. And this is a, hello, Loaf. How you doing, Eric? And you're afraid you would not uh, understand them. Dude, I had to, I was on the phone today with freaking my insurance company trying oh, yeah, to cancel. Oh, yeah, what? From England? No, Wait, Lloyd's in London. I couldn't understand this freaking woman who spoke normal. <laughs> normal, <laughs> not that crazy English. That crazy ass accent. Normal, and you couldn't understand her. Well, no, what no was she idea. telling you? What, what didn't you understand? I, I don't know. I just. I mean, really, there's not much to that. You over. say. I want to cancel my policy. I don't even have a license, Lisa. Exactly. And, and uh, I talked to two different people. I have no idea. I, I understood the guy fine at the beginning. He transferred me somewhere else. And this woman, I think, canceled my freaking uh, deal. I don't know. Okay. Let's see were, what happens. Were, were they trying to convince you to keep it for some reason? They were trying to convince me about homeowners insurance and oh. like what the laws of Pennsylvania are. Yeah. And I'm like, That's look, nice. dude, I don't have a license. A car It hasn't been registered in years. Yeah. I don't know what you it's want. It's like from a me. way, way back. I tried to. Uh, my wife signed up for a, a uh, America Online freaking uh, uh, trial right. at AOL. AOL and, uh, Online. It, and of course, as always, you let the trial go, and they charged us, and it took me probably three hours to cancel that son of a bitch. And it, it ended up with a guy asking me if. I was walking down the street, and some guy just gave me $5 out of the blue. Well, what would I do? And I told him I would wonder what this guy wanted me to do. Does he yeah. want me to suck his cock? And the like, guy just went with it. He just kept with the script, and I was going on and on. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I'd expect that guy wants me to suck his cock. And he's like, well, I, I you would take the $5, though, right? I'm, I don't know what you're saying about me, buddy. Well, do I have I, to suck the dick first? And I'm like, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Is it a range no, situation? that's not that. No, the problem with me is I, sh I think... I would have asked him, do I have to have him finish? Do I have to complete the, the whole thing to get this $5, or is it Not just hair? lip to cock? If it's just lip to cock, then we might have a deal. Maybe a finish, little tongue action. Who knows? Finish, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know if I'm there for the long haul, Eric. Another podcast I really like is uh, the City Geek Country Geek, and I got that right this week. I, nice. I have to apologize. I think I fucked up their name last week. It's one of those. You had a 50-50 uh, shot. At, well, and every time I say it, it's different. The yep. next thing I know, it's like English geek, Scottish geek. They're Australian chaps. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that's Gareth and Paul. They are from the uh, City Geek, Country Geek. I like them. We were talking a little Australian Rules football earlier on Twitter, and I laughed because I did watch Australian Rules football as a kid on ESPN. It was on the Ocho. I the think. Ocho. That was way back, and they, they were really hurting. ESPN was hurting for any sort of programming. So I watched the uh, – Australian Rules Football, and if anybody has seen that, which there's probably three listeners that have, and two of them are Gareth and Paul probably, uh, they're the great refs in that where they wear these full white suits with hats and they do this pointing. That's all I know. 
And I loved uh, it. I watched it all the time. But yeah, go and listen to them and subscribe to both them and the uh, the what's it called? Three six five flicks, guys. I, I'm just gonna push their podcast now. I I yeah. don't need you don't need to subscribe or rate us. Go and do that for the City Geek Country Geek and Three Six Five Flicks. Those guys are good. And uh, tell them that Jimmy Boy sent you. Jimmy Boy, what do you think of that, Aaron? I'm spreading the wealth. I'm being a nice guy. I was never a nice guy until we made this freaking podcast. Then You're a nice realized, guy? Nah, well, to these people, not to oh, you. Right. Not to you or anybody in general. Actually, I just keep to myself. I'm, I'm no guy. I, that's what I want to be. I want to be invisible in my normal life. I don't you need are. hassle. <laughs> I don't need hassle from people. But, yeah, you can also find us. We're not invisible on the Internet, Eric. Because you can find us on Twitter at Weird Science DC. You can like us on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics. You can email us at Weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com. And we are on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics.podbean.com. Now I will say, I said it earlier that I wouldn't say this just a moment ago, but yeah, you can rate and review and subscribe <laughs> to our show wherever you happen to get it. Flip flop. And there's a weird deal. I think that we got an iTunes review this week, but it's not there. The review number went up, but yet no review is there. So if somebody... Well, that's like over at freaking Stitcher. We had a review Stitcher. and then it just disappeared. Yeah, that's a freaking ghost town over there for us. Uh, Maddie D, he's the only one. But yeah, uh, somehow if, if you wrote a review and you know it's yours, let me know. Because Please. It, it, the number went up and I do not see another thing. But what I do always see, Eric, is my love of the Weird Science Rant and Rave Line. And you can call 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452328, followed, followed by, by the pound sign. sign. It's and just you that can easy. leave rant and raves and we have two this week and one's going to be from a very familiar voice though you didn't really recognize it when i played it to you but no, here's the first all. one it's from reggie and reggie is on a pseudo vacation in bethlehem pa eric he's a stone throw away gambling it up he's got a, he's got a problem but here you go here's reggie's rant Oh, hello there, Jim. Hello, Eric. And we trying to get a French school. Bonjour. This is Reggie. I'm here to come telling you that I'm not going to be able to come to work today and podcast with y'all because I'm just feeling sick up in the dog. I tell you what, I got a fever. I got the chills. I got rheumatism. <laughs> my sciatica is acting up. My hippocampus is flat up. Hippocampus. I got thyroid problems. I got shooting pains in my arms and legs. I got numbness in my toes, and I can barely see, and I'm blacking out, too. So I think I'm going to just take it easy and chill out. And, you know, I'm going to be with you all next week. So thank you very much, but no, I will not be in today. Thank you. Put this on his permanent record. There he is. He's written up now. He is now called in sick more than you ever have at our real job. Exactly. Once. Once. Now, you will stay home. You just don't call out. Absolutely not. I don't want to deal with that. The other day, you left at lunch. And I told you, I drove you home because I go home at lunch and you're like, hey, you going into town? So I, I dropped you off and I said to you, listen, anybody ask me, I know, I'm like Schultz. I know nothing. And I will tell them, I don't know. And I get back to work, three people come to me. Hey, do you take Eric home at lunch? I don't know. <laughs> I kept saying, eh. I actually, that's what I do. I like make noises so I can't even be held down on it. Like, hey, did Eric go home? Eh. I don't know why they these can't people call care. It on me. They're like, why didn't you tell us yes or no? I just said, mm-hmm. They didn't ask I, me anything on Friday. Yeah, no. And I get all these answers. And the reason I don't say anything is because then I get I get grilled. Oh, well, doesn't he know this? How, how the fuck do I know what he knows and doesn't know? I know everything. What am I, fucking Gorilla Grodd? 
The hell do you think I am, Eric? What the hell do you think I am? Here's the next rant and rave. It is from who, Eric? Who always rants and raves? The dancing one. The dancing one. Dancing Mike. Hey, Weird Out Loud. Hi, Jim. Greetings to America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. Oh, Eric Shea. Hi. It's getting creepy. So, I want to talk about... I want to stop right there. This sounds very familiar of that weird calls we were getting at that one point, doesn't it? Now that you say that, now I'm worried. Doesn't it? At one point, they were kind of like that. Mike, you son of a bitch. Let's get... I don't know that Mike was listening then, though. I don't know. Maybe I'm just glad he that wasn't. guy hasn't just... rant and raved in a long time. Scared the yeah. shit out of me. It's very odd that it seems to go, you know, it's like Superman. Every time I see Clark, I don't see Superman. I don't huh. know. <laughs> huh. Yum, yum. I'm going to talk about Scott Snyder for a bit. Oh, no. uh, I don't think that Scott Snyder's ego and conceit, I don't think it's a conscious thing. I don't think he realizes it. There's just, I think there is a lot of ego there, and it's, it's, it's something he doesn't realize. It's just that I think he thinks that everything he writes is better than what has come before, and that's why he's going to keep it in continuity and remake everything. I, I think he is, I know it's, and I know it's probably driven by insecurity and fears. It seems like the guy has some, uh, pretty big problems there, but we'll not get into that. I do think he is a great writer. He tells great stories. It's just that it's not Batman stories and it's not Batman characters. If he wanted to write the same stories and call it D- Detective Billy to be the guy, the main guy, Detective Billy, the straight detective crime fighter guy, and then instead of Joker, which he tried to make, what he tried to make Joker, I don't know, it's immortal, clever, sadist guy. That would that would be fine. I would probably read those stories, whatever he called them, as long as he didn't call them the Batman and I'd like the Batman characters. William. That's because that's not that what he's writing. That's my biggest problem with what Snyder's doing. And I know you said that Eric can't be there when Snyder wanted to be on, so I've got a great idea for the podcast. It would be three people on the podcast. It would be Scott Snyder and Jim and me. Oh, that would my. be delightful. Absolutely not. Anyway, um, yeah, that's going to happen. Uh, I do <laughs> want to talk about I know you don't like to hear people talking about the cosmic treadmill. Uh, and Watch Eric, yourself, Mike. I think you've said before that they do good stuff. They do good stuff, Mike. Well, that's usually true. But the sugar and spike episode from from last <laughs> that was last from, week. I believe episode yes. eighty five. That was um, that was. It's awesome. He's gonna yeah, that was something. Yeah. Um, but any, I don't think I don't. I think I'll get that 17 hours of my life. Oh, was it 17 hours? It just oh, seemed like it. Anyway, I, they usually do good stuff. It's a very niche kind of, you know, you know, subject. Chris, don't jump off a building, and Reggie, I'm sure you don't care what I think. But anyway, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm hoping does. that next time gets back to their usual um, usual excellence. So, And yes, Jim, I remember Earl Campbell and Christian Orcoyer. Yeah. Uh, Earl Campbell would just run right the heck over just people. Over he was then, of course, that shortened his career considerably, but <laughs> he would not. He would. He wouldn't run out of bounds like Franco he Harris. He no. ran right the heck over people. And they ripped his jersey people. off constantly. And uh, you ever played Tecmo Super Bowl? Christian Okoye, the guys would pop off him like little popcorn. They would run in there and try to tackle him and get flung across the field. And also Craig Ironhead Hayward to a lesser extent, yep. although Ironhead was as slow as yeah, he was. Ironhead was in real life. But also he, you know, people just. Pop off of him, but Christian Okoye was a beast. Yeah. 
I went to the Golden Age in 1942, and my wife decided to pick up a couple of comics. I don't know why, but she went in with me and comes up to the counter, and she's got Harley Quinn number one and number two. We saw the Suicide Squad movie. She liked the character, and so she decided she wanted to read some Harley Quinn comics. So I tried to steer her towards Suicide Squad, but she's like, I don't like those people. I like Harley Quinn. So I said, oh, there's going to be a lot of dick jokes. There's going to be a lot of crude humor. And she was like, okay. So I don't think she's read them yet. I haven't read them yet. I will probably read them at some time. If she likes them, I'll I'll let you know whether she likes them or not. And I'd have to add that to the pull list. Um, But anyway. Um, Hold on, Jim. I'm going to cut it for a second. This month, my... Friggin' every time I would go to the goddamn comic book shop and Jess went with me, I would have a pull list set up. And, I, you know, I'd get the same things every goddamn week. Yeah. I'd look well, around and I'd pull list is. Exactly. And I'd look around to see what else is new. I might not be picking up. I'd talk to my friends there. And then I, on, right as I'm going to check out, I notice she's looking at shit. She has four or five books she wants to pick oh. up now. Oh, and they get five. added to my goddamn bill. And then uh, next week, like, she would not have read them yet. I'm like, you read them or you're not getting anything when we go yeah. back. Because we are going back next week like we always goddamn do. So she just grabbed shit just because it. Yeah, she like that's how she started. Re- Thankfully, she kept reading Batwoman, but she just kept grabbing a bunch of shit. I was going to say that's the only one that you've ever told me really that she she kept reading. You always say that, like, oh, she liked the Batwoman, but so she was just grabbing willy nilly. You yeah. know, she sees, you know, oh, look at that, this looks Archie's cute. Digest, <laughs> Sonic Universe. I'm in. I love Sonic. Grim fairy tales. Shit like that. She's back at the Xenoscope stuff. This looks like cheesecake stuff that I would like. What is this? She is into that. Then Helsing versus, you know, I don't know. I, I <laughs> saw some sort of Xenoscope book. Uh, and the, the the names always get me because it's always like some crazy deal. And then I see it's them. I'm like, I don't know. I've never read one, so I shouldn't bad mouth it. It just looks like a lot of cheesecake. It reminds me of the comic version of those fucking novels that my mom would read with Fabio on Fabio the cover. On the cover yeah. He's a fucking pirate. It's freaking, you know, stealing everybody's heart is what Lost he's doing the there. Sea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really. And I, I jerk off to them. Here, so let's continue with mine. Might have to add that to the pull list. Um, but anyway, um, for my books I bought this month, my uh, this week, my DC comic books, I did leave comments on the site. Hey, podcast listeners, there is a site, uh, weirdsciencedccomics.com. I hear they do good stuff. But anyway, yeah, I did leave comments on the site for the three DC books I bought this week. Mm-hmm. And just a few little non-spoilery comments here. Um, Batgirl number two, I like where... That girl is going. I'm liking the adventures overseas a lot more than I thought I would. I think I gave that around a 7.5-ish. I did have a little bit of an issue with the art. Um, Detective Comics number Which is weird. We talk about it later, and that is something I had a little bit of an issue with, and it's Raphael but Kirky. We love Kirky. Yeah, love the it's Kirk. A little off. It's a little off this, this issue. But yeah, let's continue. Yeah. Not since sexy robot Lois Lane have we seen a character as hot and sensual and sexy as Kate Kane oh. at the funeral when she was oh a kid <laughs> to for the Bloodhound Gang. Who like, no. knew missing children could be so sexy? Oh, my goodness. Did I Jeez. say that out loud? Anyway, uh, God, Wonder God. Woman number five, I love this series. It is so freaking good. The art is that. great. The story, both the lies and the year one, they're both They've both got me just wanting them to continue. Um, I just, I've never bought a Wonder Woman comic before this. Never, you know, had an ongoing Wonder Woman. I've 
sure I've read issues here and there. But I love this series so much, and this and Batman are rebirth. Rebirth is worth it for those two series alone. Damn. They're both right up there at the top of you know at the top for me. So um, I just have one question, Steve Trevor. So he's the guy in year one on the island, and yes. then he's also the guy in lives on the. But I felt that was a lot of years apart. I'm not sure if I understand apart, because yeah. I thought one was way back in the day, and the other is now. So I don't. Is this the same Steve Trevor guy? Same Am Steve I wrong Trevor. The now they have history. At the beginning, they did not explain that. I think what he's saying, I think he's getting mixed up like that. The uh, year one, like in his mind, might have been in World War One or two. That's oh, okay. No, that that's was like six years ago. Yeah, that's why I think he's getting it uh, confused. Like in the movie where I said, you know, that sexy man, uh, what's his name? Chris Pine? Yeah, Can't Chris wait to see Pine. what he grows up to that, look like. Yeah, I don't think that he's going to live uh, past that movie since it's set in World War wait, you know, way back. And we're going to get like good. in the present day, it's like uh, Steve Trevor the Third. Yeah, that's probably. Steve Trevor and Steve Trevor Jr., I don't know. There you go. <laughs> but like I said, I don't have much experience with Wonder Woman. But anyway, um, I am loving Wonder Woman and loving your guys' podcasts. So until next time, keep it weird. The spotlight is off, and see you in seven. Nice. All right. There we so, go. right here, I'm looking at the comments, too. Dancing Mike gave Wonder Woman in his mind a 9.5 out of 10. Oh, a 9.5, like some other asshole. Yeah. That would be yeah, – that's a spoiler. But yeah, right now, though, everybody that's listening to this, we've said before, we're such a long podcast that people you usually listen to it throughout the week. And we usually have, well, we did a couple times. We had our morning zoo song to get everybody pumped up and ready for the week. And I made another one today. So everybody can sit there and relax and like my new song for the morning zoo. This is, And, you know, I, I've said it before, the morning zoo songs are always the songs where you have the upbeat song and you have all the, the clips. You're getting ready for the weekend. It's usually on a Friday, but since we come out on a Sunday, we have it for a Monday. Get get everybody ready for the work week. Get yeah, all really inspired. Feel for the work week. Yeah, so here we go. Hello, weird science. Bonjour, Jean. Bonjour, Eric. Jimmy boy. Zoo song. That's for everybody. And that's for now. This goes into I just want to say we probably have a bunch of new listeners. Uh, DCR, the podcast called It Quits this week. And we were talking about that. A lot of people were talking about it all week. Uh, they 
uh, just decided that it was too much work and they wanted to have lives. And I listened to this and it was Sean who was talking and he's like, you know what? We, we decided we wanted to be able to read other comics and play video games. And Brian was there as well talking about this. I'm telling you, everybody was like, man, it's sad. Yeah, it's real sad. It was so sad that I wanted to quit. I was like, <laughs> you know, everything, you people listening who are like, oh man, God darn it. I really love them. I'm sitting there shaking my head. Yes. He's like, yeah, you know, we don't get to do this. I, I hear you. Yeah. I was yelling, testify, fucking hands waving. <laughs> amen, brothers. Oh, amen. Because, yeah, people, I don't think people realize how much it does take away from your normal life. And I'll just say, not that I'm saying that we work harder than anybody in podcast land, Eric. But we also review, have a site where we review every book and do shit all week for that, too. And to just to get myself upset this week, or actually today, I was just figuring, trying to actually pin down how many hours I probably spent on the site and the podcast this week. Like, if this week was a work week, how much time? And I actually think that I underestimated, and it's probably about 45 hours. And that's, that's, that is a low estimate, I think. There are times, well, Tuesdays... We get the books early. Of course, I'm doing all this other shit. Plus, I have a family. I have freaking four kids in the house. I had to do goddamn shopping today for school. And uh, I was uh, on Tuesday, I have to get up at, you know, quarter of five in the morning. I'm up until one o'clock doing goddamn reviews for nothing. It, it, at one o'clock, I keep thinking to myself, why, why am I rushing to get this out? Like, what does it matter? If I don't get this review out on this, you know, so that it's one of the you, first Jim. out. It does, because we're insane. Yes. Every day, but yeah, they call me quits. I, and I, I will say it was sad, because they, you know, they were one of my first podcasts that I listened to. Comic yeah. book podcasts, them and Comic Vine were the first podcasts, really, comic-wise, that I listened to. And I remember when we first started the site, they had already had their podcast. And I used to listen to it, because I would do my books, I'd review my books. And then you would tell me about yours, but then I would listen to them to kind of fill in the blanks and yeah. stuff like that. And at that point, there were books we weren't even covering. And I did used to listen to them to, you know, kind of keep up with what's going on. And I know that you heard they did good stuff, Aaron. They did you good stuff. You always hear that they do good stuff. But, yeah, I've already been told that a bunch of people were – Jumping on to our podcast that they were trying to find out. And uh, Sean was really nice when he was talking. He actually mentioned our podcast when he was talking. That's to people, right hey, there, there's a lot of podcasts out there. And I, it's funny because I wish he would have warned the people, listen, there's other podcasts out there. This weird science one, they, they curse a lot. And it's about eight hours long because that's there was like all of a sudden I hear this and then all of a sudden I'm getting messages and things on Twitter. All the people all up in arms like, oh, my God, eight hours. And the one guy said, how do you expect us to, you know, listen to eight hours? And I said, I don't. I demand that you listen to eight hours there. There's no expectations. It's a demand. But, yeah, I wanted to uh, tell everybody welcome who have come over from DCR to listen to us. And, you know, the people who have been listening, they can listen in on this too because I just wanted to say uh, to all those new people what our podcast is about so they don't have a heart attack later once they start going here. And uh, I'll tell you, their eyes, your eyes aren't playing tricks on you. We are an eight-hour podcast usually. It's it's kind of gotten to eight hours. Started. Remember way back when things were so nice and it was like three hours? That was amazing. I wish those we could the, go back there. Those were the good old days. And I will say it's getting up to eight hours a week, and we have only ever – this is what, episode 86? Yes. Episode 86, we missed one week 
the whole time, and that was what the between second week. Between episode one and two, yeah, between episode one and two, we missed a week because we recorded a whole episode <laughs> and it got deleted. That's the only reason. But so we really didn't miss a week. We just didn't publish anything that week. So you can expect every Sunday night for this podcast to come out like clockwork, clockwork. I, the, during the podcast, not so much clockwork. Things go off the rails very quick, but yeah, don't often, be yes. don't be intimidated. Uh, with this episode, I'm going to start putting timestamps in the show notes so that everybody will know exactly when we talk about books. People have been bitching about this forever. I'm a lazy man. We have a long podcast. It's going to take me extra work, but I will do it. I will do Who it, are you? Doug. Do it, Doug. I'll do it for everybody. Everybody. And so you can go and, you know, if you come to the podcast and you're like, I just want to hear Action Comics, uh, listen to Action Comics, and then eventually we help you listen to the whole thing, right? Yeah, I, I hope think so, we, we kind of have like running jokes going too throughout the whole podcast and things like that that you'll miss out on, like this great intro that is so off the rails here. Uh, <laughs> the reason the podcast is so long, though, is because when we start recording, we do not like to rush things. We like to take our time. We usually spend about 30 minutes on each book if it deserves it. Sometimes, actually, sometimes it doesn't deserve it, and we spend 40. Yeah, but it, it really. I don't understand how that works. I don't either. We'll go in and we'll have a whole, we'll have th- a three book section, and I'll say to you, boy, this is going to be fifteen minutes for the whole thing. I have nothing to say. Freaking three hours later, there we are. We start arguing, and we do again. This is something we like to take our time. You'll never hear us. The only reason we'll ever rush out of a book is if Eric has to go to the bathroom. I got to pee happened. sometimes. That has happened sometimes. But, yeah, usually we'll take our time, like I said, about 30 minutes a book, and just be prepared for me and Eric to argue sometimes about something that you think is so ridiculous that nobody (laughs) would argue about. And people listening who are full-time listeners will know I am talking about Grayson. When me and Eric spent 10 to 15 minutes arguing about why Otto Netz was dressed the way he was. And I said, what did I say? What did I say? He's he's got a, a machine. And then we just argued forever. It happened last week. We were talking about Supergirl. I actually had to edit it out. It was so bad. Uh, at one point, I was getting so angry. I, I think I called you a fucking retard. Yeah. Actually, I, mean, I think that was idiot. on the podcast. A fucking idiot. That was next day at work. You fucking idiot. But uh, well, here's the next point. It goes right in. We are an explicit podcast there. We, and we spoil every book. I would tell everybody, this podcast is not safe for work. I would suggest you listen to it with headphones on and yes. do not play it around kids. Uh, you can play it around my kids. My kids have heard worse. But yeah, They saw the, Deadpool in the theaters. Yeah, they did. I'm a great dad. Dad of the year. And also, uh, uh, this goes hand in hand with what I was talking about earlier. We talk a lot of nonsense. But because of that, you'll also find out a lot of personal stuff about Eric and myself that uh, you probably will wish you could unhear. Right? I mean, I'm telling you, nothing is sacred. You will hear about my bowel movements. You will hear about crazy shit like that. But you know what you'll also hear? You'll also find out tonight why Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps is like Gilligan's Island. And if you're lucky, like James Bonney, the writer of the New 52 Deathstroke book, you might get laid because of this podcast. Because he did tell us that he got laid because of this podcast. And yes, that's that what we can do la- for you. Yeah. And luckily, that was laid from his wife. Yes. He wasn't just walking down the street and somebody heard those golden tones of America's sweetheart and couldn't resist. But you also hear. You about, don't know. Y- yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. May also hear about my troubles at the Dunkin' Donuts drive through later. That was something. Oh, I forgot crazy about that. that. Happened. Yeah, that happened this week. But also, we may come off as negative when you first hear us, but we like to think of ourselves as realistic, right? 
Sure. Right? Yeah. We're not cheerleaders, Aaron. I'll just talk about times, a book, man. Yeah, well, there'll be times when we don't like a book, and we'll tell you why. There'll also be times we love a book, and you know what we'll do? We'll tell Suck you why. Yeah, and I'm telling you, this is where I, I actually realized it this week, listening to a couple podcasts. This is what annoys me the most. I don't mind if a podcast is overly positive. Uh, say, DCR. They were they were positive about things. Now they didn't really. They were more of a synopsis type of thing where they would tell you what happened, and then they'd go a little about what they liked and didn't like. But it was more about telling you, keeping you up to date on what was going on. But they did it in a positive way. What I hate are podcasts that'll just yell, "This was the greatest thing ever." Oh man, never tell was you amazing. why. Yeah, right, but they won't on. tell you why, or they'll go, oh, "Yeah, I don't like that." St- don't. They never tell you why. It's this blank statement out there that I don't know what. Now, we have a site we mentioned before. We review all the things. So you could go to the site and see what we rated and reviewed, all these books. But when we go to the podcast, we do like to really spell out what we didn't like, what we did. We don't always agree. Uh, that's another thing that I really get annoyed with with other podcasts where these places, you know, everybody seems to not want to step on each other's toes. I think I broke your toes by now, stepping on those big-ass fucking toes of mine. I fucking, the other day, my kids called me Daddy Scissor Toes. I had to freaking cut my nails. Oh, they were disgusting. But, yeah, I hate when people do things in genera- generalities. And, oh, I, I love it. Wow. It just it annoys me. But, yeah, also... Just finally, the end of this is we are big DC Comics fans. And Huge. I said earlier, we spend... Makes up most of our week. Yeah, we spend another work week on just the site and the podcast. That's how much we like it. And we're passionate. We hope and pray that every book is perfect. And you have made a statement. And I pray every week that we finally get you to rate <laughs> something a 10. Because when we rate something a 10, it's over. You will quit. That and is a perfect book, away. and there will never be a perfect book in yeah, my mind. There's so always room for improvement. It's weird, though, that that would be why you would quit. I don't really I go out on a high note. Yeah, but I don't really think you care about going out on a high note. I think that is just your out. You, that is your uh, escape plan. Because, really, a lot of people count on you to give them their opinion so they know what to buy and what to, you know, go with that. So I think you're letting people down by that. I, I've never done are, it, so. You are a letdown. That's all you are. Your dad told me that way back before he died, Eric. Before he died, but I yeah, tell you. here's my last bit, uh, just to get everybody up to speed. Okay, you want to get up to speed? Everybody. Here it is. Both mine and Eric's dads are dead. Eric's True very that. tall. I hate yes. my mother. Eric's uh-huh. girlfriend has a huge dildo collection. <laughs> I'm the man of a million voices. Eric loves horror movies. I haven't seen Shawshank Redemption. Eric loves sliders. I was in a cover band while I attended West Virginia University, and we opened for Foghat. Eric wrote a movie once that would have introduced the world to the pink sock. Yes. I think Bloodsport is a perfect movie, and both of us are gluttons who love shitty food. True that. There you go. I think we are that all... That sums up the show pretty good. Yeah, that does. See, I want to get everybody... That is right there. Rebirth. The DC Comics. That Yeah, DC Comics. That's the rebirth. I just set the tone. The tone is shitty food, awful movies, and... Dildo collections. ...pieces of shit. But yeah, that's it. We're up to speed. Let's move on. All right, and now that we're up to speed, Eric, it's time for the news. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim... Here's what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's time for Jim and the news. 
and I guess Eric's there too. Man, dancing Mike, why do you gotta hurt me every yes, week? Yes, you are. You're here, Eric, and we only have one news item. And I said since Mike made that <laughs> song, I always have to have at least one news item. And, and if we don't have news, I'm still playing it because I like to hear him sing about me. But this news item is a big one that you like a lot. Liam Sharp has Golly, signed Sharp. DC exclusive, and I, I I saw in some of the comments and whatever this is a two year exclusive contract. So That's awesome. I, I, I love Liam Sharp. Where the hell has he been all my goddamn life? I don't know. Here he, he is, is now. so fucking good. I want him yep. to paint me all sexy and jack like Titanic yeah, and shit like that. I don't think he could do that. I don't think uh. that anybody could do that. Wonder Woman artist Liam Sharp has signed an exclusive contract with DC Comics and continues work on Wonder Woman alongside writer Greg Rucka and fellow artist Nicholas Scott, as well as producing upcoming content for Vertigo. It's weird. I, all these exclusive things always do involve that Vertigo, it seems. And they I don't push know. It. Uh, they're, I think they're really making an overhaul. They have that uh, well, it's Vertigo. Lost it's like, Boys coming out. We'll sign you on for this amount of money for this long, and you also get more stuff if you do some Vertigo titles. Yeah, I actually think that they're going to turn this Vertigo into more of a uh, like creator-owned type uh, situation. I don't know. That, that's what I think. I, they really are pushing the Vertigo, and it seems like they're going to have a big announcement because they've been signing all these guys, and I keep hearing like Joshua Williamson. He, he has something coming out. You have uh, Liam Sharp now, and hopefully they turn it around because I've seen the sales. That Vertigo <laughs> stuff does not sell them in here. No. Uh, uh, Liam said, I was floored that both Dan DiDio and Jim Lee called me up regarding a two-year contract with DC Comics. Sharp said the sales and fan reaction to Wonder Woman have been staggering, heralding a return of the level of popularity such an iconic character deserves. And then uh, Bob Harris, the editor-in-chief, said we couldn't be more thrilled about Liam coming to DC and securing him on one of our highest profile titles of 2016, said Bob Harris, editor-in-chief, DC Entertainment. I knew we needed an artist capable of dynamically bringing Wonder Woman to life on the page, and Liam's work is simply exceptional. And we both agree to Amazing, that, right? Amazing, Jimmy Boy. Yeah, yes. I'm thrilled to be associated with Diana, her 75th year, Sharp concluded. I look forward to the many great things ahead for Wonder Woman. And yeah, this is just, just continues the big thing. We love it. Every time we see this, and it was, you know, Steal Tim Seeley, Steve Orlando, all. all these guys. Yeah, just grab everyone. Just sign them and go with it. And I know some of the times uh, some of these guys weren't exactly our favorites, but I don't mind. I yeah. like that they're finally doing this. This is something in the New 52 that they just didn't do. We and pitched about boy, it for years. Freaking years ago, we, if they would have signed losing, Charles Soule and Jeff yeah, we Lemire. Kept people to Marvel. Yeah, and those two. Charles Soule and Jeff Lemire were two of my favorite writers. Off they went. Yeah. Off they went. And all I hear is people bitching about Charles Soule over at the Marvel. These Marvel fans. Come on back, baby. They don't Come know what back. they got there. Because I didn't know what I got till it was gone. Just like <laughs> Cinderella told me. Don't know what you got. See, there's uh, some singing. Yeah, my throat is killing me. But yeah, Eric, uh, that is it for the news. I hate you so much. All right, you know what comes after the news, Eric? The, the mail. mail. The mail. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. I 
even know why I show up. It is mail with Jim. It's weird when there's only one uh, news story and their songs come right after each other. And you're like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. really weird. Yeah, Fuck it is. you. The first mail is uh, actually before I go on. I want to tell everybody: uh, email us at uh, weirdsciencedccomics at gmail dot com. We read everything. If 200 people send in mail, we're going to have a long-ass podcast because we will read everything. We do not censor one bit. People can say as much as they want, as little as they want. They can tell me that I'm an asshole. We're going to read it all, right? Usually it's a bit, you know, it's mainly been positive. But, yeah, we'll read everything, and that will start with J-Man. J-Man with his subject line, don't fake the funk. And he says, hey, Jim, yo, Eric. Yo. Since I have to wait two weeks for my pool to be shipped, and I'm way behind you guys with respect to my comic book reading, I wanted to take a moment to reflect on the present state of characters and some creative teams in Rebirth. So it sounds like he is going to give us a little bit of a Rebirth report card there. Let me start with Superman, the character, not the series per se. For such a powerful, simple, he's a Boy Scout to the end and will sacrifice himself for an innocent at the drop of a hat. And unlike any other character in the DC Universe, he sure is not nearly as powerful as he should be. Convoluted, very similar to several people in the DC DCU. In the Superman series, how many issues has he been fighting Eradicator for? It's a while, right? Three. Yeah. In Action Comics, how many issues did it take Supes to defeat Doomsday with help? Five. A while. With the supposed super speed that Superman could handle his opponents, especially if he doesn't have to hold back, you would think he would start and finish a fight in the span of one issue. This is the main reason I've dropped Superman from my poll and never added action comics. I want a one-and-done issue on a regular basis with Superman. This would show how formidable he is. Instead, we get dragged out battles that are supposed to feel epic, but don't. Do you agree with that? A little bit. I I yeah. think of one and done stories from like would just get ridiculous. Like, God damn it, Superman is too overpowered. They're just the problem is is that they are given a character that is already this powered. You know what and, I mean? In my he, mind, he's the hardest to write for because of yeah. That. Well, that's what I'm saying. That they just throughout his history, they just heaped on powers. He just had power after power being heaped on. Solar and flare. Kinda, yeah, and then he had a solar get out flare. Here, Jeff Johns. Yes. Don't get me started on how complicated or convoluted Superman is now compared to either New 52 or the true pre-52 Superman. Clark. Maybe I shouldn't refer to him as Clark because there is supposedly depowered Clark yep. running around Metropolis as a family man now. But he is still going out there to bust some heads because he is the only person capable of handling these situations. What about Apocalypse Suit Lex? Huh? What about Supergirl and Ching Chong Kong? He says. <laughs> He's going to start at that. Another character and ongoing that has yet to grab me in Rebirth is the Flash. And he has Barry Allen in quotes. The artwork has never really appealed to me, and the story seems like a gimmick with all the common folk to pull, developing Flash powers. I have a feeling that when everything goes back to normal, Barry's the only one running around with Speed Force powers other than Wally and Wally. The new characters that have honed their super speed skills will disappear into the night after all the character development so far. Yeah, these new characters are disappearing in this issue. There's a lot of them dead. Well, that's the thing, too. <laughs> I was actually, when I was reading this issue this uh, today... Mm-hmm. It was. I was thinking about it because I was reading a little bit of that Flash trade I had where Wally West was the Flash, and there's just all these yep. characters, the legacy of it, and like, what if it doesn't go back to the status quo where Barry's the only speedster? What if we well, still have these characters? You know, well, it's like I always, I'm always waiting for it to go back to the status quo. But well, there is, but it seems like uh, after this issue, there may only be two or three left anyway. Yeah. So yeah, they may, you know, maybe Mina. Stays around a little or August too. Now I'm really starting to think that August is uh, Godspeed, but we'll get to that later. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I think Mina's dead. 
I believe, and I I thought she was before. The minute that Barry fell in love with her, that the clock was ticking. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think Always there's spells be, doom. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be that much uh, left of that Speed Force uh, school there at, at Star Labs. It looks like Godspeed killed them all. Uh, but Avery, Avery was the one that we saw right away at the beginning that it seemed like the push. And I kind of liked her. You know, she reminds me of the Speed Force version of one character. Harper Rowe. And Row. that character would be Harper Rowe. That's, That's right. who she reminds me of right away. And I, li- I love Harper Rowe. So, yeah, I'd like to have a speedster like her around. I like her better than or more than Mina. Where's Jesse Quick at? Okay, who knows? But Bruce is doing fine in Batman All-Star Batman, but Detective Comics kind of bothers me. So have you guys ever read an issue of Batman where Bruce does enough detective work to convince you that he is the world's greatest detective or even solve a tough case the police have trouble solving? Well, this one, I'm telling you, this week in Detective Comics, I, I told you my biggest problem. I think that... The one thing that he's so proud of himself is that he figured out that Jacob was behind everything because of the number of drones that were on Kate. Because right. we hear about it for the, about the 20th time, it seems. Hey, he's a one-trick pony with that. That is what I want out of Detective Comics. He wants some you know, problem solving. I think it's cool that DC is pushing Cass, Batwoman, and Spoiler to the forefront, though. But I think they should have their own book, not called Detective Comics. Really like pushing Cass, like aren't It's a prey book. Yeah, she's getting pushed. She's getting pushed to the back. What do you guys think about a Detective Comics series that portrayed Bruce working on the same cases as depicted in the Batman series? Only Detective would show some of the detailed steps Bruce took to come to those conclusions, connect things from the Batman series. It sounds boring. I'm sorry. I don't know. I wouldn't mind if I wouldn't want the same cases. I actually would like a thing, but it's weird to me that when I start thinking of that, I think of the Gaslit universe for some reason. Like it has to, it can't be in this it's gotta one. Look like that, and look like that, and also because that's like a Sherlock Holmes type right. deal, and you would have. You, you could, now there's too much technology and stuff, and pretty much Batman and me solving these cases. A lot of times, it's a lot of tech and stuff. That's not interesting to me. It, like, I want to see him with a fucking magnifying glass going around yelling Eureka. Well, stuff like that. I knew things were different as soon as the new Fifty Two started, and we saw that freaking holographic mask. Like you no longer have to do prosthetics or something. Yeah. Put on like the master disguise kind of it. It's all holographic nope. shit. I'm like, all right, this, we live in a brave new world. Yeah, and this is the brave new world that action star Sly Stallone was upset at when all of a sudden he saw Michael Keaton in that Batman suit. And he's like, yep, it's done for us. Us <laughs> big fucking action heroes. We're done. They just put a guy in a fucking muscle suit. You ever have one of those muscle suits? I had a He-Man one when I was a kid. Did you? Those are pretty cool. Did um, it actually brings to mind when you when you put that on? Did you think you were a little stronger? Damn right I did. Because I think I would right now if I had one. My ten year old. Uh, we went clothes shopping today for school, and he got <laughs> some Le- he got some Lebrons, All right. the, the shoes. And we went to play basketball, and it actually made me smile because he thought what I always thought in every little kid: when oh, you yeah. get those new shoes, you always think you're better. And if they're like, oh, they're LeBrons, I'm going to be good at basketball. And he well, it's really, like if you get a, a pair of Jordans. Yeah. And he really, really thought uh, that stuff. It's weird because uh, my son, my other son, Rafe, he's grabbing some stuff. He's like, oh, man, I need a backpack. They have a Jumpman backpack. Can I get a Jumpman backpack? I'm like, really? They got a Mario? Backpack that's, over there? that's what I was thinking. Hold on. Yeah, what is no, a Jumpman? That's Jordan. Oh, that's right. the Jordan symbol now. They don't even say Jordan. He's really? Jumpman. Jumpman. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was Mario. That's what I thought as soon as you said it. Whatever. You can do that. Then I'm there. We're at the store, and they have a Superman 
shirt. It was a really cool Superman shirt. Like it looked like like newsprint like type of uh, graphics on it and stuff. Right. And I'm like, I, I really like that. I went to tell you, that fucking thing didn't fit me. I went to go try it on. I'm like, oh, they didn't this, have any this triple shit XLs? fit me. I'm telling you, I was yeah. like, I thought it might fit. It did not fit. Because <laughs> the way DC pushed the two main Bat titles in the past, they should have named them Batman and the other Batman book. The way Detective Comics plays out now, it should really be called Bat Family with special guest appearances by Batman. I think it'd be cool to at least have a Detective Comics that was following the same timeline path of events as the Batman series. Right now, I can't tell if one followed the other days, weeks, or months away. Other than both mainly taking place in Gotham, I can't tell if the two titles are playing in the same sandbox or not because they're so far... Uh, so far, used different characters other than Bruce and Alfred, who I don't well, recall we've seeing. We've had that detective. on every series, like and he was in Detective this week. Uh, Alfred was on the uh, monitors. The monitors, yeah. I actually was thinking today. It's weird that Jayman said that because I hadn't read this mail, and I was thinking, man, we haven't seen Alfred a lot. And then when this book came out, and there he was, but he's only there for a, a couple seconds. Just he's there to to do shit. He has to call. He's, he's got to call people. That's he gets the thing. president on the line. That's all he was there for. He says, "I like one of the Batman. Make the call, Alfred. Okay, yep. sir. Now, yeah. uh, actually, I also thought it was weird because that pulls in the whole thing. In Batman, we just saw the Justice League show up, and in this, Alfred's like, "I thought we were gonna have to call our buddy in Metropolis. Which one? The dead one? Are you talking about fucking Lex? What, what's, what are you playing here, Alfred? You fucking asshole." What do you think of that? I fucking Jesus. hate Alfred. I hate Alfred. Rebirth. Rebirth Alfred, to me, I, I is know, the I same. I like the issue of Alfred. I'm yeah, but I'm saying like... that was okay. But I'm saying in general yes. that Rebirth Alfred is exactly equal to Lois of the New 52. Lois Lane of the New 52 that. was awful. And now they've changed it to Alfred because Lois is better now. I don't know, the, the pre-Flashpoint Lois like, started out really good. She's becoming a bit awful as a parent. She's just not a good parent. That's, Eric, you have a podcast with me. I'm not a good parent. That doesn't mean I'm a bad person, right? Just because I beat my kids, that doesn't make me bad. Right? That <laughs> right, doesn't make you sure. bad. That just don't mean, talk to me about this no I got more. a short fuse. You know what I mean? You, just sometimes kids need to be hit. They call I like me rubberneck. Yeah. Freaking nits. I like Wonder Woman so far in Rebirth and how Rucka has a past and present storyline that will soon tie in as it plays out. Now, I will say one thing that I really like this week is it's starting to, to converge together. Yeah. yeah, when we saw her leaving Themyscira with that little flashback there, it really, I was like, uh-huh, shit's coming together. But whatever the big reveal is with respect to the lies... Yet it better shock and impress me, because right now Wonder Woman is playing out as just another Wonder Woman origin story, albeit with better writing and art than some past origin stories. So for now, I'm hopeful with the signing of Liam Sharp. It seems like Nicholas Scott may be leaving Wonder Woman after this year. Just my theory. I do not think so. That's a lot of book to do. Seriously. You know, he's really, he is doing a monthly book. And to actually have him do two issues I, at a I time. I saw some now. of his pencils that he's doing. It's so goddamn intricate. It's yeah. going to take a long time. Now, and I would say, now, Nicholas Scott may not be on the book forever, but if, if that's the case, if she did leave, they're going to get somebody else to do that origin. And when it converges and stuff, I don't know how long it's going to play out. And they may, he may just end up having two separate stories then after that. You know what I mean? I, I actually I just imagine like, it's going to like be a single story after they get done with the Well, that's where then, then I'll be upset because you will not get Liam Sharp on every issue. There's no. no way he can do. So that's why I like this. It makes sense to have two artists. There are some times in this podcast tonight where you will hear me where there's a bunch of things. Flash, for example. Uh, 
Wantanabe's art, I like. It doesn't fit with what we've already gotten, so it threw me off. And I don't want that. I hate that, especially in a book that comes out twice a month. This art going back and forth with different people, uh, it, it just is starting to get on my nerves. And we're going to get that because of the scheduling, but it just, I hate it. I like that, as far as I can tell, Liam Sharp and Nicholas Scott, they should never miss an issue, really. They're just no. going to go, and then they'll have an annual down the road to, uh, to let them have a little break. Don't they deserve but, a vacation or something? Yeah, right. actually, I, I would ask you, what are they going to do with annuals? Once the rebirths are old enough to have an annual, you, you still have, like, sometimes you'd have, you know, you have the one, all of a sudden you're going to get three issues of that book in a month. It's going to be crazy. Crazy. I didn't think about that. Uh, that will be crazy. It's going to be fucking nuts. The only three female artists that would convince me to follow an ongoing series with a shitty writing team would be Nicholas Scott, Amanda Connor, and Fiona Staples. As pointless and repetitive as the Harley Quinn series is for me, I would totally buy that on a regular basis. Amanda Connor did all of the interior art for every issue, which she does not. Speaking of amazing artists uh, who DC is misusing, when are they going to give Jason Pavak full art duties for an ongoing series? Hopefully he's working on Hopefully the start so. of something behind the scenes. I believe he has to be working on something. He just had that backup in Suicide Squad, and that can't be the only thing. That that guy is not a guy I'm sitting telling you, on I the bench. I really thought he was going to be the guy behind all the backups, and then they said Ivan Wright is going to be on issue yeah, two. Yeah, he's going to be on issue two. I think that is just thrown together, you know, willy nilly. Yeah. I really do. Like they're going to next for number three, they're just going to throw. Thanks a lot, Thanks a hey, lot Jim. Lee. Who's now we up? Who's up? Oh, Margarita. You know, not Margarita Panay. Babs Tar. You're in. They're just going to grab people and do shit. Crazy theory. The next big event in Justice League versus Watchmen versus the original JSA where the Watchmen are trying to eliminate both other teams from the DC Universe continuity forever. Said aloud like Squints and Sandlot. And Eric, that is forever. forever. That's two weeks in a row for that. Sorry for the rant, but this is stuff that has been bugging me for the last couple of weeks. I would mention Green Lantern, but that would be a whole other lengthy email detailing the convoluted, unresolved state of affairs that is the Green Lantern continuity coming out of the New 52. Where were the Green Lantern cores with respect to the regular DC Universe? Who put them there? Why? How did they come back to this universe? What happened to the Templar Guardians when the GL core disappeared? Why was Hal becoming a construct why are certain red lanterns now alive again why are certain green lantern corps members alive again when and did I simon bass break off from this. the regular core to this universe the police sector 2814 we'll talk about that tonight how yeah. did hal merge two lanterns how did hal forge a new gl ring no who really believes or trusts the sinestro corps can keep the peace with all their unsavory morally questionable characters does a mega men and what kyle rayner did tie into the present dc universe a green lantern universe at all and where are the other skittle cores now Indigo, purple, blue, and more fleas. Yeah, it's weird. And how do they feel about the supposed dominance of the Sinestro Corps in the universe? It's going to be weird to see how they try to tie that together. I think I'm done with Green Lantern for a while unless Jeff Johns comes out of with an announcement that he is personally going to do a Green Lantern rebirth. Re-rebirth. Re-re. With Ethan Van Skyver and Jason Fabak on art. Keep up the good work, good guys, and I'll see you in whenever. And I get my buy, try, weekly poll, and that is J-Men from Monterey. Thank you, J-Men. Yeah, I, it's weird. We're going through these books, and I'm so concerned with the shit they're already screwing up. I didn't even think about, like, where are the other lanterns? Oh, yeah, I went on a big discussion with Jess today. I think she might have been listening. I'm not sure, but I was going off about it because, well. like, they're just kind of used at this point, like all willy nilly, because well, they have nothing to do later. with like I... love lanterns, freaking. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, when's the last time we see Lar Fleas do anything? No, well, he mentioned that he said Lar Fleas. Yeah. And, uh, we don't know. I, uh, like I said, we'll talk later. 
And I think I may mention that I think a Blue Lantern is showing up next issue, but I mean, that's just a hint there. It's not like we recorded that book already, right? Yeah. Yeah. The next uh, email is from Rick Roberts. What's up, Rick Roberts? Rick Roberts with the title of his email, House Guys. All right. House Guys. You like House. I do like House. I like Roadhouse. I never watched House. I know the joke. It's like House. He's crazy, that House. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he just out of his ass. He pulls something out of his ass because he heard something and whispered down the alley, right? That's how House solves things. He's he is the Ma- He's the MacGyver of fucking doctors. That's all I ever thought, right? He's the piece of shit MacGyver of doctors. Is that a good explanation? Piece of shit, yes, but I'd still ha- want to hang out with him. Yeah, but he's, he is a piece of shit, though, right? Yeah. And he's like an MacGyver, if, which I mean he MacGyver solves. Was, if, he, if MacGyver he, was an addict. Yeah, well, and he solves everything with a paperclip. Isn't that what happens? He shoves a paperclip up a guy's ass, and the next thing you know, he's fucking good. Yeah. This Rick Roberts says, hey, what do you guys look like? That's it, Eric. He wants to know what we look like. I fashion myself as a young Pierce Bronson, but I I don't know about you. I'm a young Kurt (laughs) Russell myself. Yeah, you're a young Kurt Russell. I think I am an old, uh, maybe an old Jeremy Piven, Eric. Actually, I Have am some an, self-esteem, man. Come on. I am an old. What? What's that guy? Angus from a uh, Two and a Half Men. That guy looks like he's fucking the, the brick wall of life hit him right in the fucking that face. The that guy. Oh yeah. Okay. And any any clickbait that you go to, like you'll never believe what these guys look like, and you, you always. I you're see talking him. about the kid from Angus the movie. No, not the kid from it. That fat kid from Angus. No, not him. <laughs> Uh, actually, I would say I look like a old, used-up Frankie Munoz, Eric. Munez? That's who I look, however you say it. That guy, nobody cares what he, how you say his last name anymore. He is so done. It's funny. You, last year when I went to the Philly Comic Con, and I saw, he was there, but nobody knows it because nobody was at the line for his goddamn booth. Well, yeah, nobody knows. And the guy at work, our boss, the boss's son, who I believe is like 22 now? Yeah, I think he 23? just turned 22. Has no idea who he is. Has Why no would idea. He? I said it's Malcolm in the Middle. He goes, Oh, is he actually the Malcolm in the Middle? I said, You don't say the Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> and then he I said, This freaking Agent Cody Banks, for Christ's sakes. He goes, I don't know what that is. He was in Sharknado 3. Come on, he guy. He was in Sharknado 3. Agent Cody Banks in London. I forget what the second one was called. My kids like know. this. The next mail, and thanks, Rick. Yes, I hope thank that you. explained everything. I think you, Eric, you look like a young. Actually, you look like right now, you look like what Corey Haim looks like right now. Oh, God. That's what you look like. The next one is what Dancing you, Mike. I walked in the other day. What do you, you said I looked like the lead singer from The Flies? Yeah, The Flies. Like, anybody's <laughs> going to know what that is. Cody the Banks. The Flies. <laughs> Agent Cody Banks. Dancing Mike's up next. He says uh, his subject line, the question Jim hates. The question Jim hates. I feel like the you know that whole thing with... Uh, do you wipe properly? Hmm, the question Jim hates. Sim Salabim, Eric. Hey, Weird Out Loud. Hi, Jim. Hi, America's sweetheart, Eric yep. Shea, and hello, mother. After reading the Scott Snyder interview on the website and seeing that Snyder is now an honorary member of the Weird Science Get Fresh crew, I have one question for you, Jim. Is that your boy? <laughs> yeah, that's fighting words, Mike. That's fighting words. Next thing I'm getting kicked in the face, and all you new listeners, you'll never know what that's about. That's an inside joke of when I got beat up by a bunch of Puerto Rican guys kicking me, kicking the shit out of me for no reason. Now they know. 
Yeah, all, all it was about. These guys asked me if my friend Brett was my boy. And at that point, coming from Quakertown, Pennsylvania, I had no idea even what that fucking meant. <laughs> Is that my boy? Uh, it, it, that sounded very uh, suggestive. And I went, huh? And then I was getting a beat up. It's Actually, I should have been afraid at work the other day when they came up to me and said, hey, did Eric go home at lunch? I should have started swinging because I said <laughs> the same thing to them. I don't know. And then, you know, that's all it took. I, those were fighting words to uh, freaking any guy who was looking for a fight in Wildwood that night. Uh, that meant fight. I got the shit kicked out of me. Broke my fucking, my cheekbone cracked. God darn it. Gosh darn it, Eric. Dancing right. Mike has another email. That was his first one. His next one is, and another thing. Hi again, Jim Warner Esquire. Another friendly greeting to America's sweetheart, Eric Shea, and hello, Hi. mother. Last week on the podcast, you implied that my comment on the art for Batman Beyond was somehow racist because he said, "Me know, I know like Bernard Chang art. And I really thought that he was trying to be racist. He was trying to talk uh, English, as they call it. His <laughs> comment... I know like Bernard Chang art was not meant to be racist at all. It was basically just a version of the basic Tarzan, Hulk, Frankenstein's monster. Pick your big uh, dumb guy comment. It's basically the equivalent of Grundy no like Bernard Chang art. So he wasn't being racist, Eric. He just was channeling one of those big doofuses, right? I got you. As for my motivation for posting that way, not really sure, because a lot of the time I just do stuff before I think and then deal with what happens later. I've been dancing like like for... Yes, I've been dancing, Mike, for the last 25 years or so by doing just that. It's not a nickname I pick for myself. Dancing Mike must dance through life. He's just dancing away. It's like the guy. I was working at my old work, and the guy came in. Anytime he had downtime, he'd whip out the harmonica and fucking start playing. I'm telling you, any guy who plays a harmonica, or as he called it, the mouth organ, anytime around me, I am compelled to start doing that thing where you slap your fucking knee. And yeah, it's like I'm on goddamn hee haw. And the worst part of it, he had this big brimmed hat. He's play- it was like I- it might have been John Popper, Eric. It was this old guy. So he'd play, but the worst part is, is as he's playing, he's crouched over, but then looking up with his eyes to get a reaction. And I never know. Deeply into your soul. Yes, but I never know how to react. So the one time I did, I started slapping my knee. He got offended, Eric. He got offended. Anyway, if I were going to make a racist comment. I don't know, because I was slapping my knee. thought I was making fun of him. I, I this just is thought it was, my gig. You don't join in. God damn it. I thought it was a hold down. Hit down. I was freaking going to hoot nanny was going on, Eric. I was loving it. Anyway, if I were going to make a racist comment, this is Mike now. I would have gone full bore racist with something like, I know a Reiki Bernard Chang alt on <laughs> B- Batman Beyond. He should go draw Ching Chong Superman, please. That was his. That was That's all written. I did not make that up. I don't. I think that's offensive. That's horrible. I don't. You know what? I just find that inappropriate. I was just going. That is inappropriate. I'm angry about that. I've been worried about the podcast. I have not hit any of the sound effects tonight. I am uh, sound effect out, Eric. I will not hit something like that. Bonjour, Jim. Bonjour, Eric. Bonjour, Pascal. I won't do it. I won't hit that. I won't hit that. Hello, weird science. What's up, Dan? We're not going to do any of those tonight. Or this, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nope, they're all out. 
But I said nothing like that because I don't want anyone to ever be able to accuse me of inappropriate comments. Thank you for letting me clear that up. Until next time, and he has his, his little quiz. Next I want a doctor to take your picture so I can look at you from inside as well. We got this at work, and I said right away, I'm not looking this up, Eric. I'm reading it, and that is the Vapors turning Japanese. I yeah. knew that because my band played that. And we may have even played it that night that we opened for Foghat, Eric. Foghat. Just think of that. Foghat. Think how great. That was to open up for the the famed fog hat. Who threatened to kill you? Yeah, they, they were going to kill us if we played Slow Ride. We would have been dead. There'd be no <laughs> podcast. Dead. Now, again, I say this, and people are like, "Oh man, that's pretty cool." If, if it was 1976, yeah, it was, it was 1994 or three. Oh, okay. I, I don't. Yeah, it was. It was then. Grunge had hit her. Changed everything. Dirty Drew's next. Fog hat. Fog hat. Dirty Drew's next, and Dirty Drew's top ten is the subject line. Dirty Drew is a guy who was a DCR guy and came over, and I think that he likes what he hears there. He likes your sultry tones. And I said, though, with the name of Dirty Drew, I hope that is like a dirty rap style name and not lack of of personal hygiene. I hope that's not the case. Hopefully, actually, if you're going to have a nickname, if you're going to have a nickname Dirty Drew, that's the one time where I would say, I hope that you did give yourself the the nickname because (laughs) in our town we do have Dirty Fergie. It's not good. He's gross. Yes, he is gross. Hi, Weird Science Gap, Fresh Crew. On Sunday, August 21st, 2016, following weeks of radio silence, my go-to DC Comics recap show, the DC Radio Podcast, called It Quits DCR. My boys Sean and Brian have been my comic reading buddies for the last year. My head was spinning. Unfortunately, none of my close friends read comics. So once a week, those dudes allow me to feel like that we, in fact, do not live and die alone. What I loved best was their undying optimism and love for DC Comics. I found this to be in stark contrast to the majority of jaded comic fans. But all is not lost. Sean and Brian did not leave me hanging. In their farewell podcast, they recommended a half dozen other podcasts to fill the void. Lo and behold, one of them was the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. You know what they say about one door closing, Eric? What do they say about that? One there you go. Now I am on the soundboard, Eric. <laughs> Listen to that. One door closing. One door closing. Or three doors down, Eric. Is that too soon? Too soon. Too, too soon. soon. <laughs> Ah, well, it's never rang more true than now, because shortly after reaching out to you guys on Twitter, I was invited to join the Get Fresh crew. I'll let anybody in. All they have to do is talk to me, and you're in. What an honor it is, and what a blessing it is to have comic compadres. At the risk of sounding Snyder-esque with my verbosity, verbosity, I will wrap up my introductory email with what I hope becomes an ongoing segment, Dirty Drew's Top Ten. I will say to Drew and everybody, any segment that people want to give – email freaking later on you're going to hear mike review a book on a, a call in <laughs> i'm all for it that's less work for me keep it coming so yeah like i said we read everything and i love the mail we that's why we put it at the beginning we don't shove it in the back like some other podcast stuff like that because we enjoy it it, it does make my throat hurt and eric has to pee but yeah. we like it take it or leave it and I'll not be offended. Simply contributing in any way to your fantastic free podcast would be a pleasure. And we send everything. You guys will learn. You new people, you'll learn. Everything is up. We spent probably our first 12 podcasts 
by getting a guy named John just saying we suck. That was the male John. segment. The male segment was hearing that we sucked, and we laughed, and I think he got mad and kept going, and then he had <laughs> real-life problems, and then we never heard from him again. And also, just for other people who haven't been listening as well, Reggie, who you'll hear, the deep-toned fella that you know makes me get a rise in my shorts, he was originally a guy who mailed in. He was just a guy who mailed into the show and got in a Twitter fight with my wife. Next thing I know, they were my wife was going to find Reggie and kill him, but little did she know, that's not his name, Eric. It's not his <laughs> name. The top ten things I love about the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. Number ten, extreme runtime. All right. At first, I was taken aback by the eight-hour runtime at last week's episode. Well. But even that didn't stop me from listening to the entirety of episodes 85 and 84. Looking forward to 86. You guys go so deep in each issue, and I love it. I don't know how I could go back to a 90-minute show. There's just so much to talk about. I said that earlier. We usually go about 30 minutes per book. We really dive in, and we dive in with some nitpicking. Number well, nine, see. songs. The Mail with Jim and Jim and the News songs are fantastic. And I don't care what Eric says. Uh-huh. This is me saying it. Uh, no, uh-huh. this is me. I don't care what you say. I'll tell Dancing Mike, Jim and the News was being sung at work this week by somebody <laughs> that I know. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm over across the room and I hear this. I'm like, are you whistling Jim and the News? And you're like, no, I'm singing it. That's like, right. That's right. Songs it's stuck lend, in your head. I can't help. Yeah, songs lend credibility, lend credibility and production value to any podcast worth their salt. Any schmuck can record a podcast, but songs elevate the program. I'll give a call out again. I'm waiting for Mike's books song or anybody else. And we want Eric has been waiting, desperately on, waiting get on this. for a response song that <laughs> bashes me and says how great he is, and nobody has stepped up. No. I love the it's response like real songs. Life. Yeah. I love it when you find out that there's these feuds and you have these response songs and stuff. Oh, they're the best. Not for you, Eric. Nobody stepped up. I'm telling you, nobody stepped up. Hint, C hint. Seven. See, that'd be a good song. See and seven. We could have songs for every bit of the things, right? Every bit, we would love it. I'm, I'm, I actually fucked up the mail. Here I go. Yeah, yeah, like, here we go. Yeah, sorry. Number here. eight. I hear you guys do good stuff. You right. guys have a solid reputation on the web. Really? Anyone need evidence? Scott Effing Snyder contacted you guys out of the blue. He's a solid, talented dude, and so are you guys. Yeah, we, nice. We're normal dudes. I'm yeah. telling you, we're just fucking schmucks who started a site and a podcast and work at the Cardboard Box Factory, Eric, every day talking comics with each other. Nobody right. ever came up to us. We always hear these stories about, oh, everybody always said, though, you guys should have a podcast. It's just me and you. And nobody says that shit. I don't want to talk well, to anybody just, else. We just sat there. It took us a year and a half to get the gumption to even do this. Seven, the fuck you five. What a great turn of phrase. I love alliteration. I love applying the fuck you five to number six, Brian Hitch hate. Need I say more? Yes. But we'll get to that. See below. Now, I will say also, a lot of people, you are going to hear a lot of extreme hate for certain things and certain books. I I think that it's deserved. But coming from a very positive podcast, it, it might throw you for a loop a little. It really might because, boy, sometimes we, we yell. And by we, I mean myself. I you say, don't really yell. No. I just start screaming. I get so angry. Yeah. Number five, the website. Great reviews, guys. I especially enjoyed Eric's Wonder Woman. Number five review. There you go. Hooray. 
Dirty Drew might be sending you a fucking response song. It perfectly captured what works in Ruckus' soon-to-be classic take on everyone's favorite Greek goddess. Jim's Batman number 5 review also demands my respect. See, he's got to get in there. He's out of the crew. I, too, agree it was one of the best issues. Rebirth, say, perhaps Wonder Woman number 4. And number four, the Foghorn sound drop. I love the soundboard in general, but the Foghorn is so far to the end of the obnoxious sound spectrum that it actually loops back around to being pleasant. The best part <laughs> is the whoop at the very end. He's talking about that original one. That I was love the that best. That was so good. Makes me laugh every time. Number three, love of comics. You guys love what you're doing. Ultimately, that's what will keep me listening to your show. I can hear it in your voices. The love fest is real. But that doesn't stop you guys from getting a little salty. It's all about the balance, which lends us to number two, guerrilla warfare mentality. Good or bad, you guys tell it like it is. Even with limited budgets, you consistently... <laughs> He's making fun of how much money we have, Eric. Even with limited budgets, you consistently put up... Some of the best, most comprehensive DC Comics recaps. Like I'm like, I find out that Dur- Dirty Drew, he fucking tapped into my goddamn bank account and still <laughs> laughing. Oh, my God. He's like, God damn it, these guys. Woo-wee. They aren't making money, are they? Just like our founding fathers, you guys are up there in the tree sniping the worst of comics. Like that limey red coat, Brian Hitch. Yeah, Brian Hitch. And number one. This is the thing. A lot of people are going to come on this podcast and be thrown off by this number one of what uh, Dirty Drew thinks. But everybody always tends to say this is what they love the most. And it's not comics, Eric. It is the nonsense. Nonsense is the secret sauce of the podcast that deliciously covers the meat and cheese. Nonsense is the aloha of weird science in the sense that it has two meanings. Nonsense meaning trashy bullshit that is par for the course in Brian Hitch stories. And nonsense meaning the fun and name banner between Jim, Eric, and company. Keep it up, guys. And he says uh, he wants a consideration. He wants the double fuck off 4.4. He says, I believe the fuck you five is fantastic, but does not accurately rate the loathsome, loathsome nature of Brian Hitch's Justice League stories. The double fuck off 4.4 should be reserved for those special issues that make you so angry. A fuck you five simply does not go far enough. Seriously, fuck off for making me drop my favorite DC franchise, the Justice League. It took me a Rebirth special and two more issues, totaling nearly $9 to realize it's not going to get any better. That's I will wrong. say that the Fuck You Five, I love, and I love that people like it. The problem being is that when you see that on, say, the comic book roundup, a five is not bad enough for that. That's yeah. the only thing. There are times when I want to give a Fuck You Five, but a, a thing it deserves a three, yeah. and I can't bring myself to, tr- to for people who aren't into knowing what that five means. I don't want them to think I like the issue at all. So it does throw a little bit. So we could have the fuck you zero. I'll never give a zero. <laughs> no, no, we zero said, if, some, no if something's printed on on paper and it, it has words and a picture on it, it, it's at least a one. Yeah. Again, feel free to use or not use this at your discretion. Nope. Everything, Eric. Either way, I'm excited to have your podcast help me process each week in DC Comics. Thank you so much, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of Get Fresh crew. Sincerely, Dirty Drew. And I will say also that that's the other thing. The DCR that he even said, it was more of a recap. They would tell you what happened. they make jokes. They were very witty and stuff like that. We tend to go a little deeper. So uh, you might not like us as much. You might like us more. I don't know. We don't have to see. Everybody has their own opinion, Eric, is what I say. Next one's Wheezy, and Wheezy is Rebirth Overload again. I just want to say to Wheezy, hello, love. Hello, Wheezy. How's that? Now, I'm getting better. 
I, I think my accents have uh, done a lot better. Um, I'm now going to do my Greek action, accent. Hello, love. How's that? Is that a little different? Japanese accent. Japanese? Hello, love. Hello, oh, love, on. son. How's that one? I changed <laughs> up a bit. Hello, sensei. How you doing there? You're going to teach me the dim mark, are you, governor? There you go. Yeah, it's like I'm in Japan right now. I'm like a, I'm a fucking shogun. I'm a shogun warrior, Eric. I could not, uh, a shogun. I'm a shogun warrior. Did you ever see the, sh- uh, the, the, the big thing used to be when I was growing up were the big uh, events, the TV events, the miniseries. Right. Like they have Roots and Masada was one, but one was Shogun. And I remember tuning in thinking it was going to be the most kick-ass thing. I don't even know. In my mind, I probably thought it would have robots in it you as well, it like, like the Shogun, Shogun Warriors. Warriors. I love the Shogun Warrior toys. I love those toys. And I thought it was going to be fun. It was a lot of fucking romance and kissy-kissy. I, I never watched the Shogun miniseries. Yeah, no. It was a lot of kissy-kissy. And I watched the Stephen King miniseries and got scared beyond belief. Yeah, that was a little past my deal. I was into these, like, I'm trying to think of some. Well, V was oh, one. Yeah. And I tuned in, and that scared the living shit out of me. <laughs> so Mark Singer, hold me tight. Holy moly. Wheezy says, Hi, Jim and Eric. I could not agree more with you from episode 85 mail segment and your response to repairman Jack Matt from Calgary about the release schedule of the new books. Sadly, I am in the camp of digging the trenches where I have committed to certain titles and has left me reluctant to pick up any further titles. As you know, I have already dropped some big books to make way for more. This is what I'm saying. I, I don't talk just nonsense here. Sometimes there's a, a nugget of knowledge, a nugget, a twinkling of uh, intelligence kind of squeaks out. somewhere in there. It's like if you took a big, solid dump uh-huh. And there was like a little speck of like a diamond in there. That's like my talk. Furthermore, readers who read... In your mouth. Yeah, I, I can't help it. I have that disease. I'm eating Pica. quarters. Yeah, I have pica. I'm eating fucking quarters all day. Furthermore, readers who read outside of DC may be even more reluctant to do ongoing titles to other publishers, for example. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Like if you had to pull this, like Brandon. Brandon has a bunch of Marvel stuff as well. So, yeah, you, you, you're not just going to drop everything just because somebody comes out with a fucking Blue Beetle rebirth. <laughs> Blue Beetle. If you had followed The Walking Dead or any long-standing series from the start, it would probably have to be take an awesome book to make you want to drop it. Jim even said himself that Justice League will just change creative teams rather than get canceled, where smaller yeah. titles will be forever under the axe waiting for the chop. I say later. The first fucking thing to go. That Blue Beetle is first gone. You leave me alone. Here's the thing, too. I made this joke before, I think in Justice League 3000 and 3001. It was 3001 when it got canceled. Keith Giffen has the worst, best talent. And his best talent is writing a final issue when it gets canceled. And he's going to do it again. And I guarantee you that last issue of Blue Beetle, which I would say will be Blue Beetle number 12, it'll be kick-ass, sir. I guess there was no correct way on doing this, but I preferred the New 52 approach where it was here is everything. Let's see what sticks. I'm not sure why Matt doesn't trust your views. You guys are usually on the money. And even when Jim read my original email, I quote, don't trust us was the phrase planted about, which to be fair, from the tales of his childhood in England, I would never do such a thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing. I will tell you, too. I was going to put this in my notes again for everybody who's listening, long time, whatever, and new people. We're not the type to tell you what to read what we tell you what we think we're never gonna say you guys you better read this you know we might joke around yeah we might joke around i really 
am a scared fella, and I really don't want to get called out on, say, Twitter, where somebody's like, I bought this piece of shit because of you, you fucking asshole. Now, granted, if I do say, listen, guys, this fucking kicks ass, I suggest that you give it a try, that means that I am well above loving this, because I will not do that for just any book. I'm not going to read, say, Blue Beetle, Eric, and say, oh, my goodness, go and read the Blue Beetle. It's so blue and a beetle, and hey, you got this, and hey, hey, I'm not going to say that, but I don't even know where I'm going. I'm just busy talking about us, the whole podcast. That's all I want to do, talk about us. You lost your place again, didn't you? Hopefully, yes, I did. Hopefully, I'm done ra- uh, whining about this now. But if I only get an uncompleted seven-issue run of Keenan Kong as Superman or Terry back in the bat suit, I will be pissed off. Thanks to the podcast, the last British fan Wheezy. That is one book that I have been enjoying more than you. I think the yeah. Keenan Kong Superman, the new Superman. I actually think that has a lot of potential. Unlike Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle the next Blue Beetle has male, a ton of potential. Yeah, that's potential because that first issue was so bad that you can only go up. I mean, really? What the hell? That That is like my dating philosophy. I tell the ladies that first date, I'm like, it's so horrible. I, I can only improve, right, ladies? That always works, right? Like arranged marriages? And then, no, yeah, yeah, I told you that is the big thing. Now, it's in uh, when I called these ladies, you know, seven times on the answer machine, they never called back. Huh? It's an answer machine. <sighs> Nobody knows that anymore. <laughs> What's a toaster? I could sit around. I'm going around the house. I'm going around the house. Hey, kids, this is what we used to call a refrigerator. (laughs) It used to cool things. This is an oven. Kids, look outside. These are called cars. We used to get around in them. Yeah. These are cars, kids. You put gasoline in it. Doesn't that sound funny? Then I say to my wife, this is what the, the sink. Maybe you should do some dishes now and again. I've got to keep that quiet. This is called a credit card. Don't this, you ever this, fucking touch it. This is called uh, unsurmountable credit card debt. <laughs> <laughs> I want to introduce you to it. Unfortunately, you've already introduced me to it. This is called a razor and a note. Polly P says, what's up, weird science? City, I, I'll tell you, Polly P is one of the hosts from City Geek, Country Geek. I'll All never right. get it wrong again or never again. Never again. This is, this is called a pack of cigarettes that daddy is going to go get. See you in 20 years, kids. See you <laughs> if you become famous. Exactly. <laughs> Call me when you're on Malcolm in the Middle. Good day, gents. Polly P says. Now, Polly P is Australian, so I got to get my Australian Australian accent there. I'm slicking back my hair. Yeah. Hello, I'm Polly P. Is that right? I'm off tonight. Spot on. Okay. okay. Now, Australian. Let me get it. I'm hmm, Australian. Okay. Hello, I'm Polly P. I'm from City Geek, Country Geek. Is that good? Is that a good accent? Perfect. Australian. I'm from the land down under. Freaking right away, I, I'm eating a Vegemite sandwich, and I think I'm listening to the fucking men at work. Good day, gents. Thanks for your concern with my bowels and my shorts before I embark on my marathon last week. Yeah, he did a marathon. Uh, there's no Crazy. marathons for me. Any marathon I have, it's like, yeah, that was a marathon nap. I marathon <laughs> things on Netflix. Yeah. yeah, you marathon things on Netflix, and when you go and get uh, fucking Happy Meals, or what's the, the box? The box. That's a, a marathon meal. Ah. Yeah, I just marathon naps. 
And I said, uh, the big joke, me and my kids would go to the buffet and we'd eat. And then my son Rafe would say, boy, we're going to go home and have a fat guy nap after that meal. I'm kind of skipping the meal now. I'm just having fat guy naps here. I don't need that meal anymore. He says, made it to the end with a decent time, and I didn't even have to stop and take a shit along with the, uh, the whole course. It's pretty shitty, pun intended, when you have to clench. Hope there's a port coming in the next few minutes. I'll, I'll tell you, I love that term, port a Yeah, It's funny because to, the loo is their slang for a yes. toilet, and I like that that whole port john translates into another portal you know what i mean because yeah. we call it a port john kind of as a slang deal i like that the slang is you know there i like it i've seen plenty of people piss themselves and yes i was trying to find my Gross. spot again i've seen plenty of people piss themselves on the course but never crap themselves hmm i saw a guy actually crap himself while playing hockey eric <sighs> yeah it was disgusting. Please tell me you shamed him for the rest of his short life because he committed suicide pretty soon I'm after. here. I'm, I'm here, Eric. Oh. I can kill myself. No, it wasn't me. Some guy did. Uh, I believe that the guy was also uh, had done heroin right before the thing. He didn't know what the fuck was going on. He was like, Christ, he, he was, was a defenseman. He was a defenseman. He wasn't on my team. He was on the other team. Uh, and he was a defenseman and just kind of was like spinning in circles the whole time. It was so weird. And we still had a guy who the fucking guy stopped them because we had some really shitty guys on our team. <laughs> Believe me, when you're in the zone, it's hard mentally to have to stop even to relieve yourself. And I told you that's also a physical thing. That's a physical thing. Your body shuts down a little of that crap. And anyway, Superman 5. I can't believe the scores this book is getting. It was the most ridiculous thing I've read in a long, long time. Uh, you're going to hear us say he is always a week behind the podcast, by the way. He listens to it the next week while he's training for his uh, marathons. So by this time that he hears i'm reading this he's already heard that we actually didn't mind superman number five i liked it more than I, you i had some problems with it yeah yeah it was no 10 no absolutely right? not we're not shutting down the fucking store here Maybe the whole idea of batman the world's greatest detective the smartest man on the planet having an unlocked on guard at batcave on the goddamn moon makes no sense well this is the problem is you just said it he's only the smartest guy on the planet eric he goes to the moon and shit gets wacky he doesn't know what's going on. His fucking inner ear, he's got problems. He gets wacky. I really, if you're going to think, Batman does not really think anybody is going to the moon, right? They're not going to find the Batcave. He did have a little bit of security, though it was sure. very lackluster. Then Were you they had just Lois. there to scare folk? Is that what it was? I, I don't know. And really, you're on the moon. I run in and mechanical bats come. What am I going to run out to the surface of the moon? I'm running away. I know. And really, all you have to do is wait it out 30 seconds. But yet Superman seemed to say that they were dangerous. They were in attack, attack mode. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. You know what? It's a crazy attack. We missed a couple pages there. I guess. Then you had Lois wearing the hell bat suit, apparently in an unlocked case, with instructions on how to set it up and use it. You'll hear me <laughs> say that. I'm like, what the hell? Which somehow fits Lois perfectly. And this is one of the most powerful items in the universe. Batman literally punched out Darkseid in this thing. Why the hell would he leave it just lying around? I, I don't know. I, I actually would think as uh, the smartest man, I, why would he take it apart? I would think that it'd be in a, a locked case. You know, if he goes to the moon... Honestly, it's the moon. Who's going there? But, yeah, like, but you know what I mean. If he is going to the moon because he needs the health bat suit, you better have it ready. Shit has gone wrong. You're not just going to get the hell bat suit because you think something's coming down the pike. 
you're know, getting you, that hell bad you, you, you gotta put it on somehow and i'm guessing it's in pieces so you gotta put it on like I, just like that. i would think that no yeah but you know batman it'd be like an iron man type thing where it would be a, a mechanical thing he'd get say, in a a thing we, and it would just kind of when we saw on. him get it from the watchtower it was kind of just put together in a case like a like a knight of like armor like a god damn it a knight's armor okay like you know they're always standing he's old there. school he's so old like, school you, you gotta take that apart then you gotta put it on i don't know mm-hmm. plus add in all the ghosts looking ghosty and superman looking totally normal i didn't understand that either and we tried to cat we mentioned that a second and I just said maybe it was because he was just there. I don't know. We said the the ghosts were actually ghosts when they got eaten. And, oh yeah, they were they were spirits exploded. when they were sucked up. But Superman was sucked up whole, so but it was look normal. Yeah, but it's weird that they didn't even make him. I think that what Paul means, and he'll get to that next. I think that what Paul means as well is maybe they should have made him at least gray. Maybe. You know, look a little like he belonged there, and not even caring about his dearly beloved crypto. Crypto should have been there and should have been just like he was. And that Damn was the right. perfect way to get him back. Everybody would have been so happy if Crypto was just there and that one he's petting Crypto and Crypto comes out. But nope, no Crypto. Gone. That poor dog. This issue made no sense at all. It was Peter Tomasi trying to be clever, give a nice wink and a nod to anyone who read his Batman and Robin run. Yep. He tried but didn't succeed in Snyderizing uh, his writing. And I usually like his writing. So do we. The art was the only thing about this book that was any good. I score it a 3 out of 10. God damn. It was my Bizarro Book of the Week, and I love this concept. And this is theirs. I will not steal it, but I do love the concept. Uh, he just can't understand why people are liking it that much. Not in a hurry to pick up this uh, next one, that's for sure. And I think his Bizarro deal would be the concept of each week. What book does he think sucks and everybody think is great? So it's right. a bizarre book. I love that. I think that is fucking top notch. Mwah. Mwah, Eric. Mwah, 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 mwah. Bonjour, Jim. Bonjour, Eric. That's classy. I'm now training for the world's toughest half marathon, only 22K, but up the side of the highest peak in Tasmania. Tasmania. Oh, that sounds terrible. Tasmania, that's crazy shit going on in Don't Tasmania. You got some comics to read, man. What the fuck are you yeah, doing? Up really? Marathon That'll in be Tasmania. tough. But in November, try and make sure you have a podcast that's front-loaded with interesting stuff so I don't have to fiddle with my freaking phone while running up Mount Wellington. Should take me just under three hours. Cheers, guys. Polly P and C or Polly P. I don't know about that. That Fiddling around with his phone. I think he's saying the beginning of the podcast always sucks. Ooh. <laughs> ah, but you know who I'm going to send on him? Jazz, Jazz from Australia. They're both from Land Down Under. He has random feedback is his title. Hey, Jim, Eric, Reggie. This is Jazz from Australia. Usually I expect Jim's fantastic Aussie accent to compliment this email on the podcast. So we'll get, just thought I'd shoot an email to you guys with some random comments. It's pretty good. I know everybody laughs at me, but I think that in my mind, how in my mind's ear, I really hear an Australian guy. I, I do. You hear Crocodile Dundee when I, you talk. I do. It's naughty knife. That's pretty good. You can hear a difference between my British one, right? Here's my British. That's naughty knife. And then, it's naughty knife. You get whinier? <laughs> no, all I do is I close my mouth. <laughs> uh, first, you guys keep going back and forth about the amount of nonsense talk you should have in your show. It is, it happens. Jesus. It's pretty good, right? This oh. week, I was up to date with the other podcast that I listened to, Farewell DCR. So I decided 
Two, re-listen to some of your oldest shows, and I've come to the conclusion that the more nonsense, the better. I don't care if the podcast is 10 hours long. Hearing stories like Eric almost being kidnapped in an ice cream truck with his Coke bottle glasses Uh. and Jim having to face up to the overlords at the cardboard box factory (laughs) when they ask where Eric is today, we, we got that again. So that, that, is. that is a repeating freaking subject. I don't like some being of the most, work. Some of the most hilarious times I've had listening to you two you guys I've never met in person. To me, the nonsense was the initial charm of the Weird Science podcast and was what made me start spending a third of my Monday listening to you guys. Second, do you guys plan on releasing any more just for the hell of it podcasts? Or does the fact that you're now big shots with DC, getting advanced issues and becoming best friends with Scott Snyder mean you want to streamline the site podcast, focus on comic book talk? P.S. I love the comic talk, but having a random show talking about very special episodes of television or rap history was a cool way to keep the show fresh. Thanks, Jazz from Australia. And now I will say... I made the mistake of making a joke and saying it was Reggie's fault that we didn't do the just for the hell of it's lately, and Reggie took offense to that. And I apologize to Reggie. I didn't even mean it. I was joking. I, it caught him at a bad day, Eric. Apparently. He, oh, my goodness. He was so mad at me. But, yeah, it's not Reggie's fault. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it's long, not Reggie's fault. It's got a lot of shit going on. We do. And, again, you have to realize we also work, and I have to pay some attention to my kids Though it seems like most of my attention to the kids, I'm at the computer writing a review and yelling for them to shut the hell up. But that's attention. That's you more attention than my dad gave me. Same, my dad I was didn't still sitting anything. on the curb waiting for my dad to tell me to yeah, show up. You were up there with your little suitcase yeah. wondering where he is, and then he wouldn't come in. That <laughs> actually, really, that we make jokes about it. That actually makes me so sad. I, I just think. Don't be I, sad. And, You're going to make me sad. No, it, it makes me think of how like Logan would be. Because he's 10, how he would be, because I see how excited he gets about everything. And now I realize your dad just, like, half of your spirit was killed then because you realize no, if no. you got excited about anything, all of it point, was killed. By that my dad had already stopped uh, seeing me. Okay, but I'm, say- I'm not saying just 10. I'm saying as the little kid, you had to learn, even if you didn't even realize, you had to learn to just not get excited about Life anything about because it's always going to let you down. Damn and right. it makes me sad. It makes me sad. That's why I don't Though, make plans because I don't like being disappointed. Yeah, I, I, it makes me so sad. I just wish I had a uh, time machine and I'd go back and I'd see you there and I'd laugh. I'd oh. see you there and I'd fucking laugh my ass off. Probably take pictures of you and leave. That, that, that couple in the ice cream truck could have taken me all away from all that. But yeah, that's they, the they, thing. They let me everybody go. else, everybody else is so afraid of stranger danger. You were hoping. <laughs> you, you just hope somebody liked you. Uh, they wouldn't even kidnap you. They nope. sold this little fat kid with his goddamn Coke bottle glasses, and they knew that you would eat him out of house and home. Yep, and well, we can't afford that prescription. It wasn't Dudley. What was the red-haired kid that, that got that oh, family in remember. different strokes, that they, they took him, and then, like, immediately they started yelling to call him mom and dad or whatever? I didn't you like tell anybody kid. about this, I'll kill your family. Yeah, hey, I'll kill your family. God damn so, it, what and is, then, I can't It would be so name. great if that little red-haired kid turned it on and was like, but, but you're my family now, and <laughs> then the guy, his head blew up. Because that, that it was like, that does not compute. He ended up being a robot. It was I a small know. wonder crossover. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. It was small wonder. All right. And that is Jazz. Thank you, Jazz. And Red Robert is next. I love Red Robert. Hold you on. Know. I want to find out who that redheaded kid was. Yeah. Fucking it, Ginger. It wasn't, it ah, wasn't Dudley. No. And I just keep getting fucking... Uh... It, just look up... Uh... I don't know. I looked it up was later. It was different strokes. He was I, actually like a stepbrother of Arnold later yeah. in the later in the deal. You just have to look at like the last he's the bunch cousin of episodes. Oliver, the goddamn show. He, That's he, the thing. He, I can find out his goddamn name. I can't find out his character's name. Oh, 
Well, I'm going to go on it's with Red over. Robert. And I know that you you know that Red Robert is one of my favorite listeners. Oh, yeah. And when I don't hear from him, I get worried because he is from Poland, Eric. I don't know what's going on over there. Next thing you know, he's recruited in some child army. Doesn't that happen in Poland all the time? The fucking warlord comes and takes all the kids. I have Somehow no Red idea Robert's a kid, too. I don't know what and happens in America. They have, to go and, they have to go and fight at the age of 12. And then the next thing you know, Red Robert is in a fucking factory making shoes. He made my fucking son's LeBrons. You didn't even know that it said on the bottom, help me, Red Robert. I said, <laughs> nope. And I said, we should go report it. And then my son said, but they're really cool sneakers and they might take them as evidence. Please don't, Daddy. And I said, but, but son... This means that Red Robert will have to work in this factory all his life. And really, my 10-year-old said, fuck him. Who's he? Who's Red I, Robert, he said. Ah, uh, yes. This, this email is called Hello, Weird Science. Hello, Hello Weird Red Science. Robert. Yes, Red Robert loves Dan. Dear Jim, dear Eric, something potentially terrible happened to me this week. By some strange coincidence, I ended up on your Twitter page and chanced upon a picture of Eric wearing that eye patch like a boss. I immediately covered my eyes knowing that I could very well be the end of my adventure with your podcast. There's a level of unattractiveness that just ruins people completely to me. I know how that is. I was scared. So very scared. Fortunately, Eric is a lot more attractive than the way I pictured him in my head. Think a fatter, one-eyed version of T.J. Miller. (laughs) I can definitely see why he keeps blowing those kisses at himself in the bathroom mirror. Yeah. Ah, if only I were into white boys. Why not white boys? Wrong white boys. You know why. If you're going to go, go for the gusto air. You don't (laughs) go for white boys. White boys. Well, that was inappropriate. I bet Jess would be angry at that. Would she, Eric? Would she say something like this? That is inappropriate. Or would she say this? Have fun. Or this? Edit that out. Or this. You hear me, Jim? Or this. <laughs> it's weird. You have like 17 doors in your house. This is her. She goes, That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. There's bathroom door, bedroom door, living room door, second living room door, choosies door, uh, brunch door, alcove, attic, basement. Fella. No, actually, you have like the Winchester Mystery House going now. Seriously, Fake door. Nowhere. Television door, bathroom door again, it's swept around, elevator. Why don't I just have another bathroom? Penthouse, another bathroom, bedroom, spare bedroom, attic bedroom. You good? Garage. Garage. I was trying to think of something else. Garage. (laughs) Garage, Eric. And then this one is the final one, out of your life. There you go. She's gone, Eric. Jess is gone. What would you think about that? All those doors. She just slammed 18 doors right in your face. What would you say to her? Yeah, I wonder what's on Netflix. Yeah, it, it wouldn't matter. She just no. went through 18 doors. She's not going to hear you. Well, that was <laughs> inappropriate. Ah, I live for the making straight men uncomfortable. You yeah, know like, what makes me uncomfortable? Life. Life makes me uncomfortable, Eric. Gay men do not. Life does. As a kid, though, I was afraid of everyone. So if I would have met Red Robert as a 12-year-old, I would have ran fucking tail between my legs. I would like to express and tucked between my legs, Aaron. (laughs) My tail would be tucked between my legs. I would like to express my admiration and gratitude for you guys for your continuing coverage of the Justice League book. In the immortal words of Lana Del Rey, God knows I tried. But I couldn't. I stopped reading in the middle of the issue and went outside to punch a fucking tree. (laughs) 
If I owned a physical copy of issue three, I would have torn it up and burned it because death and a steaming, stinking garbage fire is the only fate disgusting enough for this piece of shit book. Suffice it to say, it may, I, it may consider, I may consider itself dropped or it may consider itself dropped because I realize that the 30 minutes it takes me every month to read those two issues could be spent in better ways. For example, I could take five very satisfying shits in that yeah. time and that is a far more worthy and noble endeavor. Yes, I've given up on trying to class up this joint and have since embraced <laughs> the potty humor. And also my favorite cereal is plain cornflakes. What's wrong with you, man? Plain cornflakes. That is inappropriate. My mom that is that. inappropriate. Even and if I was a everybody... black boy, I would not let that go down if we were together. Yeah, well, Jazz talked about the, uh, just for the hell of it, if you want to go and hear how much I think that's bullshit, <laughs> go and listen to our just for the hell of it cereal. Find out I have 800 rules, and one of them is that plain cornflakes is not really a cereal or that is a packing material. No other book on Rebirth has infuriated me, infuriated me this much. And we're talking about a line delivering books such as Green Lanterns, The Flash, and Nightwing. To make those three books seem great by comparison, well, maybe Hitch is actually doing us all a huge favor, elevating all the other books to a much higher level of quality. All in all, this guy's body of work can only be summed up by the beautiful sound of a foghorn, Eric. Oh, my goodness. There we go. That was pretty quick, right? Hello, Weird Science. Bonjour, Jim. Bonjour, Eric. Watch your profanity. This Come on, Eric. This is how we do it. Oh, Come on. Clapping. Waking up everyone in the house. Oh, yeah. This is how we do it. This is how it's going. We're picking up. We were a little down at the beginning. I want to bring you up now. Bring you up, my friend. What I do? All this now is looking at that picture of me. Yeah, you're looking. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were still looking up who that fucking ginger was. No, on I gave up strokes. on that. You gave up on that. Oh, oh. look at that handsome fella. Yeah, uh. yeah. There you go. I, I thought you looked a little strange to that one. Keep up the good, great work, and as always, thank you for delivering so much free entertainment every week. I always make sure to listen to this podcast first during the week, which means that Anna Ferris is unqualified, always has to wait. Yes, I actually pick you guys before the internationally famous comedy goddess Anna Ferris. How's that, that for movie? a compliment? Sincerely, Red Robert. Thank you, Red Robert. And I thank do. You. I start to worry. When we don't hear from him, I think that maybe he's gone to the wrong club, Eric. And never return. I don't know. He he frequents some crazy places, I heard. I have spies in Poland. Weird. The next one is Frenny. And she has the tag or the subject line so far behind. And there's a, Frenny, I'll tell you, we thought you would jump ship. Totally. Yeah, we thought you had had enough that we talked something that offended you. Or you just had enough of our nonsense. But uh, Frenny says, hi, Jim and Eric. I've been back from my trip to New York. For over a week, and I'm still desperately trying to catch up on episodes 83, 84, and 85. Never gonna I mean, happen. This is also the the problem that we've talked about before with people. If they if you fall behind, there may not be any way you can catch up. <laughs> really, no, there, was, there was a guy who used to write in. He used to listen to us during breaks while he walked up some stairs to try to get some exercise. I yeah. think he's still on episode 35. Yeah, trying to catch I up. think he is. I think he's lost in an abyss <laughs> listening. He might be in the 40s now. But yeah. Uh, we have a long podcast. It is tough to catch up. I've been trying to zip through, but my iTunes on my phone is so screwed up that if I hit fast forward that uh, 10 second button too many times, it either starts all over from the beginning oh, or shitty. bumps me to the next unheard podcast, which is usually comics history or something. I may just have to scrap it and start fresh with episode 86 on Sunday. This is too stressful. I will mention, did I mention there will be no comics history this week? You did not. 
Okay, yeah, there will not be any comics history this week. Reggie and Chris are both busy. They bailed. And that's that's fine. Well, uh, we, Reggie kind of called in sick, so maybe you could get something He did call in sick. And again, we make the jokes or whatever. Love everything they do, Eric. And I listened to their comics history last week on Charlton Comics. I was all excited. I thought I had new info. I go over to you. You know it all. Yeah. You fucking know it all. I go over <laughs> You know. Charlton Comics. Yeah, I've heard it all before. I don't need your garbage. I'm like, great. I go back and listen. <laughs> I got all depressed and walked away. And I, I have my earbuds, and only the left ear works. And I have a lot of problems hearing shit. And I don't know. I, I'm having a lot of problems here. Also, okay, I may have to come up. What's that? You okay over there? Yeah, I'm just getting sad. Also, I may. I know that uh, freaking Andrew, uh, dirty, dirty Drew. He knows that I can't afford any goddamn earbuds here. <laughs> <laughs> awful bank account I have. Also, I may have to come up with some other way to listening to you guys besides in the car. I have all these reactions and want to rant and rave at you as I'm listening. Huh. Huh. That sounds like something that's set up for possibly the rant and rave line, which for any I'm expecting now a rant and rave next week. But I can't react right away or jot down what I want to. You put that on speed dial. She wants to scream at you. Or me, probably, because I'm driving. And by the time I get to some place where I can write it down, it's too late. I've forgotten what I wanted to rant about. For instance, all I can remember right now is, what the fuck, Eric? Get over the continuity thing already. It's no. a pretzel. Ah, you know what? I fucking forgot my big prop. I was going to be like Carrot Top tonight. I actually went out specifically and bought hard pretzels. And I was going to have them sitting here. And any time we ran into any problem, I was going to pick one out. I was going to do a sound effect at first. And I thought, no, it'll be better because then I could eat a pretzel. That's the thing. You also like pretzels. That's all I wanted to do. I love hard pretzels. So I was going to wait. And any time I was going to like, boom, even if it was close. If I'm hungry, continuity's a wacky. That's a wacky thing when I'm hungry, Eric. But, yeah, I was going to do that. I might have to do that next week. God darn it, I forgot. I don't even want to get into how much I've missed on the site. I'm still not done with this week's book, so I've been staying off the site until I'm done reading. You know why she does that, Eric? Because we read and review every book. It's true. Boom. I'm going to... I'm going to need another vacation just to read through the reviews because I already almost got busted by my boss for being on the Internet at work. He doesn't know or care of its DC Comics reviews. Now, you've got to get them straight. Now, I will also mention, Franny was one on one of those fancy two-week vacations there. She says after being out of the office for two whole weeks. I remember the other – was it last episode that I, I said to you? I think it was the last episode. Yeah. Hey, Eric, you're on that two-week vacation. You're like, what am two I, weeks? Rockefeller? And I actually meant that he got laid off. This morning, uh, though, things are slow and he's not in yet. So I'm looking for the Scott Snyder interview. I heard you guys talking about it on episode 85 this morning. Can I just say, ah, how sweet. Jim Snyder threw you a bone and now you want to lick his balls. (laughs) That's right. I'm just taking a piss. That's my boyfriend's expression. He's half Brit like you, Jim. He's from Liverpool. Liverpool's cool. From Bournemouth. My, my fucking mom. It actually was kind of heartwarming how empathetic you are to Snyder's apprehensions about how his work is being perceived by the public. And you do seem to be very accurate about your character judgments, Jim. I am. I'm, I'm right on. Don't you feel like a dick now, Eric, for your Batman number 44 review? You know, that yeah. number 44 review that I sent the link to Scott Snyder for. You did actually, not. I have, and you don't. You're you're proud of your reviews. You stand by them, right? If Hell, he that called, if, Red Roberts talking about him, I'm freaking holding a signed copy yeah, of. Yeah, really. If you go on that Twitter and That's see the picture, wall. that is the signed copy that Devil Dad got us. That uh, said, Jim, hey guys, uh, what Jim is it and say? Eric, fuck. Uh, thank you for the re- uh, review, you assholes. 
Yeah, you assholes. Good times. Doing that. Actually, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I never read the issue or the review. Maybe I should go look. But I'll bring it up now. then. No, you can go, friend. You can go, but what were you going to call her? You almost said a, a bad word. No, I didn't. I, I think that she, I thought you go, oh, I thought you were going to say something really awful. Of course you did. Yes, I did. Uh, if you go back, don't even just read the review. Just soak in the comments. Don't That's do the that best either. part of that. And then look and see the little bit of comments, because I think I did start commenting, but it was a comment about a guy who runs another site who tried to sneak in anonymously. Doom Rocket. And I was pissed off, but yeah, I tried to stay away from the shit storm that was going I down. I turned off I, my computer for a week. I'm like, I yeah. can't deal with this. It's too stressful. But it was crazy. Like, we, I would go and I'd say, oh, let, let me look at the comments. I'm like, holy shit, there's 15 more comments, and they're nastier than the other. And then there was people yelling that our site was awful to women. Wasn't that that one? Or was I that another know. review? Anyway. Like yeah. Anyway, New York was awesome, except for being hot and sticky. It was my daughter's first trip on a plane. We stayed with some friends in Chapacla and made it into the city a couple of times. I stopped at Midtown Comics just to see what all the fuss was about. It is pretty cool, I have to say. No. Their whole upstairs is back issues. So I found some strays that I've been missing. All in all, a very productive trip. But I didn't pick up my usual books while I was gone because I already have my local comic shop pulling those for me. So now I want to plug my local comic shop the way <laughs> Dancing Mike does. Why should he get all the airtime? If you're ever in California, Collector's Paradise is the awesomest hands down. I got to... I go to Winnetka, but there's another location in Pasadena. Winnetka. That's a weird town. I, it's weird. It even shows that it's like a misspelling. So I'm huh. worried about that. It's a nice, big, clean, organized shop with lots of graphic novels and trade paperbacks. They have every trade and will get something for you if they don't, as long as it's still in print. They don't really uh, deal in back issues so much, but they always have plenty of current books. So no fears about them running out of Rebirth books. And they have this cool online subscription thingy where you can manage your pull list week to week. If you want, and just check off what you want, uncheck what you don't without having to buy the store cards money off every this? time. It's great. It's great. It's great. <laughs> Come on, Aaron. Join in. No. It's great. You talk so much shit on Tony the Tiger. That's not fun. I hate Tony the Tiger. But Frosted if, Flakes are delicious. If this gets friendly a couple free books, so be it. That'd be great. <laughs> Speaking of that, Jim, about your theory on the staggering of the Rebirth books, I mostly agree. Although I've been getting pretty much all the Rebirth number ones and the number ones even for titles I wouldn't normally get. And that's what I would do. But it just, it, it just upsets me. It's not well laid out the way it is and i'm telling you by the time a certain book like blue beetle comes around i think that a lot of people might have already you know i said dug into the trenches they already have their books that's and really actually i'll go even further than that what happens then when blue beetle shows up blue beetle is going to have to knock your fucking socks off to the nth degree to be able to get on somebody's pull list and a lot of times these Rebirths are not set up to do that. They just aren't in, in the way they're set up. So it's it's a losing battle for them. And if it's not that good, like a Blue Beetle, Eric, then God it's damn it. That's led to me becoming a regular reader of Bat Books, which I never was before. Who knew? But once uh, B&BP number two, oh, back, Batgirl and Birds of Prey. Ah. <laughs> like, what is B&BP? Uh, like number DVD. two on Batgirl number two, come along. I figure I have to cut some stuff, and those will be the first to go. Uh, of those two, what would you cut? Because I actually think I'll end up liking Batgirl and Birds of Prey more, 
but I think I would keep Batgirl because it just is more of an important book. Well, how about you? I don't know. I'm a big fan of team books, but that last yeah. issue, actually, these past two issues of Batgirl and Batgirl and the Birds of Prey haven't, like, wowed me, so I don't no, know. That I'd probably haven't... go Birds of Prey, though. Okay. I'm saying I really do think that Birds of Prey uh, in the long run is going to be the better of the two books. In my um, mind, but it's I like think it's going to take time. Anyway, and then you get other characters as well. It's yeah, the same I, like but it's a Justice League kind the of way mind. they're going, I, I'm not really like it. They're not really giving us a lot of character in these first two issues. So I think it's going to take a while before it actually gets to a, a point where I'm really excited about it. But yeah. I think when it does get to that point, it will be better. Batgirl, to me, is almost... I hope Larson's doing a good job, but a good job because it is really more of the same. If you like that Burnside Batgirl, there's not You're that gonna much You're going to love it in Japan. Yeah, it's, there's not that much difference. So either that is a knock on her or a compliment. I don't know which. But yeah, she says, I figured I'll have to cut some stuff and those will be the first to go. I feel so guilty about that because they're girl books. Is that lame? And that, no, that's not lame. And, and really, if you want to go to these review sites, they're pushing that shit to you too because a lot of these sites, we see it all the time, Eric, where a Batgirl is always like, they have a girl that they have on call for any girl book. They don't let her touch Batman or, you know, an important book, a quote-unquote important book. But the minute Harley comes out or Poison Ivy or Batgirl, Batgirl Birds of Prey, they call him up. These girls are sitting there waiting. Why why can't they review all the good books there or the main books, the important ones? Where are the girls on our site? Where are they? Sometimes I feel feel like a pretty girl when I'm writing my reviews. Sometimes I wear a dress. Batman is my favorite book, as the girls say down at the nail salon. (laughs) I love the Batgirl. That's what we say when they're doing my nails and my hair. See? We're girl-friendly. We are girl-friendly. Uh, but no, uh, that gets me mad. That away. actually gets me very uh, yeah, all two of them, Frenny and her friend. Yeah, uh, I I do get very angry at other sites that kind of do that. It really, I I don't know if they even realize they're doing it, but it really is obvious when we read all the reviews and then we're like, oh, we don't see, oh, there she is again. Batgirl must be out. Yeah, I feel like I'm betraying my sisters or something. In fact, I have to say most of the books I've decided to cut up the number ones are the female leads. That's te- that's terrible. You cut Wonder it's, Woman? Maybe. I don't know any other woman leads. What other woman leads? I, maybe we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, I see them. There are a bunch. Freaking Supergirl and Superwoman as well. It's not that I hated the stories or wasn't getting into them. I just wasn't loving them. So, so far, I'm out on Superwoman, Batgirl. Probably Blue Beetle. That's a smart girl. I already told you I dropped uh, Green Arrow and the Green Lanterns a while ago. And Green Lanterns, I guess you can say that that's a co-lead with a woman. I'm hanging on to Superman. I'm having a lot of problems deciding what these books mean. What is Oh, Action Comics. AC. <laughs> I'm looking at him like, what the fuck is AC? <laughs> I'm like, Arrow? How dare you use abbreviations. Arrow Computer? <laughs> what is this new book? Freddy, Aria- Come on Aria- not Kid with a C? <laughs> DC? That's Detective Comics, Eric. Batman, Nightwing, Flash, uh, Justice League. Don't. Do not hang. I guess people will hang on to Justice League. This is the problem. Well, Eric this Shea is- would. This is where I get so angry, and not at, not at Franny or people. I get angry in general at DC because I really do think at points they're like, okay, Hitch sucks, throw him on Justice League, get him out of his goddamn contract, 
people will buy it no matter what. Because people buy it anyway. It's going to be a bestseller if, if it's, you know, you open it up and there's a fucking stinking turd in there. And they're like, oh my God, they're saying something here. <laughs> who, who did this? Fucking, you know, some avant garde artist. Election. I know it. Yeah, really. Hal Jordan, Titans, Wonder Woman. What else? What else? Oh, Red Hood. Red Hood is real good. I, I want it. Red Hood. Go to Ask I want it to come out more often. Every yeah. day. Weird. Every day. Oh my God, look at this comic arc. He opened up. Oh, Andy Warhol must have done this. The big shit in there. <laughs> oh my God. He, he's crazy. Still waiting for Super Sons, Trinity. Teen Titans Rebirth, and I saw on Collector's Paradise subscriptions list that there is a Raven title coming up in September. And that's yep. one, it's Marv Wolfman's writing it, which scares me. Many, right? It scares me, yeah. Uh, Marv Wolfman's writing, we said, when he uh, jumped on. Cyborg is really rough in my mind. Cyborg, it was rough. That uh, time might have passed him by a bit. Um, but I forgot all about this Raven title as well. I saw when they, I the told November you when, solicits. when the November solicits yeah. came out, and all of a sudden it's like Raven number three. I'm like <laughs> fucking number three. <laughs> Where did the other two go? Uh, that was news to me. I hadn't heard about that before. We had heard about it. And it just went dark then. My daughter well, it's like the loves Earth two rebirth. Yeah, yeah. My daughter loves Raven. Uh, yeah, Franny, I'm telling you, I, it's funny. I was just gonna say. Get that first one on loan. I don't even know what that means. I'm telling you, don't put it on your pull list. Just buy the first issue and see how it is. Not that I'm saying it's inappropriate for your daughter. I'm just saying that might be inappropriate for anybody who has eyes. Eyes. She loves Harley, too. I'm not just that into reading the comics. Uh, We both like the Suicide Squad movie, though. I've already gotten enough grief from people about that, bringing my five-year-old to Suicide Squad. That is awful. Why would you do that? Who would take their kids to the suicide? Oh, wait a minute. I took mine. I'm saying I saw a RoboCop 2 <laughs> in the theater when I was a kid. So I took my kids to see Deadpool. Yeah. Part of it in spite because my wife said that they could go and made me look like an asshole when <laughs> I said it wasn't appropriate. And I told her they shouldn't go. By then, she already said that they could. So then I hear this. Oh, daddy's not letting us. Oh, yeah. Daddy's going to let you. Let's go, boys. Let's, Let's go. load it Let's up. Let's get some life experience. Let's in go. You. We're going there and then off to lunch at Double Visions. <laughs> I know a girl named Cinnamon there. She'll show you some things or two. You guys got any quarters and fruit salad? She has a fucking trick that she'll show you. Ay, ay, ay. I really thank you guys. Uh, have, I really think you guys have been way too hard on Lois being a bad mom. No, nope. people live in glass houses and all that. No, she's awful. She's awful. But here's the thing as well. You're saying that. Hey kids, you ever watch Faces of Death? Yeah. Hey kids, there's <laughs> there's this movie here. You want to see your dad get the shit kicked out of him? Here, uh, it'd be like I have home movies. All of a sudden, my kids do. They turn on the TV. Up. Is that your boy? Boom! 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 Uh, oh my God, Dad! Oh God! What's my happening? Face. No, what, what is this, some kind of dance fight? Yeah, it's a dance fight, all right. It's fucking, this is West Side Story. That guy is doing a dance on my face. That guy, yeah, he's doing a dance on my face, all right. It's called the fucking Two-Fist Mamba. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, Dad, does that guy have a switchblade that turns into a comb? No. no he has a boot <laughs> that is fucking caving in and your dad's face. switchblade. <laughs> is, that, is that a switchblade cone? No, that is a gun. He's holding it sideways. He means business, kids. Run. Run. <laughs> Besides, I just heard you say this morning that you thought John was 13. Somehow it was my impression he was 10. We don't know. We no. make shit up. But he's going to be in the – He's uh, no, he's not in the Teen Titans. You said – I think that you alluded that you thought he was about 12. 
because I, you I'm did say it didn't make sense to me because we had the in convergence he was just a little baby yeah and then we had the six years of like or six or seven of the actual new timeline where's my so pretzel where's my pretzel i gotta eat i'm hungry this is because, yeah, I, that's something you're not supposed to uh, to worry about that's the twisty part of the pretzel the inside that's so delicious john is all seven that salt on it um, but yeah, at one point you said that Damien would say, Hey kid, in a year you could come join the Teen Titans. Yeah. So I'm sticking that you said he's 12 and don't even try to backpedal. Are you really going to tell him he can't decide for himself whether he can handle watching his dad fight Doomsday on TV? It's Doomsday. Come on, Jim. Do you let the your boys listen to the him. podcast? Do I let my boys listen to this shit show of a podcast? The answer is yes. And I make them laugh. And if they don't, they they have not proven their They're love. Not eating tonight. Actually, I let them listen to the very beginning. Usually, they they don't want to listen to the, the yeah. other nonsense. They may you know like it or whatever. They just like they like to hear me curse. And really, uh, we say this. They at least hear half of this podcast as I'm doing. I'm yelling here. It is now at ten of twelve. They're in bed. I'm screaming and yelling about little John, little John here. Little John. Whenever we're all in the car together and I forget that I'm connected and the podcast comes up over the speakers, Joey, my boyfriend, gives me this look. He gives you the look like, why do you listen to these pieces of shits? <laughs> like, how could I subject our daughter to this filth as if he doesn't listen to the way worse stuff? Sheesh. Anyway, I'm glad to be getting back to my routine. I'll be looking for episode 86 as soon as it's up. See you in seven. Nice. That is Franny Eric. How about you come over and sit on my lap and we'll talk about the first thing that goes in your ass cheeks? How about I don't want to. You don't want to do that? You don't want to no. play? You're not going to play, little boy? I don't know when the last time you showered was. Uh, neither do I. Actually, <laughs> it was this morning. I tell, uh, that was probably eight hours ago when I put on my five-hour deodorant. I am stinking to the high heavens right now. You need to get some uh, new if, deodorant. If anybody would come into this podcasting room, as I call it, it, it would smell like shame Body odor and probably from Munda. Yeah, onions. That's about what it smells like. The next one. Speaking of onions, the next one's from Manship, who likes to dance around. And anybody who's just tuning in, Manship likes to rollerblade with a fucking half shirt and short shorts. That's Good all. I, that's how I remember it. Hey, bros. Unfortunately, we found out yesterday about a surprise visit on Monday by the FDA. The FDA. I, I said way back to Manship. They got it. He's got to talk to these guys and get them in town to go to that fucking what's the the uh, roast beef place? Arby's. <laughs> Arby's. Get them to go to this Arby's in town. Every time I eat there, I get diarrhea. Stop I want to get there. to the bottom of this. I want. I can't. That beef and cheddar it's is gross. just delectable. It goes in, but boy, does it come out and it comes I, out forceful. I had Arby's Eric. one time and it made me so goddamn. It sick. got you diarrhea, didn't it? Something is wrong. Something is wrong there. I've you know what I did like, after that? Never ate that? there again. Oh, I thought, yeah, see, you're a better man than me. Oh, I wanted to get the FDA. Or go to that Kentucky Fried Chicken down the road. I, I want, And also have the FDA. The FDA does have authority. They can go into a town and demand that the town has a Kentucky Fried Chicken, <laughs> right? That's do what it. they do, right? They just come in. They look at the town go, where's the KFC? God damn it, it better happen within a month or there's going to hit. How is it going to pay? Popeyes, yeah. We have Popeyes. Popeyes, I, there's a place that I ate once and it gave me diarrhea. And I didn't go back because I didn't enjoy it going in. I have to at least enjoy it going in, Eric. In. Out is a different story. It's not meant to be enjoyed as much as I do. And also, the best, you eat Popeyes on the toilet, Eric. That, that would make it all so much better. 
That's fucking Louisiana fucking fast or whatever the fuck they call it. It's like Louisiana lightning coming out my ass cheeks. So I literally have nothing cool to write in about us. My head and time are full of regulatory bullshit. Yeah, that sounds boring. Before I get back to double-checking all of this year's return NCRs, and no, I don't know what that means. I have no idea what that means. That is non-compliant requests. I uh, just made that up. Do you I think non-compliant requisitions? That's what I say that means. I would like to give a shout out to the boys over at the DCR podcast. For those that haven't heard, Sean and Brian have been canceled and canceled and will not be returning anymore to give us their super positive thoughts on the latest issues of DC Comics. It's funny. Uh, I have mentioned before that our podcast has inspired a lot of other podcasts, including uh, somewhat, I think, the City Geeks, Country Geeks. Uh, Gareth was talking to us. I'm not – he may not have been inspired by it, <laughs> but I did make that joke before. And I do think that all you people who are listening now that wish that DCR came back, if Sean or Brian and Brian or Brian are listening tonight, they'll be back next week because they'll hear this bull crap and like, holy shit, uh, we got to get back. We can't subject people to this nonsense. <laughs> Just like the Quick Down comic and America's Sweetheart, the DCR guys covered all the books, but unlike the dynamically negative duo, they sprinkle their reviews with sugar and somehow get their weekly podcast complete in less than 90 minutes. And the vision that was planned in my brain still remains with the sound of silence. He ends up with, with Altmanship or Adamanship. 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 Yeah, uh, we don't get shit done in 90 minutes. I We're still we on the mail. Uh, what is this, three hours in? Last mail, though, Eric. Last right. mail. Last call, Brandon. Trying to get my thoughts together and get this email and some reviews done tonight, but I'm in the midst of being told off by a three-and-a-half-year-old with a bad attitude, which is really throwing me off my game right now. Did, did Bedtime in this household has become the fucking worst. I've nicknamed it the goddamn Trail of Tears at this point. It, <laughs> It's so funny at a point where you go from hating bedtime to me just wanting to sleep 24. I wish that I could hibernate starting now and wake up in You know in what sounds really January. nice right now? A good coma. Yeah. I really, when I heard that Michael Jackson died because that goddamn hokey doctor was like putting him in, you know, drug-induced comas all the time, I, I was going to hire the guy. I want to be in that drug-induced <laughs> coma. And God, God forbid, I don't want to wake up either. Just let me go. It literally takes me two hours, roughly from 8 to 10 each night, of fighting, laying down, begging and pleading to get this kid to finally pass out. She's like a goddamn mutant trucker on a coast-to-coast trip at fighting sleep. Perfect example. Beginning of this week, she had a bad reaction after some super bug biter. Oh, I hate bug bites. I didn't see the bug, but based on the reaction she had, it must have come straight out of the Justice League title. What, it was confusing and yeah. not explained? Anyway... I gave her a dose of Benadryl that night to fight the swelling. I'm telling you, Benadryl to me was like nighty night. That was like the uh, the nighty night cocktail. My kids aren't even. They, we had Benadryl by the gallons. My kids aren't even allergic to anything. They don't even have reactions. So it's just you know, <laughs> daddy and mommy time. Hey, have a little kitty cocktail there. Mine was Kitties. whiskey. Yeah, that night to fight the swelling. You're like when people used to like put whiskey on gums. Your, yeah. your dad was just giving you shots. Yep. That night to fight Some the swelling on her ankle. Milk, drink it. Shut yeah. up for a while. Yes, and chilled the ankle with an ice pack to make it feel better and reduce swelling. Two hours later, this kid is going strong. Now, just smelling goddamn Benadryl knocks me the fuck out for about eight <laughs> hours. I mean, there's been a couple times where I've been on the podcast on NyQuil, and I was drunk. So what the hell is going on over here with this child? You got five kids, Jim. Help me out. I was going to say, um, the problem is you have a daughter. 
I have boys, and boys, I tell them, go the fuck to bed. The exact words. They quote me on that. Father of the year. Actually, you know what my kids really liked? As long as I laid down with them, they would go to sleep, and then I'd fall asleep too. Night over. <laughs> yeah, they, they actually liked to go to bed, and they would just, we would talk, and then I'd fall asleep. Right now, you could do what I do. I'm sure your daughter would love listening to old-time radio, uh, Jack Benny or Martin Lewis. <laughs> yeah, she'd, she'd love that, right? Yeah, all it's kids the love that. Theater of the mind, Eric, is what they call <laughs> it. What were, what were bedtime tricks for them at three years old? Because I'm on the brink of losing my goddamn mind over here. Actually, I you think. You guys that, are not pushing having kids at all. No, actually, I think that what we did was, uh, just have them lay down and put a movie on. Back back in those days, we called them VHS tapes, Eric. And I would put them in, you know, you'd have The Lion King or something like that. And my kids would just sit there and watch them. thinking about how asleep. old your kids are. I'm like, no, they were called DVDs. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm no. <laughs> Alex had Alex, yes, maybe yes. Yeah, I'm thinking more of Alex. None of my kids really, like Zach, he would just, he loves sleeping. Uh, the worst was probably Wraith. And he did not like sleeping. Now he likes taking fat guy naps. <laughs> 13, he's taking fat guy naps. Now, I just, uh, you have to just be strong, be strong willed, but you have to just have a routine. That's basically my whole, uh, advice. Get a routine. It's tough at first, but as long as you stick to the routine, don't let them control you, Brandon. Don't go for that nonsense. They start crying or whatever. You know, you sit with them, them, put a movie on, whatever, oh. and go with that. That's my advice. And then you hit them. If they yeah. don't listen, then you hit them. There's Eric's advice. Speaking of my devil daughter, baby mom's left for a little bit tonight, so I got the chance to get you a sound clip of her saying things she shouldn't, just like <laughs> Eric requested. And we do have that. Let me know how the quality is. And if I can't use, if you can't use it or can use it, we have to re-record. I think you're going to have to re-record. Uh, when she says the, uh, the money shot, I, I don't know why I use that term, <laughs> that but when, when the, pun- when the punchline comes in, it, it gets a little garbled. You gotta it get does. her a little more, and the next time also have her badmouth Eric. Just but I laughed and laughed. And oh, oh yeah, we were listening to it. Also have her say things like, uh, continuity's a pretzel, say Eric's a fucking retard, stuff like Aww. that. Fun stuff. Just fun stuff that people would like to hear. I thought it would be a perfect compliment again. to add to the soundboard for a fuck you five out of ten score for the books. And yeah, uh, also just have her say bad things about Brian Hitch. I got no <laughs> DC book on my poll list actually coming out next week, so do I pick up Suicide Squad special this week? And the answer would be yes. Is Rob writing it? No. John Ostrander is the uh, guy who came up with it. I think it's going to be pretty good, Eric. Pretty oh, good. Pretty good. We don't have advanced uh, copy of that, do we? No. Yeah, we do. Really? I, already, I didn't yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah, you did. did we I? got the email. You just didn't download it. And oh. I would love to say that I read it. I haven't read it yet, but I paged through it a little and looked. It looks pretty good. Um, is the new canon at all or just a throwaway story? I believe it is actually in canon, though. I only have two Spider-Man books otherwise, so I'm leaning towards trying it out unless you tell me to run the other way. No, I think you'll be good. Hey, Brandon, I'll give you a little message later. I'll give you the full scoop. All right, and here's his books this week. Flash, I officially have no clue what the hell this book is trying to accomplish, and I'll give it one more issue before I'm out altogether. The art goes from crazy style as to standard studio drawings. We've introduced 400 new speedsters to have them all killed off by issue 5 with little or no introduction, and a villain we've seen exactly three times. Now, I'll tell you, the way these uh, speedsters go, if you didn't know their names, Eric, they are dead. <laughs> there are only two kids sure that you pass, knew. No. Yeah, uh, yeah, you, you don't, you don't know their names? Dead. 
And I thought that's how it was going to go all along. I don't and know. Is said, Scott still alive? I believe he might be. Right. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. You don't know at this point, but because they pushed his name. I saw some skeleton children. Oh, all my I saw. God. Yeah, it looked like the sand people when Anakin was done with them. <laughs> oh, it was crazy. I killed the children, Padme. Yes. I killed them all. And a villain we've seen exactly three times in single panels only, mind you. I have no idea how Godspeed came to be still or what the hell he's even doing at this point. And that is my biggest problem with the series as well. And it's it's bad, but it did affect this issue to me somewhat. It shouldn't, but it did. Someone give me some goddamn answers because Black Hole or Black Circle is all bullshit, P.F. For Christ's sakes, Autumn, pick a fucking name. Over. Oh, I guess he, he, he must have Autumn. autocorrected Autumn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Autumn. It, uh, get a name already. It took Barry's girl 14 seconds. The only thing we know about that bad speedster is the fucking name. This is why I think he's got speed. I'm, I'm with him too. You know what? This I is, agree. This is the issue that threw me. Yeah. And I'm like, at one point, he can eat, you know, fast track yeah. is Mina's name. Worst fucking name I've ever heard. I'm telling you, at this point, I think you could just throw out a name and if it doesn't stick, you change it. Hot and, pursuit. Here's the problem, though. What is his quote-unquote special power? She calls herself Fast Track because she can track down the speedsters. What is August's special power? Because he probably has one. They haven't shown us it yet because that's going to lead us to know that he's Godspeed. I don't even think it's just the name name like, oh, I'm going to go with Godspeed. Holy crap. Well, It'd be so funny weird. if he says that. This issue is kind of weird, too, though, because we, we knew that Mina had this ability, but the other ones – they were just speedsters, except for Wally, too. Wally yeah. had a, I can make lightning. Oh, Well, it was funny, right. too, because at one point, Mina actually calls out and says something like, oh, I was different. I yeah. got a special ability. Then when Wally shows up, she almost makes it seem like everybody did. Yeah, and I don't it know, just, though. Yeah, it was this issue. We have uh, not had I don't know. I have no idea what, what you think about it. We'll hear about it later. But I, I'm starting to get a little fed up. With this Godspeed, I just want to move on from this. Yeah. I want to find out who it is so we can get to – we said the way this is drawn out – I say to my blurb, it, it's the fastest man alive and the slowest book that's fucking out there. <laughs> and you have a thing where, to me, when we find out God's, who Godspeed is, say it's August, say it's Mina, say it's both of them, say it's some fucking other guy, the guy who killed August's brother. Billy whatever. Parks. Yeah. We haven't heard that name in a while, so I think yeah. that that might not be. But – when we do find out, you get the idea that then we're going to get the next arc where they fight Godspeed. Like, you're not just going to find out, I hope, and then he just dies. I would expect him to be, you know, we want to see the villain be a villain. And I just want to get to that now. I, I don't want to have, and if it is August, I'm guessing that he's going to want to get this power to do a flashpoint to save his brother. Let's which talk about also, this in the flash section. Yeah, well, I'm not even going to talk about that when we talk about flash. Okay. I'm going to talk about the goddamn issue and how much I, I'm irritated. Yeah, I'll probably talk about that. <laughs> yeah, he said at this point we he won't pick a name like a normal superhero. And it is. It's been so long about now. And they stop even asking him. PPS, yeah. DC, let's have Flash not fight a speedster next arc. And that is a problem with the Flash. It's always come on, Captain Cold, come back to us. Fuck Captain Cold, Gorilla Grodd. He, right. The last we saw him, his head was blown up. I want to see Gorilla Grodd there. 
That was in the future, though, I think. I was going to say his head blew up, but my God, I yeah. don't remember that. Brett Booth did. He blew his head off, but I think that was the future crowd. He was going around eating everybody's goddamn brains, and then he blew up. <laughs> Detective, I'm just, and actually, remember at that point, that was when Barry's, uh, I believe that was the story where it was the future Barry who decided to, shit got real, and he was going to take care of shit for once, yeah. and not let people just get away with shit. I think that was the story. And maybe was it the Future Zen's issue? No, no. This was actually just part of the run when his future self came back. Okay. Remember that whole deal? Well, I'm saying I, at that point we weren't reading each other's books yeah, all the time, yeah. so I don't know. I, I yeah, caught some I, of that. I believe. I may be completely wrong. It may Who be knows? the future. But, yeah, uh, he put like a little bomb in his head and blew it up. Detective, I'm still enjoying this book and think it's still the most consistent rebirth lineup at this moment. Things I like. Clayface being Batman. Uh, and effectively before returning to being Clayface to scare a poor Indian family away. <laughs> thing I didn't like Batman and these secrets. Can we get off this already? I'm so sick of this being the only thing people hang over Batman's head. At this point, if you work with Batman and think you're going to know everything he's up to, you're a moron. Not Batman for not telling you. It's like going back to a girlfriend that cheats on you over and over, but you keep being surprised it happens again. Again? Again. Action Comics. I know we just mostly read five issues of fighting, or just mostly read five issues of fighting, but I think both Superman books are holding my interest right now because it's close to what I was into as a kid. That's just like you. Plus, I like what John brings to the table. He has ADD. Is what he brings to the table. There's a kid. You're never getting that motherfucker to bed. Can you imagine trying to get him to bed? No. He laid down. He's like, hey, look, Mom, a star outside. Hey, what's that bug? Oh, my God, what's that book you're talking about? Where's Dad? Look at that, that tree swaying the John. breeze through the window. Yeah, oh, my God, he'd be all over the place. What's this house made of? Is that wood? You know what? I like bricks. Shut uh, the fuck up, John. Yeah, God damn it. Shut up. Just, you know what you say? Hey, hey, son, where's crypto? Where's Goldie? Huh? Where's Goldie, son? We're, I'm proud of you. You killed that cat. Uh, plus, I like what John brings to the table and the dad-some relationship we get. I'm more kind of annoyed we have about 14 different Superman one, women, run, Superman and women running around fight right now and feel the impact of just getting pre-Flashpoint soups back is somewhat reduced as a result. Well, I showed you a review of the one guy in that Superman rebirth. That guy thinks there's like 7 million Supermen. He can't t- tell the difference. I think it wasn't that the Superman Rebirth, though, where there was only one Superman? Don't you tell me that. That guy couldn't tell the difference, Eric. He was confused. <laughs> he was confused and didn't know why Superman was dead. I also don't want new 52 Supes or Lois coming back either. Keep those fucks of space dust and just bring that fine canine crypto back. It feels like at this point that Oz is basically a DC Universe's version of the Collector. He has Doomsday and he wants the hand in the Superman and Super Lois nonsense going on too. Maybe he just likes to collect super rare items and people and place them around to make things seem like they are the same as they were in the chest master. Flashpoint. Yeah. The co- I was just going to say the Collector. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at this game. Uh, the guy who keeps things. How about the Hoarder? Would you like that one? The Hoarder. I really have no clue. That's just shit against the wall. I'm out, Brandon, at BMUR3660. And now we're going to move on to Brandon's Marvel Minute, where he's going to talk and review Steve Rogers' Captain America number four. And then when we're done with that, we'll be back with the books. Hey, how we doing, Weird Science? Uh, This is Brandon. I'm coming at you this week uh, with a Marvel Minute. Uh, We got issue chosen of Captain America, Steve Rogers, uh, number four. 
We got right around the uh, issue of Nick Spencer, uh, our artist, artist, artist Javier Pina, Miguel Sepulveda, and our color artist is Rochelle Rosenberg. Um, so last issue we left off, uh, basically finding out that uh, Captain America has his own idea for a plan uh, with Hydra, uh, and he's going to go behind the Red Skull's back to accomplish that, and that he uh, saved Dr. Eric Selvig uh, to help him accomplish this goal. Um, so we open up this issue back in 1926. Uh, we see uh, Mama Cap, Steve, and she's trying to get him to hurry up, and, and they're trying to take off and get out of town. Uh, but because her husband has has been gone, uh, MIA since last issue. So so they're trying to Irish goodbye the the Hydra lady she's befriended. Uh, when when she gets interrupted by the lady in red that that's kind of been following her around these last few issues and she's been hanging out with. Um, before she answers the door, she tells Steve to to hide, and then she lets her in, and that's where the the flashback cuts off for now. Uh, we go forward and we move to present day and pick up uh, with Captain America. We don't spend too much time with him, uh, r really at all, on uh, much of this issue. It really jumps around a whole bunch. Um, it, it was an extra, I think it was a $4.99 issue, so they threw in some extra stuff. Uh, but hardly any of it was Captain America related. So um, we're, we're going to get to the Captain America stuff first, and, and then we're going to cover... Uh, kind of the excess stuff that happened in between, and then I'll get to the cliffhanger. So anyway, in present day, dealing with Captain America, we see him picking up with some monologue. Uh, basically, it looks like he's talking to us uh, to start things off the way the art's drawn. Uh, it's kind of cool. But we see that he's really talking to Dr. Selvig um, and kind of discussing with him why he was saved uh, from the plane crash that uh, Red Skull ordered him. To, to crash into a building to kill him in the to kill Selvig in the first place. Uh, so hopefully you followed me after that little confusing rundown there. But anyway, Captain America, uh, if you listened to last time I spoke about the issue, uh, was kind of vague as to whether what side he was on. Was he triple agent? Was he being a triple agent on Hydra for Shield? Was he really loyal to Hydra? And we find out here he is loyal to Hydra after all. After, after kind of the brainwashing he suffered uh, at the hands of Kobiak, which is a cosmic cube. Um, and he is uh, wanting to restore the glory to Hydra. And he feels like Red Skull is doing a poor job of this. Basically, we, we get a flashback within Cap talking, showing how he took over this underground bunker and, and how he's keeping it secret from everybody with, with some sort of tech. Uh, he, he ended up taking it from... Uh, this guy named Red Ghost and his his monkey children. Uh, so he has like these genetically enhanced gorillas and orangutans and stuff. And and we see Cap t taking them down and killing them all Harambe style uh, in different brutal ways. Uh, so that's kind of a big hint that we get that that Cap is is really changed and different. He's killing animals and people and and taking care of things as he also ends up killing Red Ghost. Um. We find out that he really wants uh, Dr. Selvig to kind of help him track down this Kobiak, uh, which is a sentient little girl who is also a cosmic cube, um, and that he knows where where she is, Cap does, but he needs Dr. Selvig to help her, help him contain her. 
so so that's kind of the end of the cap stuff for now, uh, and then we start dealing with uh, Maria Hill. Um, we we see she's being called for a meeting by the council, which is kind of the superiors of Shield. They they keep them in check. She, she's being held accountable for her screw ups uh, with Kobiak and Pleasant Hill and that whole uh, event that started before Civil War. Basically, they're they're letting her know that even though she's being a smartass and really not taking it seriously, they're removing her as the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's kind of where we leave the Maria Hill stuff. Uh, we move on to Sharon Carter, and we see her. She's at sort of a Senate hearing, maybe at Capitol Hill, uh, and she's pleading for extra government access and resources, uh, kind of beyond the NSA level of things. The, the senators or whoever she's speaking to are, are kind of trying to back her off and tell her no, and she kind of brings Captain up, Captain America, and mentions does she have to bring him down here to to ask for what she's asking for uh, to kind of pressure them into uh, approving this. Uh, that That's kind of where we leave that scene. We move on to a hospital scene, uh, which is checking in on the gentleman, I believe it's Rick Flagg, uh, who Captain... America pushed out of the plane back in issue one. Uh, really no change on his status. He's still in a coma. Uh, we, we move on to Taskmaster task and his, his section of the country uh, that Cap was just in in issue two. And we find out uh, that he's investigating the plane crash uh, that Cap sent into a building uh, w- with a charred body that's supposed to be Dr. Selvig. Uh, we, the reader, know that he's alive. Taskmaster is supposed to think he's dead, uh, but kind of thinks something fishy is going on because he doesn't think the true Captain America would most likely probably have someone die in the plane crash if he got out. He would have rescued them, probably sacrificing his own life to do so. So he mentions how he's going to start investigating what's going on with Cap. Uh, we move again on to the Thunderbolts, who is... Hukoviak, this Cosmic Cube little girl, this is the group she currently hangs out with, who, uh, Bucky, uh, Winter Soldier runs. Uh, we see him dealing with her and, and having a talk. Uh, basically, we see she's trying to understand how things work on Earth, and, and he's trying to kind of be a father figure or a brother figure to her, uh, but she's really either not caring um, to learn how things work or uh, just not understanding uh, still and it's still a learning process for her uh, when, when we see cap try to ring in or he tried to buzz into cap uh, and it looks like Kobiak, um off panel is interfering with the call and they haven't been able to get in touch for a while uh, that ends that scene and we move on to Kassar who is training her powers she's a new hero and, and had this mantle passed down to her from the old Kassar uh, who is, is currently mentoring her, and, and I'm not really sure what this this has to do with the story, probably something along the cosmic lines with Kobiak. That's really all we get from it, um, and we move on to uh, the cliffhanger area of the story in the final act, uh, which again picks up the flashback. Uh, we see Steve's mom talking with this lady in red, mentioning to her how she's just taking off. She can't find her husband, and she actually starts accusing the lady in red of killing him. Uh, that doesn't go well for uh, Mama Cap, and she ends up getting 
killed by one of the lady in red's bodyguards. Um, they start searching the house looking for kid Steve and they end up getting their hands on him. And, and this is kind of like the big, the beginning of, uh, Steve Rogers brainwashing or what he thinks, uh, is his brainwashing, um, which is what we learned in issue two. Uh, we fast forward to present day on uh, the final cliffhanger with Cap and Dr. Selvig. Uh, and we see that he basically offers Dr. Selvig um, the opportunity to help him take over Hydra and kill Red Skull uh, once and for all. And that's how our issue ends. Uh, so that was, again, that was a big boy. That was a, a $5 issue. Um, you know how I do things. Uh, I'm going to let you to know whether to buy it, to borrow it, or to forget it altogether. Um, probably a good thing in this case since it's a $5 guy. Uh, I, I would suggest this would be a buy. Um, I'm enjoying the series still. Uh, I, know, I know it's uh, an expensive issue, but uh, you do get a lot of story for your buck. Not a whole lot of action, but it does uh, progress the plot, and uh looks like we're going to get some action next issue moving forward. Uh, the art is, again, really good. They, they kind of make an, uh, do a great job of, of making Captain America look like a badass in this issue and a hardcore badass, uh, like killing people and killing animals. Um, so they really, in the art, get that to come across, uh, that, that he looks different and he's changed, um, which is a cool touch. Um, other than that, that's really all I got for you guys. I haven't got too many other Marvel issues. Uh, we will have Marvel Mondays this Monday coming up, and I'll have some Valiant stuff up on Sunday for you to check out. Uh, but that's all from me. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions for me of uh, what to do for the quick uh, review segment, um, give me a buzz on Twitter at bmer three three. I'm sorry, three six six zero. That's where you'll find me. And we're gonna go back to Jim and Eric. ready to rock right this is the meat and cheese the podcast if you want to hear here i always say here if you want to read our reviews go to our, hear our reviews stay you want to hear those reviews you get that uh, text of voice going with a robot voice at our website at weirdsciencedccomics.com <laughs> and detective comics and then it, you know it says shit like that 
what are you doing with my life, Geraldo? Stuff what like that. Are we going to do that and put it on YouTube? Yes, I did. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> our YouTube okay. channel actually has a voice-to-text robot doing like a Wonder Woman. I think it's uh, way back, though. Is it Convergence? It might be Convergence. It's, <laughs> it's way back, and I did that, and it made me laugh. We have like, no YouTube presence. No. I like the robot voice, though, doing it, but this is the meat and cheese of the podcast. We're going to talk about all the books that came out this week. We're going to spoil the shit out of them, as you say. Totally. You always say that. Are you? Do you like spoiling things because you like ruining everybody's good time? Is that why you say that? Or no, I like talking to people shit? about stuff. Spoilers, man. Damn. See? Damn. The, the thing that I hate, and Brandon actually sent me a message this week about it. I hate when podcasts spoil th- or don't spoil things, but yet have to say that every goddamn two seconds. So if, if you have to say consistently through your podcast... Hey, you know, you I uh, can't spoil it because then it, you might want to just start spoiling stuff or come up though. with like, a better way. I told you I'm complaining about because I listen to a lot of horror podcasts where they like to talk about like old movies from like the 80s. Yeah. And like, well, I don't know how much we can talk about this because we don't want to spoil it. Spoil it. It's 30 goddamn years old. Spoil it. It's fucking Friday 13th. This is what I'm Jesus doing here Christ. is to hear you talk about it. Fucking talk about it. And then Anthony, he goes up and there's a shower, but I can't spoil it. Anthony Perkins. Perkins. I, I'm telling you, I hate horror movies to the point where I'm glad Norman that I don't Bates. know anything. Yeah, I've never seen that. I'll never watch that movie. Oh, shit, I'll bring Psycho over. I got it on Blu-ray, baby. Not going to watch it. I have no interest in it. I know the one scene, and that's all I need to know. Look, Actually, I know I got them all. a couple we'll watch, scenes. We'll watch one through four. It'll be a Here, good yeah, time. I was going to say, if you start going down movies that you think I should watch, I have seen... Uh, Amityville Horror. Amityville Horror. Jaws. I've seen Jaws. I, these are just like quote unquote horror movies. I have seen Salem's Lot. My mom nice. made me watch that. I've seen like hey, you want to watch Omen. the remake with Rob Lowe? No. And no. I've seen The Omen. I've seen shit like that. The I've Omen never seen flick. any of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. I've never seen any of the Halloween. You gotta movies. rectify that. No. Halloween's I never coming will. up soon, baby. I don't care. I'm telling you, I, I, those movies do nothing. I don't know when I see those movies. To me. It's the equivalent of country music. I just don't get it, Eric. I, I hear it and I see it and you whatnot. You don't get scared. That's what it is, no, right? No, it's not even scared. <laughs> Most of the times when I'm watching a movie, I'm so distracted by everything that it, I don't get scared because I'm thinking about what I'm going to get for fucking lunch or Maybe dinner. or well, Yeah, and so I never get scared, and I really don't want to be scared. It, it's a weird concept of wanting to be scared to watch movies but dude i am so dead inside i want some kind of emotion it's weird though too is that is definitely the genre of movies to me that allows the shittiness of movies to just go Uh, you you have the worst movies of these like part seven of a movie it's just nonsense part seven of friday 13th was great i'm saying any of these movies though you don't have part seven of fucking you know green card which you are depardieu I don't. I don't see Empire don't Records movie. Part Twelve. You don't even like that movie. No, I hate it. That's what I'm saying. But <laughs> at least it's done. You don't get seventeen of them. Even hey, you Lost got Boys. Four. We're talking about yeah, and it sucks. But yeah, you do have that. But you have Lost Boys where we were talking Lost, and they suck. <laughs> but I'm telling you, that is actually seems to be the uh, you know not the commonplace thing. Uh, Comedy and horror, horror movies that you don't have any. There's can't be ever any horror movie that was ever made that only has one. 
they, you know, every one in my mind has 17 different fucking versions. <laughs> and then the, that's the thing, too, is they'll get to part eight. And then they'll reboot the shit and go right back. I hate that. Next thing you can't say massacre. It's just called Texas Chainsaw. There we go. It's a fucking nonsense. Seth. Fucking ridiculous, Eric. I I just hate those movies, and that is something that me and you will never share. We'll never share. We're not we might share a long walk in the park. We might share walking on the beach in the rain, Eric. Yeah. We will never share a love of horror movies. Huh. I cannot stand them. And. I also, I, any movie that clocks in over two hours, I, I, I'm out. You don't get a lot of that with horror flicks. <laughs> no, you don't. That's like comedy, though. Yeah. I, comedy, comedy uh, and horror comedy. Hand hand. Uh, comedy, though, I like because I just go in. I don't even have to pay attention. I get a couple jokes, a couple laughs, out I go. I'm just Next thinking, thing though, I know. you got the American Pie flicks. You got four of those yeah. normal ones. And you know how many, of, how many of those have I seen? I have no idea. None. You never saw the original one? Fuck no. I have no interest in out. that. You know why? Because I hate every motherfucker in that movie. Every person in that movie makes me more and more angry. Okay. Calm the, down, fucking, man. Damn. What's that guy? Fucking what's what's the, the main guy? Jason. Jason something. Jason, Jason Biggs. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's fucking annoying. Well, you don't see him anymore, so it's okay. Yeah. You don't see him because he's terrible. The first thing I saw him in was a freaking video on my Facebook where somebody has a picture of him, and they start pouring beef stew over it. Really? Beef I didn't stew? Know, I, didn't, I didn't listen to the, the oh, he's doing that what's be- going on. He's doing that beef stew challenge, is he? Is that what that is? I don't know. <laughs> but yet I love Bloodsport because you know why I love Bloodsport? It wears its heart on its sleeve. Tony, I still want that sequel, though, Bloodsport 2, Blood Brothers. Well, we'll talk about that later. We actually do, don't we? Talk about butts. Yeah, I guess we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, I was playing you clips of Bloodsport, and you were like, boy, hearing it just over the mic and through the earphones, you were, <laughs> that's really bad dialogue. I'm like, yeah, it was. It was awful dialogue. Hey, it's games great. too, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's terrible. Wasn't that bad? There's not War guy- <laughs> Games 12, though. No, it's true. There's, the, I mean, how many Alien vs. Predator movies do they have now? 17? Two. two. Yeah. And they, they're terrible. Is that, oh no, that was Predators. I was thinking yeah. that was part of that deal. <sighs> yeah. That, those movies are in town for a few days to suck. Oh. That's what they are, Eric. Now, the That's second one would have been good if you could actually see what was going on. It was so goddamn no. dark in that movie. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm telling you, I just hate those horror movies and people, you know, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. And I'm your, superstitious though, Jim. And your I don't know if you should say mask. that. Puppet masters. Yeah, you didn't sneeze. I'm God blessing you because you must be possessed by some fucking demon to like those movies. Puppet master. The only ones I'm interested in is Ooga Booga and maybe Ginger Dead Man. Uh, that sounds like All a right, lot of I fun. I got Ginger Dead Man. I'll be Yeah, that Saturday Night Cleaver. Is that yeah, the one you got? Uh, what's got the third three. one? Uh, Saturday the... Night Cleaver. Oh, okay, what's the second? Uh, Passion of the Crust. So good. And the fourth so one is good. Evil Bong versus Ginger Dead Man. Yeah, I'm not into Evil Bong. Neither am I. Tommy Chong in that? No, he's only in the first one. Oh, that's fucking ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous, let's get on with this podcast there. All right. Get ridiculous that we do this for nothing. Nothing except the love. The love that we get from every direction. And we accept checks, though, too. We do. <laughs> Write them out to Ooga Booga. Care of Ooga Booga. It's a terrible movie. <sighs> yeah, anybody, look up Ooga Booga. Don't do it. And just, you'll laugh. I'm trying to think of some other, like, I always like the um, the funny, some, like, I saw, I saw Scream, but I'm not talking about that. Um, just like crazy shit. Like Ooga Booga. 
Stuff like that. That's right down my alley. Fucking Toxic Avenger. There's another one that's a piece of crap. That that movie got so much respect for not being respectful, and it didn't res- it didn't deserve it. It's like that Foghorn that uh, Dirty Drew said. That movie's so bad that it wraps around and then somehow got a lot of respect, and it didn't it didn't deserve it. it what about terrible. Toxic Avenger Four? Oh, Toxic Avenger Four is Corey Feldman Citizen in that Toxic. one. Yes, he is. I figured he but was. He's under a pseudonym, pseudonym though. Is that uh, Finky Finkelstein? No, it's like, Kinky Finkelstein. Oh, Kinky Finkelstein. See, I, I do listen to some of the things you talk to me about. <laughs> I just don't always the get it is, correct. As we're talking about it now, I realize I only talk about nonsense. Yeah, yeah, that's me and you I at have work. nothing to say. This actually, this whole conversation could be us just at work. Yeah. And me just yelling at you about stuff because I'll just sit there and then I'll, for some reason, I'll get completely angry out of nowhere about horror movies and your love of them and just start screaming at you. And then you'll start telling me some fucking script that you would always make about fucking Friday the 13th, part 15. Cold blood. Cold blood. And then I'll start yelling at you. Then you start telling me I'm fucking, I'm like the script doctor. I'm telling you how, yeah. how your, your ice fishing scene is not realistic. Ah. <laughs> ah, yes. That leads into a hockey scene. Come I'm on. I'm telling you, that uh, that ice fishing, if a guy's ice fishing and Jason is underneath the ice and he pulls the guy through, I want that guy to be forcefully pulled through that hole of the ice fish. I don't want it to collapse. I want it to be like that fucking raft fucking, what was that in? That part two of... Uh, Creepshow 2. Creepshow 2. The raft. Yeah, I want it to be like that. I want that guy to forcefully be pushed through that hole. Right through the hole. It's like a, a fucking Jason glory hole scene going on. That's yeah, sexy. Well, I needed the hole to be open so Jason could get out. Yeah. Nah, he can get out down the way. The, and, whole, uh, the whole lake's frozen over. Yeah. Well, that's why it wouldn't be realistic that one guy being forced through would break that ice. That's some thick ice. You, you can't sure do is. This. It's a big lake, he, though. That is, uh, that your continuity in this movie is a pretzel, Eric. It doesn't make <laughs> sense. It does not make sense. Let's get on with the books. We have the first one here, which is not exactly the biggest book, but it is to us, Eric, because it is first. Detective Comics number 939, written by James Tynan IV, art by Eddie Barrows, Eber Ferreira, Andriana Lucas, and Marilyn, Marilyn Patrizio. That always throws Patrizio. me off. Marilyn Patrizio. Detective Comics has been one of my favorite rebirth books, and while that continues, this issue felt a little off to me. Not only was Eddie Barrow's art not uh, up to par, in my opinion, not some other guy here who likes horror movies, but this issue was just set up pure and simple. Granted, James Tynan continues the rehabilitation of Tim Drake, but after the cliffhanger, he may soon be on life support, Eric. Ooh, and I, I did say later when I was reading it again, after I wrote this, I do want to change that a little. It's not just pure setup. It's also a lot of ketchup. Ketchup and mustard, I told you. Yeah. Because Delicious. we're going to get a lot of things. And now we're going to talk about this. We'll probably argue a little as it goes on. But to me, I don't care. If I've heard something in a book ten times, and the 11th time I hear it, it makes sense that they're telling a character that. I don't care because I know it. The writer has told me these things in this. The first half of this book is all catch-up to me, except the first beginning scene. Pretty good. But, yeah, you're going to get a lot of catch-up. And I don't care if Kate knew this before or it changed a little. The whole thing with Tim going to college, we know this. We, you know, Yes, he's saying, I decided I'm going to go. It just, it's it's dragging on. And the whole thing with Kate, Batman, I said it earlier in the mail, Batman 
really is proud that he figured out that Jacob was the man behind these drones. Seriously. He's brought it up like 17 times in this book. But he's always got at this point. He was yeah. dead for a while, Jim. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's just grabbing his straws because he <laughs> hasn't been that great a detective lately, and he's trying to keep his rep. But it does start at the fl- uh, flashback with uh, the funeral of Thomas and Martha Wayne. And this was a great scene. I love this It was this a really scene. great scene because it, there is actually a couple – it's like threefold and even more possibly because you do see Jacob there. Jacob's pissed. This shows that he already had a hate. Now, is it Waynes. weird, though, that I, I love this scene, but I hate the picture of Thomas I Wayne do, too. I'm looking at it. It looks terrible. I'm like, if you want to look like Thomas at all. No, you know what it is? It's not just that. Uh, Thomas does not enjoy being there. That picture that they, that is the fakest smile I've ever seen. And, uh, Martha a little bit, but Thomas is like, he just wants to go off and hang with the boys at the social club or something. I, he does not look happy to be there with Martha. And, and is it weird to me that I think in that picture Martha might be pregnant? Is that weird to me? Doesn't no, it? No, I can kind of imagine that. I kind of think that that's Why is a that picture. That's a full blown like, shot. Yeah, I hide the know. belly. Yeah, because it's out of that? wedlock. Who? Yeah, really? She's, <laughs> she shouldn't be wearing white. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this shows that. Not only did Jacob hate the Waynes before, but this this sealed the deal. And got his sister killed. Yeah, got his Why'd sister Why did that killed. motherfucker have to He's walk upset. down that yep. dark alley? Yeah, why'd you go to town? the dark alley? What the hell was he thinking? I wish I could punch him. And I'll give Jacob one thing. I've said this to you many a time. I hate when you get a funeral where people are like, oh, my God, he was such a good guy. Now, yeah. I'm not saying Thomas was or wasn't or Martha, whatever, but I hate when people are phony at, at funerals. If you're... Just stay the same. If the guy was a piece of shit and you didn't like him, I don't mind Honestly, you saying, you know what? <laughs> yeah, or if you do, because he's there also with his wife she, yeah. she's and Kate. and it, you know. sister. But still, I don't mind that he's his true self. But this shows the first thing you see here, or the second, the first thing you see is he hates the Waynes. We do know this. It's, But I don't mind this because it's a flashback. It's showing you, you know, the root of everything. I do like that you see his his wife there. Uh, Gabby, and she is the she's like the ground for him. Yeah, she she's gonna keep him grounded. She's gonna keep him from flying off the handle. She is there to be the voice of reason to the hot head that he is. The guy's a redhead. Redheads are always hot heads, Eric. You Guy can't Garner help it. anyone. Yeah, really. Yeah, Garner. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I do like that that you're showing that if Gabby was around, I do not think the colony things, yeah, would have been a thing. Things might not have escalated no, to the point where they at. wouldn't have. They wouldn't have gotten that far, at least with Jacob, but without her there. I do like that a lot, but then you also get Kate, who's just awesome. She, I love Kate anyway. This might be my favorite Kate thing because she doesn't have to do what she does. She goes kind of goes against protocol of what's going on because Bruce is sitting by himself. I said, fucking piece of shit, Alfred told everyone, you know, I want him to be alone. You know, you can't have anybody comfort Bruce. I don't Poor know. Alfred. I, honestly, when he says it, I think it's just Alfred, you know, doing it, like taking the hit for him, like on the asshole, not Bruce. Bruce yeah, wants I to don't, be around yeah, everybody. Yeah, you know? probably is, but I don't know. I, but, but Kate goes, they're, they're young kids, obviously. Kate goes and sits down. She doesn't know what to say, but she, there's her cousin. She hasn't seen him a lot because she says, our dads hate each other, um, which I, I thought Bruce was going to be like, it's, it's a one-way street there. My oh, dad didn't hate anybody. He hated my dad? Yeah. <laughs> this is the future. Yeah, really. He's like, why did everybody love him? 
Except that Joe Chill. That guy didn't seem to love him. But yeah, they, they talk a little, and it's a really good moment. And there's a big part where she says to Bruce, listen, I don't think my daddy liked yours that much, but we're cousins. When something really, really bad happens, family will always be there. Like, right now, I'm here right now. My that's, mama says, that's how you stay strong. And again, it's the last time another, they talk to each other until years. Yeah, yeah. And it's another <laughs> thing, though. Again, you didn't, you see. Her dad didn't say that. Her mom did. The the mom yeah. was really the fucking, she was the anchor of this whole family. And you see why everybody's upset. But I do like that, that as a girl, uh, she was there to comfort him. And they hold hands. And, you know, they. It's a very nice moment. Yes, I'm telling it's you, it's really a great good. way to kick off this issue that you it don't is. like. It, yeah. Well, I. Then you go, and then there's the, they're in the belfry. You get to now. There's, uh, uh Batman's like, hey, Alfred. Call the black the black line, the which black we find line. out later. He's, he's calling right to the president. He's gonna tattle. He's gonna get stitches because he's a <laughs> snitch, Eric. He's a snitch. But I don't mind this. Remember when I said at one point What's I he thought gonna do? just call the president, and tell well, all friggin', you know. At one point I thought he was just gonna call the army, right? <laughs> like the jet, like he calls some crazy number and the army answers. Give uh, me hello, Mr. Ar- army, army here. But no, I uh, he's calling the president. That's a little. I don't mind that. Yeah. That's a and little it's cool more. Cool to see that he get through to the actual president. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, the Belfry is destroyed from Colony. But luckily, ah, Tim, Tim has uh, made it so that it heals itself. And yeah, God. I was like, "What are you talking Tony, about?" You told me about this earlier in the week. I'm like, "That is the stupidest goddamn thing." Now, mm-hmm. I, when I read the issue, I just really wish Tim had not used those words because it doesn't mm-hmm. heal itself. It has backup windows that replace if they're broken. Yeah, but I don't even know where those backup windows really come from. It's it seems like it is putting them together, like it is healing, like almost like a a scab. These aren't just windows coming down into the panes. If you look, there are pieces of window flying into each other and putting themselves back into place. It seems. I, I want to say the windows are coming down and making the broken pieces fall off. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess they are. It's just weird. Like the, it's stored up there. It's just yeah, you I, might I don't. Be right. I don't understand. I exactly see that how it, it must works, be, but it's just it's it's just. I just don't like to him saying it. Healed himself. Here I'm thinking again, like, what is it? The TARDIS all of a sudden? But again, the it, it, yeah, it's the TARDIS. But really, all you're trying to do is show us how much of a genius Tim is. And it's, it's a great segue to this. something you don't like. Well, we know this. We already know that he's done this. You have all this, but he says to uh, Stephanie. Hey, by the way, I've decided to go to this college. I, I don't when mind. He's, when he's talking about this, the freaking Belfry healing itself, though, and Clayface is like, dude, kid, you did all this? What are you doing with super heroics? And he's like, yeah. he's thrown off a little bit. Like, you know what, Clayface, you ugly yeah. son of a bitch. But You're again, right. though, what am I again, doing here? we've had this for all these issues. He's been wrestling with this since yeah. the rebirth issue. And I just, but it's now just we get more to of the same. Where he's saying we're getting to the decision now that he's decided he is going to Ivy College. Yeah. It's, it really didn't mean anything to me. I really no, didn't care. Honestly, because uh, earlier this week I said you, because we're talking about the rebirth special. A little I bit just went, you think he's going to college? I do. I think eventually he is going to college. Fuck to go if to he's going title. to college. Well, he's okay. going to be in a coma. Earlier this week we we're talking about the rebirth special and different stuff we had. Cause we had the Blue Beetle segment in there where we had to th- with this issue this week. We have not heard anything about the Adam, though. When, when I see Ivy College, I'm like, okay, the Adam. We're going to have freaking uh, Red Robin hanging out with Ryan Choi and Ray Palmer. I'm like, this will be Where? awesome. In what book? I don't know. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Been announced that, 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 if the it's Adam. not announced, then it would not come out until December at the earliest. 
What are they going to have? The Atom and it's going to star Tim Drake? There's going to be people who bought this Detective Comics to, to have Tim Drake, and now they're just going to go five issues and tell him, you know what? He's going to skedaddle. We'll see you later. I well, don't think it's going to happen. How long did you think this team was going to continue? What's that? How long did you think this team that's was going to continue? That's the book. I think it's going to keep continuing. I think it that, doesn't have to be the book, though, because it's Detective Comics. Nothing no, is I think that, that at one point, I actually team. think at one point we're going to get less Batman and more of this team. I think really? that what we're finding out is that Batman is trusting them more and more as we go so that he can say, you know what, I'll let you guys go and I'll move on. I don't think that this book is going to end up in two months as the Batman book by himself. I think that Kate Kane will be in it for as long as it goes. This will be like – this isn't like uh, – I'm trying to think. You know, Teen Titans or whatever. Right. You get – you know, that's what this book is. Suicide it's squad, a team you know? book now. But you have people who – you have the Kate Kane fans that are on this because of that. The minute that she's off, they are out. And I, I think that DC probably knows that. I don't think that this is going to be a revolving cast. I think that they have this, and we haven't even had more than five issues. Yeah, I don't think we're changing the, service, the yeah. team. Uh, yeah, maybe on issue 25, they decide something yeah, else not, is going to happen. I'm not putting, saying like, you know, in two I'm issues, telling you, man, it's, I it's think over. that if we get anything, Batman is less and less in this book. I think that this whole first arc is so that Batman realizes that he can trust them and he's getting in their way. Because really all this is, is him again. Even Brandon says in the mail, this issue is supposed to push that Batman is telling secrets again and yeah. he doesn't trust anybody but yet we're going to find out and what I think is going to happen I wish we'd get at the end that, though, I think that at the end what's going to happen is Tim that. is going to be in a coma I really do think that he is going to be there, there's no way the only way if you have a hokey thing where and I'll, I'll spoil it right now at the end all these drones are going to attack him and there looks to be 500 drones oh my god and that's crazy it, there's no time. To, nobody's going to get there. We've no. already spelled that out. Now, what? Clayface is going to come on envelope them or whatever? If they do, I'll be so pissed off because you've set up this huge cliffhanger. And what happens here is he's talking to Stephanie and says, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to Ivy College. I'm going to do this and that. And she's like, oh, have you told Batman yet? Well, you know, the, the time hasn't been right. And, uh, right there to me. this shit right now. Right there, this to me. And he's like, I'll tell after this mission. You know, because this mission is so easy. But to me, this is the action movie where the guy finds out he's going to retire in two two days. This is exactly it. This is why Lethal you weapon? have these scenes. Yeah, you have these okay, scenes. Everything worked out for that. So Good. that everybody can say, oh, damn, two days till retirement. He has something that he's waiting till the end of yes. this to tell Batman the most important thing in his life. But he can't tell him now. He can't go up to Batman right now and go, hey, Batman, by the way, I know we're doing this, but I think I'm going to go to college because we said it before. Batman knows. If they try to – this guy, the greatest detective, he's prepared. Somebody sent a letter to Tim, right? He got the yeah. letter. There's no way Tim's getting a letter and Batman doesn't know about it. There really isn't. And you're going to find out if I find out anything or we find out anything – is that Batman's also involved in getting him in. I think that behind the scenes, yeah, Batman's all for too. this. I think Batman lo would love that Tim wants to do this. Uh, but yeah, he's not going to tell him right away. I'm like, yep, that means uh, shit's going to go no, wrong. I, I, I can go with you, though, where like if he's in a coma for the next whatever, you know, how many issues, but I think eventually we will get him to Ivy Town. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that what would happen is he goes in the coma, something happens, and then he just says, uh, you know, you know what, I'm needed more... With this, I, I realize that my calling is this. Shit like that. I really do. I don't think, I think that Ivy, 
Colin, that's just thrown in there. The get guys like you excited. I do not think he's. What is he going to go there? Next thing he's in the fucking uh, mini verse with fucking Troy. Him and Ryan Choi trying to get Ryan Ryan Choi getting him back. There's no fucking way that. When are they going to do this? What is it going to be a backup in this book? No, they don't have a book. December. They have the Adam and uh, starring Tim Drake. Yeah. Oh my God. Where is the that? Uh, do I have a sound that possibly can tell me that that? Yeah, there it is. Cause that's nonsense. Here, I need Who this now. Who else in the local say yeah? Yeah, yeah. I, I got, my whole world is turned upside down now, Eric. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> You're talking in French now or something now. Oh, well, uh, we got to get back to the Adam at some point from that rebirth special. Yeah, but and really. I don't even that that tunnel is still dark. I don't see a light at the end of that goddamn tunnel. I, I, I really don't like a think. Very important part of that rebirth. And then what? After that, he's going to go and visit Johnny Thunder. Tell yeah. him fucking stories at the old folks' home. Somebody's got it. It's Tim Drake. He's the fucking key to it all. Yeah. He the, the key to it all in this book is certainly not Tim Drake's art because no, his character all. art is off. And it, it threw me off. It and, is the and worst part of this book. I'm telling I'm you, saying, you don't I like said that much. Here's I, the deal. I, I'm not saying that I don't like it that much. I've, I've seen Eddie Barrows. He started the, the series. I just think that compared to his normal art, this seems very rushed. And I'm not just saying like that you like Stephanie Brown's character or whatever. I'm talking even backgrounds. Oh, there's a lot of plain-looking shit. That's not how it was in those first issues. And and he, I don't know. I don't know the behind the scenes. Could he not keep up? And then they had the other guy come in, and now he's back, but he had to rush. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But this is not up to par for what he usually does. You you liked it though. I think you, it looks great. And the yeah, only I, problem I with the issue, the way it looks, is the Tim Drake character. Here's the deal. I'm saying you have that beginning, the flashback. Incredible. Yeah. Then you go to the next page after the flashback, and you have some of what appears to be the worst rush deal. There's a there's a panel there with uh, Kate and Batman that is awful. That she's like, we need to talk. Yes, yeah, we do. Yeah, I'm looking right that, at that. I knew you were going to bring that you, one up. There's these parts in this issue where you have that. Then you go down below. Look at Tim and the the character. Stephanie does away. not have a face. <laughs> she is faceless. This is what I'm Great saying. Face in the foreground looks good, though. He looks okay, but I'm saying it at points. And look at the background. You have a crazy-looking, what appears to be a fire, but yeah. what is it? All, what's on fire? There's stuff. a lot of that's Felt hocus pocus. Stuff. There, I'm <laughs> telling you, there are very good panels. There's parts of this that I'm like, holy shit, that looks good. Yeah. There is a lot that seems rushed, and it just threw me off a bit. And I've just two panels that I just look. They do seem rushed. And even when you go, you have like a Stephanie and Tim when Tim says, I made I, I my like decision. That even that, but you look behind. That is, there's no background at that point. It's like a fudged fucking shadow. It's, it's a yeah, lot of like, it seems like a lot of, it seems like a lot of corner cutting to get this done. But yet then you see shit like you have that, uh, painting thing that you really like when you see Stephanie. Oh, yeah, like there's the some like out of nowhere, doing. it looks great. But then you get the next panel and shit's off again. Uh, It's weird. I I do say as well that the cape, Batman's cape, throws me off. And it happened before. We didn't mention it on the podcast, I don't think. But the way he does the cape with, like, the little circles and stuff. Honestly, when I was looking at this at first, I'm like, is he wet? Yeah, no. And and when I went back and looked at the other 
the first two issues that uh, Eddie uh, Barrows did, it was the same, and yeah. for some reason, it didn't throw me off them. It does throw me off a I little. Saying, I don't remember re- like noticing it until this yeah. issue. No, I didn't either, but it was there, and it actually shocked me that it was, and we didn't talk about it. But yeah, you get Tim saying... Back to this. Tim's saying, hey, I'm going to go to college. I've decided I I think I can do more. I can do more, and I agree. He's the smartest guy there. He's the smartest Robin. I think he could do a lot of good. I think he needs a cool-down period because his character's been treated so terribly. Yeah, but it's it's weird. All of a sudden, we're getting the best Tim that we've had in probably six, seven years. Go out on a high note, come back, and just I said, though, he's been good the whole time. The one issue where he was telling Kate, where, hey, Kate, listen, Batman knows people. Too. He chose you. Yeah, he's been great the whole time. I said this this series is the rehabilitation of Tim Drake. You get him out of the Teen Titans where everybody hated him, put him in here, and he's a really good guy. Uh, in the meantime, you get more uh, catch-up to me because we do know whether Kate does or not. We know that Batman is aware that it was Jacob before yes. because the drones that were – following everybody around there were like triple saying, the drones even, on even Kate. with that information that we have but they don't i like the interactions here because you need kate confronting batman with this and getting on even footing yeah with but him again with this, this this is something that just seems it seems too far in now it, it, this would have been to me this should have been when the, he told everybody else the same exact story it, there's it's just weird to me like she and the one thing that I wish you called out was, hey, listen, Batman, you son of a bitch. You knew it was my dad. You didn't tell me. And I invited him here. She, the reason why the Belfry is oh, destroyed yeah. is because she had her dad arrive. That is a fuck up. Batman, there's where the angle should have been. That's they don't a really fuck get in my mind it. on Kate for even doing that, though. Yeah, well, again, but she thought she could trust him, though Batman this whole time knew that you couldn't and yeah. say, listen, you got to let me know because not only did I not know that my – I put everybody here in danger because you didn't tell me. Go that line and That's then I'll be like, too. okay. Yeah, I could go with that. But this is more of just like we can't tell lies and stuff. Like, well, I don't know. know I this. really like this like as a, like an epilogue to what we just had with them as children. I like this continuation Yeah, of this. I just – again, though, we all – we know this story. We've seen but it I twice wanna, already. I want to have this them understand I know, but this is the third time that it's brought up, and I've had enough of it. I really have, and he kind of did skirt the issue before, just not saying that it was her dad. That was the one thing, and again, he could even say, listen, you love your dad. Uh, we don't have the best relationship. I just didn't want to badmouth him. I was hoping I could take him down without you guys. I know I'm wrong, whatever. But it also goes back to the whole thing where the Bat family in the New 52, that was their biggest thing. Batman, he kept secrets. We seem That's to be past that. We seem to be past that now. That was one of the yeah, things the thing that is, I thought was rebirth. It kept seeming to be past that. It kept coming yeah. back. But again, again, we're back to, you know, Agreed. shit again. I, this I is not that moving forward. We had it in Death of the Family and then again in Batman and Robin Eternal. I'm like, come on. Yes, and now you're going to go to the next thing where going into this issue, if I said to you, okay, what is uh, Ulysses doing with the colonel? And you go, oh, he's sending those drones. Now, I know that we're doing it, but we have three pages of Tim. Oh, my God, everybody get here. Those drones are coming. We know that. Then we get more of the he's going after the League of Shadows. That's a a myth. Really? We, We know all this. Why do you keep repeating yourself? And it's weird because Batman... Everybody keeps bringing up this League of Shadows, and Batman just dismisses it right out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when he did that the first time, to me, that's Batman. I I trust 
Batman. You know what's weird, so, though? The way he says it here is like, you know, the League of Shadows in Gotham, an organization, mind you, that probably doesn't exist. Like, probably not. This, this is what I'm exist. saying. When he first why, told why are you us. probably now? Yeah. Uh, that was, first, that's even Tim Drake saying that, it looks like. When he first told us that, when Batman first told us that, though, to me, Batman tells me that the moon is made of Swiss cheese. I'm going with it. You don't have to tell me again, Batman. I trust you. No matter what it is. He tells me the League of Shadows. Every other issue, he's telling us this is a myth. You don't have to keep telling me, Ben. I mean, you're trying to convince yourself. Now, another thing with art I wanted to show you. Do you see when uh, they're in the Belfry and Tim goes, hey, they have a secondary drone fleet, heavily armed. He's telling them all what's going on. Tim doesn't have a mask in one panel. Really? Yeah. He's just sitting there. Uh, you could look at it and tell me he does. He does not have oh, a mask. Oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just weird. Some of this That's bad art. coloring. I, I blame the yeah. colors for that. Uh, no, there'd be a blank mask. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's funny because there's glass on the ground, but it looks like those ticker tape things that they used to have at the off-track bedding where yeah. people would lose and throw them down. But, yeah, they have to go. The drones are there. They're minutes away, and they are going to target innocent people. There's going to be innocent casualties, and really everybody's innocent, is according to Batman. He says, "Yeah, there, there is and no that's target that's weird legit." Too because, like you know, even Jacob is praying to God to understand that he's trying to do some good here, and there, but there's going to be casual, like uh, what's that fucking uh, collateral damage? Collateral damage. There will and be. And I'm like, I didn't even think about that though, because I'm like, I'm, I was so focused on the 300 people. Yeah, they're just going to be start opening fire. And well, here's the thing, though. Right. If you didn't think about it, you weren't paying attention because him and Ulysses talk about it for like two pages last issue. They t that was the whole thing. Ulysses like, hey, remember those drones? Yeah, there was too much collateral yeah, damage, I didn't really but you think know what? About it that much, yeah, but then he said that that's necessary, you yeah. know, casualties now, and Jacob's like, do it. So we already had that too. It just it it, the, it just got me that this was very much catch up, and I don't know if that if it's meant to be like, hey guys, we're we're gonna have a cool down issue. Let's let everybody jump on here because a lot of stuff and is you know explained. What? It's, a, it's a good ass jumping on point then. Yeah, I, I just it felt off to me. It really did. It it just was like a, an issue that treaded water. And from what I got in this issue, from what I went into, if we if I skip this issue. And next one, the only thing I'd be like, oh, my God, they're all attacking Tim. I wouldn't have, like, I would have less questions about some other books. Like, I'd skip Action Comics next. Right. I'm really confused. I wouldn't know what the fuck's going on or say Batman. Of let This one just seems to be like, let's stall a little because nothing really happens. It seems like this whole issue takes place in possibly five minutes. Yeah. You know, then they go. It's they're going to. They're going to save everyone. Well, they're going to save everyone. And Batman says nobody dies tonight, which I I did I like that, that line, and I liked it. He's all pissed off. He's fucking gritting his teeth. He should stop. He probably grinds his teeth all night when probably. he's sleeping. But yeah, and then you get the uh, colonies there, and don't that's worry, where it's Jacob. Only three hours a night. Yeah, yeah, really. I don't even know that. Jacob is, uh, you know, giving the whole thing, God, you know, I hope that I'm not fucking up. Please let my daughter be protected, whatever. And there is a point later where Ulysses even says to Jacob, hey, why don't we target Batman and Batwoman? And no. he says no. And I did like it because he says no right out. He doesn't even target Batman. He, Batman, he loves Batman. He just, he hates, he sees, you know, he sees thomas and batman as well and that drives him nuts i think but i think deep down he does love him and you know it's what's left of his sister dan yeah but uh and honestly meantime, to this point i would not even think that until that opening funeral yeah, scene. that's what was really good it. about that no that first scene was great but then you get you get the guys going off and clayface 
goes off as Batman. <laughs> so you get good. a Dark Knight Returns uh, homage there, which, again, I don't know about you. That's like the fifth, sixth time it's we've had that gotta be like so the, Yeah, it's got to be like the tenth that time that we've seen this since. lightning the, storms in this fucking the, series. Yeah, and for the last, say, six months, I've seen it in other books as well. We keep seeing this. And uh, even in Mar- – I forget what Marvel book was. They had like a, a little like goofy thing that was supposed <laughs> to be like that. But it's it made me laugh because it's Clayface. Yeah. It's, and this is the Clayface that if it was any other book, it would be driving me nuts because it's, it's fooling you. But it's great because he, there's the, the homage. Then he breaks into a house and Indian family's there and he's like <laughs> – Come on, uh, I'm Batman here. Hey, uh, uh, Batman yeah, and he's like, here. Uh, I'm like, and I uh, I'm like, why the fuck are you talking? I like know that, it's so weird. And they did a great job with it. He's like, hey, can you <laughs> can you do me a favor and head down to the basement? Some bad things are happening. They're just like, who the fuck is this? Yeah, and okay, he's like, not working. Yeah, it's not working. Turns into Clayface and scares him the fuck down. And That's then hilarious. He, and Clayface and then, looks the best here he has looked. Yeah, in the Clayface. Is, so far. I think actually he looks. He's always looked good to me, except for that mouth. That fucking that you don't like throws that, me off every time. All these shots on him, a lot of these are either mouth closed or from the side, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then he's sad. He he wants to he wants to be he doesn't want to be Clayface. You know what I mean? He wants to play his role he and actually want to be a hideous fucking I think monster. he's also upset because he is an actor, Eric, <laughs> and he just failed. He failed in his he, acting. He couldn't find his motivation for Batman. No, he could not find the motivation, but he did save them. Then you get uh you get Orphan. Yeah. Fucking Cassandra. She has nothing to do in no, this series. No, she, she really, it's weird why they I, even have her in this I book. just thank God, though, for what, that she has, in my mind, clearing out a homeless shelter. Well, and, uh, yeah. we have at least, her part is the foreshadowing for whatever we're dealing with next, because one of the homeless guys living has black eyes. And we yeah, he has just see that. black eyes, so and they make God, sure At least Cassandra see. is the foreshadowing part. And, say she's and doing to me, something. it's because they need to have something happen when Tim's in that coma, Eric. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, then you have Batman and Kate on the roof, and then what? That's Another where you get the whole strike. thing. Yep, more lightning going off, and you also see Ulysses and uh, Jacob, and again, the art to me is a little off. And the yeah, Ulysses honestly, that's for the stuff. first time I really thought it was off looking at a uh, Ulysses. Yeah, again, face this, there because... it's not anything that's crazy bad. No. It's just not up to his quality. It just seems rushed. And you see Jacob in the back. He looks like he has no dimension to him. He's flat. He's like Paper Mario back there against that fucking wall. Awesome. Yeah, and, and what's that? Awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, that was <laughs> awesome. But yeah, and then you're getting the whole thing. The drones are coming. Tim's trying to figure shit out. And what he figures out, I, it's a little hokey. He figures out that he can change it from targets yeah. to target. And we found and, ourselves talking about this a little bit before we got on the air here. but Yeah. Why, why did it have to be a living thing? No. I, why couldn't he have uh, changed the target to the a drone? Why couldn't it be that they attack the, the, each the other? Gotham Bay. Why you know, couldn't it whatever. be a wall, a fucking statue? <laughs> the moon. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Target the moon. The but sun. No, I don't know, man. He targets himself. And they... <laughs> Tynan does a really good job here with Stephanie because Stephanie's very upset. She goes against protocol and says to Batman, you got to get there. Tim is, you know, he's programmed to get to Tim. And Batman, he is a stickler for the rules. He's like, <laughs> code names on the comm spoiler. And she basically, if this was, a, if they were allowed, you. yeah, if they were allowed to have language, 
Yeah, she would say, I don't care about your fucking stupid code names, you fucking asshole. He is now getting attacked by himself. That and sweet piece of meat that I love is about yeah, to die. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Now that everything is working out between those two, that spells doom as I well. I have Whedon. But yeah, yeah. And then there's uh, Batwoman just looks at Batman and says, go. I know you got to go. And it's so funny. Like, why is he just sitting there and needs her to say that? Is he trying to save face? Like, if he goes, uh, who? Well, look at you running after your little boy. You care it about just something. Weird. Look at yeah, you. Yeah, really. Yeah, he, he is going to save face. But he goes off. More lightning, though, Eric. A lot of lightning in this stop book. Lightning. Yeah, because then you see Tim. I think Weather Wizards in town, and they should be dealing with it this shit. It might be. That'll be next. It's no, it's a Speed Force storm. Everybody, oh, yeah. everybody in Everywhere. Gotham now has Speed Force, <laughs> except Batman, who's not going to get the Tim in time. But yeah, he's there. I, Tim's I think like, that part, okay, though, he's trying to he's trying to get there in time. He's like Alfred, scramble the yeah, goddamn. That's back awesome. Yet, do whatever. Yep. And yeah, it's not he's get upset. There. Just fucking do he it. He knows he can't. And then Tim says to himself, "Listen, it's all a math problem." No, it isn't, Tim. It's a lot of guns. Math problem. Here's the math problem. One plus eight hundred equals eight hundred and one drones that are going to kill you. And he's know, there. And he math says, problem. I don't really understand how that's going to work. But I'm math problem. He's there ready to fight. There's no math problem. The math Maybe problem. He's, he's some geometry and how he's going to take them all trouble. out. He's one no, hit. He's in big I, it's trouble. It's a poop game in my mind. That'd be great. One one thing shoots. He deflects it and it goes through every one yeah. of them. But yeah, he says it ends with it looks to be hundreds of drones there, and he's he wants to dance there, and that is the worst panel worst of the issue, page of which the book. is the worst because it is the cliffhanger, and it could be this could be a panel that Tim Drake fans would get Eddie Barrows to sign all the time if it kicked ass. It does not. No. He looks weird. He doesn't look like himself. He really doesn't. Um, but yeah, that's the issue. I had a lot of, uh, problems with the catch up and the setup. Nothing really happens to me. Uh, not much goes forward, though I still don't mind. When I say my score, like I'm talking like this is a fuck you five. It's hardly that. It's not anything as bad. I gave it a seven out of ten because I thought, again, the, the art was a little rushed to me and we didn't get much though. What we did get with Tim, I do like. But again, it's, 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 it's going to be Tim. the it's going to be the two days till retirement. But I've liked Tim. I've said that every time we talk about this book. Yeah. That I like Tim. Tim's the star of the book. That's the other thing. You're going to build up a character that everybody really was getting tired of. I can't say hated, but the Teen Titans. He was awful. He was Terrible. really awful. Now you're all of a sudden you're you're building him back, and you're going to get rid of him. And I think that this book. What was built to have that Robin character is why I don't think that he's going to be quote unquote gone, and I don't think he's going to be an Oracle type deal. Or, right. You know, they might be pushing that, but he's he's always been this. It's not like all of a sudden he's this tech genius out of nowhere. This is Tim Drake, and I really do like him in this book. I like him with Kate when Batman's not around. I like them kind of talking about how Batman is. That was I like one of my favorite parts. Together. Yeah, I do like them together as well. And again, if you're going to have him go into a coma, which I think he's going to get hurt pretty bad, you have a lot of opportunity to have Spoiler grow a little with her character, get more of her, how she's going to, she's going to hate Batman. And she's going to say, why are you, you know, why are we doing this? There's that sort of thing, which I like. You're going to have Kate upset. And you're going to have Batman upset in kind of a thing where when Kate came to Bruce at the beginning of this issue and kind of comforted her, I think she's going to have to do it again. And I think that's why that was there as well, to show how much she cared about yeah. him so that you can get to that as well. I also now, think now Jacob's in a lot of trouble. There's got to be a tragedy. 
Yeah, yeah. Or unless Jacob dies and he has to be there for her. And I, I think that might happen as well, actually. But it doesn't seem... And at one point, we didn't even mention, when Batman goes off to help Tim, Kate leaves and says, I got to go talk to my dad. Yeah. And I'm like, really? If you can just go and do that at any point, like, she's like just thinking, why aren't you already talking to him? You're letting <laughs> these drones attack. You're sitting on the top of a building and then just go, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll go talk to him. It seemed a little forced, but I didn't mind. I like I, said, I gave it a seven out of ten. I'm telling you, the reasons, like the whole thing you had problem with the rehash is weird because I like it because up until this point, Detective Comics to me has been like a middle of the road kind of storyline. I have not really cared about it all that much because I found it kind of boring. But the, the aspects that they rehash here, I found really great the way they did it, and I ended yeah. up caring about what's going well, on. Like I said, this is something we have, but also you have to remember last issue, I. Uh, was talking about how much I was waiting for there to be any bit of action. Yeah. And that's all we got. And now we're back to talking again. There was no action except Clayface jumping in a, a fucking window pretending he's Batman. There really Agreed. was no more. And yet it ended with the promise of action, but every issue has ended <laughs> with the promise of action. And we just haven't gotten it. But you keep I would give it an 8.5 out of 10. Okay, yeah, it's probably that. my favorite issue of Detective Comics. Really? And there were uh, some I, issues with the art, but overall, I, I love yeah. Eddie Barrow's art. Yeah, I think that's way high. I think you're high. And the next book is the compliment, uh, the complimentary book to Detective. We always have, we'll always do this, right? There'll I never be so. a time where we don't group these together. And what book is that? Until they start, until they start coming out at different weeks for some reason. Yeah, well, that, action, that would be the case. Action Comics number 962, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Steven Segovia, Art Thibbert, Ulysses Ariola, and Rob Lee. It's time for the finale to the Path of Doom story arc where Superman goes about fighting Doomsday some more, but even though it's still a lot of the same of what we've seen so far, we do get more heart in this issue than previously seen, and Wonder Woman getting off the bench to give Superman the time he needs to activate his makeshift Phantom Zone projector to trap the monster. Too bad that Mr. Roz seems to not only want to test Superman to see what he can do, but he also wants Doomsday for himself, which he achieves at the end using some goddamn weird science to steal the goddamn project, intercept the projection. Ugh. Yeah. I just, everybody in this book has, uh, plans that, that they're like the classic, like, uh, that's what I wanted to do all along. Oh, you yeah, know, it's always that. At the end of them, I'm like, you son of a bitch, you did not talk about that at all until like last issue. It yeah, seemed I'm like we all, we start out with these goddamn crazy. troops. Who came out at the end of the last issue? Who are Mister Oz's troops? Like, yes, they're Mister Oz's where the troops. Fuck did he get troops out of? Them? We don't even know enough hey, about this guy to say says, okay. He has I troops. don't know. He has troops, and they they were at least I'll give him that. They were trying to contain uh, Doomsday. I guess they were grabbing him. The thing that I get so angry about, and you said it in your your uh, snippet there, your blurb, is that at any point when the freaking what's his name uh doomsday was fighting yes if if superman goes off doomsday's probably going to follow him yeah. but at one point he could have said the you know hey i'm going to be back in a second when when they're fighting in metropolis lex is there with the, the armor you have wonder woman there at the one point you even have superwoman fly through at one point right. just to, as a you know a goof to lead into her book that he would have at least been like hey I have a phantom projector. I think we might be able to use it. Like, there's none of this. This fucking thing with the that was my plan all. No, <laughs> it was not. I, it, yes, no, I don't know. If it should fly, be. Dan Jurgens should have been writing it to be, but you do not get that idea. 
No, he is fighting him in Metropolis. If this was his idea, he would have the minute that they started, he would have tried to. Now, I I know what you're going to say. Probably is you have to get John out of the mix because well, not only that, he the goes only after reason, him. I'm saying the only reason we got out of Metropolis is because Doomsday started going after John. He didn't even try to get him out of the way first. That's what I'm saying. And at the point of that, I don't think Superman even thought that Doomsday would know where John was until John no. yelled and he can hear it. So the minute they started fighting, he should have said, Lex. You know, as they're he punches him. The, hey, Lex, the, take care the, of the people. I'm out. I'm I'm having them follow me, which he should have done anyway. The only problem I see with that is that if Superman took off and Lex would probably try to fight the monster, like we saw him do, Lex would be dead now, and there'd be a shit ton Lex of dead would, people along the but way. The way they're spelling this out anyway is that Doomsday immediately would have fucking just taken off after yeah, Superman. But he would He's going after in the Kryptonians. Way, the way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You say to to. Uh, Lex, hey, get everybody out of the way. I have to do something. Wonder Woman's there at that time. She's there, you know, you know when deflecting she some up, shit. I can kind of see that. But That's even what I'm saying. On. At one point, you would think that he'd at least have gotten the shit out of the at city anyway. Something, some, something to somebody. Like, hey, yeah. guys, I got a plan. Don't worry about this shit. Or how about but this? He even I have, seems you know, like he knows it's going to work when he gets there. So this no, is never a plan, Superman. But even a weird thing where you could have had now, it's a weird, like, I don't know. Does he have, like, a Google Maps that he can have? Somehow that Lex... Is told by by Clark, hey, you got to go here, and it's almost like a, I don't trust Lex. I would never think to give Lex Luthor a fucking Phantom Zone projector. Shit's gone wrong. Lex, go get it for me, and it's one of those bond, not a bonding moment, but like we have at the end of this issue where he has to trust Lex, and then Lex comes through. Lex shows up. Huh. He's got the projector. He uses it. I'd be like, this is fucking awesome. I don't, I know, don't mind this issue. When, when Super, no, neither do I, though. When Superman came into his own little fortress he made, there are security measures. So there are, know. but I'm saying this is where I don't know if he has a key, how he does something where he can kind <laughs> we, of give. And we I'd did like a, see, we did see something like before, a car Clark and how he got yeah. in. I don't remember off the top of my head. Remember, how it he worked, went though. through like a portal thing through the top. It opened up and he went through a what? tube down in. I thought he just in. moved a, a boulder out of the way and then it went It kind of was. But yeah, it's. But Lex could do that. He has the armor. Sure. Uh, I, I don't. I, I just wish it would have been something where, if this was the final plan, I wish we would have had a little hint that that yeah. was a coming to place. If at some point he even said, "I <laughs> yeah, gotta but, get to, I gotta get to Colorado," you know, the, whatever. The only hint I had was at the end of last issue where they had was Mister Oz was talking about his own gate. I think he saw this gate, and like you know what? They're trying to push him into this. I got something I could use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, he makes it almost seem like this was his plan all along. Like, I just yeah, want to know what this gate is, too, though. It's like the troops show out with these freaking, like, um, anti-motion guns, some kind yeah, of I think, uh, guns. Well, I think that basically gate. what you're seeing at the end where he's in that circular thing with Mr. Oz, I think that's all the gate was. It was to send him to Mr. Oz so he I, has I know, him captured. I I'm telling you, I don't know enough about Mr. Oz to know he has troops or this gate technology. Well, I, I don't even I, know what this gate that's technology the thing. is. I don't even think we're supposed to even question I know. it. I think we're supposed to think that Mr. Oz is this really big bad. Here's and a gate. again... I think and Mr. Oz, guys guns. he's like Godspeed. We're just going to yeah. see shit and not know. And I really do think the whole Watchmen thing really threw it for a loop where we're really going to string this out. Like, you know, hey, who is it? Is it, it Osmodeus? Really What's yeah, going is on? is it Osmodeus? Oh, my God. And it probably – you would think that when Jeff Johns introduced this in his Superman run with uh, – John Romita, that there probably was no way it was Absolutely Osmodeus, not. right? And now they, they got it. It's almost, again, it's almost like 
August not wanting to tell his name. They right. don't want to show you too much, but I think they're playing with the idea that you think that he is bigger than he is or whatnot. To me, is a oh. peeping Tom that has Seriously, a goddamn... A he, has, he has cameras... Ev- Anybody who has cameras in the watchtower, there's some bad shit going well, the way on. He's watching. It's almost like Superboy Prime watched everything from that pocket universe. Yeah. And freaking, uh, yeah. Back in one of the crisis, and like, I'm just wondering to myself, like, is this the same thing going on here? Is he just be able to see whatever he wants? No cameras he, needed. Oh, I, I don't it know. It seems like he he can. Yeah, and I, again, I, there's a lot in this book that I think you're not supposed to question at all, and it just drives me nuts though when he sees every like when I see them, uh, Lois. And Wonder Woman and John are up in the Watchtower. And I'm like, he can see it in the Watchtower, too. I'm like, God damn it. Just, and that is I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because Lois does a lot of narration through everything in the freaking Watchtower where Wonder Woman took John and Lois to like protect yeah. them, to keep them away from Doomsday. And while I hated that idea, like Wonder Woman has to leave to make sure that Lois and John are okay. Now Superman's going to get the shit yeah. beat out of him. I really like us having this here where you see how much it's killing Wonder Woman just standing around and not Well, I like it. that, uh, and I really do like because it's a call out. We were mad maybe two issues ago that we were like, God damn. Remember, we, even at work we were saying, I'm like, this is like the Patriots taking Tom Brady out of the, out of the game. That you, was you last have, issue, yeah. Yeah, well, I think that – I don't know that we went fully about it in the podcast. I remember us talking at work, though. It's like you have a team where your best player or one of the two best players you're just putting on the bench. And I know that he cares about John and Lois, obviously. And to me, to you get them get to the, the watchtower. Once they're in the watchtower, I really do think they might be safe there. Yeah. I, you're really trying to get them away from Doomsday. I think that if Doomsday decides he's heading to the Watchtower, there might be a little bit of problem there in that plan. Plus, they're there to stop him, and you have one woman with you. She should be in it the whole time. They, she should have dropped them off there. And yeah, and you know what? Who should also be there? Cyborg. He's always sitting there on the no, Watchtower. He's out right? now that he's got his new body. I'm saying they should. They should. There should be somebody yeah, who, up who's there. Who's on monitor the goddamn Watchtower? Nobody. That's what I'm saying. Cyborg should be up there. He's in Detroit. He's hanging loose. <laughs> the fucking body. Right, you know, you can have anybody up there. You have Flash just hanging out. Yeah, Who knows who's up there? Somebody should be up there. Yeah. And, and really, when Doomsday Maybe is Wonder fighting Wonder Superman. Maybe and came down to help. Yeah. It's it's just weird. It's yeah. very weird, but yeah, but no, maybe. I like all the stuff, all the freaking narration that Lois is given throughout here, talking about she like she's looking at Wonder Woman. Like I know she wants to be back there. Maybe maybe Clark, you know, asked a little bit too much by making Diana come up here and help us. Like it is yeah. your fault, Lois. Yeah, you, yeah, because you, you keep leave. throwing shit. At one point, he says go away, and you just drive your car right no. up to Doomsday. No, we're yeah. not going to leave, Clark. Oh, God yeah. damn it. Yeah, we're not leaving. So now he's like, God damn it, get them the fuck out of here. Well, I guess and, I gotta uh, die again. Fuck me. Yeah. But then you have John, who I said, he <laughs> has the worst ADD. His dad is getting beat up by this fucking horned fucking spike monster. They're in the, and oh, oh my god, we got spaceships up here. Hey, can I watch my dad get beat up? I'm old enough. It's, it's going back and forth. He makes my head spin. He's just he. I know it's supposed to be like, oh my God, he's such a precocious little kid. Jesus Christ, focus, John, focus. Your dad's he might die. But yeah, they're, they're, basically we're we're talking about this stuff because the other stuff is just pretty much Superman again fighting, fighting Doomsday, Doomsday. The whole issue trying to get him to his fortress. Yeah, he's trying to get him to the fortress. He's punching him all over. He's hitting him to the other side of the fucking world. And when he, he finally gets there, for anybody who read Superman, Lois, and Clark. 
you will see the Oblivion Stone sitting in a case. Yeah, like, it's there. Just, it's, and it's glowing red. I'm like, God damn it, Jan- Dan Jurgens. We know you wrote the Oblivion yes. Stone and it went nowhere. Oblivion Don't keep Stone. throwing it in our yeah, goddamn face. Yeah, it went bases. nowhere. This is Rao in the JLA book. Pretty much. Right there, laughing at you. And you, we saw when Hank Henshaw put that goddamn Oblivion Stone necklace on him. He, I, he should get that necklace and put it on there, Superman. You might be able to do a little more. But yeah, what you get is that he has his homemade... Phantom Zone projector, Which but he can't. Wonder Woman comes down and yeah, he's gives trying him the and time basically, to charge it up. Yeah, and and Superman, he's trying to contain him so then he can use it. He can't. He's probably you would think he's probably going to die yeah. if Wonder Woman does not come down. Now she comes down and starts kicking ass and starts hitting him, shield everything. She's, I did she's get really excited though town. when we got into the fortress and Superman's like, you know, security. Doomsday protocols. I'm like, oh shit, what's yeah. he gonna have? And it's just a bunch of guns shooting Doomsday until he destroys them all. You gotta up your security yeah. measures. If you yeah. thought this was gonna stop Doomsday, you were fucking fooling yourself. Boy. Yeah, he, you know, all he can do is uh, he's got a lot of uh, what does he say? Like he's tinkering with yeah. things of what he remembers. Man, he just doesn't remember it. It is, it's just a little delay, and you have to have him be in a lot of trouble for then Lois to tell Wonder Woman, yo. You'll do better with Enough's him. Enough. You know, without him, we're nobody's safe. So get down there. This is and, it, yeah. Diana. I can't do this anymore. Go help him. You yeah. heard Clark Lois about every other consideration. <laughs> get out of here. Go. Yeah. Shut up. It takes he's John to die. Help my dad, please. I'm like, all right. Yeah. All right. She's like, okay. She goes down. He gets sent. I love the, the way Wonder Woman looks in this book. Yeah, I do too. The art is. Uh, we said. It starts off very rough. It yeah. gets better as the issue goes on. I do like Wonder Woman. I'm with you. I do like Wonder Woman. I want Woman. to see her with that goddamn like cloak on more because it looks amazing on her. Yeah. And they they put Doomsday into the Phantom Zone. Uh, John's yipping and yapping. He's jumping around. And fucking kid wants to go visit the Phantom Zone. Number one, I, I, you did can you, say... Did you hit him? I would have because I'd say, <laughs> listen, John, I've never taught you about the Phantom Zone. What did we just put in the Phantom Zone? We put the monster that almost killed Daddy. Why the fuck would we? Daddy before. Yeah. Why would we go into this Phantom Zone, you stupid do, do, kid? Do you like seeing your daddy get hurt, John? Is that what yeah, you like? Really? Seeing? Is that what you want? Now, here, here's your new cat. <laughs> <laughs> go have fun with him. You fucking sadist, you. You, you, you fucking psycho killer. How but did yeah, I man. raise such a child? But I really like it until one point when Wonder Woman, and Superman, Superman says, just like old times. Yeah. Old times. What well, old times are they talking about there? He has well, old times with Wonder yeah, Woman, just yeah, not this Wonder Woman. That's that's the worst line I've I've ever heard in this this book. Then it's so stupid. He should have said like, "Boy, that that seems like something we would have done." I don't even know what they don't have to do it. They fist bump. Okay? I was gonna say, are you okay with the fist bump? No, that bothered me a bit. I don't even want to. I don't even want to. <laughs> Fucking fist bump. It's like weird when they get. Hey, I know hey, they, Wonder Woman, pound it. Yeah, he doesn't want to <laughs> hug her because Lois is looking. What's going At on? It's a handshake. Yeah. Why is it got to be a fist no, bump? No, you just, you know, put an I arm on her shoulder. If you shoulder. want to modernize a character, Dan Jurgens, let Superman shake a hand. But just like old times. What, what old times? And she know. should have said, that was odd coming from you. And make it something like that's something they're like, yeah, you know what? Even if Wonder Woman said, I know that sounds crazy, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Fist bump. Pound it, baby. Pound it. 
But yeah, it, it seemed weird to me. It threw me out for a second. And then, <laughs> it's funny when it said that it threw me out, and then I realized they were fist bumping. I'm like, really? And then they pan out, and they're giving up each other the Milli Vanilli chest bump. Yeah, fucking doing the cabbage patch together, <laughs> fucking dancing it up. It's so hey, Macarena. It's so what fucking ridiculous. Yeah, come on, Wonder Woman. Here, give me some flesh, baby. Come on. Yeah. I think you know they're doing this kid's play. It's so funny. And all of a sudden, Superman yells, Funky Protocol. Fucking then they're dancing. Fucking mirror ball comes down. They're dancing it up. Ooh, ooh. Superman's raising the roof. They're doing everything that was in ten the, years the ago. Play leg lock dance. Oh yeah, they're doing that, and then she's like, "Yeah, you are from a different time, aren't you?" <laughs> Jesus Christ, nobody's done that leg lock dance in ten years at least. It's Boy. probably like thirty now, right? I'm an old man. I'm like Superman's age. But we move. We move back to this bump, Eric. Where we yeah. see Lex Luthor continuing to be Superman, and I love this part of the book. Yeah, this part's great. Uh, Especially you know who when I the one girl he saves yeah. calls, him, calls Superman. him Superman. Awesome. And you know that this we have been saying this all along, and uh, that's all he wants. He yeah. really does. This is the weirdest thing that before all he wanted was Superman, that dirty alien, to be, and also just, hey, I'm the ruler of the world. I want every. This he just, it, he's really taken by the respect that he would get as Superman, you know, and it really is almost to the point where you, it get, you get a little teary eyed at points because that's what he really wants, and he's saving a little girl. And you know what? She should have given him a fist bump, Eric. And then they could have said, <laughs> and then, yeah, come on, baby. He's dancing it up, and they're going with Clark. I, I could have done without Clark there. There's no reason. All you're doing is reminding me that we know nothing about this goddamn Clark. Now he doesn't have sleeves, Eric. Yeah, well, he, he has the sleeve t- torn off to make yeah, a sling for himself. So ridiculous. So ridiculous. I for don't want to see him. just a mild manner of Porter, he is ripped. I d- yeah. Oh, yeah. He's huge. I don't want to see anything until we get some answers. But, yeah, there's Lex. The girl says, hey, you know, and it's also great. She's like, thank you, Superman. You are quite welcome. It's so good. And, and I also Superman like, Superman is close enough to hear him say that. Yeah, I, well, I love, too, that Clark is there with the mother, and he basically is like, your kid is dead. And then <laughs> Clark's like, stand aside. It's like he has no room. And I do like the fact that Clark, well, we'll get it. Clark seems to be working again at the Daily Planet, which is now owned by Lex, which is something that I did actually forget. Yeah. Uh, that was from that uh, Justice League 52 where he bought the Daily Planet only to get Superman's cape because some crazy way in a legal matter, the Daily Planet inherited Superman's cape because he he didn't have any family. (laughs) What? I'm going to die now. My family dies. Next thing you know, our work gets my clothes. (laughs) They show up at our work. They're like, oh, yeah, here's Jim's fucking eight pairs of shorts and his ten sweatshirts. And they're like, oh, thank God. Thank God we get those. But yeah, that, but I liked it. I liked that callback. It did remind me of it. But I like the fact that we now realize in my mind, Lex is that Clark's boss. Yeah. And he can, and I do like, I like how Lex is very uh, aloof to that Clark. I think it's very funny. But yeah, in this you get Superman pre-Flashpoint. Superman goes to talk to Lex and we've seen it before where through this whole thing, he does not trust Lex. He has used this whole time that he's been in the New 52 chasing the white rabbit of Lex being evil in this universe because, you know, basically his quote was, Lex is always evil. It doesn't yeah. matter what universe you're in. He's always evil. You know one Lex, you know them all. Yep, and he cannot find that, and Lex calls him out on it. He yeah. says, you Where's think, you proof, think I'm a criminal and a murderer? 
Huh? Where's your proof? And he's like, ah, ah, yep, you don't have it, do you? And I do like the fact that Superman is kind of thanking him. He still doesn't trust him, though. No. And I says, don't mind that because he's sticking with yet. it. And it's going to lead to – I hope they don't string it along too much because I do want a time where Superman says, you know what? You are a good guy. That's when we find out he's bad, Eric. Yeah. That's when we find out all of this. He is in league with Mr. Oz. But until that time, I do like it. And then I want this book to become the Lex Luthor book. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird to think of like, like I was saying earlier where you have detective comics with Tim Drake. And I said, there's no way he's out of it. People like Tim Drake. They bought the book for it. This book is so scattered (laughs) that I don't know where it's going. No. If, if I could go in a time machine and go ahead in eight months and I find out that this is the book where it's Superman and John. The, or this is the book with the new Clark or, you know, the non-powered Clark and Lex. This is the book with that. Nothing would surprise me because no. at this point, I don't know what's going on. All of this stuff with Doomsday, because it's Doomsday fighting pre-Flashpoint Superman, to me, it just seems like this is a prelude still, that we're still getting to what this book is going to be about. I can't put my finger on what it would be going We'll even have the addition of Wonder Woman here. Like, it doesn't seem like that matters for this book, for her to have, like, some kind of connection to this Superman, but we have it in this book, so... I don't know. I couldn't tell you. It's like Wonder Woman going to keep sticking around. Is this Superman going to be the action comic Superman? Yeah. I couldn't tell I, I you. Can't, I can't tell you. It, it just seems I like I can look prelude. at November solicits, but I don't like looking ahead. Yeah, I, I do look ahead, but, you know, solicits. It probably says, oh, yeah. Superman faces an evil that he hasn't known for years. I'll tell you, half the solicits I read this week for the previews, I they were completely wrong. So I'm like, fuck them. I yeah, don't like they, looking at them. They are a lot, but I, I did like, and then you, we said before, it, the issue ends with Mr. Oz revealing that this was his plan all along as well. Everybody's retroactively, yeah. cons- you know, telling Everybody each other right. they're geniuses. And, um, he's that, intercepted uh, the projection. Yeah, he's intercepted the projection. Finally, and, Doomsday is mine. I'm like, yeah, and it seems like thing? that's all this was, was for him to get Doomsday, yet through this whole arc, it seemed like it was more of him testing what Superman was that's up to. That's all we've heard up and, to yeah, this point. It seemed like more of a test, but now it's that he wanted Doomsday. And yeah, then I'm he guessing becomes... maybe those troops, those uh, those people who were trying to steal his casket in the beginning of this series were Mr. Oz's troops, but we don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I would guess they didn't are. even know they he were had to do troops that. until last issue. No, he has them, and it's weird because you go from this guy who's sitting there, you know, the evil guy looking at the monitors, peeping, uh, to when now that he wants Doomsday, like to me, that kind of makes him just a generic you know what i mean the collector. Like before, I, before i thought he was a a villain who had like you know the puzzle maker and he was putting all the puzzle pieces <laughs> the together and stuff now that he has doomsday it just seems like now you just want the big brute and that that's what you were about and you know he's the retroactive genius you know everything he's the plan maker i don't but yeah we're, we still don't know anything about clark we but don't know anything the about mr Oz. Along, string though, us along we already said the, the art was a little rough as yeah. you started the issue, but as it went along, I swear it got great. I really yeah, loved it I by the like end. It. And I'm just happy that we're done with the Doomsday story arc because now maybe shit will happen. It'll be I funny. The next, next uh, issue, he's just going to send Doomsday to Metropolis. No. Oh, kill everyone. Yeah, but uh, here's the thing. He, he wants Doomsday. He says, finally, I got Doomsday. Doomsday is not... He doesn't like to play nice. 
No. So what he must be it has to be like sucking his energy. This is not something or cloning him. I, I don't know. know. In my mind, but even you, that you wouldn't make something sense. Something and then you unleash him on a fucking unsuspecting. Yeah, populace. but it's weird. I don't know what you, he wants. you would have, but you can't control him. I don't know. Is his army like what you said? You don't know anything about these army or troops. Are they all dead? Is that all he had? Who knows? And if so, if he sure. lets Doomsday go in a somewhere, yeah, Doomsday's not coming back. You know what? It, though? It's I not like, like that he comes back. This. About this issue where freaking Superman, after like, you know, the troops die, Superman is trying to get Doomsday to his fortress. We take the time to see that this is that old Superman who cares about everyone. Yeah, he is yeah, so upset that these ki- people died. Yeah, though he I doesn't like know that who a lot. There was a he, lot of hearts Then this he has issue. to be like, eh, I gotta worry about the what's going on now. Yeah. But yeah. There's a lot of hearts yeah. to this issue, though, that we yeah. really haven't had previously, and that made me like it a bit more, except for that first issue, because I was hyped as shit to see Doomsday and all this. Yeah, you were, you were but going nuts. I gave that. this issue a 7.8 out of 10. I would give this a 7 out of 10, but I, I did like it. Again, I gave the Detective a 7. I, I liked it. A 7 out of 10, it, to me, is not a horrible score. It's just, it, it was more of the same. We did get an end to this Doomsday nonsense, but it's still, I, I want big answers. And yeah. we're not getting anything here. We didn't get and any answers from this no, first story. No, it just arc. keeps going, and we'll see. I really think that they made a mistake. Dan Jurgens made a mistake of even introducing the Clark character that early. Right. It, it it just came out too early. We got like one line of "I'm not who you think I am." This would have been good if all of a sudden, out of a, out of the rubble, they're like, "Oh, do you know? Oh." Clark, and then that's the you know. Yeah, oh my god! And now, on. from at this point, we want to know more about Clark. By now, I don't know about you, but I, I've given up even thinking. I see I don't Clark. Even talk about him. Yeah, I see anymore. Clark, and I don't even expect them to do anything except maybe get... start his story again and get interrupted. I'm telling you, I never talk about freaking Mister Oz in my reviews because all he was doing is freaking like looking at monitors until yeah. this issue. I'm like, all right, he's got Doomsday. Yeah, yeah, he certainly does. But we'll move on. All right, Eric, and what is the next book, Anna? Is this the book that everybody loves? Everybody loves it. Everybody. Hopefully you do, too. I'm always afraid if I give something a high score, you're going to, I fucking hated that nonsense. I might be getting back at you at all those times. That's I what know. I'm always worried about. You're I always tell me that spiteful. Detective Comics was an 8.5. I don't know. That might affect the score. I'm how telling dare you. you. I'm telling you, shit. That's how it works in my mind. I have been waiting and waiting to get back at you at anything because, all boy, right, Blue you, Beetle, you, you get back at me. You fucking, you know, you douse all my hopes and dreams uh, when <laughs> I have an issue that I love, and I just might do it to you right now. We'll Wonder see. Woman number five, written by Greg Rucker with art by Liam Sharp, Laura Martin, and Jody Wynn. In this issue, Steve Trevor gets some time to shine as he stares down the warlord Cadullo and gives his best smart-ass comments to the villain. On top of that, though, we have Sasha Bordeaux making her return to the Greg Rucker book, being a boss of Etta Candy, who apparently is being controlled by some nefarious thing. I don't know. And Wonder Woman making her way to Cadullo's fortress after giving us some more info on her false memories and her not being able to find her way home. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I might be the only one who doesn't like this issue. Aaron. Well, you didn't like the last issue of the last no, issue, I liked it. I did either. I liked it. I'm oh, you son of a bitch. Don't uh, fucking the art like is that. it. Just the art itself. I'm telling you, just incredible. open up that first page yeah. and just see London Town. Actually, I don't even know what this is. I want to see London Town just because that's where London, London, London Town. Town. I don't know where this is at. It's probably some Virginia or some shit. Yeah, but it looks be. amazing. Yeah, the only thing that uh, the Sasha part with uh, Edda was okay until. Like you said, it's revealed that she is being controlled, but it seems like she's being controlled with something that's with uh, Kadula, and that threw me off a bit. 
Yeah, I really don't. Did. The thing is, I spent like all of like as we were talking about some people were talking on the comments about this, and I, you know, I didn't really look into it before my freaking uh, review for it. I was just mm-hmm. going to go with it until it's explained. But when like Etta Candy is talking to Sasha about how you know we lost contact with Steve Trevor, I don't want to send in a rescue party yet because Wonder Woman's in the area. They're connected somehow. I think she'll. They'll well, get I really like that. It's just that whole thing. That was probably my favorite. Is that. I like that we're going to get this thing where it's a little hokey, but I loved it where Edda says, like, you know, th- those two are connected. I can't explain it. Nobody can. It doesn't make sense, but they're connected. Anything I, that happens, really they're like there, and I'm like, I like that. I really and, and do like that. In some ways, it seems like everybody knows this except for Diana and Steve. Well, I think that I, I think that's the case. You're like the but I they also, give off. I also like this because that also can explain that to me this means that they could go and Steve could try to shoot Wonder Woman in the head with a bullet and Wonder Woman can date Superman and and break Steve's heart. It doesn't matter. They're always connected. They'll always be where the other one needs it and I thought that was a perfect way to explain why all of a sudden you have Steve and Wonder – you know what I mean? Because really all this time – there's been troubles. Uh, Steve, obviously, Wonder Woman was dating Superman, and Steve always heart. seemed, yeah, broke his heart. And Steve always seemed to be the guy who was just left out in the cold. He really did seem like a sad sack through the whole thing. Though he was a good enough guy, he never really took it out on anything. But he was always upset. I'm and then, you have you the, though, then the it goes to the Dark Side War too, though. You know, in the Dark Side oh, War. Yeah. Then she was the one who was there, and he was like, you know, say, you know, help me, Diana, and all that, and and that whole thing, and it leads from that. It's it explains a lot without explaining anything. Yeah, and I thought that was great. I thought well, that was I'm really you, good. I just like it in my mind. Everybody knows it except for Diana and Steve, because this yeah. does lead to like the, a little callback to the year one story that we have with all the even issues of this yeah. book, where. You know, Wonder Woman now in the lies, she cannot get back to Themyscira. Nope. She, the, the gods will not allow her. She can't find her way home. And she goes to Cheetah before this to try to help her because Cheetah's been to Themyscira before. But yeah. really, it's in, like with connecting to that previous uh, year one story arc, it seems like she's going to need Steve because they, yeah, I think together, she will. they have to go back together. And the other, thing, now. the other thing I really liked that we actually got an answer for something that was driving you a bit nuts through the whole thing where – she Wonder Woman's telling Cheetah this, listen, you know, and Cheetah—it's more like Cheetah bringing it up again. Oh, you need me to go to Themyscira? What the fuck? You've been there a million times since yeah. then. Because like, you do exactly, you do see worried. that scene. Yeah, you do see that scene of her leaving, and she's telling, you know, about that. Doesn't even include Steve in that, but it's like, oh, when I left, you know, you're not allowed to go back. What are you talking about? You've been back a hundred exactly. times. Exactly. I'm like, oh, and she's is this like, not yeah, continuity? but What's now, going on? yeah, and I love that because that really did spell it out. But it's like now. Now I, I can't get back there. And I do also like, I think that a lot of people were reading this and not realizing that the whole thing that they were talking about was that the, the gods weren't letting her back. Yes. It, almost up until now, I think some people might have been confused. Like she just couldn't find the directions. Like she, <laughs> you know, because the I GPS think that wasn't working. You no, know, I think that what the way the whole story was with her not realizing things and going this. I even kind of had a little bit of a thing about this that maybe she just because she just cannot remember anything anymore of what's real what's not because right. of these lies because the matrix she right? may be going to like seven places that she's like i know it's there it's not and she's like holy shit i can't get there but i do like it because it is true with the mascara you have to be 
accepted to go, which in the last issue, in in year one, they talked about when they said, oh, these men who came here, they must be coming for war. And they said, no, 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 No you can't get here unless the gods let you, our patrons let you. And they did. So he must be here for a purpose. And obviously the purpose was to get Diana into man's world so she can help uh, with that. But I did like it. And I, I do love, I love Cheetah. In this, I feel so bad for her, so and you get I, a little so more of that. That's why I really like the last issue, because it really gave the character, like, character, honestly, because she's just a one-trick pony. You know, she shows up, she attacks Wonder Woman, she hates Wonder Woman. That's all we ever get. Here you feel bad for the character, and it's the first time I felt that for her. Yeah, well, and we'll just get right into it with the whole thing. I hate saying the last issue now, because every time I say that now, yeah, I'm like, well, you, think we, I hope people realize when you say it's the last issue of The Lies. Yeah. Uh, we'll always say that when I get the year one I'll stuff. try. But yeah, Edda goes to see Sasha, and she's basically, hey, listen, we lost contact. and uh, But in the meantime, with Steve Trevor and his troops. But in the meantime, Wonder Woman is around that. And that's where they're kind of like, do, do you think she knows? No. And Edda's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if she knows Something with them is not a coincidence. They're always where the other one's in trouble, the other one will be there. And I do like it. It's like one of those where they're like, okay, we'll give Steve, you know, an hour. Yeah. If we don't find out, then shit has gone wrong. Wonder Woman, you give a little more leeway. Like they're going to let Wonder Woman go in there and, and stop shit before they have to really go in and and, yeah, and really also think that something's wrong because Wonder Woman is that kick-ass. And I also like, it's a weird thing where Rucka has, and I think it's brilliant because when Edda then is leaving Sasha, she changes it then. Like, what was it? It was like a certain amount of time, like say it was 24 hours. Right. And then at the end, she's like, yeah, how about 12 hours? And I really like that. I thought that was like a very human you know what i mean like a real thing like me and you could be there i'm like hey you know what how long do you think it's gonna be ah, about 20 hours and then well, eh, maybe about 10 well, you know because yeah. they are worried they're, they're yeah, worried there's shit going hours, wrong then we'll call the cavalry yeah yeah that shit's going wrong because you see steve and his troops are captured you get the whole thing where uh and i always get to the the orskataga orskataga he is like the guy everybody's saying he looks like swamp thing sure does um he is this crazy ancient evil, Urs whatever, Kata-Kata. and he, he needs a vessel, and he need, he's going to come now, back to it. That is a problem I have. Before we go to that, I want to talk about Sasha Bordeaux, though, because after she finally gets Edda to calm down and go back home yes. and to worry about Steve in that 12-hour timeline, yeah, we see this ball, this floating yep. ball that talks to uh, freaking Sasha. It floats around and becomes this big-ass ball that can now project a hologram of Wonder Woman, but it's talking to her as if... They need card like they need freaking Steve Trevor and Cadulo to get freaking Wonder Woman to where they like whatever plan they have some nefarious mm-hmm. plan, and people are saying it's Brother Eye, but from really? everything I see here, no. it doesn't look like any kind of Brother no, Eye technology I didn't think I've it was ever brother seen. Eye. Well, I it's think because it's... Sasha has an old connection before the uh, New Fifty Two to Brother Eye. That's why okay. everybody's going with that. How but even it... on the symbol of this ball, um, it's an eye with six tentacles, and I spent yeah. a good portion of a night trying to find any kind of reference that i could yeah i i actually to me that looks more i i i just got the idea that she's obviously involved with this whole ritual and things like that i would say at one point that when they keep talking about the quote-unquote you know the the 
wives or whatever where even Cheetah was one where she wasn't pure so now she eats I think that Sasha is one of them because they spell out like yeah and then there's the ones that are good and they you know they're truly rewarded I hear it is those who were faithful were cursed those who were true were rewarded I think she's one of these wives per but se what is this like to me it's I don't know so I think I don't know I don't know it does look very alien and the books that we're talking about where everything seems to be switching back to magic this does seem to be very alien tech and, and you even see it it's funny as you go back that that ball is sitting on her uh with her shoes at one point and that's oh, it when, is, yeah yeah it, i didn't even see that until now yeah, like I. it's just something she has and it does i mean they are showing you that eye and you have that sasha background with that i i don't know but it's obviously right now either. it's it's with Kurz, uh what's what's his name i always get Urs Kartaga. Urs Kartaga. i think that she Urs is Urs Kartaga. i think go. that she is one of these quote-unquote you know rewarded women and yeah they needed this whole thing and really if you're gonna have anything they won and he even uh what's uh kadula is pushing steve trevor whatever they're doing it definitely is get steve to be the vessel and he has to fuck wonder woman and maybe that they're gonna have a a fucking crazy ass or skataga baby as well or you know that's how you continue but that's what it's pushed as like a baby need, situation they, yeah yeah his own freaking vessel i think so uh, whatever i think that's something like that is going on that that's what they want to try to do well, and yes. that you even have kadoli even trying to push him almost like it, it, he's gonna do what he's gonna do but he's even trying to push like convince Steve, that it's a good thing. Hey, look, you got your woman, you take your woman. You get her Skataga and you, you fucking, you're going to be in her and she's going to do what you want. You tell her. Yeah, that Kadula is not a forward thing. thinking individual. No. He, he is definitely not a uh, women's rights. No. I, I told you, the one guy on Twitter said that we are a men's rights podcast. I think Kadula is a piece of shit. So there. Yeah. I'm not just men's rights. He is a piece of shit. But yeah, he basically, but it, it fits the whole story. He's there. He's trying to tell Stephen. They, they back, keep wanting to know the the connection, though. Well, that's and, the thing. That's what I like about this part too, is because while Ed is talking about this connection they have, yeah. Duo is talking about the same thing to Steve. He's like, "You're here for a purpose. The gods put you on yeah. this path, so I'm going to keep you." The only problem I have with this is that he's talking all about how you will be the vessel for Urs Cartaga to walk among the mortals again. But mm-hmm. then he goes on to say, "And I will be its avatar." But yeah, in my I, mind, I, those are two of the same things. It's weird. I don't know what they're getting at. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's something that if he does something, then he'll transcend. I don't like, know. You know, you go, oh, you'll, Erskatarga will be the, like, you'll be its vessel. So he'll go into you, and then somehow you'll go into me, so I'll be his avatar. I got nothing. Just because I, these two words mean the same yeah. thing in my mind. Well, and the other thing that I think is that he's really, He's really pushing Steve Trevor, like, what does it mean? What do you two mean? And like you said, there's a connection. I don't know how, uh, if Kadula knows the full thing, but I think that he, I think it's beyond what even Kadula thinks it is. Like, this connection is something more powerful than I think they even realize. They're, they're just using it as, you know, they think that this is what they need to do. I think it's even beyond what they think. But I really do like they're setting Steve up. They're uh, setting him up for this ritual 
where and it's funny because of uh, all the movies we've seen you don't really even have to know a lot of what's going on once you start seeing uh, somebody strung up and then getting painted on with shit yeah. you know shit's gone wrong I've seen too many action movies and shit somebody's like that somebody's gonna have their fucking heart ripped yeah, out somebody's, somebody's heart is getting taken out and you know somebody's then gonna fall into a, a fucking river with alligators there <laughs> and fucking next thing you know it's just chomping on uh, clothing uh, well, but yeah works, Jim. That's how it works in my mind. But yeah, as this is going on, the rest of Steve tr- Steve's troops are with these girls who were kidnapped. They even say, not all of them are here. What's going on? And they are going to be a sacrifice. They're, there's trouble there. That one guy really got the shit kicked out Seriously, of him, too. He was, he was oh, talking crap. back. Yeah, yeah. He was not listening. And they're oh, talking. Hold on. Speaking of that. I love how much of a smart-ass fucking action 80s movie hero that yeah, he is. Steve is in this because he's just such a badass strung up and just giving Cadillo the business. And, uh, again, he is a hardened you know, soldier. But we haven't had a think, lot of that. And, and also in this, it is weird because he seems to not know this connection, but even these guys' prisoners, I do think in the back of his mind – Wonder Woman has always been there to help him. I don't know if it's just that or if he's given up and he thinks he's going to die anyway. He doesn't care. He, he's he's a badass. I he love really him so is. much. I'm telling you, he has not been this much of a badass in my mind no. since that Forever Evil Argus miniseries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, the uh, only time he got a chance to shine in my mind in the New 52. What was the average you gave that one back then? Um, I think you? it was a 7.5. Oh, was it? I don't Yes, did, don't look into the, that. That's the one you skipped, wasn't it? Not all. I, I read the issues, didn't review yeah, it. I know though. you read the issues. You never read that. That was actually good. I love Steve Trevor. Yeah. I really do. He's one of my favorite characters. And, and really, uh, we talked earlier where I said Lois got the, the short end of the stick in the New 52 or became a bitch in the New yeah. 52. Steve got the short end of the stick. He really got thrown out there. At one point, he, he was, was the liaison. Memories yeah. the liaison for the fucking Justice League where you had to sit there and watch Wonder Woman make you, in my mind, googly all those, eyes with Superman. He used to sit there on the watchtower and just watch Wonder Woman and Superman make out yeah. as he cried. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I'm looking at uh, – they were talking and the the prisoners, the guys who were in yeah. with uh, – thing, and it's funny too because they're trying to figure out a way out. And the two guys are like, hey, do you have a plan? Oh, no, I thought you did. Oh, I thought you did. And then the other guy's like, just wait for it, because he yeah. knows. He knows she's coming. And there she goes. And that panel, to me, is the best, where you have her there and you have she's all running the out hyena of the darkness men. Or when she's no, like I that. just like it when she's with the hyena men. No, and I like a, that. But she looks like an older, like not older, but like I a actually, uh, golden age Wonder Woman. Well, that's what, to me, that actually looks like it would have been almost like not a golden age comic thing. That looks like it would have been like a, a cover on an old Conan freaking book like the way it is and i love it i love it, that just old like school the, look of it it looks like a different wonder woman to i actually think it's supposed to be like an old school look because that is an old really school thing with her showing up because then you go to the next page it's like, and it's a little you won't more show cartoony. me a panel in this book that i don't like no and she's there and it's so great and really while he's like wait for it that guy in the and then you see the glint but then the next deal when you see her like running out of the darkness it's fucking so good it's yeah, like rambo running ass. out of the darkness yeah. and going you remember yeah, that really. first blood yep yeah that that's so what it good. looks like and she's kicking ass and i really do think that that is first off it's a fancy fucking full page deal yeah. uh that's supposed to be you know like that but i do think it's like almost like it would have been a cover 
of an old comic or an old book. But then, yeah, then she's so nice. She's like, hey, she so Christopher, happy to see these David Manuel. And she's like, I am happy if surprised to see you. She's not surprised. And there's they're Cheetah all smiling her. like, hey, Diana, yep. what's going yeah. on? That one guy's so fucked up. And I do like, <laughs> it's like, hello, Diana. Hey, Di. Yo. Yo. Yeah, I like that. And, uh, and, I love then the next the, uh, the as it progresses because she's like okay uh, well, where's Steve yeah and it's so good because that's where you see that he's about to get his heart cut out he's sure got is that hairy chest that's so sexy good looking man right there I'm glad he grew he his is. beard out he was he trying to do that whole Superman man. thing he did yeah I really time. like it she likes it too she's Superman's dead I want to see these two back together man yeah I do too. And with Superman dying, it is the perfect way for them to get Best back thing together. that ever happened to Steve Trevor and, in his life. Yeah, really. He was thinking, <laughs> the news they're showing fucking, who was it? Was it Lex who threw the thing through the, the TV? No, it was Jimmy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jimmy threw the camera into the TV. They show him, you, you see just a freaking flash jump for Steve Trevor, or he's k- clicking his heels. <laughs> Steve Trevor went to a stereo right away and put on, this is how we do. Oh, you? yeah. That's it. Here we doing go. Doing the cabbage patch. Yeah. This is how we he's do. He's like, yeah. That. All of a sudden, he's doing the one-legged dance. Yeah. He's watching that fucking pajama jam. Yeah. Oh, he, he's in. He's in now. <laughs> it's so good, though. I love I I like it. Uh, though he looks like he's about to be skinned alive, Eric. But yeah, I'm Wonder not Woman's a lot there. of Wonder Woman in this book, except for like the, the it's the parts that matter though, because we get a backstory like how like you know how she can't get back home and the fall. Yeah, we even skipped a little of that with Cheetah and stuff like that, where I did still feel bad for Cheetah because Cheetah was telling her like basically I'm a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not worth anything. She really to me, Cheetah, if anything, is like a uh, an abused wife. Here, because he did, you know, Uzkataga did uh, pretty much shun her, and and she's cursed now because she wasn't pure. We've we've gone to that, but you know, she needs the the she's got the taste of man flesh, Eric. But I do like it where Diana is here to say, no, 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 you you're better than this. You, you, we're gonna get through this. I really do like it. Now I don't know if it's something that I missed from freaking uh, the original run of Wonder Woman, but. Like these scenes of her memories that are being shattered, like her with a trident about to throw it with ma- like pain under her eyes or fighting yeah, these gorilla now, soldiers yeah. and shit. I, I think and this Hades is actually, there. I, mean, I think Aries this there. is stuff from all, all over, all like, over, you I know, know, whatever. I want to know more about this. So come tell you, when we first started this series off, I'm like, there's nothing here. It's all smoke and mirrors. But the p- slow progression we've gotten has got me really interested because he's let out, uh, Greg Rucka has let out enough information to keep yeah. me fucking wanting more. Well, here's the other thing you have to realize too. the shit out of it. With these, with these panels and the things, like the trident with the, the mask. Bad that ass. may not have happened. No. Like, that's the whole point is she's thinking up, like, are these real or not? That may not have happened. Now, other people who are more, you know, in tune with Seven. the past of Wonder Woman may say, like, no, 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 that happened. This I remember that. I did Yo, this. Blah, blah, blah. But knows? I would, I would su- suspect that some of this stuff is stuff that never did happen, uh, and, or happened a little different way or whatnot because she is trying to piece together things. I do like that. In the meantime, it's not just her sitting there at a desk fucking typing out her memoirs and trying to remember shit. She's got other shit on the table, too. Right now, she's got to save Steve. And, again, that's what we're doing. This lies, I think, is also kind of pointing out that the New 52, what we know of what happened to her and Steve and Superman and all that. Not that that didn't happen, 
but maybe it wasn't supposed to. Maybe that's something like we had with the, the joy and everything was taken out and all that sort of thing was part of it. Well, but maybe when she, you know, maybe that shit wasn't supposed to happen. Or maybe we'll find out that some of it really didn't. I don't know. Well, I don't Tony, know how they're you read, playing. You it. read that first Wonder Woman arc, which yeah. I, I, I did not read all of it. But that Ares is the classic Ares here. I don't think he looked like that's this what in I'm Wonder saying. No, he didn't. That's uh, I was actually thinking that that that's. I don't think that that's done by accident. No. I think that that's part of it. And really, you look at her, that that is a, you know, that's, he's huge. Yeah. And I don't even know if they're not pushing that that's supposed to be her. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? And I'd be like, if it is, I'm saying it is, but it's, it's weird that every other panel is her doing something and then there's Aries. Yeah, who knows? That's a good point. Yeah. Who knows? And if it is, She's taking some steroids. She's huge. But again, it might be in her. That's the armor. You know, or that's the lie that she was Ares and now you see it's Ares. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm interested. Yeah, I am too. I really like where this issue went, giving us more Steve Trevor instead of Wonder Woman. Yeah, because I, he's a I big like part Steve of this book going back and, and forth and between we this did and the skirt, year one. We did skirt the whole thing as well. I do like that this is really one of the first issues of the series with but that I see a connection between the year one yeah. story and this. And yes, it, it it's going to because we have Steve Trevor, but I'm just saying the whole thing about leaving the island and then hey, you've been there a thousand times and you see the when she's leaving the island and in that in that panel you don't even see Steve. It's more and of just I her really and her like mother. the progression of how it's worked where we had that last issue where they're about to leave the island together and here talking about getting back to the island yeah 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 i i like that and i hope that that continues like because now she's heading the man's world eric and i hope that uh some of that blends in with each and we see so some things that happen but uh i know what you gave up but tell the people eric 9.5 out of 9.5 from awesome eric issue. shea what the hell is going on dogs and cats living together in <laughs> peace eric i gave it a nine I give it a 9 out of 10. Really, the only thing that I find any sort of bit is it is a little slow moving. And because we only get it once a month, these stories, I do want, I, I don't know. I wanted a little more, yeah. but I did like everything I got. I'd probably go a little higher. Done, in my, in my review, but I, I get mad at you. Anytime I, I, I'm like, it's a 9. I gave nine. I gave a 9.5 to the last issue of the uh, year one. I think you gave it a 2. I did not. How did I don't I remember what you gave. You probably, probably gave an eight point five or an eight. You always go with eight five or eight. So I was angry. I probably would have given it if I was fucking rating this, actually reviewing it. I probably would have been closer to you. But now I can use this to hold it over your head. No, so I know I can, it now. Yeah, you nine out of ten, Eric. <laughs> uh, yes, nine out of ten. But we're gonna stop and go off to a break where we're gonna hear Dancing Mike's review of ROM number two by IDW, Eric, and I'll Ooh. just spell out to people. Dancing Mike, even Brandon. Brandon did his Steve uh, Steve Rogers Captain America review. Dancing Mike's doing a ROM review. He didn't ask to do it, right? He didn't call you up and say, but he sent it in. He went to the Rant and Rave line. He did his review. Anybody want to do that now? These new listeners, Mike, got a little fancy or not fancy. He went a little overboard at one point and sent us a 20-minute message. I would hope that you don't get that excited. Keep no. shit under 10 minutes. But if you have anything you want to review, talk about whatever, you know, we're going to talk about the books each week. So it would be odd to hear somebody talking about an actual DC book. That, but you like that Hanna-Barbera garbage that I hate and you think it's great? Call in. Have a you review. Want, you want to You're, give a vertigo? 
Go yeah, for a vertigo thing. Vertigo. You like anything? I, I whatever it is. What I'm saying is anybody could be part of this podcast, Eric. That's how we based it. That's why we do the the I, mail so at the funny beginning too. Because uh, Dancing Mike in one of his previous emails is talking about Brandon reviewing a Marvel book on a DC site. Come on, yep. he goes and does an IDW. Yep, he and he already <laughs> did the first issue, so he's going to continue. I like it. He even said he apologized the last time. I thought he did a great job. I'm sure he's going to do even better this time. We're going to hear in a minute. But yeah, Polished. everybody out there you want to get it if we if we had 20 people sending shit we'll make a whole new podcast with just call-ins of people <laughs> giving reviews i don't care i'll shove it out there that's how we do it you know what eric this is it took how me a while that's how we do it it took me a while to find the sound this goddamn soundboard i gotta get it looking up that's how we do it here we are the podcast for the people yeah I'm telling you, you, you go on Twitter, you talk to people more than I think just about anybody, I'll talk about anything. You call, you have diarrhea, you tell me, I'll talk to you about diarrhea. I'll talk all day about diarrhea. You know why, Eric? Oh, God. I am the worst at this point. Here we go. Come on now. Yeah. That's how we do it. That is how we do it. Podcast for the people. So yeah, we're going to go up to Dancing Mike and his review of round number two. Hey, Weird Science DC Comics, this is Dancing Mike, and just like Rob Lewis, I say, fuck Marvel, this is a DC Comics podcast. So here's my review of ROM number two from IDW Comics, and hey, Eric, before you take off for a bit, I think you've heard I do good stuff. Anyway, ROM number two from IDW, the plot and script by Christos Gage and Chris Ryle, pencils and colors by David Messina. Inks by Michelle Posta, who sounds absolutely delicious. Uh, color assist by Alessandra Alexakis, and letters by Sean Lee. We start with the story so far, which is a recap page, and then the next page I absolutely love. It's a who's who. It gives you a little bio of Rom, his story, the dire wraiths, who are the enemy, of course, the shape-shifting, magic-powered bad guys, uh, Darby Mason, the war vet who has not been infected by the race for some reason that Rom cannot comprehend, Camilla Byers, who was the police officer attacked by the race, who now has a race mark, as Rom calls it, a wound, and now she can enter the race minds, and they can do the same to her, so that's a lovely cat and mouse going on there, and Dave Dubosky, who is a former astronaut with the codename Countdown, he was with the Earth Defense Corps investigating who and what Rom is, but unbeknownst to his superiors, who are members of the G.I. Joe, the Elite Strike Force G.I. Joe, Dubosky is also a Dow Wraith. And there is a crossover coming with the Hasbro IDW property soon, and I will get into that uh, in a bit. Anyway, we start at. Um, Darby Mason's house with Rom and Darby Mason discussing, you know, the fact that she just found out that her family was has been dead for longer than she thought because they were being impersonated by that race. So she's trying to come to grips with that. She's thinking about contacting her superiors with the computer, and Rom smashes it down. And says, "Nope, this machine's been infected with the race magic, just like everything else." All of a sudden, all hell breaks loose, race and attack basically the entire town, not just people, but looks like plants, animals, et cetera, et cetera. So the, except for the house, which uh, Rom had neutralized, uh, all the, apparently he had cleansed that before they left. 
he basically uses his neutralizer on a wide wide beam setting, I guess you would call it, and looks like it incinerates basically the whole town except for Darby's house somehow. But since he uses it uh, on such a wide scale, it does uh, drain his power for a while, so they have to go somewhere where he can recuperate. So they go to a place where Darby hid as a kid, a cave on an island called Blind Eye Cave, and that will hide them away for a bit. So while they rest and Rom recharges, he tells the story. Basically, his origin story has changed a bit from the original comics. Instead of being from Galador, the planet Rom is from, is called Elonia. But basically, he was a space knight. Uh, the Dial Race attacked, so he became a space knight. And after they won their planet, which he says their ultimate victory was as bitter as any, de- any defeat, he has been pursuing the Dial Race for 200 years now and came to the this planet because apparently it's a really, really bad infestation here on Earth. As they're talking, uh, Rom's sensors, he he, appro- he senses something inhuman, so he leaves Darby there by herself. We give get a brief interlude from G.I. Joe, who are also tracking Rom, trying to find out what's going on, and some U.S. Army people show up in the caves to confront Darby and say, where's the alien? Don't move. And she's like, hey, hey, watch it, fellas. I think we're on the same side here. So we don't see her anymore. This issue, I'm sure that will be continued. What Rom sensed that was inhuman was some half-mutated, half-dire wraith people that look kind of like half-man, half-dog who are uh, about three or four of them are pursuing Camilla Byers who has been marked with the wraith mark and she can sense them. She's running from them. Rom shows up, says, yeah, these things were once human. They're not anymore, and says, I can offer them a final freedom, which he gets out of his neutralizer and zaps them, basically disintegrates them. He's saying, I'm here to help you, you know, and says, oh, you've been infected with the, you know, the infections on you now, but I can help you out and make sure it doesn't take you over, you know, doesn't kill you. Uh, they get approached by a huge military truck, it's, and the the gals on the truck are like, stop it, step away from the woman. And Ron uses analyzer, shows, and looks at them and says, oh, these guys are all human, and he gets blasted to the ground with a huge blast. And Camilla says, you know, he says, these are, you know, I'm not going to kill those humans. And she looks at those guys and says, human, there's nothing human about them. So basically, Rom's analyzer has failed, and the dire race attack him with magic because he was taken unawares. They said that um, the technology changed your body but left your soul unprotected. So it looks like he is caught by a dire race uh, sorcerer, and it looks kind of like the, the electricity that the Emperor used in um, Return of the Jedi when he was trying to fry Luke and uh, Darth Vader. So Anyway, uh, Ron's caught in that, and he says, if I fall, the planet will surely follow, and we are to be continued next month. Anyway, I'm enjoying this series. Um, the art is, uh, the art and colors, also I noticed the colors, this issue, the, the, the colors are fantastic. The art is a great mix of the, of the magic properties, the kind of, DC dark, almost Constantine type things with the dial race and the 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 technology 
of ROM. There's a they're both drawn so well. I love the colors, love the art. There's a lot of action. There's still a lot of exposition, but it's not boring because it's so beautifully illustrated. If you loved ROM as a kid, if you liked ROM as a kid, if you liked the if you had the toy, if you liked the series, I think you will love this. If you like good stories, if you you know, something a little bit of space, a little bit of science fiction, fantasy mixed in, I just think it's it's wonderful. I'm enjoying this a lot more than I thought I would. I would give this one a nine out of ten again. And there is a crossover coming. So damn you, IDW, I will be buying some things. There is a crossover called Revolution. They give a little another preview of it in the back of the book. Um, it is all of the IDW Hasbro properties are going to be taking part. It's Mask, which is M-A-S-K, um, Macronauts, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Action Man, and, of course, ROM. And there will be ROM Revolution number one, of course, Revolution for all the other series. And it is a five-issue series coming out between September, October, and November. And it is art by Seiko Osio and written by Colin Bunn and John Barber. So I'm probably going to be buying all five issues of Revolution, damn you, IDW, because it looks it looks really exciting. Even though I don't know as much about the other ones. I was tempted to buy Micronauts when I saw that was rebooted, but uh, I don't have unlimited funds. But I'm definitely going to be picking that up with um, when it comes out, Revolution, and I would give the highest recommendation for ROM. I will definitely be keeping this on my pull list, and we will talk to you next time. And we're back, Aaron. Yes, we are. We're back. That is a good track for you. Yeah, I was actually, we are going to be talking about Blue Beetle. There there you go. So I was thinking of uh, songs with Blue. I was going to put Blue Monday, which I know you're a fan of. I I don't like that song. So I I picked Blue Moon. (laughs) Blue Moon it was. I forgot how it started, Every time I think of that, I think of that credit scene of America Wearing Blue Underwear. It just jumps in real quick right at the end. I'm like, oh, I love that. It's a good scene. Good scene. You know what's not so good to me? This this book that we're going to talk about, the for the book that we're going to start this section with is uh, one of the Rebirth books. It's a big book uh, because it's a Rebirth issue. If people had been paying attention, you notice that usually any sort of new Rebirth books we put into the spotlight. Yeah. We did not do that this week, not really because of the quality of this book, which I'm telling you I am <laughs> down – I'm not down with. I'm right, down right. on uh, – but it was more because we wanted to grab some Reggie books there because Reggie is gone, as you probably already know by now. But yeah, he's about twenty minutes away. Yeah, he's he's down the road. He he's <laughs> actually gambling right now. I think he's at the Sands. He's got a problem. Yeah, he does have a problem. He has a problem. He hangs out with us, I, I, and it's weird. We're like, maybe we should go and and talk to him and meet him. But we're all gonna keep it professional there. The minute he meets us, like it's over. We'll, you'll never hear from Reggie again. He'll be like, "Who? What the hell am I involved with these two losers?" We freaking show up, fucking Abbott and Costello. We and if I had up. to show up somewhere, I'd have to get drunk because I'd be awkward the entire no, time. You'd have a suit that's modeled after the fucking Justice League. That'd be amazing. Those stupid suits. Really, 
get, we get this in the e- an email from this guy, and he wants us to push these suits. Now I'm saying this. The guy might be listening. Yeah. He's crying. Ah! Oh my god, my life's money down the drain. These suits have like comic themes, and I'm thinking anybody who wears a suit now to me that's fancy living. I don't own a suit, you know. Honestly, I don't know if you wear for if you own anything other than like basketball shorts and a sweatshirt. Fuck no. There's my (laughs) suit. That is my fucking uniform: basketball shorts and a goddamn sweatshirt and shoes that I actually got from my oldest son. Uh, from his track team in school, my oldest son here. Yeah, I yes. didn't buy those shoes. Friggin' nonsense. But this book we're going to talk about is Blue Beetle. And I said to you before we started here, I, I believe we're now reading the first book that will be canceled out Why of Rebirth. Why you got be like that, Jimbo? I, I can't see this book. I just don't see it continuing. And these Rebirth back. issues, we've said, what what is our whole concept of what a Rebirth issue is? It's going to set the tone of what it's the book's going to be. It's going to set the tone. And we, we even changed a little because most of the stuff we had going into Rebirth, we knew the characters, but some people jumping on didn't. So to me, it's a tone setter, and you want to introduce the characters to everybody. Old, you know, what you would oh, get from you. it, you are, and I'll say, you are a big Blue Beetle fan, and you were I'm... a fan of the new 52 Blue Beetle. That is a long, long time ago, my friend. It's been a long time. I was just looking it up before. I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, it's been a long time. So even We didn't even have the site when that that, was canceled, I don't think. No, no. I don't think we have a issue of proper Blue Beetle. I think we have – was there a Convergence Blue Beetle? Nope. I don't even remember. Do we have anything Blue Beetle on the site at all? Uh, A few, maybe some lists of mine. Okay, so there was never any other. I'm trying to think of like any event that had any goddamn. Well, well you like I don't no, even you think didn't we had even, threshold. Did you review threshold? No, no, I didn't think. I was I just think reading that on started, my own. It, it was just ending, yep. and it was like, yeah, it's ending. Why would exactly? We, why, why do would it we now? Do that. So yeah, really, if you if you're not aware, Blue Beetle had his own New Fifty Two series, and then he continued on in Keith Giffen's Threshold book, which surprisingly. We kind of liked. You, no, that you was know a what? guilty I hated pleasure. I that book until the end. It was a guilty pleasure. And it was a space book. You had a, a new Jebediah. It was, was it Jebediah Cole? Jedediah. Jedediah. It, he was a Green Lantern that had his uh, ring embedded in his chest. There was a lot of cool things about it. He was a spy. It. it was pretty cool. And, he, was, he was the renegade Green Lantern before. Yes, he was the renegade that Green, Green Lantern who got himself mixed up in a running man type situation <laughs> of a killing TV show, an intergalactic killing TV show. Yeah, it was time. crazy. That's Keith Giffen for you. I kind of yeah, want to go so, back and read it now that we're talking. I, I actually, that's, I'm saying to people, if that sounds interesting, I'm sure there's the trade that you can grab. It was kind of funny, and then Keith Giffen basically it was canceled, and he at the end said, basically it. told him to go fuck themselves, killed almost everyone, and Jaime took off to head back to Earth. Yeah, he was transported back to Earth because he got sent out there by OMAC at the end of Justice League International Annual, yeah. and it's just like, all right, you're you're going back to Earth, Jediah Cole, bam, you're dead. All right, series now, is over, we're canceled. In the meantime, if we're gonna have a little history lesson and prove our big brains, Eric, these big brains we have. Uh, Ted Cord was legitimately in Justice League 3000 and 3001. Not this Ted uh, Cord. Yeah, but it was weird. It's the pre-Flashpoint Ted Cord. They think it, it was all over the place with that, but it pretzel. was the, it was, yeah, <laughs> it's a pretzel. Uh, it was like the pre-Flashpoint Ted Cord. It made no sense. And Booster Gold. Book. And Booster Gold. Uh, you can make, you know, that Justice League, all bets were off. 
And again, if you want or a fun is it book, the Ted Cord of the future of the I, rebirth. I, we don't know. You have no idea. <laughs> Could be I the, everything. It might be this Ted Cord. Who knows? They had a lot of adventures. They remembered, you know, it fire and ice and all that. It was pre-flashpoint. So, I don't know. They that. kind of fucked around with it and kind of made it very odd and out in the, you know. Up for question, nothing was what it was supposed to seem anyway with that, and it might have even been a combo of every Ted Cord for all we fucking know. That was Uh, a weird book. Yeah, it was, but that was another fun book. I had a lot of fun. I liked that Just League 3000 and 3001. I did not like this book. This poor Beatle book to me is if you don't like Keith Giffen going in, don't go in. Stay away. I guess I am not a big Keith Giffen fan. I had high hopes for this, and I still do. I, I'm a Blue Beetle fan. He created this character. I want to see him shine again, but I just yeah. can't really see it happening because no, well, there's not enough Blue Beetle fans out well, there. Well, going back to the thing, and we're going to start in a second. Going back, just remember, Rebirth is to set the tone. Now, this yeah. is what we think. <laughs> Nobody's really told us this, but to us, when are Rebirth we is to set – And I'll even add a couple more caveats, Eric. Oh, we we Caveat? we we. I'm talking with my pinky up, Eddie. I tell you, I, I watched Ratatouille last night. Now you're all French. Well, I think that another caveat for all of this. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm... Bonjour, Jim. Bonjour, Eric. Hey, bonjour, Eric. Uh, part of this is also you. You obviously these rebirth issues. Really, we tone setter. No, that's secondary. Uh, find the character. Secondary. Number one is. You're supposed to get interested in the goddamn book so you continue on and buy the fucking first issue. And there, uh, it's a fucking epic fail for me. But let's just start because we'll talk about it now. Blue Beetle Rebirth, number one, written by Keith Giffen with art by Scott Collins, Romulo Fajardo Jr., and Josh Reed. Jaime Reyes is back in his own series, and guess what, Jim? What? He's bringing Ted Cord along for the ride. Is he bringing him along for the ride? Yes. Yes, he I, is. I heard that. Is okay. that ride going to be in the bug? Hopefully Jaime and Teddy don't go getting too hungry, though, when they find out <laughs> from the physician of fate himself that continuity is, delici- is a delicious pretzel that yeah. Jaime Scarab has never been a t- alien tech but oh. magic. Oh, and you know what? We're going to yell and so I'm going to yell and scream about this book, and I probably won't. Actually, this is one of those that's just I'm like – you get too tired and, yeah. and whatever. It's not like I can even get emotional about this. Um, but one thing I will say – they didn't fuck around with any continuity. I don't mind. This is what we were talking about before with Supergirl and other books. I would rather you just don't – just skirt the issue. If just, you don't have anything nice to say about continuity, don't yeah. say anything at all. But, yeah, this is me. This is me on this series. I read the book in this then, Eric. <laughs> yep, there's the door slam. <laughs> I am out. I'm out. That's the, you know, That's and the then thing, I, though. We, I, like we talked about before we started this with the, uh, like the Blue Beetle introduction here. Jaime has done a bunch of stuff leading up. He had his own series and then was in Space and Threshold, and he was brought back. We have not seen him since. But we don't need to talk about here, so we can assume that it happened. We can assume it didn't happen. It doesn't matter because it's not Well, there's one line that makes – I I actually like the line, but but before that, this is what you'll hear, Eric. (laughs) There it is. I just left. (laughs) I left the conversation. Now, the one line when uh, Ted actually says to him, like, you know you have some old villains, you know, something like that. I'm like, that's fine. All right. Good enough he, for he's me. He's been but doing yeah. Blue Beetle stuff for a while. We're good. Well, and there there is some uh, things because you'll get your man Paco. We'll, we'll get into it right now. But, uh, you know, and he has some history. But people don't know that. And because no. it's not brought up here, you really shouldn't even worry about it. But, yeah, some of these characters, 
uh, have some history, have some pretty crazy things going on. But Eric is here to tell us and guide us through and tell us that even though that is the case, Keith Giffen does do an okay job. Uh, again, skirting the issue. You're damn right. We don't yeah. have any timeline set. We don't say, oh, this happened no. before. Oh, no, that's this the worst. long ago. We don't have any of that. No. And it's let, okay. me, let me tell you, this is where me and you talk about. I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of comic podcasts. They tend to talk some DC comics. And what drives me the most nuts with these things, and even like Rebirth has started. So we've seen a couple uh, new podcasts sprout up and even some sites sprout up. If you are not familiar with the new 52, don't mention anything that would lead people to realize that you don't. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Just this is how I go with continuity. If you're not going to follow the continuity, if you want to shake things up a little or change things, just don't mention shit. Just go yeah, with right. it. Go with the flow. Everybody jumping in does not have to worry about what happened 18 million years ago in the Blue Beetle book. You know, you're getting it here. That's what I like. Boom. So that I'm not mad at. I'm just mad uh, uh, right away. I'm mad at the dialogue. And I think Keith Giffen writes things and loves to hear him fucking read it back to himself and giggles. That's all I yeah. keep thinking is that he, like, writes something and then giggles, and he is like us. Sometimes in, in uh, reviews and things, he gets on a tangent, yeah. and he can't reel himself back in. And I think that he is a very respected fella and probably is a nice guy. The editors seem to not want to reel him in either. Like, they're like, no. hey, Keith, you know what? You had two pages about somebody saying bless you. Let's tighten that fucking thing up. That's <laughs> a little sloppy Joe there, buddy. Let's tighten up the screws. And they don't do that. But it starts well, off. Sorry, he's and, always known as the funny guy, and he yeah. always wants to write his humorous dialogue, which that's the problem is I've never really found him to be overly humorous, and I actually find it brings down a lot of books. Yeah. And we yeah. get that here, and it's a problem because first we're introduced. Well, a little background on Jaime Reyes. He has there. His, I go, Eric. Oh. <laughs> but I, I do. Here's the thing, too. You're, you're going to start, and you really like the way it starts. I do. I, I really like the art when it starts out. It's too. weird. I usually hate your guts, but going into <laughs> this book, I, it's like I'm almost like a, we're an old married couple, Eric. Everything you do, I, I want to shoot myself every time you fucking talk to me. We're, God, we're at kill work. Kill me now. We're at, yeah, kill me now. We're at work, and we're talking about things, and it's always like, hey, here's my book. Hey, Eric, I read Green Arrow. Oh, you should read this. Oh, da, da. And then we get to the podcast and go, there. this is actually, in a weird way, a book that I would like it to be our book, Eric. I would actually oh, yeah? like to. Well, it, what I'm saying is you're such a huge Blue Beetle fan. You're, you're a huge fan. It's one of your favorite characters. I have read no Blue Beetle. The only Blue Beetle, again, that I read is that Justice League 3000 Ted Cord. I always yeah. was intrigued by Ted Cord, but I don't know anything with Jaime. So this is my entrance way into being so able sorry. for me and you to sit there. I want it so bad. Now I didn't read it till tonight, so it That's doesn't true. really work with the, the whole work thing. But nothing would be better for this book to be so great. That I read it even before you would get an advanced copy and I read yeah. it. And I come in and I'm like, oh, my God, Eric, you're going to be so excited. We got this advanced copy and I did try reading it. So I'm lying. I didn't just read it tonight. I started you reading it last bit, Friday. Yeah. I paged through it. I actually read these first like four or five pages. And I was like, I am fucking out. I, I'm trying so <laughs> desperately. And also, you know me. This is where I want to read it before you so I can shatter your dreams as well. Oh, yep, so I, I go, know. oh, my God, Eric, you should. And it was all continuity at that point. Wait till you see. They mentioned this and that and the other thing. I, I couldn't get through more than four or five pages. Now, tonight I was made to because we're going to talk about it. But really, I, I just I, I can't explain to you except with this, Eric. I'm out. I am. I, 
But yeah, start. Just start, please. I'm saying we start out, and I really like the art when we start out where we see that Jaime, we get a little background on Jaime. He's got a family, so we know he's back home now. So, and honestly, if you read the solicits for this issue, you have no idea what's yeah. going on because for well, some even reason, before that, that you, get, you do get that cold opening where he's that fighting. That cold opening villains. with Rack yeah. and Ruin, and you You're see You're fighting Rack and Ruin, and it's that's. I actually thought that was a pretty cool way to start off. It's real exciting. Yeah. And then, yes, then you go and you're going to get Ted a little Cord swinging in down from the bottom. Yeah, he's swinging in, which, you know, I never saw that. No, no, never happened. That, but it's this it's must a cool be, cold opener. Though it's still, this must be like a future, future cold opening. But it's cool. I yeah. did like it. I like the idea of the uh, rack and ruin or these villains that look like at points, they look like, to me, they were made of rock. And also they look like mutant uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles combined with Snake Eyes. From yeah, and I'm like, okay, I'll go with it. They look like video game characters, big fucking smiles. It just, and like, really, those, those, uh, those really like uh, anonymous characters that you'd have to beat in a video, uh, beat em up game. Like yeah. they just keep coming yeah. out over and That's over again. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, Scott Collins does the art, which I do like the art in this. Uh, but it also is very Giffen esque. Like uh, this is definitely you're reading it. Even the art. Is something familiar if you've read a Keith Giffen book? It always is this like cartoony, over the top look. I liked it. It was okay. Well, then, especially yeah. my favorite part about the art is this opener where like past the cold open, we and we get to meet, see that Jaime has his family, his sister, his parents, and like his friends Paco and Beth. His sister's this- sassy. <laughs> yes, She's she sassy, Eric. <laughs> she might even like gem. I don't know. That looked It'll like a like gem. gem I know that's what it looked like. The shirt was like reminiscent what of that. What are you talking about? I- that is the more you know. Is it? I don't With the know. star going when the pulling oh, the rainbow yeah, behind it, the more is that you know. Reading Jim. rainbow. Reading rainbow. No. Uh, I actually was taken about because uh, his sister, she's sassy. She's gonna go to Tina's after school, and and the mom. It's weird too. She's like, I'm gonna be at Tina's after school. Like, hey, you better be home for dinner. It's like to show that she's got sass. I thought that that friend. I'm like, oh, that's funny. Where's Tina gonna show up? Cause she's hanging out with this dude. <laughs> That's that poor, Tina. That poor girl. Uh, she's got a Batman shirt on her. She Who doesn't a have a Batman, Batman shirt on? I don't know. That looks like one of those suits that that guy made. <laughs> oh, well, that guy's still liner. That guy is still crying. But yeah, and uh, you do get the mother. You don't. You see the dad a little, right? Yeah. Uh, the dad to me is a piece of crap. I don't think he's very involved with Jaime. I think that he's a uh, he stays away. It, Jaime needs more of a. Uh, a father figure, and that's where he goes to Ted Corder because that dad's a piece of crap. What do you and think? And talking about, about Ted Cord, though, last time we saw Ted Cord in continuity, he was in the beginning of Forever Evil. While well, Lex Luthor was trying to buy Cord Industries, and to me, he looked like he was seventeen years old. And here we get him, but still, it's not bad. But he comes off in my mind at least twenty-five. Well, what do you think, Eric? We we have the ten years back. We everything's t- he looks older. He, they make him look. Uh, He's like an ambiguously uh, looking 25 to me. Yeah, I'm 25 to 30. Anywhere now, I that- do like it later on when he's talking. I do like that they stress, not by the look, but by the, the dialogue. And what he says is that you, you take it. He's a younger guy. He's taken over for his dad yeah. and wants to you know get in line with what his dad wanted and stuff like that. And I really did like that. But that, that line and that whole thing with that really pushed a younger Ted Cord to me. You know no. what I mean? It's like, hey, you know, like I'm my young father too. was Mr. Cord. Yeah, and yeah. Like that. Don't call me Mr. Cord. That sort of thing. But I really did like the concept. Like he is desperately trying to be, 
you know, live up to his dad's whole reputation and, and his on legacy. Top of it, he but has he's a goddamn a, blue beetle fetish. Yeah, I'm saying, but he is such a crazy guy <laughs> that he has. And I do also like one thing I do uh, before we go on. I like how Jaime says, r- really, hey, I came to you, Mr. Cord, because you're a billionaire and you have this. But you know what? The real reason is because everybody says you're a nice guy. And I like it because to me, that's what Ted Cord is. And He's that's a, nice that's a dude. problem I have with this issue is that I like the idea of we getting we've never had Jaime and Ted together doing stuff and Mm-mm. I like the idea of going and having it. I wish we would have started out with Jaime going to court and seeing the progression of like you know Ted being a goddamn fanboy and wanting to jump. Oh, he's going to jump in face first, and I want that background. To me, this issue you have this rack and ruin and this mysterious villainous at the end. You have this start. I wish that this would have been. Jaime going right from this, you know, he's supposed to go to school, do it a little back to the future, because that's what it reminds me of. Uh, Ted does remind me of Doc Brown. Doc like Brown, he, yeah, I can yeah, see that. he would go off, to, you know, he gets this crazy call, which he does later, but get this Strickland's crazy call. like, you still oh have that crazy I'm telling Doc you, this, cord? Here, you want to see what I want? Here's my story. Here's Jim Werner, the Jim Werner verse, as you like. He gets a call. Oh, my God, Jaime, that shit's gone wrong. We got some crazy crap. I, I need you. Ah! And then Jaime's like, holy crap, and he goes running, and all it is is Ted was trying to, like, do something on the bug, and the the paint scratched. Yeah, something zany. He's right. trying some new experiment, and it didn't work. And then I would like this whole issue. He's all wrapped up in a grappling hook. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, something wacky. Almost like when uh, Marty himself with the huge amplifier. Yeah. Like that in a reverse way, because really, Ted is the the Doc Brown, but he also guy. seems to be a fanboy, too, and he's a young guy. So I, I would like that. I'm expecting fully that Keith Giffen is going to make Ted Cord a Doc Brown-type guy. That's why I bring it up. Right. Um, but I would, have, I would have rather have had a whole issue of them hanging out and talking and, and finding out stuff about him because, really, you like this beginning, how it starts with the family. Yes. My favorite is the little bit with Ted and Jaime, it just is out of place because it's the scene from Rebirth. And I think it was shoved in just because they're like, you got to get that scene. we got to have a connection. But I do like the, them talking and being together. And, uh, and I would have liked the thing. We, we got that really cool little, like, you know, sneak peek in the Rebirth special where we see that Ted Cord and Jaime are working together. Yeah, I would like to just go from that. And, or you have, I, I'm saying, I want a that, little I bit want to before. find out, like, you know, we, we find out here, it's just through dialogue, you know, I came to you to help me get the scarab off, find out what's going on with me, and that, you know, he wants to be Blue Beetle himself or a sidekick, whatever. He wants to be a part of the superhero game. Yeah. But I want to see it. I just yeah. don't want to ju- dive in like in the middle of it. For yeah, because some that's uh, that because seems Ted very Cord's a big deal to me, well, and we have not had any background on him really, except for flying in a helicopter with Lex Luthor. Yeah, well, I don't know about you. Uh, you're a big Jaime fan, but to me, the big draw for uh, is Ted Cord because he, we haven't seen him, and he is so zany. To me, he's just some zany. You don't know what this guy's gonna do. No. He has all these inventions. You don't, and that's I'm saying, great you don't know this character at all in this continuity at this point. No, and to me, the best thing ever in anything with Blue is the bug. Yeah. His, his ship. It's so cool. I love it. But yeah, in the meantime, Jaime. And I, just, I just like Ted Cord like making bad decisions because yeah. Booster Gold talks well, that, him in the shit. That's you know, what I, I want. I think that he's the star of the book. He'll be the funny star. Jaime is the star. because But it's actually. weird how DC is pushing this whole buddy cop thing. We have it with the yeah. Green Lanterns right now. Now we have Blue Beetles pretty much. Yep. Even though it's called Blue Beetles. Honestly, I'm surprised they didn't call it Blue Beetles. Uh, yeah. 
I guess that I, I but can like I said, I like the opener where we get the background on Jaime. Oh, yeah, you get like the mother and the father. But the, but the and... problem is when we get to Beth and Paco, who in my mind are the biggest parts of Jaime's life. And they are his best friends. Yeah. Just to and, tell everybody. But the dialogue is terrible. Well, it just goes on. And this is where I said to you that Keith Giffen is very – to me, it's like the Kevin Smith-type dialogue where it's – it's just – and I, I would think that maybe some heavy people out there – Heavy nonsense dialogue. Yeah, and it's heavy nonsense. It's not like a Joss Whedon dialogue that's that's funny and quirky and very clever. It's just – it just keeps coming. He is going to fucking punch you right in the face with this dialogue until you smile. You have a smile with teeth missing because he's punching you I don't so have much. to talk about who these characters are. You just have to know who they are through my funny dialogue. I'm like, no. Yeah. Okay. And really the problem is by the end of this – you don't know anything well, about the thing. them except that By the end of this, they're... you think that Paco and Beth don't like each other or yeah. they're over like a, or yeah, overdoing it because they love each other secretly. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's I, just... I got that they liked each other secretly, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah. that's, they're a little old for that. That's like fourth grade stuff. But yeah, yeah the whole thing in this. Time. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing in this. And, and Paco, he's a big fucking dude. Sure but, is. Uh, the whole thing with this is that. Um, he used to be in a street gang in the old country. Yeah, well, see, right now he's just upset because he said, bless you. And uh, she, what is it? What's her name? Beth? Beth, yeah. Okay, and Beth's mad because, you know, that's superstition. And they go through, and I told you, they, she spells it out like, oh, that's what people used to do because when you sneezed, an evil spirit would come out of your nose, and then you'd get to I'm be sorry, blessed. I'm sorry, Brenda. I'm, I don't know why I keep saying Beth. Okay, Brenda. And I, yeah, I see it, Brenda. And I said to you, huh, that's weird. I always heard it the opposite way, that when you sneeze, it almost is like it opens up a gate where evil spirits can come in, so you bless somebody to keep them out. This and then I actually looked it up. because I fucking talking all week about it. Yeah, I, I look it up finally, and I see that it could be both. But to yeah. me, it's weird. You have an evil spirit in you, and you sneeze. Like you. You sneeze, Eric. And I say, oh, bless you. Why didn't I bless you two days ago when this evil spirit was fucking ha- having his way with you? What was this evil spirit doing this whole time before you sneezed? And if that was the case, why the fuck didn't somebody get rich in medieval times selling fucking sneezing powder? Because that's what I would have done, because that's how you get rid of the spirits. You don't need an exorcism. You fucking put pepper under a fucking guy's nose. Next thing you know, you're, you're free. You're in heaven. Heaven's gate, Eric. No, not heaven's Hell gate. Hell Bob's coming. Hell Bob. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> they're, they're talking. It, again, it's this quirky thing, and the problem with me, I'm reading this. And I'm looking at how many pages because I want to see. It's it's like one, two, three pages until Ted calls Jaime. And I thought to myself, what the fuck book am I reading? Is this fucking – is this Blue Beetle's friends, my pal Paco? What the hell is this book? I want to know about Blue Beetle, not fucking Brenda and Paco and the fucking the, – the superstition of sneezing. Yay, yay. I was getting so mad. <laughs> Why am I learning this? This is it. Well, I'm out. Luckily, it was interrupted by Ted Cord saying oh, there's a God, problem with the local coffee shop. It was interrupted shop. by me going to take something more meaningful, a, a fucking dump. <sighs> Continue, Eric. All right. So we get to the coffee shop, and we find out Not that – Not the coffee shop. Uh, actually, I want to say one more thing. I do think that they're pushing this because, uh, just so people know, Paco has a bit of a problem that he may or may not have. 
And is it the blood beetle you sent? The blood beetle, which I'm telling you, it's it's been dealt with. I don't think we'll ever hear okay. about it well, again. Well, the one thing, though, I do think that he, Keith Giffen is giving you this superstition thing between them. And I really do think that's going to lead to something about the scarab being uh, mystical and magical. Yes. I do think that's a big – this is a setup for something down the line that if Paco becomes the blood beetle again, he becomes a, a deal, I think. It, or if just how – the whole magic thing is going to affect him. I don't know, but I do think that's setting it up. But why set it up here? There's no reason. I do well, not. Whole, this whole Blue Beetles, thing, Palpaco, like, Eric. Like that's my talk, book. When we talked about it earlier this week, you had this whole super because we, we found out in the Rebirth special that the Scarab is not alien tech; it is actually magic. So yeah, and we found that out in the super, Rebirth special. Yeah. The superstitious thing maybe has something to do. You're a goddamn witch, Jaime. We're going to burn yeah, you at the yeah. motherfucking stake. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know if that's what the case may be. That's what's going to happen. But also, here's the other thing. Pretty I good. Just, uh, I... Paco starts crossing his two fingers like, get oh back, man, God. get He's back. He's got a, a horseshoe. He's fucking huh, rubbing his fucking lucky rabbit's foot. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't flush that toilet. It's going to invite the ghost in there. Oh, that's Talking my about your childhood again? Yeah, that's my superstition. Yeah. It, it, my superstition was don't upset daddy or he's going to fucking hit you. <laughs> There's a superstition for you. you. You would have to count to ten, or your dad wouldn't show up for the fucking Friday night movie. Shut your mouth. No, <laughs> um, yeah, I will say. I up. also want to know. This is one of the other books. This is one of the few books again, like uh, maybe a Hellblazer or things like that. This one is the most though that I don't have any background. So anybody out there who's reading this book or listening to us talk about it and they don't know anything, I'm right in the same boat with you. So when I'm reading this, I think that I have a, a good perspective of what people were talking about. Like with Nightwing, right. I'm going with what's here. The problem I also have here is that Brenda and Paco obviously know that Jaime is the Blue yes. Beetle, but they don't spell it out enough for me to really say that that is full out. I, I, they do, but they don't. It's not like they're like, oh man, you got to do the Blue Beetle thing again. You know, I wish that he would have just come out and said it. And they're like, oh, you know, this Blue Beetle business is really uh, fucking with you. He just, cause then he talks to them, goes away and disappears down an alley to turn right. into the Blue Beetle. So you get this weird, it's almost like mixed messages that every woman that I dated always sent me, Eric. And I didn't know what was going on, but it, it really did. It gave me mixed messages after doing this, like, huh, do they really know everything about it or they don't do? I don't know. I, I but they do know that. about I, Ted Cord. Because I was worried about continuity going in like I always am. And I'm just saying, like, oh, man, you got to go do your thing again. Please don't die. You know, and like he goes and does his deal. I'm like, ah, eh, that's enough for me. You know, it's I, enough, I, but I'm saying it's enough for you because you know that they definitely know. If going into this, I don't know. I'm saying, I didn't so, know that going into this because, like I uh, said, I didn't know where the continuity But I'm saying stood. in the past continuity, they knew. Yes. At that, I don't know. So not giving anything is a weird thing because you are skirting the issue between both. They seem to know. But you don't really know fully what they know, and I, I just wish I, you would have known more. I thought it was funny, too, because Ted Cord calls him and says, look, we got an incident. I need you to come over here. And Jaime's all upset. Look, this is the second time in two weeks I've had to ditch school. Like, second time in two weeks? Shit. I was doing yeah, that like really. four days a week. Jaime, the fuck he's, over it, Jaime. The guy, he's, he's already – there's no kid left behind, Eric, and he, he is being left behind. He's having fun. He wants to graduate. He, I went – uh, 
food shopping. I went uh, supply shopping today for school. Jesus Christ. Uh, Ted would do them a big favor by giving them a couple bucks to buy fucking pencils and shit. They, they don't supply anything in school anymore, Eric. You got to buy everything. That's the thing. I didn't need anything. I got four 25-cent no, folders. They, uh, some no, they have a check. Pens. Uh, low, we went to the dollar store for Logan to get his stuff, and just him, I think, came to $69. Jesus Christ. And now I have to do that for another three kids. Good times. Yeah. So you're not really pushing are, are this whole half kids yeah. thing on me. And by the way, this podcast is brought to you by. Um, I wish we had. <laughs> I wish we had an ad. It's like it's That'd brought to awesome. you by Jim Needs Money for School Supplies dot com. It's a Never new website that they just started. I have a Kickstarter for fucking you know school supplies. But yeah, they go off. Uh, they, Ted calls them. And he goes off. I said there was a little bit of a hokey dialogue thing where I was like, I didn't know. Again, I thought maybe that the uh, the scarab armor was sentient all of a sudden and, and bad mouthing him. It was it taking him over. I, I found it actually odd that uh, the, the scarab did not talk to him in this yeah. because they usually yeah. have a, uh, some kind of banner back and forth where the scarab wants him to kill somebody. Like, you know, Jaime at this point has maybe just like overcome. You know, he's in full control. Well, and they but- do. The one at one bit. Ted Cord does say to him, "Hey, why don't you let the scarab take over?" And he goes, "No, he'll kill. It'll exactly. kill them." That's always and the I did like that part. Um, just at this point, though, as you're easing into this, Keith Giffen is not really doing a, a great job to me in all of this of telling you who Jaime is, who with who knows what's going on, what's going on, how his life has been, and also his thing with the scarab armor. Maybe this is just it's going to continue and we'll get it dribs and drabs. But really, you are thrown into the fire here oh, yes, without definitely. knowing anything because he basically he gets on the armor and he's got to fight Rack and Ruin. They're at this coffee shop, and again now you're going to DC get... just hopes. Uh, I think enough people watched Young Justice on yeah, the second it's, season. It's weird though because it really is. For a number one or a rebirth issue, they are really just assuming a lot. And you go, Rack and Ruin. Especially for Blue Beetle. Yeah, and Rack and Ruin's there in this coffee shop, and now we're going to get more of this dialogue of them going and back and forth. And again, you don't know Rack and Ruin. This is the worst part of the Ruin. book to me, because I'm telling you, it's the, we're supposed to jump in. We want to see Jaime do some fucking super heroic shit. Yeah. And the art to me is a little bit disjointed, because I didn't know exactly what was going on all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you have this fucking dialogue. This it's taken up the entire. Well, all and pages. The, the thing that gets me with Rack and Ruin is you do, do you know Rack and Ruin? I have no idea who Rack. They and seem Ruin to are. be in new new things. Yes, and the, the, with the names Rack and Ruin, I'm not getting much. And they have this sing song back and forth type of dialogue that seems to be something that if you knew, like if these were characters that we knew, or you, I'm telling you, call them tit and tat. It's tit for tat. They're going back and forth. And But this dialogue is so off to me. And then at one point you go up in the bug because that's where uh, Ted and uh, Jaime are, and they're listening in. And it just is more uh, a way for them to continue that fucking dialogue. I know, and it's and, not needed to this no. extent. It's just Keith Giffen going overboard. I mean, Keith here, he here's, the, here's a, like, that's one be the panel. Thing that while, gets people going. Yeah, while Ted and, and Jaime are, are listening in. Hey, dues must be paid, I'm afraid so. From tiny acorns are mighty arcs, oaks, gro- oaks grown. Ouch, way to mangle a metaphor. Really, I thought I had a touch of class the proceedings. I'm like, what is going that. on? It's just not good. And I did like, though, they are, they are at this coffee shop and they have pretty much spelled out. They want Blue Beetle. 
They, yes, for they some reason, they have called him out, including writing a thing by bashing in the ground, and they spelt Beetle wrong. That is kind of – I chuckled at that. But again, it's like an Why added is that a thing. Why thing? We had that with uh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. Yeah, you where did they, have like, that. This like is that just – Oracle wrote bird, uh, bird wrong. I'm like, what's yes. up with that? Here, it's just funny with this because maybe it's the same thing that uh, Jaime's like, oh, are they stupid? And Ted's like, no, or are they not just spending – you know, they're not taking their time? No, they're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you don't not too, spell something right because you're not – is it because they didn't want to take the are. effort? What's well, that? What I'm saying we don't know anything about these characters. Hell, at one point, Blue Beetle goes overboard and fucking wrecks house on them, and they fall apart. And they yeah, they fall apart. I, I don't know, are they robots? I'm like, yeah, okay, you get, I guess they're you, robots. You get and we, Ted, and he's gonna fight. And the fight, the the dialogue's a little off. He doesn't want to fight. They these rack and ruin start freaking abusing ladies and punching guys in the face, and then. Uh, Jaime's like he's gonna take over, and that's when even Ted's like, "Hey, why don't you let the uh, the scarab take over? No, the, it'll kill them." And then he just destroys them. And they even seem at one point it looked like yes, they were robots. It even seemed like a bit to me like they were pixelated type things. They or were made stone, of rock. I don't yeah. Who knows though? And then they start reforming. They start and beating, like, trash the arms talking by themselves or punching Jaime. Like mm-hmm. this floating in air, I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on. And yep. they reform and run out. And the thing is, though, they find out that Jaime is talking to someone. This is what, because the whole reason they're here is they were hired by somebody to see what he is capable of, to see, like, to test his abilities. And when they yeah. find out that he's talking to someone, all right, uh, we got to go report, we're out. They reform and run out. Yeah, they and, run out. And the, the thing, though, I just want to say, the dialogue between Jaime and Ted. This is where you're, uh, to me, you're supposed to be getting a little background of like how they deal with each other a little, but it's, it's just hokey. Like at, at one point, the whole page is, uh, it's Jaime's like, I'm up for any ideas. And then Ted, yeah, me too. Not helping. Suggestions? I'm working on it. Really? Hey, I'm not the one who charged in. Yeah, you told me. Seemed like a good idea. That, that's the whole, that's a page of dialogue. And it's just back at you get nothing. I'd like to hear some, interactions that make me know the characters a little more and you do not get this at one point then Jaime's it's official I hate you uh, no uh, it's just I'm not getting anything here uh, nothing at all and like you said then they find out oh my god he's talking to somebody we're out they're gone yeah. <laughs> and then oh, Jaime, Jaime regroups with Ted back at freaking court and this is the rebirth lab this, area I guess yes. And, and this uh, is the rebirth part. This, and this is, is what the we rebirth, saw in rebirth. It's where exactly we have the little the talk rebirth. between them, where like you know, I came to you to help me, and you you just want to play superhero, and he flies yeah. off, and Doctor Fate, you know, Fate's all in, and like you know, that's not actually alien tech; it's magic. It's one of the de- yeah. like deepest like covered secrets by sorcerers and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah. all right, all right, look, I know you're going for this new magic thing. I don't know why you want to go for it, but you're doing. It. <laughs> I'm out. The I thing know. is, it's, it's something they're pushing. Not, it's something like that's going to be more important. I'm saying though, we have not talked about continuity, which I appreciate because you'll screw something up if you do that. But we have gone through all this time now, even in the new Fifty Two series, where it's been alien tech. We have these yeah. Reach warriors, these aliens known as the Reach. The warriors are all scarab warriors like this, uh, and, and, and they are the these foes yeah. of the Green Lanterns. I don't, I don't, I actually don't care about that because that's still there it's just that they think it as well everybody but, thinks like, it's it's one of those where if i had something and i'm you know i have a gizmo obviously they don't know you know they're, they're confused about it anyway and if i go oh you know what eric that's not uh japanese it's french 
It's not going to change anything. It's not going to change one thing. The, those aliens, all they have to say is that that tech was based off of some fucking religion in their goddamn thing, and that's how they went, but they think it's alien technology because they had – you can really work. This is I, something... I just don't know because, like, Jaime has fought the reach in this, and, like, yeah. con, like the, the Scarab itself has its own consciousness. Its name is Kanjay yeah. Da, and he argues that – sounds then, magical like, to me. And we even had a rebirth where, like, these scarabs were back in, like, I want to say ancient Egypt. It's been a long yeah. time, not the rebirth, uh, the zero issue. I can't remember verbatim at this point, but it's, like, where the f- thing first came down and, like, uh, you know, got screwed up. Yeah, yeah. And that's and why I'm telling you, all you have control. to do is show the first uh, scarab armor being made by a god. It's magic. Well, it's just it, weird it's... with the tech angle because even in the original New 52 series, I'd say the original, but the New 52 series, like the reason that Paco became the Blood Beetle is that Jaime stabbed through him and like, you know, put this goddamn part of the scarab into his heart yeah. and it like took over and it actually wanted to kill Blue Beetle because Kanji Da lost control of its host. Number one, Eric Pretzel. Pretzel. Number two, magic. Fuck. Magic, uh, to me, yeah, here's you're pretty the thing. Much magic. And what okay. we said, what we said was in the rebirth uh, Just... special, we said that one of the things that we did talk about in this scene when we saw it the first time, and, and is you, uh, am I with you or are you with me? I mean, that because it's been so much longer since that rebirth special, that seeing this scene doesn't bother me as much as that goddamn one we saw with Barry and Wally in, in the flash. How <laughs> angry I got that Honestly, we saw that again. I can go right with you because that was like a week later. Okay, yes. we have the same goddamn That's thing. That's what I'm again. saying. Now that we're distancing ourselves from it. And then we had the from a couple it. weeks later and had it again. Yeah. Like, Damn. I don't mind it here, um, but yeah, we no, said that. I don't mind that, it here. It's just the the concept. No, but what I'm saying is when we when we talked about that originally in the rebirth special, when we said like, okay, we're getting back to legacy, we're getting back to this. Everything seemed to be like you know pushing almost like a golden age type yeah. feel and all that. It was magic then, and then when you got this hipper, you know, you you hip kids oh, yeah. like now you, we're, the nineties kids. The, no, I'm saying that's even the thing where you're talking about the go- like the legacy, the golden age where everything was magic. Then we get to the silver age, everything was science. Yeah, and yeah, science. And, but and kind of then, it then the nineties to me though, then it became real alien. Like everything's oh, yeah. alien thing. This is just it means nothing. All of this is is whatever. When they came up with this, if this. Scarab armor, as it was, was made in the 50s in a book. It would have been magic. It always would have been. And they're just saying, you know, they want to get back to that. And we said also, because that scene was in Rebirth Special, it probably does. The Blue Beetle Scarab armor must have something very important coming down the line. There was no reason why they just didn't throw that in. And we see it again here. And it, it has to be that... Magic makes more sense in the grand scheme. Of well, things. that's the and thing. I Even what really... I'm saying, though, it made sense when they Keith Giffen and a bunch of other writers did the Blue Beetle thing uh, originally with Jaime Reyes. They did it this alien tech way because they needed Jaime to see the brother eye satellite that was mm-hmm. cloaked. They needed the alien technology to do it. And again, also, we even said at one point he went on the threshold. He's off and about, and it's a, it saying, was and very they, alien based. And I'm saying it's very alien based because they even point out in that that the the Reach are like they they hate the Green Lanterns and yeah, they're like yeah. mortal enemies. Yeah. I like I said, I I don't mind that. Uh, to me. Uh, alien tech and magic, one and the same. It's big, yeah, it really that's, doesn't Honestly, that's like me. Abracadabra in the Titan series yeah. where he is from the future and using future tech to make it look like magic. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't bother me. But then, yeah, you get that. The only thing I thought is I really thought that the timing and the pacing of this scene it threw the book off a bit. You had a big battle, and then you get this that you saw before. I actually wouldn't have minded if we saw this 
kind of second scene maybe because you did like that cold open. And the I, thing I think with the- I kind of like this where it is because we, in my mind, this is like a, a prequel to where we saw in Rebirth, and now we're moving past that. I don't know. I liked it kind of the way it transitioned. Yeah, into I didn't. I thought it. Here, I, I thought it threw everything to a screeching halt, and then you get. Well, it's the end of the book anyway. Yeah. Well, then the next scene is the final scene where you get this like rich lady. She's taking a call. She, it's from somebody else, but she's hearing about Rack and Ruin. And she's hearing yeah, the that super they, villain broker. Yeah, yeah. And she hears that, you know, oh, he's talking to somebody else. That just won't do. And then she turns into a demon looking. And that's the thing, person. is that we get a little background where she seems to be some kind of loving guardian to her niece. I don't know what happened to her yep. niece's parents, but she's taking care of her niece now. She seems very caring. She gets a telephone call and then she finds she's out evil. that Blue Beetle's her she eyes. She looks like glow. Apollo in the fucking yeah. Wonder Woman book a bit. And then or even like, the firstborn. We, we don't get a name though. No, you don't, like, get you don't get anything. This is what I'm saying. I don't get anything where I'm like, oh my god. And uh, who? Here's the here's a crazy question for you. Who is the Blue Beetle's biggest villain? <laughs> nope. Is it recently the Blood D? De- you know the Blood, Blood Beetle. Beetle. Yeah. Um, you know, it's weird. This is like one of the first books that I can remember just off the top of my head of Rebirth, where you really don't. You get Ted Court. He is the. You know what? Legacy character. I'm trying to think back of the of the, the old series because his series ended and we got a little goodbye to him and the Justice League yeah. International like uh with the annual of that series. Okay. And I'm like, all right, his biggest uh, villain in my mind, Omac, for sending him the space. Okay, yeah, there's Omac. But <laughs> you know what? If you're going to go full out and think of the things that you could have in this, because every issue, every rebirth seemed to have, like, they wanted to push something to get you going. You see at the end where you see something that you think it might be Booster Gold, holy shit, I'm yeah. in. I'm in the next issue. You get a, a woman who turns into a fucking, you know, a demon and pissed because there's two blue beetles. I'm not in. I, I'm, I'm you mean irritated. The Blue Beetle's working with somebody? Yeah. Okay, that won't do. What yeah. do you mean that won't do? What is he supposed to be a hermit? What is he, the fucking Unabomber out there? I don't know. There? Honestly, the way it's playing it's right Kaczynski-er. now, with her eyes going on, in my mind, she's one of these sorceresses that's been keeping the Scarab secret. Yeah, and again, like that. that might be the whole deal where we're going to see right away why they're pushing it as magic. Maybe that is the way. Maybe she's a Blood Beetle, Eric, because she looks like she's got some that crazy Blood Beetle was way little. cooler. Yeah, she's a you. You agree with me then? She's a blood beetle. No, no, she's probably some like you said. She's probably like the guys who the Grail guys and fucking uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Now all of a yeah. sudden somebody's uh, spilled the beans and she's somebody's been talking. Actually, I don't know. I, maybe it's weird too. Like if if they tell me the next issue, oh, you know they're trying to get the scarab because Jaime is really pushing to get rid of the scarab. And if these rack and ruin were supposed to be there to grab the scarab or try to remove it somehow, like they don't know that they can or whatnot, you didn't get that from this issue as no. well. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I did like the art. I, I like the art. I really like the art, except for the battle scenes. I, I here's hated the, thing, the way though, Rack the and Ruin thing, looked, too. Here's what I'll get. I'll, I'll say to you, and I don't know the ins and outs, but boy, you look at the battle scene. I all I see are word bubbles, and yeah. you get these. You get somebody sending you the script, and I really do think you're handcuffed a bit in a battle that has this much dialogue going. That what can you really show? You know what I mean? Everybody's got to be talking. Everybody's got to be going. I I wonder if that didn't handcuff him to not be able to just go all out. If you're just going to have a battle that, uh, you know, he writes, and then Blue Beetle kicks Rack and Ruin's ass and it's left up to them, I think that he is being smothered by this overly dialogue fucking battle And uh, because I really do like the art 
throughout the whole issue. I, I do I, agree I with really, you. That I, battle I, just didn't have the oomph that it had. But no, I like everything with Ted. I really like. I like the Scarab. I like. I like all that. I actually think that is the strong point of the book. If it wasn't for the art, I, I might give this a one. That's the thing, though. I actually started out when I finished my review, I had a 6.5 out of 10, and I went back and I looked at the book again, and I realized, you know, I really like this art. Especially, I'm telling you, Blue Beetle comes off a little bit more cartoony than I like like him to be. Yeah. I like it, though, but when he's out of costume, like all the people, I think they look amazing. I even like the backgrounds. It's just, I hate Rack and Ruin. I fucking hated him in this. And the the fight was just discombobulated to me and i don't know if that's if that's the joke rack and ruin are supposed to be these quote-unquote generic villains like we said and no, that's i'm sure they are the, the i joke don't of care it, about them yeah, and i don't, don't like their look and i'm, I don't I'm telling anything you anything about them you just t- said exactly what i think of the whole issue i really don't care about it i was yeah. reading it for this i'd be out if i was buying these if i was one who was into these and i think i would have been i would have bought every rebirth number one yeah and or number one if there wasn't a rebirth just to see what's going on and I, I would have bought this, I would have read it, and I would have been like, nope, I'm done, I'm, I'm out. And I, I hope that that changes, like I said at the beginning. You know I would love for me and you to, this would be my introduction in the Blue Beetle, and me and you could talk at work all day. I could say, well, <laughs> what's going on with that? Why did he say that, Eric? And then, well, let me tell you, Jimmy boy. That's what I like, Jimmy Honestly, boy. I, I think I lost all credibility at the beginning of this when I was saying Beth over and yeah, over again. Yeah, really. Actually, yeah, you're out. You, you did out. exactly what I said about those people doing That's the podcast like and stuff. Just don't time, don't man. say too many man. things. You, you, <laughs> you all you, you open your mouth and then you, you fucking prove you're stupid. You know that B name. That B. Yeah, name. listen to our early podcast. That's why the early ones were only the fucking two hours because you know if we open our mouth we see we're stupid. <laughs> also though, uh, I will point out as well, we spent a whole year and a half of doing a website before we. We even thought of doing a podcast because we were not comfortable being idiots. Then yeah. we thought, you know what? I'm pretty comfortable being an idiot. I'm in. <laughs> but yeah, what did you give it on the site? I gave it a seven out of ten because did I went you? back and I upped it to the freaking uh, to oh. because of the art. But also, I, I'm a little biased too because of how much I want to like love Blue Beetle. Yeah, I'm not biased. Uh, you want you, the you, biggest? You, I'm telling you, the reason though that this is de- like downgraded to this point in my mind yeah. to a seven is because of the dialogue. Yeah, I just didn't I, – I went into this hoping that I would learn a little about Jaime, a little – and really you get nothing with Ted Court except that moment where he says, hey, my dad – I know that. I, you know, I could guess that. Uh, I just – I didn't like it at all. Well, guess what my score is. What is it? I, was, I want you to guess. What do you think? And 6.5 out of 4, 10. 4.5. No. 4.5. It almost made a fuck you 5, but I, I don't know. care enough. So I, I don't care that. enough about it. I or I should have given it like the 5.1. But yeah, I just don't care enough about it. And it, it, Keith Given has done nothing to get me interested in his character that I'm supposed to put money out to continue reading about. No, it, it, it's not that great. Hey, Eric. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, before we move on to the next book, uh, we are coming at you. I don't even know how to transition into this. Well, addendum, honestly. This is an addendum? Yes, our Blue Beetle talk continued because we recorded the Blue Beetle section last night, and it actually bothered me all night, the fact that I didn't know who that last character was at the end of the Blue Beetle Rebirth number one. And I went back and did some research and pulled out my long box. I was looking at my original Blue Beetle from the New 52 books, 
And yeah, I know exactly who that goddamn character is because she showed up in Blue Beetle number one and continued to be. Honestly, Blue Beetle's biggest goddamn nemesis. Okay. But it, it, it was a long time ago. It was, and I have not looked at those books in a while. And the thing is, too, I went back and I didn't even realize I don't own Blue Beetle number one. I actually had to see that online. And then really? I started reading the other books, like two, two up. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But yes. that is Brenda's aunt. That was, I didn't even know that was Brenda at the end of that book. When I, she thought, that she, I thought that she actually says the name at one point. I don't, I don't even know the book now. It didn't even go in my head, though. But that's Brenda's aunt, and her name is Amparo Cardenas. And okay. she is a big freaking mafia boss of Texas. And you said the biggest thing, though, is that she knows Blue Beetle's secret identity. She and she, knows and, that and Jaime, Jaime knows she's up to no good yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, it's it's a big deal to have that character show up at the end of this book. And fucking yeah. there I am. I'm telling you, I lost all my street cred talking about this. For, yep. Oh, yeah, Eric, big blue beetle fan. Oh, Mr. Big nonsense. Blue Beetle. I didn't lose nonsense. anything because you know no. what? I still don't care. This well, is like, what I say, Eric. I told you earlier. <laughs> I talked to you earlier. I'm like, we got to go back and just add something so I don't feel like yeah, a complete you, fool you this said, whole and I said, time. I said, that's fine. Uh, because I, I wouldn't want you to lose your street cred, but this is me with the it book. It bothered right. me all night after we got done. Uh, now I'm going out there. I just went through the patio door. Now I'm in the garage. Now I'm in the attic, basement, sunroom. Uh, what other rooms are there? Kitchen, pantry. No. You good now? I am good. I'm in but the no, pantry. Honestly, Everybody wants to get to the pantry. The thing is, too, though, I went back and I was reading these New 52 Blue Beetles, and I, I talked about it a bit during the review Did you how like great it? they were. They were amazing. Really? I was so happy. Like, Blue Beetle number two, Paco and freaking uh, Jaime are attacked by these group of villains that uh, freaking Aparo sent, and her name okay. is uh, Ladama. It's her super okay. villain name. But Ladama okay. sent these out to freaking go after these guys because it was something that's in Jaime's backpack. Don't know what that thing was because I didn't have issue one, but freaking Jaime brings Paco to the freaking Ladama's uh, house because it's uh, Brenda's quinceanera. And he's like, what are you doing? And the Blue Beetle backpack is talking to him, saying, like, just be quiet. Don't not reveal your identity. Really? And it actually causes him to get sick all over her fucking shoes. I'm like, That's there it really is. Cool. Arch Nemesis created because you Yeah, you really. Ladies don't like shoes. to get fucking things on those expensive shoes. But no, yeah, go really. back and read that new 52 Blue Beetle because it is awesome. Are you, are you forcing me to read that book? If you, I'm telling anybody else. Cause you know what shit. I'm going to read? All I'm going to read is the number one issue that you haven't read, and I'll laugh at you. <laughs> I'm going to go tomorrow. I'm going to go to the comic store. They probably Because I'm telling you, we started off on this. I got back into new like DC Comics when uh, Earth 2 started, which was kind of like issue zero. I issue think. So zero. 13th, it was around the 13th issue, issue. 13. So when I was going back yeah. and getting back issues, I guess my comic book shop was out of issue number one. Yeah, well, months. by then, who's going to have that many issues of Blue Beetle? Jesus well, I got Christ. the rest. Yeah, you did. Uh, wasn't there another one that you – I went to the comic shop and you didn't have – was it uh, New Guardians number one or was no, it New one Guardians down the line? Number, it was New Guardians number nine, I want to say, where uh, Blue Beetle okay. shows up in that. Hey, isn't this the time where we can yell on DC or send us stuff? You ne- By the way, you know who I'm talking to. Wink, wink. We need Blue Beetle number one from the New 52 and what New the Guardians – first trade. Yeah, and okay. New Guardians, yeah. I think number Actually, nine. the trade would be awesome. It would be Get amazing. to it. I don't know why we need it, but we would want it. But, yeah, that is Eric getting his street cred back. Trying I don't know if he did because – there you go. Bunch of nonsense, <laughs> but we're going to move on. All right, Eric, you ready for the Kumite? I'm always are ready for the Kumite. Are you ready for the Kumite? I, too, will fight in the Kumite <laughs> to make my father proud. Uh, I'm t- I will not be your son's punching bag. If that's what you want, you go fuck yourself. <laughs> that director's whoa, whoa. 
<laughs> Whoa, young Frank Dukes. What you think you talking about? I Tanaka. I know, and when you die, I'm going to fuck your wife harder than you've ever fucked her before. Whoa, whoa, yeah, that's not why I have you catching fish with your blindfold. No, you know that is why. Go to hell. I gotta there imagine, though, they actually made the freaking Bloodsport 2 Blood Brothers, but then Bloodsport they had the test too. audience where Frank just railed that old ja- <laughs> Japanese lady. Like, the best. No, let's it cut starts it. off, it starts off, he's doing a split, and he's doing his, all his things, he's fighting, and then he's like, oh, he, he come, gets out of bed, and then all of a sudden you see his freaking Mrs. Tanaka. Frank, why are you going so early? That's like, in Listen. my mind, it was the, uh, the beginning of uh, Happy Gilmore. Is that Mrs. Yeah. Tanaka who bangs yes. freaking Happy Gilmore in the beginning yes. of that? Yes. Yeah, that could be that, that <laughs> accidentally went to the uh, the freaking intercom yeah. that came up. Yeah, that's Mrs. Tanaka. She's ready. Oh, what, wait, no, you're going to let me be Mrs. Dukes. You pushing your luck, Mrs. Tanaka. No, Mrs. I used Tanaka, dim mark on your face. your name. It make me better at Kumite. <laughs> I am uh, Frank yes. Tanaka now. Oh, uh, you, you do use dim mark. He says, he says to, to me, is there any way I can use Tim Mark to make you shut the hell up? You're so annoying. Now I see why Mr. Tanaka kill himself. No, he died of cancer. You keep thinking that, bitch. And then he goes off and he fights with Jackson. And they're the blood brothers. Cancer right? of the ears. <laughs> the end. That is a great movie, isn't it? Bloodsport 2. Blood Brothers. There yeah. you go. And scene. And we're talking about Batgirl, Eric. That's Are we? the next Good. book. Yeah. <laughs> talking about Batgirl. It has all to do with what we're talking about. Batgirl number two, written by Hope Larson, art by Raphael Albuquerque and Dave McCaig. And this is what Reggie actually did this book. He uh, So he sent me this bit of a blurb. We can right. even do a tip for tat, like I said with the uh, Rack and Ruin, because I wrote up a blurb. I didn't know Reggie was going to send me him. I, he was taking his time. I, Mr. Gambler, fucking, he he knows when to hold him, knows when to fold him, doesn't know when to send the blurb, but I don't want to say anything. They might get mad at me here. Uh, he says, Babs and Kai find themselves looking for the fight trainer mentioned by Fruit Bat. Whatever phony nonsense Kai made up to stay near Barbara's shampooed ponytail babs eventually does find the best lady fighter in singapore who just happens to hail from gotham before she can piece that together though Small she world. gets knocked out by a female chunk <laughs> that's what reggie said i actually have my blurb is barbara gordon continues finding herself in this issue and all about her sort of new boyfriend kai and some good old-fashioned mma action really there's not much more than that but we see that kai is possibly has possibly left his bad boy past behind him, and Barbara is Bullshit. not the fighter I thought she was. Yeah, I, so we both... Uh, Reggie actually gave this a very good review. I'll spoil that. Reggie gave it an 8 out of 10. Right. I think that might be a little high for this, because not a lot goes on. But yeah, it starts off, she is in the Singapore. Is, not a lot goes on. I end up really disliking Barbara by the end of this issue, too. Uh, I just kind of got annoyed with her, and I think awesome the problem is, well, yeah, I think the problem is, is that you have Kai there, and she's not really talking a lot to Kai, so a lot of this is inner monologue, and the inner monologue just makes me think she's insane, which we kind of saw in Nightwing, she's a little, you know. Definitely, and I'm like, just talk to the guy, and, Jesus yeah, Christ. And that's what, and it gets, like... It really is over the top with all this stuff she's talking about. Plus, she goes, she's in the middle of training for a fight. She's still thinking about, here's, like, she has an eidetic memory. It, that's fine. 
concentrate on the now, Barbara. You're getting your ass well, handed you, she, to you. She is in a messed up situation in her mind because she just left Luke Fox. Oh, she's yeah. prancing off to go find Nightwing, and all she's she's making out with Kai here, but yeah, like you know, leading indeed. him on to the point where I kind of want you to leave, but I want to kiss you too, well, and I don't I want you to get the wrong idea. Just, but I'm not going to tell you any of this. Go back to Gotham, Barbara. Yeah. This trip of finding yourself, I, I don't know that you're finding, finding anything. Trouble. You're finding drama. She is a drama queen. Drama. Huh. Well, it starts off in the weirdest and possible I hate way. Start off. It starts off so weird that she is in Singapore. Looks like she's just started flying. <laughs> she is above that city here. It's a glider. Is she? She is not. There's no way I saw her ever glide like that. Well, it's there, crazy. There's not a lot of tall buildings in Burnside. I don't she know what to tell you. She is so up that she's gonna <laughs> die. But yeah, there is a drone. It's a little weird. There's a drone that looks like it's recording her. She's going to get it. I, she thinks this is tied into the whole thing, and I don't know about you, but this is another one where I'm now in the mode of getting a book every two weeks. When we get a book that we haven't had for three, four weeks, I forget anything that's going on. I really have. They have the, I have a bad fucking ADD as it is. I think that DC is really screwing with me. With, honestly, with these... like, like Blue Beetle, if you read the solicit this, you'll have no idea. Yeah, this so is way it, off too. Talking about how she it, partners up with Fruit Bat, I think, and they said yeah. This, well, uh, here, last issue there was a big battle. Said Fruit Bat, Fruit Bat was kicking ass. Fruit Bat is might have been Mrs. Tanaka for all we know. She was an old lady, hundred fourteen years old, I think. Yeah, and, and gave Barbara uh, like the advice, and the advice was you can't see the future when the past is standing in your way, and that's like you know and that you means get MMA that. fighting. And you get that, and you're thinking, okay, that means, you know, forget about this Burnside stuff at the moment and get on yeah. with your life. She hasn't. She she can't go on with anything because she's too neurotic and crazy and whatnot. But she goes, she sees this uh, this Ventress. drone, and this drone is uh, videotaping. She's going to find out what's going on. It ends up just being a fucking sick guy. Pervert, yeah. Yeah, and it seems like this guy is centered on her. She just got there. And... Really, well, I don't know. Any... there's a lot of different pictures in his. Uh, his yeah, apartment. but I'm looking. He's centered on her, but she, what are the pictures? And that's her on the computer, oh, correct? Yes. Uh, where is he taking those? She's in the bat suit this whole time, so he has been following no, her no, all she, time. I think she saw this drone outside of her room, put on the bat suit to go follow it. You think? I just yeah. thought she was just going around because she's even just talking, and then like, it seems to be oh, including that drone. It just is weird. And also, if you want to do anything, this guy now should know that Barbara Gordon is, or at least definitely. what she looks like. But yeah, this guy's a pervert, and he's a peeping tom. Uh, what what the hell's going on? And there? she gets him arrested. I yeah. just don't like. It's weird to me. Does hiding. she stop him and call the cops because like he's yeah. still in his underwear? It seems like. like yeah, it seems like, you know, he's like, who are you working? She thinks that he was and involved in this whole thing from the last issue with of this Kai battle. And and, whatever, and yeah, whatever and, fucking nonsense he's up to with yeah, this freaking clown he's involved chick with. trying to find the formula. Yep. The koopy doll clown chick, the kabuki I for, I girl. I forget what the hell she called her. Yeah, then. I don't even remember. Uh, clown so, something, you know, I forget. Clown, Fuck me. Clown face. Goddamn background. But yeah, she just she ends up helping the world by getting a peeping Tom. Sailor right. clown. That's yeah, what it was. Sailor clown. Do, do you think that at any point the police might have let the guy get dressed? <laughs> I, I don't know. You undies. see a lot of stuff on cops where they freaking pull a guy out and it's a goddamn underwear, so nah, I don't know. Yeah, but, but I, this I, is just know, a guy. I don't see anything. I, I don't see anything that crazy with these pictures, but I, I guess I guess you're not allowed to do that. I better take down some things on my wall now. <laughs> better get rid of this evidence. I want to um, know too, like uh. Oh fuck! I forgot my train of thought. Oh, I'm thinking. I know Barbara's a smart girl, a smart person. I don't know. See, if I say girl, you're like, oh, why are you single? Yeah. But yeah. no, she's a smart person. 
I don't know if I was in China, I would know how to call the cops and yeah. tell them what to do. I don't know. She seems to know. Like, she's very smart. She knows Japanese. She knows the she's language. She Japanese. knows Chinese and she Japanese. She does. Well, remember before, she knew right away that when you get this food, you go to that place and that place for yeah, two minutes I, after she was there. she knows some shit. I just don't she know does. how things work in other places. I don't know how things work here. It's you call 912 That's in the Japan. real number. That's when the police come. Yeah, they give you a card. But yeah, then she's gonna take a shower. I just she and actually she's sitting there. She's like, I must be missing something. She thinks back at Sailor Clown, and there was a tattoo there that meant student. Now I have, I'm telling you, I'm reading this book. Oh, she had this tattoo, and it's Chinese. It means student or pupil, whatever. I'm like, yeah. what happens when she gets past that phase and she has this tattoo the rest of her life? She, but that's the thing. Is she it's always like, the student? Yes. I think that well, she whoever she... Well, she's never become the teacher. Who, no, she's never going to become the teacher. The teacher is the teacher, Eric. It's like Mr. Tanaka. The freaking Frank Dukes For some reason, never in my mind, I go, back, I go back to the Sith, though, where there's always two, the teacher yeah, and the Yeah, no, I, like, I just think that that's... And also, she is probably... To There's me, no room for improvement here's here. Here's the deal, though. You're thinking student or pupil. That doesn't necessarily mean there is a master. There probably is, but that could just be a student of... Well, she says, though, it's like, who's the teacher? Yeah, yeah. It's weird, though, to me, even though I'm thinking, like, like if you're a student of Taekwondo, you're always a student of Taekwondo. It doesn't matter if you're a teacher, a master, or whatever. Uh, you're always a student of that faith. But I think, yeah, they're, obviously, we're going to lead to a master i don't know for Fruit some bat. reason that bottom, Boom. like there's Kai. No, there's no room for progression in this situation she's yeah. in she's got a tattoo hey that's what happens when i she got a gets green goblin tattoo on my arm when she, i was 15 uh, years old i'm always going to be that 15 year old boy now she like makes it something else uh the pupils i don't know she changes the tattoo it's like when johnny depp he had you get uh, something over top of it he had winona because he was going to marry winona Ryder, and when she dumped him or he dumped her he changed it to wino classy man that johnny depp <laughs> but yeah you go and then you get kai and really to me if anything is forced in this book it's kai and her yeah they they had that whole thing where they knew each other she knew him so long ago that's the thing it, they she were knows kids. that he's up to no good right they were kids though like yeah. imagine talking like thinking about someone and hanging out with somebody from elementary school and you have this, all this past but you have all this stuff missing in between you have nothing to talk about and yeah you can't especially say, hey remember when we did this no because we were children and things yeah. didn't matter and they don't even it's not even like that it'd be like me and i meet a guy i did actually a guy wanted to get back to, uh, in touch when fucking facebook it might have been like way oh, back who, who was that guy who showed up at our work that used to be best friends with in the third grade oh yeah uh dave Dave. That Dave, yeah, How he showed up. I that? didn't even know who the fuck the guy was. I no. fucking made fun of him. Like, who's this fucking? What? I, Johnny Swagger. Johnny Collars. Or Johnny Swagger. J Johnny Swagger. I was calling him. Then he's like, "Hey, Jim, Jim Warner." Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Dave. I'm like, "Holy shit! What the hell happened to you? You hit the brick wall called life, my friend." But yeah, then he, you know, hey, but he he knew better than to ask me to to get together. But I had a guy who actually moved away in the third grade. And then after this, I mean, this is, you know, way past then. This is probably 10 years ago. The guy was on, like, Facebook or MySpace at that point. And he's like, hey, you know, oh, man, we were best friends. I used to go, this is the guy who I told you where I'd go to his house in the Poconos and I got bit by that fucking copperhead snake. Yeah. I, I, every summer I would go to his his house in the Poconos. His parents had this Pocono house that we'd go to. So I did a spend show. a lot of time with him. I had not seen him in 25 years. And he's like, oh, man, we got to get together together you know we got it i'm like yeah this this line's going dead and it, then i he's like yeah i had some problems i was in the the iraqi war i'm like yeah, i don't need this i don't need this nonsense. 
Next, he's going to think I'd stolen Valor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Going back to that episode. But, uh, no, I just, it's well, weird. Say, you I get got, these I got friends, line, but this. I, I got a line that? here. It's like this. And I'm not dating Kai. Sure, I feel something, but that's just because we share history. I'm like, this history, you were children. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I just walked by. I wish I walked by, and at one point uh, I picked up a pencil and gave it to her. Next thing I know, I'm I'm railing her. It's so weird. Uh, The panel that I was talking about is right here where I told you that the art was a little off. It's where she's sitting there, and she's, like, talking about going to see rare books. Right. Like, what happened to her? I don't know. She must have eaten a lot at that fucking stand, that other thing. She looked like she gained, like, 100 pounds. Uh, But, yeah, the the thing that gets me, though, we were talking about this – you know, a long lost friend or whatever. It's not, it's, it's not a thing. Like if they were like, Hey, Kai, oh my God, they're in the same room together now. Kai's making up reasons that he's going to follow her around like Asia. She just walks out of the shower in a goddamn yeah. robe. Yeah. This is not, I, I, I don't care how good of friends you were in the second grade. That's too long ago. It's too forced. And not to mention that you think he's up to no good. Yeah. And she, like you said, Barbara she is a very movies? smart girl. She is a she, one she probably was fucked over by Dick Luke. She's yeah. like, no more good guys. I'm going for yeah. the bad boys. Yeah, but she she is one of the smartest, at least in Gotham, yeah. if not all. I think that she is up there in the Definitely. upper echelon of intelligence in the DCU. She really is. She cannot pick a friend. Every friend that shows up in her life ends up being the villain. And when is she going to realize, Eric? She never realizes. All of a sudden, guys just show up at the last arc in the New 52, that fucking, uh, what was it? Spell, was it Spellbinder? No, what was I the, forget what the hell what was it? Name I can't was. remember his name, but basically he was scrolling with her memories to make her think that they were long-lost friends. Yep. Now, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you, you see a long-lost friend. I think I'd be a little cautious here, exactly. Barbara. Exactly. Don't jump into the fucking deep end of the pool here. You're going to get screwed again. And everybody, am I right? Every time in Burnside, she went to Burnside and every goddamn friend that showed up at that door was a villain, except Black Canary, maybe, and Frankie. But yeah, all these others, every villain ended up being somebody who was sleeping on their couch. goddamn name right now. Yeah, yeah, but it was something like that. Yeah. And, and it just, it just infuriates me that you have one of the smartest girls and yet every arc has to be another fucking friend. Now, Kai may end up not being bad because at this one point, he seems to be trying to get his life together. I do think though it's, well, I think it's one of those where the, the sins of the past, Eric, are going to come and haunt him. Like he says the startup company, oh, this guy got me a job. Oh, remember him from fucking science class? I'm like, what the hell is going on? No, but I, I do think because that was 20 years ago. Yeah, and I do think that it's going to be one of those where he wants to be good, but he even says at the one point because they go from this and next thing they're going to go on a pseudo date. To go to this like swank hotel. This is later because she has this MMA. But at this point, he even spells out, "Hey, you know what? I, I work in the gray area. You know, uh, you know, yeah. what do you do when I'm gonna be rich? Oh, you're shady. I got you. I just like it too that there is a Barbara. She is sitting on what possibly could be a billion dollars. If yep. they want to go to this hotel, she should say, "Listen, I don't want you to get involved in this fucking seedy shit. If you really want to go to this pool." Uh, let's get a room there. This is how the rich I, stay rich, Jim. Yeah, I guess. How do you think I got so rich? She stayed at a hostel in the re- the first issue. Yeah, and she, now, well, you she, know. Again, she even said she wanted to get back to the basics. Yeah. I, I understand that. But at this point, she's not really back to the basics in my mind. But she does go to adapt. 
adapt eric adapt tower she goes because they were she heard that that was the place to go for female mma fighters and when she gets there they have decided it seems the day before they're not taking any female mma fighters anymore and we find out later that uh they ended up getting screwed over by this now, one, and it's when, it's very when she, hopeful. When she hears about this woman May, who like works at this gym, who will train her and get her fights, yeah. and she goes over there, it's very. I don't know. Did you find this weird? It's like they just. Oh, what is here? They just flew Wen uh, Wen Lu in from China and tried yep. to sign her, but couldn't close the deal. She signed with a promo in uh, Seoul. In Seoul. Seoul. I'm sorry. Guess Chen was so pissed he swore off girls completely. And and Barbara says that's that's disgusting. disgusting. I'm like, I just think she's like that's disgusting I, I as a like you, like, social a, justice warrior thing. Like that's that, disgusting. That's weird to me that that's it disgusting. Is. I'm like I just huh. don't, I'm thinking like here you go. You have Ronda Rousey in the in the MMA. I don't. I am a not an MMA guy, so I don't yeah, know anybody else of uh, the women. You know, and she decides to sign with weird science uh mixed martial arts i have a new thing i love blood sports so much i got a billion dollars i'm gonna make my own goddamn kumite all you I do sign, is mock badly i sign around rousey and the next thing you know the mma decides no more ladies get the fuck out of here it's Done. such a hokey thing it's so ridiculous that he's like nope he decided to swear off girls completely what about the fans of this fucking you know mma stuff that's going on here it's so weird, but it, it is forced. It, it's basically just forced so that they can train on the, not the down low, but you don't have to worry about shit. But the best thing I thought was Barbara's there. Yeah, you know, I want to get involved in this. I want to train. Oh, well, you know what? We'll set up a fight next week. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Next week? I'm going to be out of town, baby. Oh, really? Who the fuck what, are you coming here and just demand shit? Yeah, what? She's like, I want to fight. Okay, next week. No, I'm not going to be around. Who the fuck is going to try? And then the and the lady even thinks to herself, like, oh, a tourist. You know, why do I yeah. want to deal with you? I'm like, why would you? Why Seriously. would yeah? You got a business to run here. You're not going to deal with one fucking tourist girl. Yeah, and then uh, it's funny too because basically they're trying to set up a fight with this Wen Lu, who seems to be the biggest thing in China right now. She went to this adapt and and said, fuck that, I'm signing with the Korean guy, and I'm out. And now she's going to set up a fight with her? I don't even understand how this works. I wish it was the Kumite. But yeah, that's when she's like, well, next week, I'm not going to be around that long. Really? Well, why is she? Oh, it's so now, weird. not only, though, do we have Kai, who she was friends with in Chicago before she moved to Gotham, but then we find this woman, May, yep, who May. also lives Just in happened Gotham. To be from, yeah, just from Gotham. And she does appear to be a, a kick-ass fighter, correct? I know she like, has a You gym. would think that at some point... And Gotham, it might have come up. I, I guess you can just be training. Gotham's a yeah. big city, but still, this lady seems to be a big to-do enough to pretty much kick the shit out of Barbara. And I get the idea. This is like my buddy Brett, who did mixed martial arts uh, for most of his life. And, you know, his big thing, like we would watch blood sport, and you'd yeah. see Jackson, who just grabs like people and throws him, and throws his opponent into the thing. I get the idea here that, you know, you try one style, they have a style that combats it, but, yeah, like, yeah. but it still seemed off. How much, how easy it was for this lady. Barbara and, kicked and got put down. And at this point, I do like that later on you get the idea that she's distracted. At this point, you really don't. She should have the eye of the tiger. Yeah. Uh, the one thing, too, I like, too, she's like, Barbara's there. 
10 minutes later, they're going to spar. And she's like, oh, she wants me to make the first move. Good thing I'm not shy. Yeah, I, I actually think she is. <laughs> it kind of threw me off. I thought, you know what, Barbara is kind of, it's a weird line. She kind of, to me, is kind of shy. And to me, Barbara. Honestly, if you're, you're going to start making out with a guy who you haven't seen in years. I guess years, she's not shy anymore. But yeah. to me, Barbara would never be the type of fighter. Like, again, I think she's trained by Batman. She's trained all that, you know, she's really good fighter. Yeah. But to me. Her big thing is always intelligence. No matter what Barbara does, her intelligence and adapt, you know, like that, with her eidetic memory and shit like that, that is what is going to put her over the top. I never think of her, now this is a nitpick, but I never think of her as throwing the first punch or kick. I, I would know, always I think that. I think she, about her like that a bit. Yeah, she always I don't. jumps in like, and like, you know, has to learn as she goes. But yeah, like, I don't, I don't think of it like strong, this. Kind of very emotionally strong, it seems. Yeah, but it's a fight, and she knows what's going on. She doesn't know who this person is. I don't think she would. She just does it because basically the other lady isn't doing say, it, the fight and they're just going to stand. They look like the Rock'em Sock'em robots at one point. They're just sitting there squared off against each other. I just thought it was a little hokey how easily she gets the shit kicked out of her and then consistently, you know, need a break. No. No way. Let's go again. She's like, all right. Almost like the, the karate movie where the guy gets punched or kicked and wipes off the blood and looks at it. And now he's ready to fight. <laughs> I always love those my scenes. Own blood. Those are the best. I win because I'm bleeding. So therefore, I'm the victor. I but yeah, then she looks like she fought for three hours. She heads back with Kai. Kai doesn't get the fucking idea. She is tired, Eric. He even said, oh, man, you look beat. Huh? You know what's best for that? Let's go on a trip. <laughs> And they head to this hotel. Well, I talk about that was a trip to a goddamn pool and hot tub in my mind. Yeah, it's a crazy pool hot tub thing with a little waterfall. It's a good view. She's you know there with Kai. They're enjoying themselves, and that's where Kai kind of is like, "Hey, I'm getting my life back together. I want to be a good guy." And then they start kissing, and it must be a great kiss because boy, Kai's like, "That was some kiss." I'm and never then leaving she your says side it's again. perfect, and then she wants to stop it. And this is where, to me, is where I started getting irritated with yes. Barbara. Like, come on now. Just, you know, what, whatever you're going to do, just do it. Tell him you don't want to be involved. You do, whatever. Uh, but then in the meantime, you're also showing a lot of fights going on. And actually, no, you, you more see her getting the shit kicked out of her until finally it looks like she's ready. She's looking in the mirror. She's ready to fight. And uh, that's when Kai is like, hey, I want to be along with you. I want to, you know, do with shit with you. It just, that's, it's very it's so forced. weird, too, because she has this whole thing where Kai is constantly with her now because he was supposed to leave. But now that she, she kissed him, oh, I'm going to hang out for a while. And like, I'm even going to sleep on the couch. And she just stares at him all fucking night. It's so yeah. goddamn weird. But and, she also has to train secretly during the day and not let him in on him. Like, like, why can't you just let him know that you're a goddamn yeah, fighter? I don't, I don't yeah. understand. I don't know, too. And I also like that she... Fruit Bat told her that phrase, which was, you can't see the future when the past is standing in your way. And like uh, uh, any woman in my life, she uses that then against him. <laughs> I'm like, really? You're, you're going to throw that you at Kai? You came on to me. You're not telling Kai anything. No. All Kai, Kai doesn't know anybody. We don't know. Kai could have the worst freaking life. It seems like he did. Yeah. Uh, and he's found somebody that he used to like, and he's trying to get something going. And he's and also super hot. Yeah, and she's going to throw that you can't see the future in the past to stand in your way and then fucking brushes him <laughs> and heads off to her fight. And, yeah, the, the fight is crazy because did you think that it was going to get, like, mystical or something crazy? Because when that no. guy, the ref, it seems like he is not on the up and up. The guy with the ready, ready. Honestly. I think I'm this like, is how all underground hell? fighting refs look. 
Yeah, That's I don't even. Me, I, I don't know. the The thing is, this doesn't seem as underground as I thought, and there's not that many people there to have them fight what appears to be the best MMA female fighter in Asia. This is something that a guy could not sign her, so he shut down his whole half of his operation. And they're gonna fight. Oh, it's like and, an exhibition uh, match, like in Rocky, where a, she's like the Apollo Creed, like, "Hey, you're gonna give this like underdog a shot and just kick the shit out yeah. of her for like, or, uh, or even even worse, it's freaking uh, the uh, thing with Hulk Hogan right. when Rocky's fighting. Hulk. Lips. Hey, we'll just we'll just go around a yeah, little, right? A little hey. bit, you know. Next thing he's there, eyes. Ah, <laughs> that was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're gonna fight, and that's when Barbara's. You know, they're she's holding her own. This saying they call they call her the moth. Um, really? That's the moth. So they're they're fighting, and the worst she's trying. So, how long were they standing in the ring together? You know, she's wearing a freaking you know a a sports bra kind of yep. like top where her arm is exposed, and halfway through the fight is when she finally yeah, notices. Yeah, she's distracted. Oh my god, you have the same tattoo. The, the woman right away reminded me of Jim Carrey's uh, that bodybuilding thing from In Living Color. The, when oh he's the, right, the bodybuilding woman. Oh, my God. It looked just like her. I wish but I yeah. could remember her name. Yeah, I forget. Uh, but at the one point, yeah, all of a sudden you see the tattoo and oh, that tattoo, boom, knocked out. And I'll tell you of all the things I had an issue with the, the art. And I love Raphael Albuquerque. What's that? The Chinese Brigitte Nielsen. Yeah. Yeah, really. I, I love Raphael Albuquerque's art. I thought this issue was a little down when she gets knocked out and that whole thing. And then when she's laying there, awesome. It's so good when she gets fucking smacked in the yeah. face and that KO. It's good. But, yeah, she's out cold. He draws her with a pretty goddamn big nose, though, and it was bothering me how pointy uh, it was. Here's the thing. I really this. think that people are, are having problems adjusting to make it a more realistic version of the Burnside background. Like, they don't want to get rid of that look for some reason. They don't want to, you know, completely get rid of the whole thing, and I think it's not translating well. That anime style into a more realistic style of this and the I, birds I had of the same prey. problem with Backer on the burn. Well, that's uh, what I'm saying. I think that these. I think that uh, Raphael Albuquerque and I wish I could remember the lady who does the birds of prey. I think they're they're having problems. Claire adjusting. something. Claire yeah. Rowe. Claire Rowe. I I think that Raphael and, and Claire are having some problems adjusting like, to what they want to have. Like, has Barbara always had this pointy goddamn nose? No, no. Just well, here's noticed? the thing. This is what I'm telling you. If you go back in the meantime and look at I don't the, go back. if you go and see the Burnside Batgirl, it was drawn in an anime style where it was like that pointy, not like it wasn't a full out. Like drawn nose, it was very anime esque. So you had like a, a button kind of yeah. pointy nose and stuff. And I think they are trying to adjust from that to give you something that is more realistic, but still has that style. And I think that people are having problems because if you look at the end where I'm saying like it's the best, when you just see her laying yeah. there, it, it's fucking awesome. And but yeah, we're gonna have to see what's going on. But uh, not too what, impressed what with this you... issue though. Yeah, I, I, it, there's just not too much goes on, and I just. I get. I got annoyed with Barbara with the whole back and forth with Kai. So where the you know that seems to me. Majority of the issue is her being a fickle mushhead. Well, and to me, this fickle mush deal is uh, it is just too too much padding to me. And this is a monthly book. This isn't one that we were saying these. You know, every two weeks. Oh my God, padded we see out, this yeah. padded out thing. This shouldn't be. This whole thing with Kai is just being extended too much. I want her just going around and. and you know, learning some things. We're stuck here. Maybe it's just that I was thinking it was going to be a little more fast moving. But yeah, yeah I, I want to know more. Uh, you know, I want to see more Barbara. I don't want to see all this Kai stuff. I, I don't know 
what's involved and, and whatnot, but I really don't care because she just keeps going back and forth. She's back, and at one point in this, she goes and starts yelling at Dick for not keeping their date. <laughs> uh, what is going on there, Barbara? But yeah, uh, what would She's you thinking give? about Reggie, Luke in the last? What did I say? Yeah, yeah. I, Reggie gave it an eight out of ten. Uh, what would you give it? Uh, I'm sitting here and paging through. I'm like, what the hell would I give this? Because there's aspects I like. Like I like some of the art, except for the goddamn pointed nose at times. But yeah. over, I would have to say a six point eight out of ten. I'd probably say a six five. Uh, and I'm not saying that that I really did. I'm more. I want more. Yeah. I, I like. I actually like the voice that Hope Larson is giving Batgirl. I just don't like what that voice is telling me. <laughs> like she's not telling me anything except that she's a fickle. You know, whatever. This is a smart girl. Fickle mushhead, Jim. I, yeah, mushhead. I just. I yeah. I don't know. But yeah, we'll move on. And we're back. Were we're we back gone? I don't even know that we were gone. I don't know. <laughs> we record this in such a crazy way that every book we're back with. And this is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corpse. No, not Corpse. Oh, Core. Number what kind three. of idiot would say Corpse? Written by, watch yourself, <laughs> written by Robert Venditti, art by Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, and Timo, Timé Moray. If you like the last issue... If you like the last issue of How Jordan the Green Lantern Corps, good news because this one's the same shit. This is Reggie's thing. He's angry. I know it is. Right? He said, oh, it's a shame I'm not going to be on to talk about this because all I do is scream. That's what he told me earlier. <laughs> Write down the Sinestro talking like a foppish Shakespearean imp. There are some minor developments in the story, but none that warrant a whole issue. I'll see you in the trade collection. <laughs> he gave it a 6.5. I'll tell you that. It seems like he's ready to bail her. At one point, you were like, man, I, I got the worst of the Green Lantern books I want to be in. Uh, Reggie seems like he is, uh, you know, he wants out. But this issue to me isn't that bad. It's just not much happens. That's it, exactly it really, it. It's not a bad issue overall. Um, the the I, problem I, I have is if, there, you, done this. if you listen to us the last time, two weeks ago, when we talked about it, I said that I was very irritated that they're really playing the long con with the Green Lantern Corps. Well, I did read when they released the November solicits, <laughs> and if you go by solicits, it looks like that con continues. Till it November. Doesn't even think, yeah, November. So that's it's a long way where they're just going to kind of – and really, if you're going to get – three panels each issue i can see how it's going to take that long because in this it does start out with the core i'm telling you though i'm surprised that dc didn't start out with this this calling this how jordan rebirth number one and then when it got to november when the core they, finally up, they say green lantern uh, how jordan the green lantern core rebirth number one they get that I extra just number one it, out there i thought it was called how jordan and the green lantern core they have a big question mark <laughs> because yeah and i in my mind John is just sitting around and he keeps – it's like me. Like there's times when something breaks. Like say your phone breaks right. and you just keep trying to make it work. It's never going to work. Uh, this well, happens like, actually. It's like earlier. This is what I was doing. Facebook went down. I was trying to share something on there and I just kept sitting there and pushing refresh I'm over and over again. It's and like that's exactly what he's doing. The PlayStation 4 is broken and about every couple of days he will get it and he'll hook it up again. Just to see if some miraculously it is working now, and it doesn't, and then he gets upset, and then he looks things up, but he never you know gets what? any further. I do the same goddamn thing. Yeah, well, that's what I guess. Then I guess it's an okay thing, because he's just sitting there. Now he's trying to get a hold of the guy who they sent away last issue to kind of see what was going on, and he's like, God damn it, guy, where the hell are you? He can't get a hold of them. They don't know where they there, are. Their communication's still offline. Yeah, yeah, everything's offline, and then you go to Guy 
who is now beating the shit out of somebody, getting beat up. He's all bloody. You don't know. I don't know. You it, get nothing. He's got a bloody nose, but there are blood all over his knuckles. So I'm oh, saying yeah. he's, he's giving killing it as hard people. as he's getting. Yeah. He is killing people. And you just, you, that's it. That's all you're going to get. And then you go and you, you go to Hal then. And if you remember, Hal was about to fight the Yellow Lantern Corps. That's what you're going to get again. And it's, see, you know, and when, last time we talked about this, I had this idea in my head that the, the people that when they saw all these yellow lanterns, like you told me, like what we were talking about, you're like, oh, none of these la- yellow lanterns show up and everybody's afraid. When I first read the last issue, I really thought they were afraid when Hal showed up because in their mind, yeah. they're still afraid of the green. Yeah, and I, I, again, no, I think. I think it's one here, of those though, where they're you, afraid of the Sinestro Corps. Yeah, you have the the Sinestro Corps is is growing the universe. They they are pushing in one way that the the Yellow Lanterns have brought order and peace to the to the universe. I still think that the universe is too big a thing to boom. It changes. It's like you know you have Luke. Luke's hanging out on Tatooine. He doesn't have any love for the Empire. You know what yeah. I mean? He hears about the rebels. He thinks, and to the point where maybe. What Sinestro's doing is going to backfire and bite him in the ass because he wants to bring order. He does, again, this is like the old Lex Luthor that I love and you do as well, where he does think he's doing the right thing. He wants order to him as primo. That's number one. You want to control the, it's not just control to him. It's that he wants to bring order to the universe and the way he can do it is through fear. Maybe we're already going past that to where the people are like, oh man, I, I loved it when the Green Lanterns were here because it's not like their memories are erased. Yes, the no. Green Lanterns were bad news when they left that part, but at one point they were the great guys of the universe, and I think that some of these planets or whatever are going to, you know, it's mix and match. It, right. It's not a universal love for Sinestro or a universal hate for the Green Lanterns or vice versa. Um but yeah, you you do see that these people who are captured are afraid of the Yellow Lanterns, and we see and, that they actually are being captured and taken away at this point. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, what is going on? Why are they taking goddamn captives? And they start talking about this Fear Engine. I'm like, in my mind, for some reason, they take these people just because of the name they use, Fear Engine, where they take these people back to freaking a uh, War World, and mm-hmm. there's this big grinder. They put the people in there that grinds them up, yeah. and they become fuel for some reason. This yeah, is where I, my head yeah. went reading this goddamn. It book. would almost be like how they did. The, the whole thing in the Matrix, where when they die, they become part of the you know the fuel. Or the, 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 I actually food, thought, yeah. I actually thought they like get them all. They put them in a hamster fucking wheel. They're all running. Oh my god! But I'm yeah, so you have scared. this There's a lot of uh, things like Reggie said. There's not much that happens. The things that do happen, you don't. They're very confusing to me. Like what it, this is and what's going on because you get Sinestro, then he looks badass. So he looks sure badass, though. The problem is, he looks badass in a very dictatorly, you know what I mean? He oh, yeah. does not look like a good guy. He's not going with a, a costume or an aura about him that says to me that he's a nice guy. He, he looks bad, but he, he looks badass. Old, so he had that whole Bernie Sanders appeal? Yeah, yeah. now he just looks badass, but he is uh, getting an emissary from... The what is it? The freaking the I, I have it. The sacrament. Who's the sacrament here? Never heard of them. I have no idea. It's these people. It, it, again, and it's you're weird getting... too. It's like oh, when we had the caption telling us when we get to the Sinestro part: Space Sector Zero, World World, Command and Control Hub of the Supreme Force of Order in the Universe, the Sinestro Core. And then we see a ship and an emissary vessel approaches. I'm like, that's a weird continuation. Yeah. Why are and you telling me the actions of what's going on now? And they're throwing names at you. I've administered Lash. 
yeah. uh, from the sacrament. Cool. They're going to talk about like, hey, have you <laughs> considered the discussion? There's great fear to be found in those weaker. It's like a whole thing where uh, Sinestro is going to use them to get what he wants, but they're going to get what they want. This sacrament, though, I'm telling you, as soon as they showed up, I'm like, all I could think about was the Omega Men. I'm like, you know yeah, what? I don't want more of this. It, this whole part reminds me of the Omega Men. I was going to say that. This whole thing reminds me of that pseudo political deal and at exactly. least in the mega men we knew we were going to continue with this with this it's already getting to the point in this book where i just want how i want how i want, I want the core to come back <laughs> yeah i want the core to come back to how and them go and do adventures i don't want all of a sudden sinestro's involved in this crazy political stuff to get his way and all that that's not what i want and i just i want the core and how and if they're going to fight sinestro on the yellow lantern core so be it we do get a lot of fighting with Hal, and whether or not, like Reggie said, it is a continuation. It's just a long – that's the best part to me of this issue because it's it's some action. I did like the art more than you. I thought the, the art was the really good. The thing was, though, we, we have this action, which I'm, I, I'm not going to pish posh a goddamn nice action scene because it is cool. Yeah. It doesn't progress our story, really. Well, no. Nothing progresses this. The, well, Sinestro meeting with these the emissaries. Sacrament, which I don't care and, about. But, yeah. and Because I don't know enough progress, of the story. At well, if it progresses. The story progresses at five seconds more because he just meets with them. You you get the idea. And to me, it's all hokey shit that I look at. I'm like, oh, here we go. Politics. I'm out. I'm out. And it, it's worse because it's space politics, Derek. I really don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, that's that's really bad. I don't is left as as the leftist in space politics still a liberal? I don't even know. Is there others? Because hey, space it's infinite. Is there up and down? And who knows what's going there on? There is no up and, and down, Jim. No, nah, and really, you get nothing. So. I did like what I'll tell you. They house fighting, and then you get the idea that they're going throughout the universe. You said they're gathering up more fear throughout the universe. And I did like seeing the different planets. And it, it wasn't as neat as, say, like when you see the multiverse stuff where well, you're like, oh, gaslight thing, and you see about But I did like seeing these crazy planets that I really didn't know about. I, well, I, I like the art. I like the, the planets that they chose. It's just that we didn't get, like, we had random people and not the characters you well, that's you all you're going to have. Of like, like a planet Ron, like, where's freaking, you know, maybe like uh, Olana or something like that, or uh, Doc, uh, Adam Strange. And yeah. Cameron, I'm like, why, why aren't we seeing Blackfire here? Like, I, just, I don't know. For I some think reason, that they just, just want to show you that they're gathering up the normal people, like just everyday people to do this. And in the meantime, their fear is uh, spiking. Now, and I can also understand Cundia because, like, who gives a shit about the Cund? Yeah. Which and now this is what I said that? to you. To me – there is a thing like I'm telling America. you, there is willpower. There's the willpower of the Green Lanterns. Yeah. You can do all you want. You should only be able to get to 100%. I don't care if you have more willpower than anybody ever was. 100% is 100%. When they're showing this spiking over 100%, to me, I'm just waiting for St. Walker because we know that's at the end of the DCYOU, the Sinestro uh, book, he had St. Walker, and this is what St. Walker does. He allows the increase over well, the normal that, deal. In his book in Sinestro, because uh, Blue Lanterns were created just to pretty much recharge Green Lanterns' uh, rings yeah. and like you know, overpower them, Sinestro like modified him and like yeah. kind of brainwashed him and made it so he could charge up your fear lanterns as well. well I, I really do think since I do and think th- that next issue we should be seeing him because there's no it doesn't matter if you have a trillion people scared to me 
or 50 people scared. It, 50 people scared may get you to 75%. It's still eventually we've seen it. It'll just get you to 100. To spike over that, there's something else involved or else if that's not the case – it really, the Blue Lanterns, get rid of them. Tell me and that St. Walker's dead. Of. Because, no, I'm saying St. Walker. You don't need him anymore because now you're showing me that there's another way to do that. That was Honestly, the big I, thing. I really don't think, like, I love continuity. I don't think we'll see St. Walker again. Yeah, I, I do. Time, I think that he is, like I said, you have the Green Lantern, uh, the Green Lantern's book. You would have told me that they're never going to have Zillia Socks show up. People love Zillia Socks. You can't tell me that St. Walker isn't one of the most popular well, lanterns that there is. The no, people who like the that. lanterns, they love St. Walker. I think that he is going to show up, and I think that's going to lead to the, you know, how and the core eventually having to save him like as I well. Said, and I, maybe I, that's going to be a way where that that they have to get an ultra charged deal to get these fucking Green Lantern core rings going. This might draw out forever. Who knows? But yeah, I, I don't know. When we last left Sinestro's book, uh, Sornik had left Arkillo and St. Walker on Earth to be the freaking uh, the yeah. Yellow Lanterns of yep. that sector. Yeah. So maybe they'll show up in Green Lanterns. And but again, you say had... that, but uh, you know, Parallax wasn't in War World either. I have I a agree. feeling that we're going to have a scene very similar where you're going to see that Sinestro has him somewhere connected and I'm, I'm sure to some fucking I'm sure we've seen Arkillo tubes. in this book. I can't think of it off the top yeah, of my head. Right I, I really do think that you're just going to have show that they have it because I don't know. If not, I'm really wondering why they're really centering this whole issue on showing you that they go over the 100%. Well, that's what and I that, think that Sinestro's thing is where he is introducing like fear to the universe that has never been before and since the emotional spectrum makes up the universe, it's almost... Tipping the scales. Yeah, but here's the deal. Tipping the scale, though, of that is 100%. You can't go over 100. 100% is everything. Well, the willpower it's 100%. Is, is the ability to overcome fear. If people can't overcome fear, then that's like, you know, weakening to a certain degree where I'm telling you, tipping the scale where, you know, maybe the, the and honestly, it never made sense to me with the charging because. But like I said, a, I am, all I'm doing, I'm not, I could a, give a rat's a ass about Sinestro. I'm saying math. 100% oh. is everything. You can't go above 100%. That was what made the Blue Lanterns so special is that somehow they worked the emotional spectrum and allowed it to go super-powered, super-charge it. If, you, if you're telling me that then, then all of a sudden you get a whole planet that's all of a sudden they have willpower because they're going to overcome Sinestro's uh, you know, his fucking, uh, you know, regime. Next thing you know, the Green Lanterns are powered to 2,000%. Well, Everything gets thrown that, out there. That's how I actually think they're going to go with this from what we see here is that, like, when we finally get Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps together, they're going to inspire people to overcome the They fear might, but if they do, end, I'm you know, going to get this book and I'm going to smash you over the fucking head with it because I'm telling you, this is just basic math. This isn't – I'm not making up like, oh, and this and that. That's math. 100% is 100%. They had the whole Simpsons at one time when they had the baseball team yeah. and they had the sports psychologist like, uh, what what percent? Are you going to give 110%? We can't give 110%. The highest percent is 100%. That's all there is. You, yes. you don't go. That is what, what I'm saying is if this is what you're telling me, then they might as well the next issue say, hey – there's St. Walker. Shoot him in the fucking head and get rid of him. There's no need for the Blue Lantern Corps now because that's all they really were ending up. And you could cure the and Red they, Lantern they thing. They kind of did that, though, too, when they destroyed the Blue Lantern Corps. No, they destroyed it, but they didn't. I'm saying they didn't destroy it because of that. I'm saying write them out of the goddamn book and never have them be a thing because now you've gotten rid of their most important concept. If you tell me that the the 
the Blue Lanterns, oh, we're going to use like Sinestro. He went to get the Blue Lanterns because of that. He got St. Walker because of this specific thing. Right. Now you tell me that they can just get a lot of people afraid, and it doesn't matter. You can do the same thing as well. It, it just throws all that, that out. It has something to do with the emotional spectrum from what we've seen with the Red Lanterns and the Green Lanterns book because they are weakened because they're yeah, like I the don't, rage. I, I actually don't think that that is any bit involved. I think okay. that the Red Lanterns are weaker because that fit the story. It's because if they weren't weak, they would come and completely destroy two rookie Green Lanterns. They needed a way to make them not as formidable. Right. And that's that was the hokey way to do it and the whole story and also that's the story of the rage seed and these held there was yeah. that's the only reason they're there I don't know. so this i think that was a all more set. connected universe yeah i don't i don't agree i don't agree one bit because if that was so connected we would have solved fucking simon baz come out of that goddamn thing and he'd be stuck on that planet not knowing where the hell they were he was Agreed. with the, the green lantern core that is if you're going to have anything connected that's number one that though what's that this in my mind is going on before the Green Lanterns book, and Simon I, I, is still with Mogo. I don't. I. I. But again, then you're not really. You're connecting it in a hokey way. I just. I don't. They made the whole spell out of. Hey, the, the, there's two lanterns on Earth, and really because because the, the rings know there's shit coming down with Sinestro and stuff like that. Well, here here it is. Sinestro's well, even the Red Lanterns. That was we had that lone guardian who knows that shit's going down, but we have yeah. not really had. I'm him telling you, about- they may they may try to tell you that these books are more interconnected. I see they are starting to, to rip apart at the seams already. There's, <laughs> there's too many shit things going. I don't but even want to hear press. That was just my take of this issue. With yeah, I just I'm telling you that the only reason i get mad is because i do like saint walker right. and that is basically one of his most oh, that's yeah. the he, biggest he ability i'm saying he can't yeah. even do a construct unless there's a green lantern about i mean to me that's is, as bad and this is this is as bad as saying that uh all of a sudden, if Hal gets afraid, the yellow lantern, uh, the fear, like you're going to make up all this crazy stuff. You are actually going against everything that should be. You should go to 100%. I do think, and I'm hoping that this is just a setup that you're supposed to think, holy shit, why is this getting so overcharged? And boy, they're, like to me, you're saying they're instilling fear across the universe, and that's why the level is. To me, I would like to think that because they're getting this power level is allowing them to go all around and get everything and, and instill more fear because of that. Like you're saying it's A but B. I'm saying B equals A. And I really do hope that next issue you see that he's, you know, hey, I got I to gotta trick up my sleeve. And Sinestro goes down where Parallax was and right next to him tied up in a fucking machine is St. Walker. And then you explain that. I would be and, very and happy. If that's the case, too. And if it, that does happen, do you know what I think they'll do? Power level 300%. They may. I'm telling you, I think that I would like that. And to me, then it's all explained. That's all you need. I'm I'm saying that is that it's also he's causing this fear that gets it to 200 here. We see Saint Walker who charges it up more. Well, I'm saying I, I, there's just, to me, it gets me angry because there is. Only a hundred percent. Normally, that. Like, honestly, just not. when we started doing this thing with the when the blue uh, lanterns came and supercharged everything, yeah. it, and like we see that they, then they're more powerful to do stuff. The power battery to me is always that you have this power until this is runs out. It's a goddamn battery, is all it is. Yeah, and you're using battery power, and once it's out, you can't do it anymore. Upping like the thing like this does not make you more powerful. It allows no. you to do stuff longer. It's, yeah, it's still it seems based to do stuff longer. But here, or maybe you're you're gonna talk that. Uh, 
you have a, the thing charged to 200, there's certain things that you would not be able to do at just 100. Like something that exerts all that. If you have this, you can go like boom, and it's done, done. And it's at zero, whatever That's, you do, like, because that has happened. That. I'm saying that we've been doing that in Green Lanterns now, where freaking Simon's willpower spikes, and he can't yeah, it spikes, like, but it I'm never. Like, they don't make sense to again. Me. They don't give you that whole like. To me, that spike is like he was at 42 percent and immediately good. Like there is no raising up. Boom! It hits 100 right away, and he does that. It's it's hokey like, again. The power, but it doesn't be, go. Like, in my mind, the power should be used. Whoever has the strongest willpower can still yeah. do the exact same things. Anybody else with the ring It's just that they're able to do more because they are stronger, like uh, yeah. emotionally with their willpower. Yeah. I, I'm, again, we're going on about this, and we're kind of not arguing, but we're, no. I'm telling you what. I, but really, mainly to... because there's not much else that happens here. No. How is fighting the old Lenners? He's trying desperately to save children and people, and he just. I think that's increase. also the thing. They've already set themselves up that how pretty much can just fucking, oh, you yellow lanterns, you fucking pitiful, and boom. Um, you know what Sinestro said ever. not Fuck to off. capture. Do not capture how, don't engage, and they did, and he bust out of it at 190%. He can't do it. Well, now and, they want to capture him, it seems like. Yeah, well, now they are going to capture But I'm saying, now there's no doubt. There's no, like, oh, why is he able to be captured now? No, he's captured now because they're at 190%. They need to be at this level to, to get him. And, yeah, they knock him the fuck out. And oh, yeah. he's just laying there. And they're like, yep, Hal Jordan's beaten. And he's there. I like that panel there as well. I like That's the art a lot in this. And it's one of those you get a million characters. And Rafa Sandoval, I think, really did a good job. Uh, giving us different characters and stuff like that. And I thought the book looked great. Um, but there's nothing happens really. You, you get yeah. some smoke and mirrors of Hal beating the shit out of some yellow lanterns for a little. You have a spiking of the yellow lanterns and the sacrament. But you, really, this Green Lantern Corps, please, Eric, wake me up when, when we find them or they find us because boy, wake I don't you up want. Before I go go? I don't, yeah. I don't want two panels of it. I want to go go. I, I don't want to <laughs> get the before the go go. I want to get to the go go. And this isn't the go-go. Sure is. Uh, what, what would you give it? Uh, probably a 6.5 out of 10. I, I actually, because I like the art a little more, I'd go 7. Yeah, I, maybe I 7. Really, it's just, I, really I really want do more. Like the and really, My biggest problem with the art, we talked about this before the podcast, because you said you know you liked it more than I did, but yeah. it's really just that guy Gardner I didn't like. Yeah, you didn't. I didn't mind him. I thought it looked like Bill Burr. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Burr. But yeah, uh, the weird thing about this is, is you have the core. We want to get back to legacy and this rebirth and the fun and all that sort of thing. Really, the core part at the end, I really do think that you could splice these two pages or whatever you get every time and put them together. And you're going to get another fucking miniseries that is just as boring as Lost Army and Edge yeah. of Oblivion. It's just going to be them standing around wanting to find something. I just wish Seriously, that all they're it, doing is John sitting at a table with his head where down. Where do you get, why did you, anybody come up with the idea that they're going to open this fissure and come through and they're going to be in some crazy sector of space that their rings don't work? After it's fine that the you, rings you don't work. Why know. can't they just be somewhere, somewhere? Why don't they, why can't they even be on a planet? Like, you want to have something, have it like a Planet of the Apes thing, where they end up on a planet, their rings don't work, and there's some crazy aliens that they don't know, and they have to deal with that first. All you're getting is them sitting on a barren wasteland, it seems, trying to get their rings oh, to work out of nowhere. Yeah, and, but nothing else around. Yeah. Everything is, you know, they're not even in, a, if, if it was me, you, you know, start being like goddamn Magellan. You start going <laughs> west. Just pick a fucking direction and what is, start going. What is Don't West? send Guy out. Just start going. 
You're going to hit something eventually. Why just sit there? Just start traveling. You're going to find something eventually. That or sounds, you're not and you die. Like rookie space travel, man. Rookie space travel. At least it's space travel. <laughs> These are space cups. They are sitting there. John Stewart's at a desk, fucking pissed off and upset. Uh, this isn't Gilligan's Island. They have a method to go. They can fix the minnow. The SS minnow can be fixed there. They can start fucking going. Next thing you know, they're going to have a fucking spy that looks like guys show up. They're going to yeah, have, have a movie a star. They're going to have five different movie stars and a fucking volcano they're gonna have one god. one of the show up. Yeah, the freaking crazy Beatles that they, they show up. They're going to have a guy who is, uh, he wants to hunt the most dangerous game, Gilligan. <laughs> fucking nonsense. Just start looking. You are the Green Lantern Corps, for Christ's sakes. You're just sitting yeah, there, and you send a guy out. the former Green Lantern Corps, because I think they only have 400 freaking yeah, members Yeah, and now. get those 400 and start, start to fucking out, get the guys. shoe leather going, boys. Let's get uh, going. Honestly, that, that's the thing. They sent Guy out, and he is, I'm guessing, past his freaking time he was supposed to be back. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, that you know these rings don't work. You send Guy out now, John's worried about Guy. Now, let's send somebody else out. Let's just keep sending people out. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even mind it right away. Make it, I, I guess it would be hokey if they sent Simon out. If Simon was there and they sent him out, Simon's just like, fuck them, I found Earth, I don't give a fuck. I know we have a different writer, though, but they really were pushing Iolanda at the end of Edge of Oblivion to be something important, you know, to the, and she didn't really do anything in Edge of Oblivion. Like, why are we not focusing on this character that we made a big deal about and in the last issue? And she's the ginger. I think no, she's no. ginger. Iolanda's not ginger. No, I'm saying she, that's the character. She oh, is the ginger. Talking, okay, now we're back to Gilligan's no, Island. She's ginger. Like, um, John <laughs> is John. John would be the skipper. John's the skipper. Uh, freaking guy is Gilligan, I guess. Gave the out or the professor? Because I always think the professor nah, is more the, professor, of the guy in charge. Prof professor's paying money to be on that fucking thing. He's doing experiments, and yeah, the the, the, skip, the skipper's the skipper. When you're on the minnow, he's in charge. Him and his first mate Gilligan. I don't know on on the uh, on the island. It seems to be up for grabs. Uh, freaking, I, I love, too, that Mr. Howell is always trying to buy people off and then yell about his goddamn money. They're on an island. It's Kilowog the skipper. Him and Lubby. Uh, no, Kilowog, eh, he might be, but he's not. It, John's calling the, the shots. Kilowog is Mr. Howell. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just wish they'd fix that minnow. Get the fuck back to civilization. Remember the one, uh, the one where the guy. I, uh, there's so many hey, different did, Gilligan's man. Islands. It's Return to Gilligan's Island. You didn't watch I love Gilligan's movie? Island. Next thing you know, they're on fucking Mogo playing basketball against the fucking Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, Amazing. who knows what the fuck's going on then? They're fucking Harlem Globetrotters. Fucking Curly Neal's going. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Got Metal Arc Lemon. Hey, hey, hey. Huh, the issue ends with them like pretend throwing the water and it's confetti. Yeah. Yeah, I went and saw the uh, Harlem Globetrotters at least three uh, times as a school trip. Really? So I, crazy. Why would you want to go on a school trip? It's awesome. No, Salak is the professor. That's how I just realized. You know, okay, Salak is the professor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going to have to figure this out. Aresia is Marianne. Okay. She's hot. Actually, Aresia in my mind is ginger, but that's just me. I don't know. She's hot to me, then she must be Well, you know Gilligan. what? Go going back Gilligan. to it, if, if Sorenick was still a Green Lantern, she would be ginger. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Nope, now I'm thinking Marianne. <laughs> yeah, Marianne. <laughs> yeah. It's Guy Gilligan. Yes, obviously. He, there guy is no, guy. like, bumbling guy, so it has to be. He's the guy angry Gilligan. Gilligan. He's angry Gilligan. All right. 
Well, we're going to move on to a break. Hopefully, I can calm down here because I'm all fired up. I really, that, I don't know, that whole over 100%, it messes with my mind. And well, it never it, made it, sense to me. That not. is not proper math to me. That's not maths. The math. You like maths, right? Yeah. I got to go yeah. take a maths class. I'm going to go take a dump. How about that? And then I'll count it. I'll count my fucking blessings. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, but we'll be back in a minute. That's right. The Hellblazer have... number one, written by Simon Oliver, art by Moritat and Andrei Semanovich. Yeah. Uh, John Constantine is now safely back in London thanks to Swamp Thing, and he's here to collect on his debt. Of course, John sends him off onto his frenemy Mercury. That taken care of, he toddles off to the pub. But what's this? An immoral agent of chaos and world domination, in it? Oh, no, love! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. You know oh, what? So fuck you, Hellblaze. You're going to make them talk like this the whole time. Here <laughs> now, love. I'll tell you what, love. Uh, first off, I will just start off by telling you guys that this Us? possibly might be the two best covers as a combo that I've seen ever. I love- Do you see that variant cover? I didn't see it. It is so it. fucking good. You looking at it? You look at it. I like it. It's awesome. And and the main cover is great too. That's more taught in the main cover as well. Yeah. Uh, it's just the art in this book. Just I just I for some reason I saw that variant cover. You know what's funny? I've been t- I was talking about Francis Manipal all before the freaking podcast, and I think that variant cover looks a lot like Francis Manipal. It covers. does a bit. It's actually uh, it says there that it is John Cassidy, who I'm not really familiar with, but yeah, boy, good. But yeah, before we even start about what is in this issue, love, um, the art in this, Mortat, is awesome. Yeah. I always love Mortat, and the it, it is one of the craziest things that he does a transition where there's a flashback, and he actually mimics the style of the New 52 or the DCYLU, that, that Constantine book. It's fucking awesome. I think well, that's it's, the thing. I don't remember who, who said it, uh, but somebody, right when, they, right when the very first pages came out, remember there was like a first mm-hmm. look? And they were like, I don't know, Moritat kind of has like a cartoonish style, but he really is such an accomplished guy. He can draw in so many different ways, and yeah. he, he shows it here, you know. He has a totally yeah. different look. Sang yeah, he, exactly, when he goes into 1914, oh my it's God. so different. It's awesome. When he, yeah, when he goes back and he's talking about New York, and they have that panel where he's like the, the, the profile, and he turns, it's that, it's that last style, and it's so good. But, yeah, you start off, and you get a little, I don't know, it is a little hokey history there, Reggie. I don't know if you got yeah. You're you're a history man, right? You're a comics history buff, but yeah, it's a little off because when uh, World War One was started, when uh, Ferdinand got killed, it actually was going to be like this, and then the guy ended up going into a pub and drinking and then coming out. Now I don't know if that's what this is supposed to signify because he yeah. was going to kill uh, what's his name? Franz? Is it Franz? Franz Ferdinand. Yeah, he was going to kill Franz, and it it failed. And then he went into a pub and was drinking and then just happened to come out, though. I think maybe that's what they are going, because he does have a look of surprise on his face. But, yeah, I, I would figure they wouldn't mess it up. But it kind of made me laugh because you see all the people gathered around. It was kind of after the big uh, hoopla that it actually happened. It was like one of those things where they broke the car broke down outside the pub and the guy came out and was like, holy shit. And then he, he gunned him down. Okay, you, wasn't there, wasn't there part of the parade? Uh, what's that? 
wasn't it part of parade or something like well, that? Well, it was, it like but then his thing it didn't blow up. They actually had like uh, explosives and things, and it's got and things didn't work out. And he bailed, and then he went to drink because you know when you you fuck up, that's what Eric does. Yeah. He goes and drinks his fucking <laughs> life away, and then. Uh, when he came out, then the car had broken down. And, and again, somebody might call me out because I might be totally wrong. I might yeah. be making this up. I, that's how I have no idea why you're pulling all this out because I've never known you to know a lot about history. Yeah, that's because what are we talking about? I talk to you. I'm like fucking Gotham. Yeah, I don't know in, shit. I'm like Gotham uh, mentally that I, I dumb down to who I'm talking to, Eric. I don't want to use them. <laughs> I God. use up all these brain cells. I'm going to die. No, no, I don't know. I like this idea where we start out with this cold opening about something that happened in the past that'll take place yeah. in the future. But I found this beginning part a little like it was hard to follow for me for exactly what was going on because obviously going in you have no idea what the hell these people are fighting about, and then you know it goes into the whole backstory about World War One and what happened. But I don't know these men wrestling or angels as they might be. I just found it kind of weird to like kind of follow what was going on because I don't know these people. Well, here's the deal. Number one. Uh, when you see that it's if you if you know and you see Sarajevo and, and June twenty eighth nineteen forty yeah, yeah. you, know ex- you know exactly what's going on so you realize right no, away. No, I'm talking about about these men though personally and what the hell they're doing. Oh, no, I know. I'm, I'm saying yeah. those, right I, I away. You see, it's, a, it's supposed to be a bit of a mystery. Yeah, you know, but, but you uh, see right away the one wants to stop World War One, the other doesn't. So it's that intriguing deal. They say brothers, so you know, you know, at least they're quote unquote brothers. I, you know, you couldn't tell me that brother. Like you say, they might be brothers, as you said, as angels, uh, you know, whatever. But uh, I really liked it. I thought it was awesome. And I I will tell you right away, I already told Reggie that this is probably in my limited deal. And I'll tell anybody who's listening, new, old, whatever, uh, you guys know, Constantine is not a book I care anything about. I'm not a Constantine fan. I don't consider myself anything. This is a book that I would not even be picking up if we didn't have the podcast or the uh, website. Until now, I actually yeah. think that this, to me, is the first time that I can really think that a full issue of Constantine went and I thought, okay, I kind of get what's going on with a story and it's going to continue. Most of the time with Constantine, especially in the New 52, to me it just seemed like individual issues where he was fucking somebody over and then at the end you, you did have that narrative continue, but it was so like out of – I didn't care. Like oh, it, it, still, it was almost the same thing every issue where it was. Yeah, just like, it was the same. And this yeah, and this one is the first time that I really am telling you that I had only read the New Fifty Two Constantine, and and from there, this is the first time that I actually got finished an issue and thought, holy shit, I want to read the next issue because I want to see what's going on, and it's part of that, you know, the bookend of this crazy these brothers and yeah when yeah. they. The one wants to yeah, stop. I want to know more about that, and like, and like, yeah. I'm gonna get into it later. But there's, there's a certain team up I'm hoping comes out of this book. That yeah, I think yeah, you said awesome. that. But, but yeah, uh, really, in the the book, you know, this, this is much everybody. more like the Vertigo title was the Hellblazer, okay. and I think if if you dig this, you might want to give that a look. But yeah. uh, another thing about this, I mean, really, when we get down to it, there's it's not like there's so many things occur, but the dialogue, the interactions, yeah. the whole characterization really like of it. Constantine is great. Like I said, the bookend, just to tell everybody, the bookends involves these two supposed brothers. Uh, the one tries to stop getting of World War One, and the other says, no, we can't do this. This isn't what we're going to go. And it's like one of those things like, you know, let the let the humans 
go about their business, whatever it might yeah. be. They're not Humans supposed to have that quote-unquote creator and, you know, what is going on. We don't really know what's going on, but we will find out. But then, yeah, it switches to Constantine then and uh, with a pretty cool goddamn splash panel, too, with all the Why stuff. Why is he always all. naked? He always is, but yeah, even the before that, it you know, like goes that, into you know, goes into <laughs> things about. And you know what's funny too? I thought there's probably never been a, a week of DC books that have mentioned Hitler more often than this week. <laughs> we get a lot of Hitler because Hitler's mentioned then because they talk about how in World War One yeah. ended up being that you know the economic problems in Germany that led to Hitler and all this uh, compounded itself into the most violent century that man has ever known. That's you know the basic thing lying behind but then yeah. yeah then you get constantine and Chaz. constantine is butt-ass naked he's he's crazy naked uh -huh. and even then like i really do like the art like right away even when he has like where they have the street and it's almost like a an impressionist painting almost it is, yeah. everything it's like, it's like a certain filter is laid over yeah. the whole thing it looks but cool, it really so. works yeah. It really works here. I, I really think it does. But yeah, Constantine's nude. He's got Constantine's his, uh, bare nude. He's getting woken up by Chaz. He's got a tattoo on his butt that is a uh, throwback to his character also from uh, the Hellblazer Vertigo series, just to let you know that. To me, a lot of this has been to tie this into that. Oh, yeah. yeah. To, let, yeah. to let people know that that is back. You know, this is no more of this. Yeah, it's like we get Gaz right away just trying to throw it down your face. You know, like, bam, yeah, yeah. we're back to where we should be. Gaz is here. He's back in London. Everything's going to be good, baby. Yeah, yeah, I'm back in it. Yep, yeah. And, going, mate. you know, there's the, this whole thing where it ends up them going into the uh, uh, greenhouse, and there he is, Swamp Thing. He's come Ooh, in. And all, all Constantine puts on is his jacket. I'm like, you didn't even get dressed. <laughs> he doesn't need to be dressed. It's Constantine. It's funny, too, what I love about Constantine. Swamp Thing, look at my dick. It, he's not like he's not like Dick Grayson. He's not exactly in the greatest of shape. You see him; he's like over the no, skin when they're showing him. He's he does not like look wiry, yeah. yeah. He looks he, like he's a heroin big, addict. Big hairy armpits. It's not like he's just nude because he he wants everybody to see his deal. He just doesn't have clothes at that moment. He just goes with it. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. good though. But I love the when the Swamp Thing shows up. He looks freaking awesome. Uh, all of this, I, I don't know. Do you like the art in this, Aaron? I do enjoy the art. I'm telling you, just that first part that threw me off because these characters are rolling around, like going back and forth with their dialogue, and I didn't know who they were. And trying to follow along with these two like separate characters who look kind of similar, it oh, just threw me that. off a little bit. Really, I thought the one looked like a vampire. The the, the one brother trying to stop things looked more like a vampire than his brother. I think, I think what uh, what Eric's saying is that he profiled them because they have Middle Eastern names. Well, they're, yes. they're Serbian. So that, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, they might not be Serbian. <laughs> they're stop. They were going to stop a Serbian, right? So, uh, but yeah, that's why he just doesn't. He Marine doesn't. Read Adnan. I don't know, man. He doesn't I like just, those people. I just Adnan. It, yeah. it, was he stepping out? Adnan or was stepping that Jay? Out. Jay was stepping out. <laughs> Jay was stepping out. Adnan is just in jail. Poor Adnan. Ah, uh, yes, or but not. yes, Swamp things there. Yeah, Swamp Thing's there because he wants that favor back, uh, and they show stuff. They go back in a flashback to uh, a few months ago in New York. And yeah. the thing that's great about this, if you were reading the uh, Constantine the Hellblazer book in the DCYOU before the New 52 ended, uh, you'll see this is the art 
he is mimicking that art in the flashback. As I said it earlier, I think that's I think it's brilliant. I think that is so good. That he sort of kicks it. it, it that, that was Riley Rossmo who started that. Yeah, yep, Riley Rossmo. And Edge kind of kicks it into that look. Yeah, you, you yep. can see it in the background. It's awesome. I mean, he's he. I'm telling you, this guy's got skills upon skills. And, and, and it also it's ties funny. into the DC uh, Rebirth special where we found out that you know Swamp Thing went to Constantine and wanted help yeah. finding Abby Arcane. Yep. Yeah. And I like the whole thing with this, too, because it, it I don't know, for me, that's like a funny thing to like Eric with this continuity that it actually makes it that that book happened, but also in the exact look that it did. It just made I just thought that was awesome that they would do that, that he would actually mimic the art style of that book and do it so well, especially the one where he's talking. He's like. Ballwinder, I'm not being funny. That one where he's talking about Swamp Thing in the uh, oranges or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, that is exact to how he looked there. It's so good. But yeah, the that's, eyes especially. I know. I, yeah. I also love the orange Swamp Thing. What about the next page where where Moritad uses a photograph of a yeah uh, skyscraper a building. in the background? It's so it's a good. Great fucking effect. Yeah. This guy, it's I'm so telling you, he's a great artiste. Yeah, he is an artist. This book just looks great. But then, yeah, that's when he spells it out. And really, again, you said not tons happens in this issue. It's very straightforward. He wants to find Abby. He can't find her. She's nowhere. And it, it, that's when Constantine She's hanging like, out on Scare. Nobody could find yeah, her. Well, and that's where Constantine's like, oh, you know, she's probably dancing it up in the rock. They're having an orgy. Yeah, and he's like, no, she's nowhere. I cannot find her. She's nowhere to be found. And he's like, okay, let's go. And it's funny because this issue also, maybe it's because in this issue, Constantine does not fuck anybody over and seems to really want to be a good guy. I, I don't and know. Just, he, when he takes uh, Swamp Thing just to Mercury, it's almost like, all right, I fulfilled my end, I'm out, fuck off. Yeah, yeah mean, but he, that's... He, well, he doesn't fuck anyone over, but I no. wouldn't say he's actually being really gregarious. He's not, he's but he's sort of not... No, I think that when he says, I'm out, and all that, I and then he even says, like, it's good to be, you know, when you're loved, he, I think he leaves because they don't want him there. I oh, think yeah. he would have stayed. If Mercury would have been like, oh, man, Constantine, you know what? Loaf, uh, I'll forget everything that happened before. And, boy, it's great to have you here. I think he stays. I think he stays and helps him, but he's just like, and, but oh, they don't want me. If Swamp Thing wasn't there, too, I really think that Mercury would have shot him. Yeah, I think it's possible. Seconds, she hates him. Like seconds away from punching him in the yeah, fucking she face. hates his guts. And then she sees Swamp Thing and she's all. But, uh, Reggie, you were not, me and Eric were talking about, you were not around when we talked about the Hellblazer Rebirth. And um, which was odd because me and Eric were going to talk about it. It was your book. And we get me and Eric get to see our favorite thing from that issue is the Hobbit hole again. The freaking Mercury's Hobbit house. I forgot, too, that she lived in a goddamn Hobbit hole. I said, oh, yeah, the Hobbit hole. Yep. I I don't know if this character was inverted. I don't remember her, but I bet that she turns out to be an elf or a wood sprite. She she was in Vertigo. She was the daughter of somebody who Constantine fucked over, of course. And she was a real little girl. And that's why he says, like, hey. Oh, that's uh, probably why, yeah. Yeah, she was uh, just a little girl, and they've added her kind of like a cool way to extend and have like a history where she has actually grown up now, and he goes to her. But yeah, she she doesn't like him. She does not like him one bit. So what happens is Constantine, you know, brings Swamp Thing to Mercury and says, Mercury, help. And she's like awed by him because he's the avatar of the green. Yeah, she's a a fan. It's Mercury to help him. Now, what I hope will happen... Uh, it might not, but I really hope that this becomes the fucking uh, Dark Trinity right here. We got Constantine, Swamp Thing, and Mercury. Yeah. Imagine the three of them teamed up, 
to defeat whatever, you know, demons, what you throw, yeah, Etrigan, ghosts, whatever you want to throw in there. What's Gaz? I think that would be awesome as hell. What's yeah. Gaz in this? We don't care about Chaz. <laughs> he's, 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 Alfred. He, he's Gaz, Alfred. he's the chauffeur. Why do you say Gaz? I, forget, I don't know why. I meant Chaz. I keep saying yeah, Gaz Chaz. this whole time. I thought, that, yeah, I, thought that, I thought that was your Cockney accent. You were like, yeah, hey, Gaz. Gaz. What's Gaz there doing now, there for a spot of tea? When Mercury's like all in all of Swamp Thing, she's like, oh, the elemental avatar, the champion and protector of the green. Did that, Did you find it weird? He's like, my friends call me Swamp Thing. I'm no, like, I thought that was awesome. call you I've... Alex? I was no, just going to say, weird. though, I think that because she's uh, he's just saying that to her so that she feels good. Like, oh, my God, I'm a friend. She's not good she's enough to know his real name. No, no. I'm saying she's a fangirl so <laughs> much know. that he's trying to. It'd be like if I went to the fucking school dressed as goddamn fucking Spider-Man and I show up and they're like, hey, oh, my God, I love Spider-Man. Hey, you know what? Friends call me Jim and I take up the uh, fuck you. They leave. They're like, I don't want to see this. Oh, fucking guy. Her in the Hobbit hole and he slipped her the birch log. That, oh, that line was God. said like this: "My friends call me Swamp Thing." <laughs> Up there, he's Billy D now. It's Billy exactly. D. Williams as Swamp Thing. Oh yeah, yeah baby, we're going to even. Even uh, they have uh, you know, Constantine's there. He's all smiling and stuff. She hates him. Mercury. Yeah him so much which uh really if you're gonna have somebody that is gonna continue in a book with constantine that's the best way to play it. you have I, that's to why somebody. i really want to see them yeah i want to see them interact more because i really yeah, you have them. to have that young whippersnapper who's gonna Who you know yell him, crazy you know, and, and swamp thing hates him pretty much too or at least doesn't trust him you know what I, I, I feels like, my, like it must be very like mercury must be very smart because she knows that john constantine is a fucking untrustworthy shit yeah. brain well because he, he fucked over her mother like a hundred do you know what constantine reminds me of in this now that i'm thinking about it with mercury there Buttermaker from freaking bad news bears yeah it is a little <laughs> Yeah, he's trying. He's trying to get. He's trying to get Amanda there to pitch. She yeah. just want to sell her maps to the stars, Eric. She wants the maps to the stars. <laughs> Kelly Leak's gonna show up. Holy shit, we got a book going. It's gonna be a great comic. So, wow. he's like, "Who's that, love?" And Swamp Thing's like, "That's Kelly Leak. That's the best <laughs> athlete in the county." <laughs> Smoking. Oh, that'd be good. And then Oglethorpe fucking shows up and has a goddamn Twinkie in his fucking. Oh, yeah. Oh, those you fat kids in movies. Bars those fat kids in the movies cannot go three seconds without fucking some candy being hidden somewhere in an orifice. Jim, I, yeah, I, you've seen me at work. You looked in the garbage and saw three candy bar true. wrappers. You were the chubs. I, I go into your <laughs> locker and you have salami in a fucking Liverworth. sock. <laughs> what the hell is going on? But yeah, I really do. Li- I love. Uh, Mercury with Constantine. I think that she plays off him very well. Like I said, you need somebody who is going to be, uh, you know, smart as, like you said, Reggie, somebody who knows what he's going with. As you can't have somebody yeah. who just thinks he's the greatest person of all because yeah. that person will die. And Definitely. Yeah. And she's good. And I, I just like that she w- is willing to help if the, if what the help is is worth it. And she, it is worth it to her with, uh, Swamp Thing. But it also just gets him out of the way right now. Uh, you, Reggie, you hope they show up again, but they may yeah. not. They may just go hey, I was actually surprised to see her in this issue because I thought it was a once-and-done deal during the rebirth. Just to I actually, call back to Hellblazer. Oh. But yeah, I like that. And then they, they're... I mean, I think, I think they will show up eventually, but they may never team up. No. But, uh, you know, they will we'll go back to this at some point, obviously. They're not just going to be like, all right, well, you know, I don't know. I feel like I feel like they left a little dangling. That's the end of that chapter. And yeah. you know what the other thing? Done the and thing done. <laughs> I forgot to mention, me and Eric were talking about in the first one, uh, he breaks the fourth wall again. 
at the one point when he tells, and that must be a running thing as well. We didn't know if that was going to be. He did that in the rebirth issue, and we thought, oh, that's really odd. We haven't seen that, you know, me and Eric seeing it in the New 52 at all, but he does it again at the one point. There, there, was, a, there was a point, though, too. It seemed like he was breaking the fourth wall while talking to Swamp Thing, though, and I'm like, that was, it was kind of weird. I wish I freaking knew exactly where it was. It struck me as odd, though. At that it's when they first point. get to the Hobbit hole. And maybe that's, well, I know what was it when he talks, uh, the first time he does, he's talking to Swamp Thing himself as well, and then that's when he turns around, he's like, yeah, I owe the big guy a favor, but to explain that, we're going to have to rewind a few months. Yeah, yeah, he was talking to us in that part, and I was fine with yeah. the, break, uh, the fourth wall break there, but later on, when after the splashback, he does it again when we get to the Hobbit hole, when okay. he actually seems like he's talking to Swamp Thing, and it was very odd. I actually, you know what, the whole thing with Mercury and that where I thought, I think I know where you're talking about. I actually thought they were trying to get to the point where it's Mercury and Swamp Thing are not listening to him anymore. But even this, here's, well, here's the thing, too. You want to see where there is one, too? My friends call me Swamp Thing. And then she goes, and you can call me Mercury. And you look and Swamp Thing is looking at us like, God yeah, like, damn it, this is fucking ridiculous. I, I, found, I found the line here. It's, uh, Constantine is looking at Swamp Thing as they're getting out of the car, it looks like. But frankly, if he'd searched this world in the next and come up empty, then there was sod all else yeah. I could do. Yeah. But there are it's, other places, hidden scary, little places that even the Jolly Green Giant couldn't go. But I knew who could. And yeah, like, so it, it was does. just it was weird. And you know what? If you if you actually go down to the nitty gritty of it, no narrator in this really, except at the beginning when Constantine's there. There's no narrator. Uh, well, they actually no, because that's even him. It's always him. And I think that in the present day stuff, he's just going to narrate by breaking the fourth wall. He's and freaking Ferris Bueller. Yeah. He's going to be good to up. Or Christian Slater in uh, is it Gleaming the Cube that he breaks the fourth wall? Christian Slater, no, it's cuffs. That, no, is uh, that cuffs? Cuffs, you're right. You never saw Gleaming the Cube. Do you ever no, see Gleaming the Cube, Reggie? The skateboarding oh, movie, yeah. Christian Slater. Oh, yeah. I, I saw that in the theater. So did I. Crazy. It's a good movie, I was isn't such it? Such a rad skater. It was. A, it was an all right movie. It's <laughs> actually it has, it has a lot of skateboarding weird... in the end. It had some funny lingo, though. That it was like they, they were just trying to get to like the lingo down and stuff. They I thought, wanted a bomb shelter bedroom so badly. That yeah. dude's bedroom. Remember him, yep. man? He was living yep. a fucking life, dude. Yes. And uh, Eric, Eric was a big crit. Like, at one point, Christian Slater was probably Eric's, like, be-all, end-all. He pump always, up the volume. Christian Slater and, and pump up the I volume. I love that movie, too. That's I like Eric That's my, wife, my wife won't watch Heathers. I don't know why. Really? Like, you're gonna love it. it's my girlfriend awesome. won't watch it, either. It's like uh, why, why? What is her reason? Well, Eric, I made her watch it. She didn't care for it. She actually found it very disturbing. Really? Oh, but she did watch it. Oh yeah. I don't think she made it all the way through though. Eric's girlfriend won't watch Do the Right Thing, and I don't want to get racist, but you know, racial with it. But I think that has something to do with it. Oh, that's what I told her. Uh, There's no question about it. I mean, why wouldn't you? Hello. It's, yeah. it's, you she couldn't get past D, motherfucker D. That's the, the definition thing, of racist is won't watch Do the Right Thing. I mean, that's, that's pretty right. much. Same that's thing. all right. The other week on the podcast, we were talking about it. I said the friggin' uh, Radio Rahim was Sinbad. Yeah, he thought Radio wow. Rahim was Sinbad. <laughs> oh, boy, that was, that's, that's, you stepped in at that time. Yo, you know what you should do, though? If you can, try to watch Do the Right Thing uh, on, like, network television where they cut oh, out yeah, the curse. Because yeah. that scene, they change motherfucker to Mickey Ficky. Yeah. And it's the funniest D, thing. Mickey Ficky D. Mickey D. Mickey Ficky you. Yeah, Yo, remember? <laughs> hey, dude. Mickey Ficky, me. Yeah. yeah. Mickey, 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 <laughs> oh, you, Mickey Ficky, you, Mickey Ficky. It's so good. Uh, well, 
Back to back to the important things. Uh, Thompson goes no, home. No, no, we have uh, the ending of Hellblazer to talk about, where we get to meet our. I'm going to call yeah. them angels right off the bat. The yeah, brother they go angels. and the brother goes to visit the other brother again, and he's like, "Hey, you know, it's me. I forgive you for stopping me all those years ago. Uh, you know, I realize World War One had to happen. Uh, you know, you you were good to stop me." And then he starts choking the other brother out, and basically, it's like almost like a your God is dead type thing. You know, yeah. would your creator be here and worry about you and, you know, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, it does seem like they're angels or they might even be devils, uh, you know. Yeah, who knows, honestly. Um, I'm not sure. But why does the one brother look so much better than the other one? Uh, I that's why I think I, years, but... I'm telling you, I think we're going to find that out because I think the one is living you know, whatever this life is. Looks like he's fixing VCRs and things and, and yeah, I know. tape decks. Like but I think like that he's just this something. other guy <laughs> showing up, uh, I think is up to no good. I, I think, and that's why I think yeah. he hasn't aged much. I think it's, you know, black man. Bathing in the plasma of virgins. Yeah, yeah and then exactly. at the end he says, it ends with humans don't need guidance, they don't need our help, they need a strong hand, and that the hand is us. And then I think that he doesn't mean us because, you know, as his brother, because it looks like he kills his brother. He means he the hand from Daredevil, right? Yes. And, well, I'm telling you, I at the end of this, I Maybe really he means did. Mr. I thought, hand. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Hand. Well, they have a couple hours to make up. That was their <laughs> That's right. That's it's, it's, Now it's my time. Uh, I actually, the way it ended and all this, I really, really liked it. And I you go, me. Hold on. You go freaking fast times. When you say Mr. Hand, I immediately go to freaking Mr. Bill. No, yeah, well, that, Mr. Hand. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Oh no! I mean, I, what, what is you, he? You realize besides I them, their name Mr. all starting with Mister. Why? What is the similarity? Mr. Hand. Well, what's going on over here, Mr. Oh, Bill? Oh, right, right. That's yeah. right, Mr. Hand. I hate was, it. I hate it, Mr. Bill. I thought that was one of the worst. I couldn't stand it, Mr. Well, oh, I can't stand Fast Times. Bam. Really? I I like Mr. Hand though. He's one of the best yeah, characters in movies. He's great. Though I do like also, I'm Gumby, damn it. So, you know, I like some of the things. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Reggie, Sorry. what would you give it? I gave it an 8 out of 10. And I got to say, reading it again, I think I'd go 8.5 now. But I, I did give it 8 out of 10. I have it in my notes, 8.5. I really liked it. I thought the art was great. I always like more top. When uh, we first started the site and I first started doing uh, All-Star Western. Which, yeah, mean, he was doing that Justin for a while. Gray. He was doing that, and I loved it. And I thought his art was great. He's and, even done Harley stuff. Like he's yeah, obviously he's jumped in and out. Audience. It's he's weird. I was going to say he's been back and forth and kind of jumping in and out of books. But yeah, I don't even know is he the artist going forward. I have no idea. It's it would be weird to have him do the number one and not do it moving forward. And I hope it is him because I think this art's great. Yeah, but what would you give it her? Eight out of ten. I like I said, I had a few issues, but it's it's a good issue overall. Just not a lot to it. It's totally set up for what's going on in the future. Like I'm telling you, this like you know, it's Constantine, Swamp Thing, and Mercury hanging out for the majority of it, and it's it, you don't know, it's it's good dialogue. I enjoyed it. It's just not very exciting as all. Well. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's not exactly jam packed with stuff, but it's it's really all about you know the characterization and the and I like work. the characters and I like the yeah, yeah, I, as well, but. Well, we're going to move on to excitement next. Uh, oh, yeah, and, this is the big one. You're gonna, you're and gonna this is the big one, and it's funny because most of the people, like, nobody seems to care about this book, this book. But if you do like it, you go nuts for it. And this is actually, just to tell everybody, this is a book that we actually got the exclusive to announce Boosh. that it was coming out because yeah. of how much 
we, as the three of us on the podcast, on the site, Reggie, you reviewed, we kind of split it in half. I think, I, I think I, you I, reviewed the first two or something. I yeah, two. I, it was the one where Wonder Woman showed up is the one you did. That might have been number three or four. And yeah. you started doing it. But we both, all three of us loved it. And DC actually uh, reached out to us and said that we seem to be the people on the internet with it <laughs> that liked it the most. <laughs> and it's yeah. funny because if you were ever going to pick a book that was going to show people <laughs> what our humor is like and, and everything that we do, it is this book. And it's it is punchy. Yeah. It's and it's it's hilarious. It really is. But yeah, I just want to uh, tell you. I don't know if you knew this, Eric. Uh, there was a DCYOU, a DCU six issue mini with these guys. Did you know that? Oh yes, I did. Oh, did huh. You? huh? You you are in the know. Yeah, that's what I. You know these things. So this is actually the second six issue mini for these guys. Is that is that true? Uh, is that possibly a lot true? Of pool, I would think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, give us give us the stats, Reggie. It's uh, Six Pack and Dog Welder, Hard Traveling Heroes Number One, written by Garth Ennis, art by Russ Braun and John Kalitz. Our favorite team of gross buckets is back to save the world from itself and not from feeling and from not feeling nauseous. While Dog Welder is forlorn over his estranged wife and children, Six Pack is determined to be a social justice warrior, and it looks like he's going to get the chance because the Spectre has shown up to condemn just one of them. Yes, you, you son of a bitch. One of my notes. Six Pack wants to be a social justice worker. <laughs> That's what he wants to be. It's great, yeah, he does. Know? I mean, I mean, the, the thing AIDS about are bad. Comic, and this was yeah, true. In, uh, this was true <laughs> in the other miniseries too. The All Star Section Eight is like there is some social commentary and commentary on comics, but there's also a very surface level of just ludicrous, gross humor and shit. Yeah, really. You know, but, there, but it's what very is Dog Wilder's wife doing with that old man? She's trying to find a good man, Eric. But I, I thought that was her father was for half the freaking part. I really, no. I really did. I, I, the way that they're starting off and they're, he, she's no, you know, you put your hand on a guy's bosom like that. That is, that's lovers. Or, or you're kickstarting his pacemaker. That's what my wife does when she puts. Might be. Well, pattern. that's what happens too. And seriously, she, Eric, you know how it is where uh, a girl has like kids and they're out west, and, and then there's a, there's another lady <laughs> and she has mean? a couple kids. So, like she has kids from different guys and they don't even know it. And then the next thing you know, she's going to get married to like a really old guy. You you know things like you that, right? I do. Yes, that's what happens because. Holy shit. Yeah, now you're right in, right? Now I you're looking right at the other. Yep, sense. that's the husband. Yep. Eric knows. <laughs> Doesn't it look like this girl's going to eat that pink sneaker? Uh, she, she does look like mouth. it. But the goddamn it, when they turn she and you see that dog welder had welded dogs <laughs> to them at <laughs> some point, I don't care what they do. Let these kids have fun. Jesus Gross Christ. Girl, yeah. Anything they want. I'm telling yeah. you, I was shocked because dog welder to me, he was just a guy. He found the mask, put it on, became dog welder. He was possessed by it. And he just hung out at the freaking Noonan Sleazy Bar and did yeah. whatever. He did not go back to his life in my mind and maim his children by welding dogs to him. Well, yeah. you, might, he, you remember the end of the of the last series? She shows up at Noonan's and they go for yeah. a walk together. Yep. Yeah, that was they the do. thing. So she showed up and she was like, "Please drop this, you know, dog welder shit yeah, and whatever." Exactly. And like yeah. you see, it looks like he's gonna, you know, give up. And then yeah. you hear what the kids scream off panel. 
Well, I and that's what that. happened. Oh my then. God! Yeah, that's what happened, and now we've tried. And really, for all of the six issue that happened before, this is like one of the first scenes besides that one, maybe that there's actually like out and about. Most of it is in Noonan's oh, event. Yeah. What you on the think roof. might be crazy fucking dreams or drunken haze or roof or out front or you know this is pretty this might be actually to me as well this is probably the most downright out in the open actual story that has happened in this book where this is not yeah yeah, this is not for laughs this is for holy shit this is awful these people are awful and i still love the guy I don't care. I'm looking. That, that one kid, he looks like he had that dog welded pretty nice there. Yeah, they're fine. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, yeah look at they are not fine. No, they got they're a rich... Victims. They, they're, no, now they have a sugar daddy dad, and he gets you know what, fucking you know curry twos. We should get him a couple of dogs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and that's what it ends up. Then the guy just... And and that's a really good to me. It was a really good way to show that she is not telling the story. Now, really, how do you tell the story? You know what? My ex-husband, he became a dog welder. <laughs> it's oh, not don't you hate say. that though? Don't you hate that though? When when you know, this is especially when you were younger, you know, you'd be with dating a girl and she, you know, be pissed off, but she wouldn't tell you why. She wouldn't explain yeah. anything. Like, yeah. I mean, when I was you younger, then, you know. It's like when you, well, you, you, you know when you tell her to put your thumb up your ass or something. They, they you know, you no, can't explain that. that. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Like you go and you're like, "Hey, we should watch this movie," and they freak out. You're like, yeah. oh, Why? "What's so I bad about this say. movie?" I don't want to talk yeah. about it. No, so it was you know your other seventeen boyfriends you had last week. You whore. Girl. That's what you say. See, that's that's men's rights right there. Men's that's rights. God damn it! I gotta, I gotta settle down. But yeah, they, uh, they go from that where Dog Welder, he, he seems so sad too. And I'll tell you, the, the art in this book is great as, as I really well. Really like the art. And yeah. just the fact you have a guy, and is it me? I did not realize the, the afro on Dog Welder as much the last series. Oh yeah. I, and it's, it's funny too because really this is the six pack in Dog Welder. Dog Welder was so non-existent in the last series, in the last miniseries. Pretty you much. Yeah, a really lot of him. And yeah. just the art of when he's walking away from the, the house and he's so dejected and the way that it is portrayed is so great even though he has a mask on. I know, it has a mask on. the most ridiculous on. thing. You really you know do get. It's that whole hunched look, and he's just, he's such a sad I don't know, man. You're telling me how little he did, but with this issue and that six-issue mini, I think we've had the most character development and, like, depth with Dogwelder from what we've Actually, I I disagree. I think that Bueno was probably the most. You, uh, that when, I think that when they did the last ish, the last series, at some point, somebody told, uh, Garth, listen, this Bueno, because it became all about Bueno and Guts. I, that, I it was like it three issues in a row that was just all, them. But all it was was him fucking Guts. Oh, yeah. I know, but for the most part, <laughs> from what I remember, Joe Welder just sat around in the background, and yet they would show some things, but never anything really happened. He, I, actually can't, I can't even remember him wielding a dog to anyone. That's, yeah. Like no, he didn't that, do much. Panel. He just kind of stood but, around. Uh, but no, we saw we had the whole thing where he got the mask. He was just at a sh- like a pawn shop and put it yeah, on. Yeah, but I'm saying that. Thing, yeah, but it really and like that, it's that point where I realized, oh my god, because Dogwalder before he died in the freaking uh, Hitman, and yeah. now you see that there's something more to the, just this mask. Yeah, but see, Here, that, to me that. that was you know we had those flashbacks like origin things, but from the from the series onward, 
you really didn't get anything. You, yeah. I'm telling you, during the well, regular if it ate my dog water, I wanted. Oh, yeah. Well, during the regular book, <laughs> you, you didn't get much. You got a lot of six pack, and that's where you oh, go yeah. to noon and and, and really. Stars. It, oh my God! Yeah, and I I think that that is why I even like this more than the original series because we're not now we do have a guest star in this i will say that and you have well you have the cameos i'm not the other ones were like wonder woman shows up and you have to have this whole right 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 wrapped around her and and the people who didn't read it it was like one of these where it was the uh the let's travel through the dcu and have uh hal jordan show up and have you know all these people batman and it was funny but it was more of like every joke than was centered on that character that was the problem at the time though because that it was funny in this book, but while this book was coming out, we also had Batmite was doing that and Bizarro, yeah, Bizarro, and Bizarro yeah, and like in Harley's little thing. black book. See, this, yeah. this was this was the best of all. Of them. Oh, and yeah, it, was, it was the best. And what I like about this the most now is because they don't have the hey, this person's showing up. You get a lot of people, and the jokes are flying, you know, fast and furious, and uh, then yeah, they definitely. just go I mean, away and you keep going because in this one they're at noon and talking. I like that. Uh, the uh, what's his name? Who's sitting next to him? That you Arkin. said to me, yeah. Harkin, and he's reading My Struggle by Mel Gibson. By Mel Gibson. <laughs> this so last panel is like, and it's not like it's it's unbelievable. The opening panel, you know, the title page. Yeah. But it's just so great, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's so much li- movement and like grossness, yep. and it's oh, like yeah. everything, everything that this comic is about. I feel like is right here on this panel. And I yep. love that and- Six Pack is reading Hard Travel and Heroes. Upside yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's reading that upside down, and it, it gives Racism the idea. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to be that social justice warrior and, you know, fight things about drugs and AIDS and help people. And, oh, oh my God, it gets very bad and raunchy. Them is like that Abner Costello exchange about AIDS and AIDS yeah. awareness is <laughs> hysterical. It's, it's, it's yep. so funny, man. I mean, I really was laughing my ass off. It's like you say. I think this. I, I don't want to go overboard, obviously, on one issue and say this is def- this is better than the last one. Yeah. But so far, it's, it's funnier. Yeah. The art is tighter. It yep. seems like a little more coherent. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. Well, this it's- is what I'm saying. I think that because you don't have to center on like okay. What would they do with Wonder Woman? And oh, right. what would they do with Batman? This you can start actually telling now. The story's crazy. It doesn't go very far, but you can you can do more of a story and more of the jokes and all that. And really, if you are any sort of fan of like a Mad Magazine or any, it, this is right down the alley. It's and it, it's a, and not cracked. I was actually thinking <laughs> I love crack, but crack was yeah. more of a parody. Uh, Mad more satire. That's how I would say Mad versus crack. It's more of a crack guy. It, it was right. more my, uh, you know, it wasn't scary to me. Mad Magazine scared the shit out of me. I thought it was going to possess me. I thought it was going to possess me. Alfred E. scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I, actually, really? I I just thought that some of the, I, I'll tell you, I would open up Mad Magazine and immediately get an erection because they'd have all the ladies with the big tits, and next thing I know, I'm in my room for three hours. I, I'm being possessed, mama. Yeah, and then my mom thinks I have fucking I mono. Get demons out one way or another. Yeah. No, my mom thinks I have mono then because I'm in the bathroom, in the bedroom, sleeping all the time. It's because I'm freaking <laughs> passing out every time I jerk off, and then yeah, I jerk go off, pass out, wake up, jerk off. Yeah, that's what you do. And then when she takes team. me to the doctor, and then all hell breaks loose. And then he tells me yeah. to lay off it a bit because I got a sore, <laughs> got a blister, got a blister. <laughs> it looks like it looks like I got a, a fucking sore. blister. 
Yeah, it's trouble. But yeah, in, in New Orleans, uh, you have Power Girl, Catwoman, and Starfire. And I don't know about you, Starfire to me is the best. <laughs> She's so, so funny. Yeah. She's fucking insane. Just, just reminds me of her own series, though, with how ridiculous she would be about things. Yeah, that's what's oh, great about oh, it. I feel like this is this is way better because she's like possessed by like oh, you know she, the imminent yeah. the imminent uh, approach of of God's herald or whatever. Uh, you know? and yeah, she is. So, so they're all having crazy. a conversation. Catwoman's, yeah, with guts. Catwoman's flirting with Bator. That she's yep. yeah. Power Girl's talking to Guts, who's his husband, Bueno Excelente, has cheated on her with a compost dumpster. Yep, the fucking compost funniest dump. comic in, in comics right now. <laughs> a compost People, dumpster. It's hilarious. Now I want to know when when Bueno showed up. Did you stop and look at all the compost on him? Oh, every yeah. little bit. Yeah. I, I absolutely did. Yeah, <laughs> I did too. You know how we were talking before, how when you read a comic, sometimes you get a voice in your head. When I read a comic, I get certain smells. <laughs> oh, yeah? Definitely felt like I smelt. No, no, I, no. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't shit, but it was more like a dirt, like a sewage. Clean you your apartment, would, Reggie. Who would oh. smell worse? <laughs> would six-pack smell just as bad as Bueno? Or you think Bueno smells? I, I actually get the I idea that Bueno would smell like French fry grease and sweat. He's yeah. always looks sweaty. But six-pack six looks like has always stink. shit his pants. Yeah. And vomited so all we, over himself. Yeah, I think six-pack yeah. would smell worse. I absolutely, <laughs> I agree, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think, I think uh, you know, uh, Bueno Excelente smells like a greasy hooker. Yeah, you know yeah I, I mean? think he it's actually like smells like, like uh, fried dirty panties. Like, in my yeah. mind, this comes down to who would you rather share an elevator with? It would be Bueno. Although yeah, he would, and, and he would rape bueno you. Bueno so. yes, he might rape you. He might, might. Actually, you can't Definitely. rape the willing. He would just exactly. have sex. Exactly. That's why I said might. Am I in the mood today? Have yeah. I made yeah. sure I'm clean downstairs? In the mood. He'd say going down, and I think that's an invitation. <laughs> yeah, Jim would present himself. I'm in. He's Love like, in oh. An elevator. oh, my God. There, I'm looking through it then. And, yeah, they're trying to tell Guts to, to leave him. You know, oh, Jesus Christ, get away from him. He's no good. You got to get this thing together and all that. And all, through the whole thing, Starfire, it's just got the craziest fucking look. <laughs> She's just talking garbage. Like, yeah. Why does anybody Back invite her out? She's so great. I love it. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, then you see uh, now, dog. I want to know. So we had this whole like a uh, theory back when the sixth issue mini were coming out about Bator being this kind of deity yeah, yeah. that's uh, possessing like uh, Six Pack's mind and making him think all this stuff's happening. There's a bit of dialogue in here about uh, it's off panel. I mean, like we have a panel and the dialogue's coming from off panel where it's referencing all these deities and like HP yeah. Lovecraft lore. Does yeah. anybody know what's going on with this? Where, because where, it is coming from, it doesn't seem to be coming from the uh, the guy who's talking. No. What's, I always forget his name. Har, 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 is it Hargrove? Harkin. The guy, the guy Harkin. Uh, Harkin. Yeah, yeah what, it doesn't what, look what to be coming from at? him. It's it, where it Harkin's yelling at him. Yeah, That's Harkin's like yelling at him. At him. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, she's, saying that. Yeah, she's, she's saying some H.P. Lovecraft. The whole time she's saying, you know, H.P. Lovecraftian type nonsense. And I know, know? St- I know Starfire's getting all crazy with the freaking st- the boy between the stars and stuff like that. But off panel, this, like I'm telling you, I don't think it's coming from a Starfire because this is the craziest Starfire I've ever seen then, even with the strange dialogue she has here. But like, he's like, there's like, what is it? Yugoth? You're a grub, yeah. grub. Actually, you know what? It's weird that it almost would like what's going on there, and then how it goes next, which doesn't make much sense because he's not there yet. It does seem like something that uh, Constantine would say, but it doesn't make sense because Constantine shows well, up. I think, I think Star, yeah, I think Starfire is possessed. That's what that's yeah. what's happening. 
That's why yeah. she's got that crazy look, and she's saying this. And she, that's what. And it's funny. Then the joke is like, that they don't even realize because she's yeah. just so crazy anyway. No, I don't know why yeah. they invite her out. Yeah. yeah, really. But then Dog Welder's outside, she and that's when drinks. Yes, it seems like Constantine shows up then when well, Dog. Well, you see something fall from the sky before that. And well, it's, it's a cigarette, cigarette butt. <laughs> yeah, it's a cigarette. Is it a cigarette butt? Yeah, yeah, it's just a cigarette butt. Yeah, though. like when when Dog Welder's looking up in the sky. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It falls because it bounces right next to his feet. It's just a cigarette butt. That that I just don't know, know, know what kind of right there, but like it's just weird the way it's presented because it looks like something is falling from the sky, like a freaking uh, like a rocket or some shit. Well, I think that that's something Constantine must be in. He threw it out. Like that's a. I don't know why he's in a rocket. Whatever he's in, he's throwing I, the I cigarette butt out yeah. the window. He's like, all right, all right I, I, I can see what you're yeah. saying. It's yeah, all to my, be revealed that, later. What about yeah, uh, yeah. the next page, though? The puke on fucking Sixpack's wrist is so it's uh, disgusting. Like detailed. It's so yeah, it is. Chunky. It's like, like Killer Croc's vomit in Suicide yeah, Squad. Yeah, it is. Week. It's got chunks. He must, of have, crap. he must have had like a dinty more beef stew. It and, does look uh, like he had one of those like microwave beef stews. The beef, you know, right, you know, the meat and cheese of the podcast dog. is right here. It's making me hungry. <laughs> I am now hungry. And he's got snot coming out of his nose. He's got shit all over the Holy place. It's just oh, good. So good. Uh, if you want to talk, uh, you know, and then he's fucking slurring his words as always. And then that's when Bueno shows up. And even there, there's a little joke where uh, uh, Bueno uh, Six Pack's yelling about how he wants to be, you know, with the big boys. And look at Booster Gold. That guy's a load of shit. And he gets all the, <laughs> the good shit. But then that's when fucking Bueno comes in. And I remember that was like manship when. We Manship first started listening to us, and then the DCU started after Convergence. This was his favorite book, and he loved Bueno right away. And he used to just send me fucking emails. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it started weirding me out. But yeah, he's so good. And even then, you see, he comes in and he's just let, he doesn't talk. He just says crazy shit. And people, the star, uh, our Power Girls pissed off at him. Yeah, fucking Star, uh, Starfire's fucking nuts still. And he's just sitting there laughing, looking at boobs. Catwoman's flirting with Bator. Yeah, and there you are. But then, yeah, it looks like shit's happening outside, outside of noon. And you see the the characters leave, and even they're like, "Oh my God, what's going on?" And it's just crazy. Everything is hilarious, and you get more of. Uh, dog welder where you have Constantine show up and he's going to be being very coy about it I don't know why yeah they are I I just think that it's you know they're not being that coy they show exactly who it is yeah and then six packs having a meeting with everyone he wants them to be a big team this is something that they all you know the last miniseries was all about too he is all about becoming a big team he wants to be the new he's got to get the section 8 back together yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, wants, he wants to compete with the Titans and the Justice League. Yeah, he wants to try. He's not doing that, but he yeah. even knows that you know we we got a fucked up team. And he, <laughs> at one point, they're all there, and it's Bader, Guts, Ex, uh, Bueno, and and Dogwelder's not there. But it doesn't matter because he finally. And it's something I'd never even thought of. And he's no. like. I'm the only fucking one who talks here. None of you other fuckers even say anything. Bader says I'm Bader. Bueno says Bueno Excelente. You got Guts who just sits there and quivers all the time. And Dogwelder is just the, the strong silent type. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. talk at all. I actually think he's going to start talking uh, eventually uh, coming up. I think that's a little foreshadowing yeah, that they'll be. I think so, too. That's why they mentioned it. Well, that really... whole Constantine bit where they talk about how he comes from a long line of 
dog welders, I guess, that but it's like some true. mystical, magical type of shit. It almost reminds me almost like Hawkman and like where he's brought up Egypt type of shit, like you know Prince Khufu and all this shit. I'm like, all right, I'm interested to see where this goes. Come on, what, yep. what we got yeah, going on with he dog welding? To you know, do something a little. I, I want to know what kind of dogs. welding mask they had in ancient Egypt. Yes, I, I just like when he's like, you know, you could do something entirely different with them dogs. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is he gonna do? Like, and I don't know. A, if yeah, you've been using the choke. I, yeah. I love. Hey, hello. Hello, love. <laughs> but then, yeah, the, the, world, the world appears to be ending all around them. And at one point, I didn't even think they were going to even react. It, it seemed like no. one of those things, again, <laughs> where they, they were talking about, you know, all we need is some big event, some freaking end-of-the-world deal, and they and Six Pack would just keep talking over all this shit's happening. But they do get up then and I go, hey, Stephen what's King's wrong with the these mist people? outside. <laughs> yeah, and they go out, and it is the specter, and it looks awesome. And sure. the specter is pointing at him and wants to say that one of them is, you know, going to come to justice and and whatnot. But I have come for the think... sinner, the fugitive from yeah. divine justice, the one who fled, but now shall flee no more. Thank and you, specter. I mean, of if you really want to go for Godzilla size too, as yeah, always. when you want to no. go with the perspective there, it really does look like he's pointing at guts. That's what I and think. Too. I would think it will be guts. We're going to find out a little more guts, but uh, you really would think that it would have been, uh, say, a dog welder, but he's not there. But yeah, I think guts is in big trouble. Bueno's just there. Uh-oh. I, I want to know I what the hell Bator that... is. So come on, what's going on with Bator? What the hell is he? I don't know. Who knows what he the hell is anything Bator. is? He's Bator. Right he is. I love, too, where you see that when the Spectre shows up and they have, like, the behind the the behind the behind team looking kind of, and there you really do get to see Bueno's sexy legs. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so crazy. They are the craziest team. They're disgusting. And I'm telling you, this issue probably could have just been them sitting in Noonan's. Well, most of it is, but they could just yeah. be sitting together just saying their catchphrases. And I would have liked it enough because I really love these characters. And it's so funny that it's almost like a whole thing with, with Groot, with Bader. I, I, you get a lot with Bader. I like Bader, even when yeah. you know Catwoman slaps him in the ass and he giggles and walks and away. They go and smile on his yeah. non face. It, it's so weird. Yeah, I love it. Like usually, you'll have a book that has like a Chewbacca. You have yeah. Chewbacca, yeah, but he's like, oh man, he's my favorite character. I love him. This book has four Chewbaccas, <laughs> and, and I love them all. I love every one of them, and because. At how over the top crazy six pack is, and six pack definitely does the whole thing that I love with Han and Chewie. Like they'll be like, "I am bitter." Yeah, I know what you're saying, Bader. Like that always happens, and he's always just yelling out plans. And really, they're disgusting. But they, I don't, I can't even say, I can't even grip what I'm gonna say. Like. I like them because they do seem to be genuine, and they do like Six Pack does want to be a superhero. So, you know, there he is. He's disgusting. He's awful, but he does want to be a hero, and he wants to do it the right way. It's not like he's going to try to cheat it. He wants shit to happen so that they can be heroes, and he seems to believe in all of them. He even believes in Bueno Excelente. Not to equate the two books, because they are wildly different, but it's it's similar in that way to Harley Quinn, where she is... You know, mm-hmm. she wants to do good. She just always she makes just a cannot, huge mess. Yes. She makes she, she tries, makes bad yeah. decisions along yeah. the way. But yeah, overall, she wants to be a good person now. And yeah, six pack. He wants, and even uh, at the one point, he's yelling. The guy's yelling at him, like, "Then go and do it." Because all he does is sit around and say shit about what he wants to do. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna do this and that. Bar. 
That's yeah, that bar life, see. baby. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's his, you know, that's their secret base. The fucking now, Noonan am, I the only, am I the only one here that missed Grappler? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, he I, hung himself. He I hung know, him. I missed Grappler, though. Yeah. I love that character so much. That was so actually much. your favorite right away. Yeah, and again, out. what else did he really say? Uh, he seemed to stuff. He just had to he add did, Grappler he to just, everything. Out of nowhere, he just yelled that. Everybody had a catchphrase. And they, yeah. oh, I love it. I love it. And the art, uh, it's, uh, what's his name? You said his name. Russ and Braun. he's and he yeah Russ Braun he didn't do the other art from no, before it was John, it was John McCray, McCray. But I don't want to you know I don't want to impugn him his art is no. great and it worked so well for the last one it was a yes. little more like sketchy boy, a lot more Mad Magazine-ish but this yeah. does seem a lot tighter yeah, and better yeah, it I like does it. it's I awesome. like it better as well it is so good like, but I, I, tell you, I love anything. that original six issue mini when it came out too it's yeah. like all right it's getting better and better the characters yeah. are more fleshed out the art's more uh, rocking more. I can no. dig this. I just I worry that this isn't going to sell at all because no, first off, it's not a rebirth title, and it's really gonna it's gonna struggle because of that. People are gonna go and you know it's three ninety nine. They're gonna go and see this, and who is gonna grab it? But uh, it, it's like Us. I said earlier. Yeah, the people who do grab it are gonna be passionately like excited about it and whatever. Oh. Uh, what what did you give it, Reggie? I see it right now because I'm looking. I give it a nine point five out yes, of ten. Yes, you did. I would give it a nine. I would give it an eight. All right, I uh, I'm looking, Reggie. You are by far the highest with that nine five. It goes all the way down to a two. Oh, and this is another and seven only seven reviews. That'll be down to three people, you and two other people by uh, next yeah. issue. Well, you know I'm no riding this one to the very end, so I don't give a shit. All right, Eric, and next up is the cosmic treadmill. Oh yeah, and yeah, and uh, Reggie and Chris are going to talk about Sandman number six. And what Reggie told me that this episode is about is they're going to talk about Sandman issue number six, where a creepy loner forces the occupants of a diner to abuse themselves and each other. And he says that is a warming story of togetherness, and I'm sure <laughs> that people love Sandman. So that's pretty cool. I still want some press. I, I actually, I want Reggie is so into the Zoo Crew. That I really want something from the Zoo Crew, though. Hey, it I got that, you issue number one. You can do yeah, something yeah. on the Zoo Crew. And Dancing Mike uh, was a little against the sugar and spike. Hopefully he would like the Zoo Crew. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, this is going to be Reggie and Chris. Listen to what they have to say. I'm sure they'll kick ass, Eric. Sandman. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never read an issue of Sandman. So it was I'll, never I'll, my thing except for really? the Golden Age one. I it's never weird read the that I thought newest. that, I, in my mind, I would think that you would have been into it. For and some, you know what's just weird? Just because they changed the character, no. I'm like, I don't want any of this. What, what do I think of it? What What do I mix it up with all the time? I don't know what. I always think of the preacher. Oh. I think of preacher when I, and it's not even just I don't. I know Sandman and preacher are different things. It's that they kind of go like, if At you like time. one, you like another. I just, yeah. I don't know. It just seems to me in my mind it would be because I've never read either the one of them. I, I've only heard good things about it, and I've just never found the time to get back to it. Yeah, it's weird. I, I thought that that would be something you were in, but maybe when we listen to this, you will be into it, Eric, but we'll maybe. see. I always like creepy loners, and, and diners are my <laughs> and favorites. And abusing so you, each other. You, you, you combine creepy loner with diner and abuse, that sounds like a, a up-to-the-plate home run to me every time, Eric. <laughs> every single time, but yeah, Take it away, Reggie and Chris. Hello and 
welcome back to Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, where we like to go back to the past and read some DC comics from their yesteryears of publishing. You can hear us every week on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast, and this week we don't even really have a DC comic, do we, Chris? Well, it's still technically a DC. Oh, it's they, a, they still had the logo in this at this time. It's before, yeah. It's before they went fully vertigo. We're going to be talking about Sandman issue number six from June of 1989. It was uh, called uh, 24 Hours, written by Neil Gaiman, with art by Mike Dringenberg and Malcolm Jones III. Before we get into the comic here, let's talk a little bit about uh, the writer here, Neil, Neil Gaiman. He was born November 10th, 1960 in Porchester, Hampshire, England. Uh, it's, uh, uh, he, he was, was he born in three three locations at once? Is that how it works? I mean, it's, why is it two? I, th- I, know, I think I so. I, maybe, I think he was triplets. Oh, and, no. uh, yeah. They met and they combined their powers spontaneously. Uh, yeah. Yes, they were full of stars, apparently. Um, <laughs> he got started in comics after forming a relationship with Alan Moore. He uh, took over uh, Miracle Man, uh, which Moore was writing for Eclipse Comics at the time. And uh, that story was left unfinished uh, for a long, long time because Eclipse went kaput and then Miracle Man went into a copyright limbo, purgatory yeah. hell. <laughs> um, that, he wrote that's, a, a, that's, a, that's a cute story in itself, but he's about to finish it now, isn't he, I believe? Or is he I think it he's. Now? I think he's finished the uh, the Silver Age, I think, because uh, the two, two ages. He did with, uh, I think it was Mark Buckingham, and uh, he did two of them already that came out from Marvel. I don't know if the new ones have come out just yet. Yeah, or they're, they're imminent. That's supposed, he's supposed to complete it. Yeah. Yeah, he was hoping. Um, he wrote a handful of uh, stories that were called Future Shocks for 2000 AD magazine. And uh, the Future Shocks, they were short strips that featured works of up-and-coming talent. Uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the Vertigo guys started doing these Future Shocks. Um, DC was impressed, and they hired him in the late 1980s. Uh, a funny anecdote here, he, was, he asked uh, to write uh, Black Orchid. Uh, but due to his accent, uh, they thought he wanted to write something called Black Hawk Kid. <laughs> That's really weird. Uh, but, you know, Black Hawk Kid, even, even, you know, it's kind of an obscure character, so I'm sure, that sure. Wasn't, they weren't thinking about her right away. Yeah, but uh, you can see them, like, nudging each other, like, who, who's Black oh. Hawk Kid? Oh, yeah, sure, Neil, you can write whatever you want. Who is yeah. that? You know, <laughs> cut in the archives. Did, did we do a kid version of Black Hawk? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, Karen Berger offered him the opportunity to revitalize uh, the character of the Sandman after receiving a proposal to revive the mid-70s, that's the uh, Kirby series. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we be. Yep, and here we go. And, you know, uh, we did cover a lot of this in an old issue, in an old episode of Weird Comics History, back when it was mm-hmm. still part of the podcast. So I don't remember what episode it was, so figure it out. Um, a little bit about the characters in the comic. We got Sandman, aka Morpheus, aka Dream, aka Oneros, aka many, many other names, depending on the culture and person that is perceiving uh, Sandman. He's one of the endless, and this is a tough one to explain. But there are, it's it was originally seven, right? I think so. Endless uh, siblings. They are immortal. They so, it's sort of implied that they are the sons and daughters of the Titans, I believe. Uh, but what it is that they essentially control, you know, aspects of mankind's, I don't know, personality, culture. You know, you got one guy's yeah. war, one. Uh, you have that girl, death. Death. Uh, there's uh, 
gluttony. Um, I can't remember the other one. Is like the one that the the one that changes sex all the time. <laughs> Who's sort of like just like sexiness and lying? I don't know what what that. You know, it, it's it, there's fate, blind fate that walks around reading his book all the time. It, it really is. I, I, it's so difficult to explain, and it, it yeah. really has to be read to be understood. But I guess I guess suffice to say that Sandman is the guy in control of the dream realm, mm-hmm. and that should be enough, I guess. Uh, another person, and really the only other, you know, uh, re- recurring character in this particular issue is John D, A.K.A. Doctor Destiny. This is a villain uh, first appearance, Justice League of America number five from June 1961. His thing was he wore uh, he was really silly looking. He wore a cloak with a skull mask for most mm-hmm. of his career, and he would just create these like crazy devices to. It was essentially like a Joker, you know what I mean? That kind of a guy, you know, sort of like breaking into the bank vault with a, uh, a death ray or whatever it is, you know. But he was. Yeah, he, he tried to get away with $100,000 of bank funds using a $5 million machine. You know, there exactly. Yeah, that kind, that kind of clever <laughs> superhero, you know, logic. You know, it's all about making a grand display. So, Certainly. Uh, you know, the, he was, uh, you know, really. Not a character people were thinking about too much when this issue came out, I'll tell you that. He, I, I bet he hadn't been seen in quite a while. So just to give you a little background on this, um, Sandman was captured at the turn of the 20th century, and in doing so, he lost some of his special items that give him power, a helm, a cloak, right? Am I right about that? Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, a helm, a cloak, and a, and a ruby, like this ruby of dream. Uh, through weird events, Doctor Destiny came into possession of this ruby, and he uh, took it off this KO'd body. Is that what it was? I don't remember how that happened. Sandman was laying. He was laying prone in like a storage facility. Oh right, right, weird, that's like right. Like a storage locker. Yeah, yeah, because he, because it was all part of his weird like having been captured. It kind of messed up his mojo. Uh, but anyway, he came in. He came into possession of this ruby that controls Dream, and as we're going to find out, controls a lot of other things. Certainly, certainly. As we open the issue, we uh, we look in on the all night diner. Um, we're going to meet uh, a woman named Bet, who's the waitress, uh, but she'd rather be a writer. Uh, now, when I first all. read this, <laughs> that's a fact, right? When I first read this, I thought that I thought this was going to be her story, just the way they brought it in. Sure, yeah, and, uh, seems like. Yeah, I, I really like that it was kind of a red herring here. Uh, now, she writes stories about all of her regulars, and uh, she tells those stories that the way that she feels that they ought to turn out, uh, you know, kind of dismissing reality and giving them all happy endings. Yeah, uh, another thing gonna... we all liked. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Next, uh, we meet a young girl named Judy. Uh, she's a troubled young girl, uh, currently going through some uh, relationship woes with her girlfriend. Uh, she's wearing a she's wearing like a like a jean jacket and like a bunch of pins. Like you see, uh, she like, looks very nineties. I mean, right out of yes. like a Winona Ryder movie or something. Bless her. Heart. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she's got uh, her little pins on her jacket. One of them says a uh, rude girl. Uh, she's got a she's got a misspelled sex pistols one that shows up later and she's got uh, the symbol for anarchy um, and she heads to the bathroom after ordering a, ordering a tuna sandwich and we see a huge joy division patch on her jacket so that's right she's uh, from that era or uh, is evoking that era and she's um, she's also she also likes uh, the ladies I think you know she's talking about she's got yes, a girlfriend yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, she's has her. Uh, she's going through some problems with the uh, with her gal pal and. Uh, in uh, in Beth's story here, she because she's already told stories about the these troubled girls. Uh, she has them both having settled down with husbands because oh. she thinks that that'd be their happy ending. Well, isn't that nice? Uh, isn't it? Next next entrance to the uh, all night diner is a young man who's killing time before a big job interview. He's uh, caffeinating for the grand event, you know, getting himself all nice and awake. Uh, his ending in Bet's story is that he scores the job as well as the boss's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, then the Fletchers come in. These are sort of like a yuppie couple, right? I think so. They're, I think that's what they're supposed to evoke. They kind of, they always kind of freak me out the way they look. Um, yeah. So they 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 look they look to be very happy. At least to Bet, she thinks he's uh, they're they're doing swell, but. Something about them, you can tell that they're, they're they're not perfect. Life is not all perfect for these two. Next comes in Marsh. Uh, he's a widower, a trucker, and an all-around shaky fella. Uh, his wife was named Marsha, which Bet sees as proof that they were meant to be Marsh and Marsha. But she drank mm-hmm. herself to death and died in a sanitarium. She didn't get a happy ending. I think uh, she should have mm-hmm. followed Beth's advice. Bet's advice. <laughs> And finally, there's a shadowy man sitting in a corner. He's dark, frail, and balding, and looks kind of gross, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, His hair looks all stringy and crappy. He appears to be wearing a glowing red gem while slowly sipping his coffee. This is our man, John D., Dr. Destiny. I bet sure he'll eventually open up for her and eventually give her enough material that she can craft his story with a happy ending as soon as he gets him to chit-chat. Yes. Now, uh, an hour goes by. Uh, the man who was waiting for his job interview, he decides to blow it off. He uh, gets up and goes, eh, maybe I'll have another cup of coffee. And he sits down. Uh, we go another hour. John D.S. at the television set be turned on. And uh, there's a soap opera playing. It's called Secret Haunts, <laughs> which is funny because that was both an old DC Comics title from uh, the, you know, 50s or 60s, I'd reckon. Oh, yeah. And as well as an in-comic soap opera that Supergirl acted on back in the day. Yeah, so I remember a, I remember that from uh, well that was from the late 70s, right? In that era. I think so. Yeah. But I don't I don't obviously I don't remember the romance comic cuz I'm not really knowledgeable about <laughs> romance comics, but no. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's a neat little uh, throwback there. Um, we pop in on Judy, who's on the phone with her girlfriend's mother and it doesn't go well. Um, I don't know if she's being if uh, the if her girlfriend is being re-educated or whatever, but uh, she calls her mother a, a hag and hangs up on her. Yeah. Uh, on the television, a children's TV show starts, and uh, the host is wearing like a like a dinosaur puppet on his hand, and he's instructing the children on how to slit their wrists. Yeah. Uh, which D is tickled pink by. <laughs> he is very very pleased. So I mean, what does this, uh, this imply that his power has growing? That I, I I don't know if it's the perception of yeah. his power, like, or, or or if it's actually that's actually going on. I don't yeah, know if it's, it's just what the the patrons can see. It's unclear. Uh, we kind of get the impression later that as time goes on, his power is sort of expanding beyond the diner. But I don't know if this particular scene is, yeah. like you say, whether it's just it's just the your their perception of it. Yeah, and uh, now uh, we go uh, to hour number five, and the patrons begin to get restless. Uh, Mr. Fletcher, he's a little bit discombobulated. He thinks it's really odd that nobody knew it was entered. Um, he knows he's been, that they've been there for a really long time, but at the same time, it feels like they just got there. Um, now, this mood changes from one panel to the next. Uh, like, he's he's all freaking out and sweating, and then the next panel, he's like, oh, but I love it here. And yeah. uh 
the process repeats a few times. So uh, during these uh, early hours where he's just, uh, you know, kind of uh, discombobulated. Yeah, I mean, it, this is really strangely done because it's sort of, you know, he, he goes through these emotions on the page and it pans out sort of as they go down. He keeps repeating yep. these same emotional cycles, but you almost see them, you know, in a, in a different context every time. It's so th- something funny is going on around here is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So for hour seven, D decides to let his flies, what he's calling the poor souls caught in his web, live out their fantasies for a little bit and we find out the job seeker's name is Mark he's currently a high powered executive director, he's sitting behind the big desk in his dream with a big plush chair uh, with a a phone with a large coil on it for some reason Uh, Mr. Fletcher is in a fabulously expensive convertible while getting a blowjob from a $20 hooker, that's pretty much that's paradise, that's an American dream right there Mrs. Fletcher has killed her husband for lying via decapitation she gazes happily at his head, which is laying on a tray, before licking it for reasons that might become a little clear later. Because uh, she's a creep. And <laughs> Bet's dreams are boring. She wants to be a writer that's even bigger than Stephen King, uh, which is, you know, come on. And Judy's dream is sort of like uh, it's a sexual reunion with her lover. It's definitely something implied there, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, she basically wants to be with Donna, and Dee really enjoys that particular fantasy, so he checks it out for a little while. Yeah, he, he, he digs that crazy scene. Mm-hmm. Um, we go to Alan number nine, and uh, Dee introduces some conflict into the mix, which uh, we see Judy getting uh, punched in the face and being called a dyke by Marsh, who uh, then goes on to threaten to rape her to show her what it was like to be with a real man, mm-hmm. a proper man. Uh, go up another hour. Hour 10, John D. is looked at as though he's a god. He's held aloft on the shoulders of the, the very wide shoulders of Mr. Fletcher as they all chant his name. Mm-hmm. Um, the now unemployed Mark chops off one of his own fingers and offers it up as a sacrifice and tasty treat for John D. And he eats it. Um, he eats it. <laughs> the gross bastard? I mean, come on. <laughs> and then, uh, Cannibalism, too. Let's just throw that in the mix. Why not? Why not? Uh, for hour number 11, they watch the news, which is grim. Uh, this is, uh, you know, like you were saying, the power is getting outside the, uh, either is either getting outside the diner or it's just they're seeing madness yeah, it's tough you know, to, in the it's, world. It's tough to tell, yeah, but uh, I don't know. It go either way, but yeah. It, sure. It, it, what's on TV is not pleasant. Uh, at the halfway point, we're at hour number 12, and this is the creepiest, uh, I, I'd call it a truth or dare game, but there's really no dares, it's just truth. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear from Mrs. Fletcher, we find out her first name is Kate. She sa- she shares a story about the time that she got drunk and banged a corpse. You know, as you do. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, at least, at least, and, at least she was drunk. She could, you know, pretend. Yeah, she's got an alibi. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to, to put a nice little cherry on that, as a as she was you know going at it with the corpse, its mouth filled up with blood that she plunged her face into. So there's uh, maybe that's why she uh, was licking her poor husband's decapitated. I mean, uh, how fucking gross is that, dude? You know what I mean? Like yeah. just the visual of that. It's like you know, having sex with a corpse is bad enough, but you're like, oh yeah, like. You would kind of be moving shit around in there, wouldn't you? Yep. <laughs> it's not something you think about. <laughs> you don't really think about it too deeply, but when you do, you're sorry you did. You are. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it took a long time. It took 13 hours, but we're finally to the orgy. There we go. And uh, but you know, D doesn't join in. He just he's he's a voyeur. He likes to watch. And frankly, I'm not sure if uh, his 
junk works down there, the way he's looking. He's like, he doesn't <laughs> look too healthy, I think it might need to be said. I love his, I love the one word he says as they're all going at it. Yeah, neat. He says, neat. He thinks it's, he thinks it's cool. So hour 14, D treats the girls as though they were oracles, demanding they tell him his future. And he's not stopping till they tell him that he will crush the Dream Lord. And they're just doing exactly that. It's very weird. They're acting sort of like the fates of Greek legend or something. Yeah. Uh, hour 15. Yeah, I was, well, I was, oh, I was looking at a uh, in an, anno, an, anno, an annotation of this. And uh, I guess like even like the order in which they were standing is uh it, there's actually a point to that oh yeah absolutely I think it's it has like to do with the their crone ages. and the yeah. yeah it's it's very very intricately done it's and and you know is that from is that d's mind or is this sort of like the you know f- yeah fate put it that way anyway you know you could go really deep wacky with the symbolism, sandman right? uh yeah symbolism <laughs> it's a little crazy uh, hour 15 is perhaps the most creepy and abusive he gives the flies back their minds just for a little bit, and they freak out, as you might imagine. Yeah. When one guy's cut his finger off, they've been punching each other, having orgies, um, and then he takes them away. and Because uh, yeah. he, he enjoys watching them freak, and then he uh, takes their minds away again. Hour 16, they play Murder in the Dark, and it's just black panels. And it seems like one of them, one of the uh, flies, deep Dr. Destiny's flies, has been murdered, but they are still alive on the next page. Hour 17, they have to do penance and contrition. Uh, Marsh confesses to hating his former wife and to fueling her alcoholic urges by buying an entire crate of vodka for her and going out of town for a week knowing that she would just drink herself to death, that he purposely sort of killed his own wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while in jail, buying Bet Sutton for a pack of smokes and then fucking in the ass. And so his penalty is several nails driven through his hand, which is, I think, fair. I think that's a good exchange. Yeah, uh, such a such a brutal scene though, just having uh, his hand again up on the ball, up on the counter, with nails being driven through it. The whole thing is so brutal, you know what I mean? But it's just Isn't like it? it's like human beings are messed up people. Yeah. <laughs> now we're in the home stretch here. Hour number eighteen. He awakens their primal urges. Uh, so the women hide. They're all they're all huddled under a table, and the men fight just for dominance. Yeah. Uh, and the uppie, the uppie has a real weird face right here. Yes, he does. <laughs> he uh, he shows that he's the alpha by tearing out poor Mark's throat with his teeth. He actually just chomps into the dude's throat and kills him. Yeah. Uh, now, hour number 19 is story time. Uh, D recites a little bit from Snow White. Uh, hour 20 is a sing-along. And uh, hour 21 is when he shows them the, uh, he shows some of them the truth. He shows uh, Judy, she, you know, the truth, the light. And, and to, so she can actually see the light. She stabs herself in the eyes with skewers. Yeah. And she's pretty it's, happy about it. And she, yeah, she's smiling. It's oh, it's brutal. And yeah. uh, like, and she's got like blood tears coming down her face. It was ah, oh, very unsettling. And then the um, next page, you see they're still. Je- I mean, I assume she's dead now. You know, you gotta be probably right. Stabbed, and, uh, probably stabbed her frontal lobe. Mm-hmm. Uh, for hour twenty-two, John D just he just stands there watching. He looks looks at all these bodies laying in the in the diner because uh, they're all dead by this point. Uh, hour 23 is uh, shows him catching and eating a fly, which is probably a little bit of symbolism. And then finally, hour 24, Morpheus shows up and D is happy to see him because he just started to become bored. Mm-hmm. 
which I gotta say, that's some staying power. 24 hours of torture and, you know, uh, two hours of watching just a bunch of corpses. Mm-hmm. That man has some staying power. And obviously, uh, the next issue, a lot of crazy stuff happens, but we're not going to reveal that. That's for you to read, and you definitely should read. Uh, yeah. The whole Sandman series is definitely one of the best written series in comics. Um, I would say it's a slow burn in a way. You know, it's uh, you know, it's 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 pretty entertaining from the jump. I remember I, I uh, walked away from it when it first came out because I, I had pegged it as a goth girl comic. Right? <laughs> yep. Mind you, I was a teenager too, so I was I had my own uh, prejudices and whatever. But um, when you read the whole thing, it's, everything counts, and this is one of the best crafted stories of any kind, comics or otherwise. I've oh, ever yeah. read, you know, it really is so smart and uh, clever and detailed, and it just has much to to see and enjoy. But this is not our only Sandman, is it? As usual, we have to give you all the information about everything <laughs> that ever happened. So, uh, Sandman actually is, this Sandman that we're talking about, Morpheus, is based on uh, an original Sandman, a character named Wesley Dodds, who was created by Gardner Fox and Burt Crustman. First appearance was in Adventure Comics number 40, that was July 1939. He also appeared in World Fair Comics number 1 in 1939, that was a comic DC made for the New York World's Fair. Uh, first time Batman and Superman ever appeared in a comic together, and in fact this comic would morph into World's Finest after the World's Fair was over in 1940. Um, the original version was uh, Sandman wore a uh, green suit, an orange fedora, right? He had a purple cape mm-hmm. yep. and a gas mask. Uh, I thought he looked so awesome. Oh, he, yeah. He often had a, tr- a gas gun, but he had a few other trick guns, actually. He had a wire wire poon gun, kind of like Rorschach had and Watchmen. I always thought mm-hmm. that was where he got that from. And uh, I think there were some other, you know, he would shoot a line here. He had all kinds of little gimmicks now and again, but more normally, to be honest, he, he fought just by running around punching people in the face. His, <laughs> his girlfriend, Dianne, or Diane Belmont, drove him around in her personal convertible roadster. Uh, she was unusual in comics at the time. She wasn't really like a damsel in distress. Sometimes he would have to save her, but often she would save him. She would, you know, kind of follow him closely behind while he went into the murder house and then get spring him from his trap or whatever it was. Um, and what I always loved is too is she drove him in her roadster, like the same car that she drove yep. all day. She drove him to <laughs> a crime scene. So it's like you'd think they would just look at her license plate and and, and get her. Let's follow her home, yeah. Now, uh, in in 1942, uh, Jack Kirby and Joe Simon, you might have heard of these guys. They took over the title in Adventure Comics number 72. That was March of that year. Uh, they were brought over to DC for some of that Kirby Simon magic. They were obviously real hot for having created Captain America a couple of years before. And uh, from what I've read, even back then, you know, uh, Kirby bristled under the, uh, you know, authority of, of Timely or Marvel at the time, and he was happy to do work for other publishers. So this was their chance. They were supposed to infuse the, the character who had kind of waned over the years with a little to modernize him for, you know, 1942 sensibilities, you know, in those two years that elapsed. So uh, at this time, when they did it, he wore a a costume that is less popular, but maybe more well-known, where it's mostly yellow with a purple cowl. You know know what I'm talking about? Purple pants. Yep. yep. Um, 
this is often considered the Kirby uh, and Simon Sandman costume, but they actually didn't invent it. That that came out several months earlier, three months earlier in Adventure Comics number 69, 1941. So that was designed by Gardner. I mean, I'm sorry, by Bert Christman, most likely. Uh, depending, Probably, yeah. Depending who drew it, and they actually improved it a little bit. Um, it looks like, uh, to be honest, Kirby drew a lot of these old Sandman. I, I have a collection of them, uh, and it looks like maybe it only collects the ones they knew Kirby drew. But whatever it was, they improved it a little bit. They extended his cowl. They they kind of made it look a little more even, and uh, they did invigorate the character. Sandman had had been was in Adventure Comics, which was an anthology, and he'd been relegated to the back of the comic. And over their time, he came to the front, and eventually Sandman was featured on the cover again. Uh, he was also in the Justice Society of America, which was a team that was featured in All-Star Comics. Uh, and he actually was in the very first issue. He was an original member of the team, All-Star Comics, number one, summer 1940. He didn't actually last too long. Though. I don't even think he lasted to 1941, definitely not 1942. The membership of this team in the Golden Age rotated a lot. You know, it, yeah. was, it was always honorary members, Batman, Superman... Later on, Wonder Woman and uh, I think even Green Lantern became. An, there were honorary members were the ones that stayed. The other ones they just came in and out. Man, our man, <laughs> Doctor yeah, Fate. You, you just name them. Just they, depending on what was needed for the ex, story ex, or whatever. Just like just throw throw something at the wall and make it stick. Uh, <laughs> he came back though when the JSA came back in Justice League of America number 46, July 1966. This was like post Flash of Two Worlds when they started to have. Uh, Earth Prime and Earth 2 and, and things like that and he would often be in their annual team up so he showed up again yeah and then we have another Sandman here by the name of Garrett Sanford uh, this is this is the one that uh, Kirby and Simon did uh, start right uh, in yeah. the uh, mid 70s yeah and this was uh, only a six-issue run here. Uh, this uh, Sandman 1 through 6 was December 1974 to uh, somewhere in 1975. Yeah. The seventh issue was published in the uh, Best of DC Comics number 22, and that was March 1982. It was, uh, it's uh, one of those Blue Ribbon Digests. Yeah, I love those things. We should, we should do a whole podcast <laughs> yeah, about those. I love those. I miss them. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, now, Simon and Kirby return to the character. But uh, don't write and draw every issue. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kirby does he does do every cover though, so yeah. we have that. Uh, now he's a, a superhero living in some kind of alternate dimension, protecting kids from nightmares, particularly one uh, one such boy named Jed. Um, two tame nightmares called uh, Brute and Glob assist him on his mission, and this Sandman, along with Brute and Glob, would later show up in the uh, the game and series. I believe it's issue. Fifteen. Yeah, I, I couldn't find um, the issue, but it, I, I love that issue. It's great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and, they, uh, well, that's... they sort of explain how it's been. Well, it, it sort of gets more involved as you, as you'll explain now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is actually it's Garrett's body, but it's not Garrett inside it. It's actually inhabited by Hector Hall, who is the son of Hawkman. Originally, the Silver Scarab. Um, now, as noted, he becomes uh, he becomes incarnated as Sandman while he's dead using Sanford's body. Now, Brute and Glob, they try to use him to take over the Dream Dimension. They're trying to convince him that he is the Dream God, basically. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, it's yeah, such a fun issue. It's uh, it's one that I actually I covered on the blog uh, back in. I think April or so. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's one of the only two that I've covered, and, and the other one is number six. Yeah, and you um, know, I didn't realize that a lot of this was established in Infinity Inc. 
until Infinity Bank was a lot of stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of, and, and like that's where this, I mean, you know, Neil and Gaiman's, Squadron. Yeah, but he's, you know, Neil Gaiman sort of puts a capstone on this incarnation of Hector Hall here, but it was it it was established before him. I'm assuming by Roy Thomas if it was Infinity Inc. I would assume. So yeah. you know, it, it, I always I always thought this was his take on. Simon and Kirby's '70s Sandman, but it's not totally. You know, this is that this was actually happening in the pages of Infinity Inc. That Sandman yeah. had returned. Yeah, because because his wife was on the, she was on the team with him, and he, and he had died during uh, he had died in Infinity Inc. Um, now she's uh, she's become pregnant uh, in the dream world here, and her son Daniel would uh, eventually take over the helm of Morpheus. So. There would be a Sandman in the family after all. Oh yeah, I, and I, I just want to say, you know, I know I'm I'm spoiling the whole book, cause, but basically <laughs> this this thing that we're that we're talking about that takes place around issue 15 is relevant to the very end of the book, you know, to the last yep. issue of the book, and and even the first issue of this uh, comic is totally relevant to the last issue. Oh yeah, it's 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 so tight. It is. It's, uh, there's like you said, the nothing goes to waste. Everything is important. Um, now Hector Hall, he would go on to become reincarnated again as Doctor Fate. And I think that's his last reincarnation, right? Has he come back again? Do you know? I don't think so. Because whenever when I first when I saw Hector Hall was in the book, I'm like, oh, it's Doctor Fate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's where you I knew him from, as. probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of and course, I, I knew him as the stuff. Silver Scarab. No, I didn't know him as the Silver I don't want to. <laughs> uh, so you're the other member of that fan club. Exactly. The Silver Scarab Boys, we call ourselves. We love it. Uh, I'm the vice president. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we also got to give a nod out to his uh, sidekick, or what do we call these guys, right? Yeah, sidekicks. Yes. Sandy Hawkins, Sandy the Golden Boy, Sands Sand. He was a lad who... In in Simon and Kirby's first run on Sandman in the 40s, they dressed the exact same, which always annoys the hell out of me when the sidekick just dresses in a smaller version of, yeah. of his uh, hero's costume. The uh, Flash Kid Flash thing. Exactly. Like, it was like, come on, guys, you can do a little better <laughs> than that. Later on, he would get something a little more distinguished, and later on, he would become the actual successor to Wesley Dodds and take on the, the mantle of the Sandman. Yeah, he briefly, he briefly was the chairman of uh, JSA uh, oh, really? in the late uh, late 90s or turn of the century. Yeah, and he had a he had almost a gas mask, but it was like a stylized gas mask. Yeah, you've seen you know in 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 more recent iterations of Sandman, and now even in Earth Two, they had something where the Sandman was like a a squadron or something like this. Like it was like a, a yeah. black ops team or something. Uh, uh, which is, That's which the is mask right. I'm thinking about. Yeah, and they, they they've kind of flattened the mask, which is unlike the the version. And I'm about to talk about, but I, I just want to say, you know, Sandman is actually a character that I liked as a little kid when I first ever saw. Uh, I think I first saw Sandman comics maybe in uh, Jules Pfeiffer's comic book Heroes, but definitely in some one of my old books. I saw I just the idea of a guy wearing a gas mask. Cool. Uh, and a suit, you know what I mean? Like we're like running, like like everyone else running around in leotards. He's rocking a suit, fedora, and a gas mask. I just found mm-hmm. it so cool. Uh, <laughs> so I, you know, I've actually been a fan of Sandman before uh, the Neil Gaiman series. But um, the most pronounced gas mask he ever wore was in Sandman Mystery Theater. This was a 70 issue Vertigo title from 1993 to 1999. Uh, it, it's it's a kind of a noir detective. 
right? Wouldn't you say mystery? Yeah. Sort of like he's he's sort of like a Sherlock Holmes noir. I don't know what to call it. And this was Matt Wagner, right? Matt Wagner and another guy wrote some of them too. Mm. I forget the other guy's name, but it really it was just the two of them wrote the whole series. Matt Wagner, I think, wrote the bulk of them. Um, and it was it had adult themes because it was it was in uh, Vertigo. Uh, Diane Belmont was there too. I'm not sure if they were. I don't. They weren't married. They were. She was acting as his whatever attaché or whatever you want to call yeah. her. Uh, and they changed his character a little bit. They made him a little pudgier. They gave him glasses. Uh, whereas in the old comics, he was kind of a rakish, you know, waspish dude, like all hmm. like all good superheroes <laughs> must be. Uh, and he would actually have crossovers in, with Sandman, uh, not not so much on Neil Gaiman's side, but on. Uh, Sam and Mystery Theater side, he would often have dreams, and Morpheus would show up, and he would sometimes go visit um, Starman in uh, James Robinson and Tony Robbins. Starman, he and Diane would go to that guy's shop. Uh, Jack, oh, that was a Jack Knight, great, right? Yeah, Jack Knight. That was a great series. Yeah, that, that I mean, that's another series we we probably take a look at it issue yeah. or two down the line. But uh, that's gonna wrap it up for this issue of Sandman number six. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. hope you guys uh, got something out of it. If you did, if you didn't, if you want to write us love letters or hate mail, we prefer love letters. We do. Um, and Spray them with perfume. Exactly. As, as you know, Please dot all your I's with hearts and everything. Uh, you can write to this podcast at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Reggie Reggie. I'm at Ace Comics. And every week, uh, I would tell you, you got to go read Chris's personal blog. Chris is on infiniteearth.blogspot.com. You can go search for that old Sandman comic review Certainly. you were talking about, or, you know, he does a new review of a DC comic every single day. And uh, they're wildly entertaining. And lately, you've been kind of theming them, tying them into our podcast our stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, you can get a little extra credit on our podcast if Certainly. you go read his blog. So make sure you check that out. Besides that, I think uh, we're done here. Unless you got something else for the people, Chris. No, oh, that'll that'll do us. Well, uh, until next week, make sure you stay on that treadmill cosmically. Right, Eric, that means flash reviews. Sure does. Flash reviews, and really, any more of the flash reviews are just reviews of books that are not in the new fifty-two or from the new fifty-two or the DCYOU that have carried over. Correct. So I don't have to do Doctor Fate anymore. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, how about I? I have an addendum to that. It is books that are left over from the new fifty-two or the DCYOU. That Reggie does. <laughs> that, and and he's that, not here to talk about and, it. And he's not here to talk about it. But yeah, <laughs> there's two tonight. And that is the first one's Teen Titans number 23, written by Tony Bedard, art by Miguel Mendonca, Mendonca Diana Canessa, and Tony Avina. And Reggie says, fresh out of Bell Rev prison, the Titans find themselves exonerated of all crimes and with not much else to do in Louisiana. Luckily for them, Hive attempts a mind control scheme that forces them to spring into action. Once again, no one acts like an asshole and they perform as a team. This is getting to be a trend just in time for the series to rebirth. And it gives gives this a 7 out of 10. And that goes well in hand with the last issue. We actually, I think, gave it the same 7 out of 10. Believe me, a 7 out of 10 for the Teen Titans is good, right? 
because well, I, honestly, were... I just realized from that write-up that I wanted to read this issue because I was really interested in where it was going. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll have to grab that and read it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I I did not like my time with Teen Titans, and Reggie took it from me. And he's actually been able to get some good issues out of it before the rebirth. Nice. Uh, the next one is Harley's Little Black Book Number Four, and this was delayed a little, but even so, this book pops up and it just makes me shake my head it really does because i nobody's talking about it me and you never even mention it ever yeah uh and it's one of those where you've already heard us talk about six pack and dog welder uh when they had that original all-star section eight this is kind of what it is again this is harley's version of where she goes around and, and meets up with people so let's see what happens i don't think i've one. even read an issue of a little no, black book i yet. think i read the first one I, I i forget me and reggie talked about it just me and him there used right. to be a couple times where me and reggie would get together and Do talk about some of the books and they'd be flash reviews but they'd be a little more extended mm-hmm. uh but yeah this is harley's little black book number four written by amanda connor and jimmy palmiotti art by billy tucci jo- joseph michael lindsner Sure. Flavi- Flaviano, Eric. He's just huh. one name, Flaviano. That He sounds Flaviano. like he was on one of those books, you know, uh, Stolen Hearts. And there he is <laughs> with his flowing hair. Oh, Flaviano. And Lust Paul, at sea. Paul Mounts. <laughs> Lust at sea. <laughs> and then the next one, Lust in Space. Yeah. Harley Quinn goes back in time to fight Hitler and the Nazis. That's a good freaking Lost in Space porn parody right there. Yeah. This is uh, the the review that you were wondering why Reggie's, all of his taglines and, and his labels oh, all had Hitler. to do with Hitler and Nazis. <laughs> Harley Quinn goes back in time to fight Hitler and the Nazis, teaming up with the only one and only Bombshells. Bombshells is a comic Reggie has been promising to read for months, and now he wishes he had. Some uneven <laughs> artwork dampens the merry Holocaust mood, but this issue is still jam-packed with genocidal laughs eight out of ten and yeah reggie when, when me and reggie did the digital spotlight that nobody cared about he kept telling me he's like i gotta read the the, the uh bombshells book i, I remember wanna, i was here on that too. a couple of and, days and oh he kept going though this was even messages so at one point i had some time and i said to him you know what i just got like the first i think you did the first six or seven reviews something the like first that. six or seven chapters and i read those i liked them and yeah. then I was like, "Oh, Reggie, I have the next six or seven. I, I'm gonna." He wouldn't. He didn't want me to review him. <laughs> he was like, "No, no, that's fine. I called it. I'm gonna do it." And then right. I think even at one point he went on a vacation where his whole plan. He wasn't really gonna do the reviews. I think on vacation, but it was one of those that he had gotten up. it. Yeah, he got it on his tablet, and he was just gonna read them all. I don't think he ever did. I don't think that we're ever gonna have the reviews on the site. We'll see. But yeah, yeah. right so, now though, it would be like how you made fun of Dan when he had that Batman '66 review from like six months before. <laughs> He'll be like, "What the hell is going on?" Uh, but yeah, that is a, a little bit. Where we're not gonna have the flash reviews every week, but sometimes it's needed, Eric. Right? Sure is. This was one of those with Reggie out. But yep, that's it. Flash reviews. And I played the wrong sound clip, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do that again. And that is Flash Reviews, guys.
And we're back. We're back for the stretch run, the end of the podcast, and I love myself some foreigner, Eric. Who doesn't? I'm Every goddamn song's fan. a hit. Yeah, they have one of the best, greatest hits. They're one of ever. those. I, I don't know that I ever owned a foreigner album, but boy, they had 12 good songs that they could put on their greatest hits and <laughs> fucking get you going. I like Dirty White Boy, Jukebox Hero, Eric, a lot of classic rock hits right there for you. And we're going to go to a book that uh, is going to mirror that double vision, Eric. Sure what is. Book is Titans that? number 2, written by Dan, Dan Abnett, with art by Brett Booth, Norm Ratmond, Andrew Dollhouse, Kerry Sirachin, and Carlos M. Manguel. The Titans square off against doppelganger versions of their younger selves in this issue, and after having two previous issues that were pretty much our heroes sitting around and talking, it was really appreciated. On top of that, we see that Abracadabra is the one behind this mirror match and possibly causes the death of Garth as well. Yeah, it looks like it. It certainly does look like it, but we'll see how that goes down. But I know this is one of your uh, favorites. This is one. Honestly, I look forward to this book so goddamn much. And the thing is, I always forget it's a goddamn monthly. Mm -hmm. I'm always expecting it every two weeks. I, I, I love the art. It's Brett Booth. We love Brett Booth. And it's Brett Booth, Norm Rapman, and Andrew Dollhouse. Which this they're, team they're is the, fucking remarkable. Yeah, they're a great trio. I do like it. I just, the book itself, this moves a little forward, and at least you get some action or whatever. And I really look forward to that. I still don't have a grip on, on if I like it or not. I really don't. It's To me, it's just kind of down the middle. Uh, well, so far, just the, because we problem, haven't really gotten much. What's the problem with this book right now? Because I think the power that this has is that everybody wants to pick it up because they think it's really important to this whole rebirth thing. Mm-hmm. And I want to get away from that and just have the Titans being Titans again. No, I think you will get away from up. it eventually. I was so that... wrapped up in that rebirth and Wally coming from the Speed Force with this fucking knowledge. And even yeah. right now, we even have Abracadabra like being rebirthed himself in the last issue mm-hmm. and like being claiming that he is the man who made Wally West disappear. So I don't know where that lies even with this. If he's like telling the truth, if he's full of shit, I have no idea. But we get a goddamn kick-ass battle and I'm so happy to have it because I, I really like seeing these heroes together. But it was a little boring for I, anybody who doesn't care. I don't know. Because yeah, I, st- yeah. I, st- I still dug the last two issues, but I could see where people might like fall off like, nothing's happening with this fucking book. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think, now again, I don't even think that it's as, as going to be as uh, important as we would like to think. I don't think any one book is going to be important. I think right now it is has that feeling because it is Wally. Wally was the person who came in. He's doing that. I think eventually it's going to settle down into something, you know, like a normal book. I don't think you can just keep going. And to me, and you know, when would you think that this quote-unquote like important stuff is going to take place? If anything, it would be another year. Like If they're going to stick with, like, say, that September event thing, then maybe you would have one in a whole year from now. You can't have... 12 issues of just nothing again out of tight and this i'm telling you it shouldn't be but i also have this coming out of titan's hunt where i they didn't do much either and that was when we were saying that that was going to be so important going into rebirth and it had parts of it yes you had the thing where they oh we don't remember and all this but yeah it didn't end up being as important as we had once thought um, but I love Abracadabra. I do. I like his his look. He's such an over the top villain. I love, I love him. him. So goddamn I much. really like him. And this, you get Linda. That's the part 
that's kind of important here where Linda, what is it, Super News? Linda Super Parks. News, Jimmy. Linda Parks, Super News. But yeah, she keeps thinking about, you know, oh, this guy showed up. Yeah, and that's not something you get over right away. A boat it's funny, too. She's like, this guy it. shows up. The guy, I don't care if you haven't seen the Kid Flash costume at that point that he was wearing and all this. He, he kind of got the idea. It was a little bit of a Flash. You could at least say, I don't know. That wasn't the Flash that I know or, you know, I didn't yeah. recognize him. The guy shows up in a, in a Flash-looking costume with lightning going on and whatever. But she does remember him uh, just as that, like, oh, yeah. this guy. But she seems to even her, she's getting a little more of a memory of what's going on to me. That just what's going down, but then she. I just think she is obsessed at this point because honestly, in my mind, Super News is not working out very well for her, and like tracking this goddamn lightning storm and this mystery man down is the best chance she has of doing anything. Yeah, true. It's just weird. Like I didn't even get the point that that when they met, I I guess she's a reporter and all that, but even that she remembers Wally West, the name. I I have no idea. Yeah, but she says here she calls him out, Wally, Wally West. Well, that's because she says it to him. Yeah, I'm I mean, saying though. Her, what I'm, what's that? He says it to her when he bolts out of the lightning when he first showed him. So in the rebirth, himself, yes. But I'm saying if that was me and I'm standing there and somebody bolts out and just says, "Don't you remember me? I'm Wally West." I would have forgotten that by now. There's really? no way I would have remembered that. That, that name. is one thing in my life I would always remember because it was a goddamn man in a bolt of lightning telling me that he knows me. Yeah, but I'm saying you would be more taken aback in my mind. You'd be more taken aback by being shocked that a guy came out of fucking nowhere in a bolt of lightning and whatever. I don't know that she'd remember anything you fucking said. She would have been so shocked. Now, this isn't supposed to mean, but I do get the idea for some reason. Even when he shows up, the look, I think that she is starting to remember a little. But unfortunately, when she goes to talk to Wally, it's not really Wally. Well, that's the thing. There's a lightning storm in Keystone City that somehow creates the Titans there, and the police are holding everybody back. But the Titans are just sitting there. And the thing is, it's the Teen Titans that never yeah, work. So we had Dick Grayson as Robin, Donna Troy in her original Wonder Girl costume, and Kid uh, Wally West in his original Kid but, Flash yeah, costume. And the thing makes sense because it's Abracadabra who's made them. He's well, used I, to... I had no idea first because I saw Wally West standing there, and even like that big panel where you see everybody there. And yeah. like you see him in the kid flash costume, like I see Linda goes beyond the freaking like police tape to go talk to him. Why is he in his original kid flash yeah, yeah, costume? For some reason, I just panned over. Like I saw Wally there, and I moved on. Did not even see the Dick Grayson Robin or the original. Yeah, yeah, it's all of them. And it's I, I went, cool. I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking team. But really, here. this is the the this would be the team that Abracadabra would have known. Yes. And then he says he's he's crafted them. He's he's made them from magical reproductions of the original Titans. And is is uh, does he want them to defeat? The new Titans, well, you know what I mean? It's, Honestly, it's kind I of a- want, the thing is, I don't think he knows that everybody forgot about the Teen Titans. So when he, he brings them back here, I think he wants them like to be disgraced by like, oh, the Titans are really? bad. I, I didn't even think that because they're not even doing anything. They're well, just they start, standing there until first, the Titans they, show up. No, they start going at it before the Titans even show up. I didn't even see that they did. They're just standing there. They well, they run around, but they're not really. I don't know that he's they're doing that the much. It's weird though, boots. but he's not. I think he's just trying to get the other Titans there, and he's using the, them to get them there. That's how I got it because he doesn't really even well, say he's like. He also calls them out in my mind as well with that. Yeah. 
But you know what I mean? It's not like he's like, oh, I'm going to besmirch their name. With it. He's just kind of yelling shit mind. about, well, he's just yelling about conjuring up these guys with magic and it's all in the presentation. And, you know, I'm going to, for he wants, Wally West is the heart of this. I despise him beyond measure. He took everything from me, but now I'll make him pay dearly. I actually do think, because that's when he puts it up, I think that, and he says to this stage next, we had terror and menace to make the crowd cry for help. And then the final ingredient, the uh, cadaver will need and that's when the titans show up yes. he definitely is just forcing them to show up and he wants to kill them with these other titans and really at one point he they're doing a pretty good job and i i, I guess honestly it was a really big long shot because they were in gotham and this yeah, is in yeah. keystone city so i'm like you know what you're asking a lot to call them well, again the i don't even know at the one point when he's like i'll make them pay and then there's also the weird thing you have a a paper next to him that has two flashes written on and it looks like if you look at it, it even looks like there's a story that why would there be a story about that it's very odd to me that is the, very the odd whole i didn't thing. even notice that the first yeah, time yeah it's, it's very odd because you even see like the one definitely looks like it would be wally uh, um but I, then you can't tell anything just with the spiky like hair just looks more like wally would i'm been just wondering why the, the two flashes are like, it's like so i don't know is that something done. he has that he brought back i, I don't know but yeah, they're going to fight each other, and basically that's what they do. They fight each other. They're going against their doppelgangers, but in the meantime, you know, the one guy, you know, Garth is fighting uh, Nightwing, at the Aqualad fighting Nightwing, and then you have uh, Wonder Girl, who's, they're all going back and forth with each other, and, uh, but then I really like when Dick fights himself. Yeah. When he's, you know, the Robin fighting Nightwing. It's pretty cool. And as Willie um, puts it, though, when he's fighting his doppelganger, it's like we, like we have the same skill set, but yeah. we have the experience on them. Yeah, I like that. And I, I do like it. But it, this is very quick. And then it's you see quick. the deal where this whole thing seems to be a setup for Kid Flash to force Wally to go in the infinite. Yeah. And that was that's how that he would trap him. And Wally's like, no, no. I'm not that fucking done, Yeah, while he's done this before, he knows yeah. it's not his first fucking rodeo. Yeah, and that, well, that's what the, the thing is, is that you, Abracadabra is doing this and the, the doppelganger magical kid flash is doing it because he's taunting him he's like ah you know what you're not as fast as me oh yeah you know what i've done this before hey prove it and yeah. he's like i'm not that he says the line is pretty good i'm the fastest man alive not the dumbest and that's when he stops and turns and, <laughs> and, and while he crashes yeah while he crashes and it's pretty much just a fight back and forth. It is forth. a fight. But you it's get a, a big ass fight. I'm telling yeah, you, it is. when uh, when Wonder Girl lassos uh, Roy and pulls him back, and he's like, "I love Donna." Yeah, and it's yeah. like because she freaking the, the lasso freaking yeah, made him the say. lasso. Yep. And then the the real Donna stops to look like, huh? Yep. Yeah, and gets <laughs> punched. I, I really like that part. I'm telling you, it's very subtle. It's kind of so. Even the doppelganger Donna seems like she's really touched by this. Yeah, because while these are doppelgangers, they seem to have all the memories and powers of our heroes. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I really, I'm telling you, it, it, like Jim said, it is a straight up fight, and that's oh, all you really it's get. Just a fight. I like everything we get with it, though. Even it's okay. when they, like we didn't even have this at the beginning of the fight, though, where uh, Abracadabra recreates Lilith Clay, freaking Omen, and then she uses her telec- her uh, psychic powers to read Linda Park's mind. Yeah, because she keeps getting that like from the future <laughs> Omen that uh. Linda and Wally have a connection, and this bothers Abracadabra because he knows this, and he's like, I've come back from the future. At this point in time, Linda and Wally should not know each other, and this seems yeah. really bother him. Well, that's like, the, that is the big thing of the issue to me yes. is like, yes, all of a sudden now things are 
They're advanced. They're advanced too quickly. He doesn't understand. This shouldn't be for years from now. What's going on? And, yeah, he's confused. While it feels like it is the biggest thing in my mind as well with this issue, it confuses the hell out of me. Yeah, I don't understand. While he was in the Speed Force, yes. he was not a part of this That's timeline. That's what I'm saying. Knew him. How was there any future knowledge of yeah. him for there to be this? It, like, you know, it seems to be a fluke thing that he was able to get out of the Speed Force. He got out. Him. And, but I guess, you know, the whole thing is there was a quote-unquote right way. Well, he says even, at one point he says he was reading the Chronicles. Yeah. He says, Park and West only meet years from now. I've read the Chronicles. They're not supposed to know each other yet. And yeah. so there must be something almost like it, it made it seem to me like the uh, the Book of the Yellow Lanterns uh, with uh, Sinestro, uh-huh. that there is the Book of Time. Somehow, Abracadabra has been able to read. In my mind, exactly the Chronicles are just history books. Well, he has read them. He's gone ahead in time and, and read these, and shit's going too quick. He he has to act now. And it, it just basically, bothers me, though, because while he was out of the reality, like nobody knew who he was. So, yeah, like, but for I him guess, to, again, if you say that, where did Abracadabra come from? When I, I wish I could back, tell you. But again, if he came from another, you know, you and your alternate reality type of things and stuff like that, he it may just be an alternate reality that they both were in. That's what they'll consider. Or they were both part of the Speed Force. Everything happened. I don't know. I don't know how you can explain you, I, I it, but he has side, read it. I'm telling you, I even sit with this idea a bit where, like, uh, Wally knew everything when he was in the Speed Force. He knew what happened to Flashboy and the pre-New 52, uh, yeah, pre- yeah, yeah. New 52 universe. Yeah. And, like, it, it fucking bothers me so goddamn much when I think about it because I can't put this together. Like, yeah. is this the Wally who is – he knows that time has changed and then 10 years were stolen out of their life. So he knows what happened before with Linda and him, but was that part of the New 52 stolen timeline? Yeah, yeah. Or was or that was part that... of the timeline that we had before yeah, the New 52? Yeah, or when he came back. Because the time because... still matches up. Or or – However, the Speed Force, it's, it may just be a, the wonky Speed Force thing. Yeah, the, I, I the don't craziness know. Of the it's Speed Force that he has lived his own deal. He knows what the future is. He he likes the one. I don't know. I'm is it something you, I have that such he knows? an issue with time travel just because it usually fucks a story up because people yeah. can't explain things. Now when you add on, on to that, that 10 years were taken away yeah, from yeah, time, yeah, I have I, no idea how to explain that. But yeah, at the end, basically, then Garth goes, Go- sees that it's Abracadabra up in the roof and goes to get him punches him and then fucking shit goes wrong fucking <laughs> while he tries to get there in time but after yeah. last garth and it no. looks like the motherfucker no. he's not recovering it seems it, like it while he does grab him at the time and then the end it does from rebirth to death and yeah. hey, if you're gonna kill any of the guys on this team i, I guess he's the best to pick right you, no, honestly who, who's an aqualad fan i'm telling you though who was an Aquaman fan before he became cool? Yeah, again? I know, but we have not had a thing. chance to make We Garth haven't cool. had, but I, that's the thing. Who knows if they even think he? You know, they might have already decided. You know what? Well, this magic isn't happening. We got twice. the other Aqualad coming, and we don't need yeah. this one. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, really. So bring we'll me see Tempest. Come on, what goes I like on, this but guy. really, there isn't a lot to say. I love the art. I told you that, Brett. It's Brooke, amazing. But yeah, that that whole thing with the time travel. I just read. It. I'm like, okay, we'll see where that goes. I, I'm so used to these, like an action comic where you're, you're just getting dribs and drabs and you, everything's confusing, or even Justice League, where I see Abracadabra say a bunch of nonsense. I'm like, okay, I hope it gets explained later because here we go. 
Yeah. But yeah, uh, what's what the you... problem with this being a monthly book? Because yeah. we're not going to, it's going to be a while till we get yep, any goddamn it answers. Uh, what did you give it? I gave this an eight out of 10. I'm telling you, it is a straight up action scene to this freaking book, but it's really enjoyable. Even, especially since Brett Booth was able to freaking, you know, use all these different characters. Like, you know, we have two versions of the same character, but you know yeah. who's who. Yeah, and it actually, yeah. for the first time, makes sense why he changed Roy's costume to this like ultra nineties yeah. extreme look. Yep, because he had needed to have a different deal. I still don't like that look, but whatever. Yeah, I would give it a seven five. Okay. I, I really like the art, but really, and not a lot happens. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. Is it intriguing or just confusing? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not intrigued. invested like, in this book that much. I like I, these characters, and I like teen yeah. books, especially with the younger characters. It's just like it's this. weird. Like, every issue now that we've gotten with, with the rebirth and the couple, it's just you don't get much character stuff. It's just, you know, the one was, you know, hey, Boy, let me hug issue. you guys, and we'll, you know, whatever. And then you just don't get tons. No, I, I'm telling you, we like got more. Roy last issue trying to talk yeah. about his past, which we already know. So, like, yeah. people have read the Red Hoods, yeah, Arsenal crazy. series, or Red Hood and the Outlaws. But I don't know. I like these characters together. I hope they have time to, like, yeah. really flesh everybody out. Because, honestly, Donna still doesn't make sense. But and we'll see. And that's the other weird thing that I'd like to say is that we do look at this, oh, this important book, and it's monthly. Why yeah. isn't this Why isn't this twice a month? They don't want to blow their load right away. I guess. I, maybe that's what it is. Maybe because this event that this will all lead to will be down the line, they don't want to have, you know, 24 issues. They only want to have 12. Yeah. But we'll see. But we are going to move on. Dan Abnett's usually smarter than that. What are they doing out there? I'm telling you, I, all I hear is banging. Fucking three o'clock in the morning. Then the next book is Flash number five. Flash number five. Flash fact, Eric. Flash fact. Flash fact. <laughs> Written by Joshua Williamson, art by Felipe Wantanabe, Andrew Curry, Delaire Albert, or Albert, Ivan Placencia, and Steve Wands. I keep jumping on and off the Flash trolley, and unfortunately I'm off of it at the moment. For a book featuring the fastest man and woman alive, the slow pace is killing me. Just tell us who the hell Godspeed is and let's get on with it. <laughs> Barry gets a day off this issue, but actually decides to show up for work finally, and Mina meets and becomes partners with Wally West just because. Everything feels really forced, and can someone explain to the characters in this book that a secret identity is something important? Isn't these secret identities are hardly fucking oh, secret? Oh, willy nilly anymore. Book. What the fuck is this? Willy nilly. It's everybody you meet. It's like she's well, Mina's walking down the street, and some guy says hi, and she's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm Mina." And I take track. my mask off. It starts off and I, again. You started off with this cover, and oh, we want to show that Barry is a, a guy that now he's he's calm and he's happy for the first time. He can rely on other people. That's okay. I like Barry being a, a good guy. I just, or a happy guy. It doesn't seem like this is something he would do, especially with everything going on. I think that his day off, unfortunately, would still be doing some flash things. Yeah. Uh, and really, if you want to have a day off, go to fuck the work, Barry, which he does then. But it's very odd. He's just sitting here, and it's another. It's, I think that all this is, is, and. I'll keep saying it through this whole issue. A lot of forced things in this issue. And I think this first whole page is forced so that you can really remember, really start to get like, Barry really likes her, Eric. They're K-I-S-S-I-N-G. 
Oh, I'm telling there. you, I read this issue earlier today, and then I ended up reading a bit of that that Flash trade I had, which I didn't yeah. even know at the time was a Wally West trade because it was Jeff Johns. For some reason, in my mind it was Barry Allen after his rebirth. But um, I'm reading it. I'm like, this is what the book's missing because that's what I was talking about earlier about the status quo going back to normal. Because like in the Wally West Flash book I was reading. There was a lot of speedsters going on. There seemed to be a lot of that legacy yeah, that yeah. Jeff Johns wants to get back to. And I'm like, maybe that's what they're trying to create with this. But I don't know. Yeah, it's just it a, ends in a way that flashes. there's not many. Yeah, I'm just not on this whole book's trolley mm-hmm. yet, I guess. It's, it's just at the pace. It's it's Joshua Williamson is a really good writer. I say Flash it every time. Off weird. Yeah, and But the pace itself of this, the series is off. It's like you, you're not getting – you're not getting anything. You're getting Mina. You have August, and all we're doing, everybody, all, and it's it's almost to the point where it's not like, oh man, I think it's August, Eric, and you're like, no, no, it's Mina. This is gonna be so awesome. At this point, I'm like, fuck, god damn it, just make it somebody. Let's Please. go on, and hopefully, and really, at this point, because of this whole long setup, it's to the point now that you're saying. If this is somebody that I don't know, I'm going to kill somebody. If all of a sudden, I don't even care. I'm saying even if it's August's brother. Yeah. And it, and I'd be like, you know, fuck you. I'd be so angry. So it better be either Mina or August. I not think Billy it's Parks. August now. I do not think it's Mina because we see her show up in the Godspeed attacks her not, now. Not Billy Parks? No. I, I, <laughs> Billy Parks would be weird because that and anybody, that is the person who killed August brother and really wish that name was shoved out uh you know so much but then it kind of died down but yeah this whole part you're only is it me or is this so forced to be able to have Wally at ease or Wally Barry happy and at ease is only to show him that he shouldn't let his guard down again because I think all these speedsters are all going to be dead and all of them appear to be at the end that's one of the problems I have with the series so far is that like we talk about Flash we like Flash is a fun character he's fast he's always doing stuff and the big thing that we get here is like, I'm tired of being alone. Yeah, I'm like, you yeah. sad, mopey motherfucker. Yep. What is yeah, wrong go with up you? to the watchtower. Hang out with them. Yeah. And here's the funny part then, because then he's there with Mina. They are in Bali. They're out, you know, having a grand old time in Bali. And then Sex he's like, the hey, she's, uh, yeah. Then Mina's like, hey, I got to go back and train the speedsters. And he's like, ah, oh, you know what? I'll be there later. I'm, I think I'm going to have lunch with an old friend. And immediately, I, it's either going to be Iris, which it is, yeah. or Wally. And I actually thought it was going to be Wally. I thought it was going to be a cool thing for Wally to have come back to check in with him. Hey, what's going on with you? Oh, man, it's so great. There's all these speedsters. And even then, maybe Wally would have been like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to watch out for this. You know, do you know these? Because really, with all these speedsters around as well and the speed force the way it is, you, Wally may just come back to go, what's going on? The speed force seems a little, you know, a little down. Yeah, uh, it seems like it's being sucked, uh, you know, dry here. What's going on? I really wanted it to be Wally. When it was Iris, I'm like, oh, Iris. And the, the big joke to me and you, I sent to you, he's like, I'm going to have lunch with an old friend. He goes for breakfast. We turn they the are having now breakfast. It's breakfast time. Yep, it's breakfast, which makes sense because he just they just watched the sunrise. Yep. He says, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Now I can smell the roses. Uh, yeah, it's breakfast. So there was a little faux pas there. But yeah, the big joke again, Barry's always late. Not this time, Eric, because he got himself a woman. Ooh. He's happy. He's Barry's actually early. Time. He's on time. Iris is like, holy crap, what's going on? I know that smile. You have a girlfriend. He's like, hee, hee, hee. <laughs> and he goes, not a girlfriend per se, 
but we're seeing what we have in common, which turns out to be a, a lot. And then Iris says, like, and then do you, do you see all that he says? These are the things they have She's in common. She's a very talented scientist, yeah. Star Labs. And first, her name is Mina. They have like, no, that's <laughs> your name isn't Mina. Then she's a very talented scientist at Star Labs. But wait a minute. You're a forensic scientist at freaking Central City Police. Where, where is this? I don't understand what you're telling me. Well, We're both Barry, you're not. Goddamn yeah, it. Barry, yeah. Yeah, really. I, like, Barry, this doesn't make sense. He's like, oh, don't call me Barry. Call me Mina. Okay. He's Mena. I'm a he, pretty he wants girl. To, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's so weird a line. We have so much in common. Her name is Mina. Wow. That sounds great, but yeah, then you go and see August and He's struck Mina. dumb by love. What do you want from him? Yeah, August and Mina are there, and they're training. Now, here's where this is hokey. You were going to say something earlier, but this is hokey, because we had already been, it had already been spelled out that the speedsters do not really know that August himself is the, uh, what Whatever he, he is. And right here, he's there without a costume on, and he's yep. training him. He's training him freaking no identities. Doesn't have sacred. those crutches either. No, no crutches, no identity sacred. And he, he uh, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to practice getting shot by bullets. Oh, yeah. I don't know. And she, he, he, uh, this seems like a bad speedster. I haven't, yeah. I haven't passed basic It's funny. Yet. Mina's like, I don't know. You're joking, right? And he is not joking. And no. it's funny. It's like, I would love to see the pile of dead bodies behind him because it's that, you know, yes, you have the speed force. If somebody shoots a gun at you, you might freak out and just get shot. But and yeah, the best part is, it's funny because this. Mina's talking about this in a little narration. She's saying, yeah, I have the new partner in August helping me train. We don't always agree on things. He wants to shoot some kids. Okay. Yeah, that is something yeah. you don't agree, like disagree yeah. on. That's something you're pissed off now, about. Again, everybody thinks that one of these two are the bad guys, right? Yes. You would think that the what we what I think, I think you would think as well, Godspeed obviously takes the speed force powers from the people he attacks. So he's gonna want them to be more in tune with the speed force. They kind of both do that. So yeah. you're not getting any sort of inkling of which is which. But August himself, I don't know. August it, this bullet thing seems to me like he wants to be very practical with it. That I don't know why you know what I mean? Like, well, he has a whole cop train of thought to him. Yeah, you know? like, but in his if mind, he is Godspeed, superhero. If he is Godspeed, to me, Godspeed doesn't care about. Hey, let's practice catching bullets. Everything with him would be. Everything would be harnessing more. Hey, hey kids, speed. how about we? How about we work on getting our speed force sucked out of us violently? Yeah. Or how about this? That's uh, a weird thing. Yeah, to teach they August. find something, and it's like maybe one of these things like you would also think that one of them would be getting some student that is uh, excelling that maybe they'll use them to steal power almost like what happens with Wally with with Mina like Mina is a weird case because she should be at the level of all these kids really or you know people they're not all just kids but she got hit with that lightning the same time as them all of a sudden, and she's we keep the head of the department. They're not just kids; they're regular. No, I just well. said they're not just kids; yeah. they're all over. But they, she should be at the same level as them. She's just training them. She knows too much about the Speed Force. August, at least, I can say. Well, Flash kind of, you know, did the deal, but he's not even as big as her. She has these special powers, and she can sense things and like and H-block? whatever. Yeah, H block. Yeah, <laughs> we can go back to this fucking speed for the Zoom crew. That's yeah, she she senses somebody and it goes on. It is Wally, and Wally has shown up now. It's weird because they are really skirting the issue of 
we know Wally had the speed force before this lightning. He still got hit by it, but they're really not. You know what I mean? It's a weird deal. Like at one point, For you would have thought reason, he'd say re- something. Well, they're really forcing him to be have a connection with the rest of these people. Yes, when- that's what I'm saying. It's very odd, and it's again, he is kind of shy. He doesn't want to get brought into it, and he says it's complicated. You know, the fucking reverse flash. He's related to, so <laughs> yeah. he's not gonna not gonna bring that well, up. You also, know, to too, everybody. it's weird because when he says that it's complicated. I'm pretty sure that's a picture of Wally yeah, that's from a picture the of him. It is his future. I I'm still thinking that you know he doesn't want to. You know, he's got a lot of issues going yeah. on where again you have reverse flash, all that crazy shit too. But yeah, that's him in the future, and he's saying. But again, that points out that he had it before. He's not gonna let that go. It's just very weird now, how they're playing Wally. I want to break something down with you here. Because it's very odd to me that, you know, Wally was hit by the storm as well. Now we have all these speedsters and we also have this big mystery about who Godspeed is. Yeah. Now, he, hitting Wally with the storm again, it kind of lumps him in the group with all these people. But August was hit by this lightning before all that, making him the single man out of this whole goddamn group. Yeah. So yeah. in my mind, that really points towards him being a part of this Godspeed. Yeah, thing I, would whatever think. It is. I would think. Uh, the other thing that way was, you freaking say that Wally. Oh, Wally can't be a here's part of the deal. You want you want to put together all the clues at the one point when Wally was like, or uh, Barry was telling uh, August, "Hey, you know, I'm going to teach you how to phase through walls." Eh, I don't have time for that. That seems like a bunch of nonsense. Remember, he like turned it down. He oh, just yeah. wanted to run. Uh, the issue though is that it was really spelled out that Godspeed went through walls. He yeah. phased in and out. I really do think that if it is. August, that was because he knew all that shit. He knew how to do that. How he would, because that seemed to be the day after. Yeah. I mean, there's certain. Here's the thing you have this stuff with Mina where she can sense things. She goes out, talks to Wally, starts talking. Wally doesn't want to get involved. He's like, Yeah, I don't know if I want to be tested on, whatever. And she's like, Hey, look, my name's Mina. Takes off. All of a sudden, he's enthralled by her. And he's like, All right, let's run. We find out, though, that he has. Goddamn, the Emperor's Force Lightning. Yeah, he can, he can do that. And so you're getting this idea. At one point, you thought that Mina spelled out that nobody else but her really got a special power. Now it seems like she's saying that most people did. Now, yeah. Wally is the exception to the rule because she thinks that he got hit by the Force Lightning. He did not. Well, he did. He but did. he already had the he powers had before. Well, though, but that's what I'm saying. Uh, they, so, they wanted to make sure that you didn't think he was outside the group. But again, is again. that is that supposed to be a hint that it, anybody who has these quote-unquote special powers weren't from the – because what Avery doesn't seem to have any sort of special powers. So is that something? But the the whole problem is is that at the end we see Godspeed with Mina. So whatever's going on now, we don't know anything about August if he has a special power or not. And could this be that he can be in one more than one place at a time? Could it be time travel? Could it be some weird sort of thing like that where he can like change a, things? Uh, because, speed force freaking astral projection? Yeah, like something like that because it does seem when, when Mina goes and Godspeed's there, uh, she goes to punch him and she's like, you're intangible, and that seemed to be a big thing. And when he was in Iron Heights, he went in, boom, and then phased out. Uh, is it something, like you said, is it well, an astral projection type of thing? That's the, where The biggest problem I have with that, where we see that he is intangible, but he is holding on to freaking uh, Avery by the neck there at the one scene. I'm like, yeah, I he think shouldn't that be maybe, able to touch anybody. I think that maybe he can come in and out. 
I think it's one of those where it's kind of like that. Even like a like Metamorpho can do that. He can. Become, I understand, you know, but for some reason, when I read this book, though, like that that is a big red flag to me with August not wanting to do the freaking uh, like, yeah, yeah. stuff. But it was very when odd read, when, it happened. when I read this. It really seemed like he was almost a ghost. Yeah, yeah. You know the way they spelled it out. That maybe that was just yeah. Me, but though. again, we don't know. We, we haven't know got. But here's what I don't like because if it is August. What do you think? We have made up theories in our head of why he would be doing this, but we haven't gotten more of this. Remember, at one point he was like not a dirty cop, but he was he was he a was little, willing to cross a little. He was a little handsy. Yeah, he was with the people. He was willing to cross the line a bit. That has stopped. He almost seems like to me like okay, flash just rubbed off on him, but not even that. It seems to be. You know, ignored now. We don't yeah. even get that. We do get where Barry goes to work, goes back to work here, and uh, Singh says, "Oh man, August here. He's cracked five cases." But earlier we see that Mina and August are running around town doing shit and and stopping crime. So that to me wasn't anything different or special. But it's just weird because me and you have talked. The one thing that August was upset about two things: his brother got murdered, and the guy who murdered him went free. Yes, and it all leads to back when Barry had his accident, the evidence was destroyed. I said, I, wh- what evidence is laying near a bunch of chemicals like that? It, I know we could be working on it, but how is evidence like completely destroyed like that? It's so nonsense. But we I also have, all, here's the like, thing. We also have a there. weird thing. This is where I thought that this might be a, a really weird around the way doing this is that August wasn't always there. He now can travel in time, but he's intangible. I don't know. And Honestly, that, with this many people having the speed force, I would think it'd be impossible for them to travel back in time. Yeah, well, that's well, you say that, but that would be to me why he's trying to gather everyone's power. They right. have everybody is sucking shit out of speed force, but he has a power that he can grab it. And he's trying to go. He's trying to do a flashpoint. This is what yeah. I would think he's trying to do. Up until this point, though, I would have thought that they would have spelled something out. Like at one point, you have August. Hey, you know what, Barry? They even had the one point where he's like, yeah, if you could go and change what your mom did, you know, what happened to your mom, you would. And and Barry's kind of like, huh, yeah, that doesn't work like that. But it was forgotten then. I would have thought we would have had more leading up to this of August continuing like, you know what, I, I can do this. And I really thought that before the whole Godspeed thing, this would have been a thing where August does become his partner. He's a good guy, but he starts to realize the power of the speed force. Like even earlier when he said at the beginning of the series, man, we can go around and bust heads and we yeah. can get everybody thing. No, 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 we have to follow the law. I think that as this went on, August would have figured out and heard things like all of a sudden Barry's like listen I want to tell you there was a, this flash you know weird things start happening where you he sees what Barry's doing and thinks that Barry is not lying to him but like oh yeah what's good for the goose isn't good for the gander and then goes bad tries a flashpoint it goes back and we had said before because they spelled out that evidence being destroyed when Barry got hit by the lightning in the in the lab that he would go back to save the evidence and it would make up all of a sudden Wally, or I keep saying Wally now, Barry would wake up and not be the Flash all of a sudden. Right. Because, but, you know, and they can play that whole thing. He's was outside the speed force and all this, so he doesn't remember, but he just doesn't have his powers now. And I don't know. It, we're not getting any of this. No, uh, not, I'm saying all this. Anything. This is what I wanted. We're not getting anything. No. 
we're having Wally show Mina out of nowhere that he has this goddamn force lightning. She thinks it's great. If she's the bad one, or maybe August and her are in cahoots. Maybe, Maybe that's the thing. Maybe she senses the people, and then he fucking steals their power. Uh, but but right that, away, but the thing is, Avery goes off like when uh, when Mina and uh, Wally go back to Star Labs, and they find out that Godspeed is there and hurting people. You know, Avery go off and get Flash. And yeah, why August. would she do that unless? You want Flash there because you think, but he's gone by then when he gets there. You would yeah. think that maybe it's like, go but get August, August and Flash. Uh, I know, but if he can travel and that might be the, the red herring where she's, that's like the whole thing to make it seem different. I don't know. I don't know. But either. even with Wally, we haven't got much of Wally. And this is so forced. She just shows up. Hey, you want to go in the Star Labs? No, I don't. I don't want to be in there. I don't want people to know anything, this or that. Okay, then I'll train you. Partners? Partners. Off they go, and they save some window cleaners, yeah. and, you know, and fix a car. Like, really, this all this, all this time, you have Wally, don't want to show us anything, and all of a sudden now partners? That's a little quick. And just, here's my secret identity. Then they go and save these guys. They, they see Wally, and she goes, we better get out of here before somebody sees you without a costume. Yeah, they already did. Yeah. yeah. That's when they're they're talking. That's when Barry goes back to work. But yeah, you said it at the end. She goes back. Mina goes back to the Star Labs, and uh, it looks Godspeed has pretty much killed everyone. It seems yeah. she tries to help him. Mina's trapped with them. She sends Avery off to go get Flash and August. And by the time they get back, everybody appears to be well dead. I mean, and dead. Mina is somewhere naked. Naked. I said she, the freaking Godspeed has stolen her clothes. That's what you get. Fucking nonsense. But yeah, I thought this issue was down uh, from what I have. And it's actually, I didn't like the first two when it started, and then it kind of got better and better. And now we're on the downward slope again. It kind of, it's dribs and drabs. And it's like the roller coaster of emotions going on here. It's a roller coaster, uh, coaster of quality. But yeah, the, the art was okay. Right. I didn't like it because it is such a drastic change from what we had gotten, especially how it had started that I, I really was starting to get to like. And now we get this. It's a very I cartoony style. I kind of like style. it a little bit more. What, this you like? The, the art style here, I think I like yeah, it a little bit don't. more. I don't like it at all. I think it, this is so cartoony that it just, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But, yeah, I gave this, I believe, a 6.5 on the site. I think I'd give it a 6.5. Yeah, I'll go with yeah, that. I gave it a 6.5. All right, we're on to our last book of the night. Last awesome. book of the night. Yeah. And uh, this is one that, I don't know. I, I'm still waiting to be impressed by. So am I. I really a, am. It's Deathstroke, and we got this great writer. Everybody's all about the writer, and yeah. I'm like, it's not for me. No, it's not for me either so far. I did actually like this a little more than the, so did the I. Rebirth issue, and it is one of the few. Uh, we've had this before. Like a Green Arrow had the same thing where you had the Rebirth, and it goes just directly from it. Like this, the Rebirth of Deathstroke to me... It was just the first issue. There really wasn't any tone it was setting. The tone is going to continue on. You're going to have to read into it before you really get all that because this issue really is a continuation. You, you have the same kind of setup, everything. And it starts off, and we had talked Picks about up the right last where we left time. off pretty much. Yeah, and we, we had talked about the last time about how it had real real world politics and stuff like that, and some people like it, some people don't. I'm not a political guy I'm one guy of those guys who doesn't. Yeah, I'm not, I don't like it either. But... uh I'll tell you, the politics, and the, they're a little funky, 
and stretch. It's, the shit just goes quick because it starts off, and there is Congressman Hasgrove. And if you read The well, Rebirth or you say, didn't. Did you do your blurb? Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm freaking doing, yeah. Let me Sorry get to that, that then. Well, we have Deathstroke number one. I was just going to go right into it. I just <laughs> wanted to get the hell done. Written by Christopher Priest, art by Carlo Pagulan, Jason Paz, Jeremy Cox, and Willie Schubert. Christopher Priest continues with Deathstroke's story right from the Rebirth issue. Well, I liked it more than that. Then what we got in the beginning, I'm still waiting for it to wow me. We get more real-world politics. Don't seem quite, quite real-world. Clock King in his jammies and some good dialogue between Slade and Evergreen. We also get a story of crosses, double crosses, and triple dog dares that reveals itself to be an intricate plan only to get Deathstroke in his icon suit. And that's really and some angry sex. Yeah, yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Smith sex is what you get, and (laughs) even that, that was more of like a, uh, hey, look, I know the history of the character, because really, you're not getting much from that. You can just see that, you know, his wife. Do you know what I got from that whole thing, when Wintergreen walked in? Nice bosoms. Yeah, yeah, it's just, I I don't know. But yeah, it starts off, I said, you get this Hasgrove, Hasgrove, and what we saw before was this is the guy who... Uh, the, uh, what's his name? David. Matthew. I don't know. What the hell? The, the guy, the bad guy, the fucking, uh. Matthew? Is it Matthew? I don't I, know. I, I have it here. I'm, I'm telling I'm you, so... I don't know any of these, like, offshoot characters by name, except I'm telling you, Wintergreen is the biggest one I know. Yeah, you'll have Wintergreen. Let me see. Where the hell is he? I, I am not, inv- I read this book for the podcast. I am not invested in it at all at this point. Yeah, well. We had it, the bad guy. Uh, I'll figure out his name in a minute. I think it's, I think it's Matthew. Uh, uh, it's the, the warlord. He, he was there. He gave, I think, nine million dollars to Deathstroke, uh, to fund the Democrats. It is Matthew. It's Matthew, yeah. To have two candidates so that the Republican, who we see Hasgrove wins. And I don't even know. Again, okay, whatever. And when he wins, because he's a piece of shit, Deathstroke has Hassan go. And he he's another one that doesn't believe in any sort of secrets, Eric. He has his name on his shirt. And that's, <laughs> at least that's what Deathstroke called him before. I don't, why have that? But yeah, he's like, hey, Mr. Hasgrove, sign here. Here, here's this uh, package there. Oh, thanks. And everybody's congratulating. You know what's funny? That What's name that? is on there for a reason, because until you said that, I had no idea we saw this character before. Yeah, yeah, that was the guy, I, I, I believe, he was no, the no. one who was just sitting at the, the uh, what's it called? At I'll, the computer. I'll go with you, I'm telling you, yeah. I had no idea he in my He called mind. him that, I believe, but yeah, yeah so he's like, hey, Mr. Osgrove, here you go. He gets this uh, packet, and it's bad photos of him and like yeah, S&M, S&M stuff. shit. I don't know, nowadays I really don't think that would have, you know, ruined him. I really don't. That would have been something that people would have been like, oh, well. And he's already elected. I don't think that's an impeachable thing where you would get kicked out of it's office. It's just, just humiliation, like, I think. You're like you a know? little rough sex. But here's the thing. You're going to kill yourself, and they're going to find these photos then anyway. At least you could just hide them. I would have burned them and then killed myself. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I would have done either. I would have said, okay, what what's it going to take? You know, you, you would think that he's getting blackmailed because you, you see these, but really – this Lee, this is what Deathstroke realizes. I'm going to show him this, and the guy's going to kill himself. And yeah. there he goes, and it works. He kills himself. We move on. It just everything is a little too quick. Where we even had like how it looks like to me, 
this is like five minutes past what we ended last issue. And oh, last totally. issue, they were just transferring this to have the other candidate go. Uh, it's just everything moves a little um, too quickly. Everything like moves fast and tight. Because then yeah. we go back in time. Yeah, we go back in time to see what Kenilworth and then, meant. Like you know, b- further back in time, and then more forward in time. You know, yeah, it oh, it's all over the place. Like and it's, we say this all the time about how the back and forth shit. Sometimes it just uh, ruins the story. And to me, you, what this does is it doesn't make me really pay attention to much because no. you just keep going. Every there's not a lot of weight to everything. You have this Kenilworth. You're oh Kenilworth, and you're told that because there's your little you know header there with Kenilworth, and basically you find out that uh, Wintergreen and Slade at one point had a hit in Kenilworth, New Jersey, and that was it. That's where they came up with the name of Kenilworth, which is their fucking, you know, their stress signal deal that if one of them's in trouble, I still don't know what that means for, you know, you're in Africa and just say it to standard guys and say Kenilworth, and the next thing you know, you're watching a fucking mongoose and cobra show. It really seems like some secret everywhere. I do like the art there, though. It's like a Starsky and Hutch. Jim, come on. Yeah, Kenilworth. I like the Starsky and Hutch look of them in the car and back. Uh, Then you get more of a, hey, this is who was Slade Wilson? You you know, you get the whole thing. Decorated war hero, devoted husband, loving father, restless warrior, prisoner of war. I I, I don't know. Tell me. And then, you know. World's deadliest assassin. And deadly assassin. And you know what he's really good at? He's good at slashing through Polaroids. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he's good at. But yeah, and you go. Really, th- this issue is just, I think there's a lot of hocus pocus going I on. as well. And where you really think about it and what you're getting is not as big or as impressive or as important yeah, we, as we a lot of people the, seem to think. We got all this jumping around, which I'm sure will be important in the future because I, I know we're going to get Grant showing back. He might be the Ravager at that point. Yeah. He doesn't like his father. We know this already. But, but at one the, point in the, the one Polaroid, do you think that's Grant? Do you think that's – because it certainly doesn't look like Wintergreen, and he looks like he's in that icon armor as well. Yeah, yeah, the Ravager freaking yeah, out. That'd yeah, be the Ravager that's version what I'm saying. So you have Grant, that. Grant is dead, and then he's, yeah. he's come back before. I don't know in this continuity actually at this point if Grant has come back yet, but he did in the old, old continuity. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to see what's going on. Uh, but yeah, in the, in the meantime – there's Clock King. He's in his jammies. He looks young. So He's young now. Have a cup of tea. And I really do like that page where he has Matthew in the uh, like a, the electric a trap clock. That's like an electric clock. I think that's kick ass. I really do like that. But even this, even the whole. Clocking thing is like smoke and mirrors, and it oh. really is. It's an illusion that he's pulling on. Uh, but yeah, but you're even, gonna f- even with this stuff, though, I was getting to this point before talking about all this different jumping back in time. The only part of this issue I found interesting was Deathstroke and Wintergreen interacting till we get to the point yeah, at I, the end. I like their talk, and the, yeah. the and you you get the idea that the way that uh, Wintergreen was able to retire was somebody else posed as him and got murdered, yep. and they buried him, so they think, you know, that's that whole... We, we've Major talked about William Randolph Wintergreen, soldier yeah, and we've, friend. We've talked about it on the podcast when it's like, now now they think I'm dead, now I'm dangerous, like yes, shit right. like that. But yeah, you, you're going to go on, and he's going to talk about all the things. Oh, look, you had your photos, and even this, it's like, so weird. He's like, they showed up at the safe house. They were nearly... I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. And no. it seems like he says, like, they stole your weapons locker, but then he had things from it. I don't know. No, but one of the things is this icon armor that 
because last I issue... armor and freaking VHSs of his family doing yeah, stuff. And Polaroids. But yeah, yeah, you find out then, or not find out, if you remember last issue, uh, they had to fake his death. So I didn't realize. I thought it was him would just look beat up. That's what I thought, too. They legitimately seemed to have killed somebody, dressed him up in the suit. Dress stroke armor. Then the dress stroke armor, and then, hey, there they go, because he ha- he doesn't have a suit. He doesn't have his outfit. So he puts on this icon armor for now, but it seems like he's interested in going to find it. But in the meantime, he's like, hey, it's not powered up. Hey, this will do, and freaking Wintergreen just shoots the armor. That and just it, really seems so weird of, yeah, of a thing to throw thing. in there. Anything in this, it's just odd. And then you see they're fighting their way out. They're just shooting their way out, killing people, and they go to the guys who, the quote-unquote, the uh, fucking Kenilworth 2, I'd like to call them the Kenilworth 2. They go to those guys who actually help Deathstroke, and he has that little bit of a, a not a debt, he has a uh, contract with him where he said, hey, yeah. give me a couple bucks, okay, we're in contract. He's trying to make it so that they're... Those guys in the family don't get killed by Matthew. So to do this, they're like, hey, first off, he wants his uniform. Hey, where is it? Oh, we threw it in the ditch. Oh, why'd you do that? Oh, they'll find him. And you're just like, like, okay, it's Deathstroke's armor. He can get more armor. That's what I thought. But they're going to go back to the Clock King because they know that he's going to kill the president, Matthew. So they end up going back, and out of nowhere, there is fucking Wintergreen, and... It's fucking clocking with apparent powers there. I'm like, you're you're gonna go through the ravages of time, and you get yeah. a couple, you get the flashback of the Mister and Mrs. Smith with Adeline fighting uh, Deathstroke. Then they're making love. Who knows what's going on? Their kids making are downstairs. Love. Yes, they're making green. hate. No, they're making love. They're making babies. And she's pissed off. She's like, listen, you go out on these fucking missions. I'm a fucking nanny. And I'm like, who is the worst parent? She hates her goddamn kids. Yeah, the kids kids are downstairs and hear this. They have to hear it all the time. And they're just like, I hate my fucking life. They're playing video games. And there is fucking Grant. Grant is always running away. No matter what, he's out. He's like, I don't need this. Well, even after he runs out, Wintergreen interrupts the sex session. It's like, I think Grant ran away. And the freaking Adeline's like, yeah, he does that a lot. I'm like, yeah, he sucks so goddamn. Bad. Yeah, they're pieces of shit. And then you see uh we can in the in the present now, uh Wintergreen going from, you know, young to old. Now he's himself again. And that's when Deathstroke realizes, you know what? Well, first off, Deathstroke could probably be like, you know what, I saw you a little bit ago. You were an old man <laughs> on an oxygen tank and you were You're dying. Of Oz, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah what the fuck? So he's like, Oh, you know, this is all hocus pocus here somewhere and just shoots up the room. And there's Blows up an I, oxygen tank. Yeah, yeah. I guess to me, the I guess he just shot. I, the whole thing to me was just kind of confusing. You know what I mean? Just there he is, old there. He was fooling him, but yeah, he was doing a fucking Wizard of Oz. Don't look yeah. at the man behind the curtain. I know, but I'm asking where the curtain was. It's what I was wondering well, the, the whole the time when I was, was saying. The curtain was in the corner with a hologram in front of it. I'm yeah, guessing. So, yeah. so he just, just shot it up until he hit. You an know what I'm saying? Tank. They don't really show much of it. It's just so crazy. But yeah, there you go. And he says to uh, uh, Matthew, uh, hey, Matthew, listen, these guys are under my protection. You're not going to do anything or I'll be back. And then him and Wintergreen leave. They're kind of talking. And then the most another crazy deal is they're talking to Wintergreen just out of the blue. It's like, hey, you know what? This is about when I wake up from this hallucination. <laughs> and then Destro clocks him right in the face. He's like, this isn't a, a fucking hallucination. You're not dreaming, it's motherfucker. Real. 
And then he gets mad. You jackass. I'm I like, like that what? bit, actually. I, I like that. I don't like the whole thing when he's just talking about the hallucinations. Like, ah, eh, you know, last time you were in knickers. Like, I really? actually really like this. That bit of them telling you the whole thing. Everything that I like about this book is just Wintergreen and Deathstroke. Yeah, I thought that talking. was so stupid. I, I thought that it. was a waste of time. That was two whole pages of them just, yeah, you know what? I'm a hallucination. I'm like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? You, you were just going through shooting people. You actually look like uh, the Clock King actually did a little bit of damage to him, and yet he didn't wake up then. That, he feels pain then. It just was very hokey to me, uh, and just there as a joke. I don't know. I was but just it, happy it, to have something in this book that I enjoyed, honestly. Yeah, I just, then I like, because even before they were talking golfing, and that's when he's like, where the fuck were you? And Deathstrike's like, yeah, I was golfing. golfing. And then they're like, oh, really how's the stroke coming along that's fine yeah, that's that was kind of funny uh but the whole hallucination thing was stupid the guy knows better than that so stupid but yeah no, he keeps having see... hallucinations over and over again i don't yeah, know Yeah, but it, why was he, he having these hallucinations i know he's because been captured. He's been in isolation yeah but it, this is a guy who to me fucking VHS. he's a hardened fucking you know soldier to me this is a guy who isn't gonna break just because he's waiting for some guy to show up. It just seemed weird to me. Uh, but yeah, it ends then by showing Matthew going uh, to find where the body was. They find the body that they had thrown in the ditch. And it has the Deathstroke armor. The Deathstroke armor. He takes it off. And somehow there's the, quote unquote, the Admiral who wants the whole thing. is like, hey, I don't have anything because in the meantime, the U.S. is going to have a no-fly zone. It's a bunch of fucking nonsense. I don't but like yeah, he, his whole... His whole deal, his warlord fucking business is down. It's done now. But he wants some money, and he finds the Deathstroke uh, armor, says, yeah, you know what? This is a lot of trouble that we went through just to get him in another This fucking... is a crazy twist. Yeah, I he's did like, enjoy this, this last a, bit. a crazy though. thing to get him to change his clothes. So we'll see. I guess this Admiral can control the Icon armor. It has something to do with that. But also, I think that, like you're saying, something's going to go with this and his suit. Because he's like, huh, how can that benefit Jizaki, which we heard, the Red Lion? I think that he becomes a uh, – I think he's putting on that suit or somebody else will. And I think that that's going to be a villain coming up, that it's going to be like a doppelganger type thing because he, he really does seem very interested in that suit. Yeah. And the Admiral isn't like, hey, I want that suit. The there's, and there's got to be a connection to Grant at this point because you well, can't – Well, again, like this- you said, you even have them with that – the Ravager armor and stuff like this. At this point, he may know. Maybe Grant's alive, like you said, in this continuity at this point, And maybe you're going to find out that Grant's going to put the, the fucking suit on. Like, maybe we, we won't. I'm saying that we saw before that Grant died. Not like, you know, and I think it was Deathstroke's Villain Month issue where, like, Grant died and he was all torn up about it. But I'm not, I don't think he's come back yet. Yeah. I'm pretty I, sure. I, God damn it. Again, I, I hate if, saying shit like if, that. Yeah. If this is something that the, this, scene goes we don't have anything with this maybe we won't have anything with the red lion coming up we won't even know about the suit we'll kind of forget about it a little and then all of a sudden some other deathstroke shows up they're like oh deathstroke was seen here and it ends up being grant trying to get back at his dad through because at, at a point they really do say that this matthew is Really good friends. Like, he seems to be friends with Deathstroke, but they're yeah. fucking each other around. And maybe Friendly. that'll be, maybe that'll be the, the twist that he goes to his son. It's funny too. When I son. talked about just now at that villains month issue, I think it was where we saw Grant die. I'm pretty sure that was the setup to find out that Grant came back for it. I'm not yeah, sure though. Yeah. I, I don't know, but yeah. I don't know anymore. Again, this, this book, I was, I was reading it and 
I, there were some chuckles at, at Wintergreen and Deathstroke, but really, I, I just get a bunch done of mumbo like, jumbo that yeah, bores I'm, me. Yeah, I get done and I really don't care. No. You know, and uh, with Christopher Priest, this is the first thing I've really read of him. And I, oh my God, it's Black Panther was was to die for Eric and all these <laughs> things. And I'm like, I want to see it. This yeah. always happens to me where I come in when the guy just isn't hitting right. And other people seem to love it, but I'm just not getting anything from it. Though I did like the art. I, liked I did the like art the art as well. And that actually raised my score because really, if if I was going to go with a gut feeling right now, I would give it a seven. I actually gave it a seven eight on the site because I did like the art, and I said I liked it better than the rebirth issue, which I gave a seven. And uh, so I went seven eight. But really, if I had to do my heart of hearts, it might even go down to a six five. And now that I've read it a couple times and talked about it, it just doesn't have anything for me. Well, I'm saying so, mine was originally a six, but because of the art, I put it up to a six point five out of ten. Yeah, in my yeah. Mine, like I said, I would probably go seven down as low as a seven six five or whatnot. But I did give. And a people seven, could really love this freaking, you know, like uh, like other like uh, country yeah. politics or whatever the fuck's uh, going on here. It's not even the it's politics that it is. It's also the jumping back and forth where it's very I, I get it. I get yeah, but you never. I never can get a grip on the story, and it just you. Everywhere. I see reviews. Oh, this is what I wanted. Deathstroke and his family. I'm like, really? The family? You the get two pages shit? of them fighting and the kids Fuck getting it. pissed off again. Yeah. But at some point you see that he was a, he was a fun loving dad. He has videotapes of it, but we'll see. But I'm sure is... in every one at the end, Grant storms off to go run away. Yeah. He we runs just never away. watched the end of those and then, VHS uh, tapes. Freaking Jericho's like, shouldn't we go? Shut up. Shut up, Jericho. Let him go. Yeah, what is your pick of the week? I know what it is. Wonder Woman, man. Come on, Wonder Mine Woman number five. Well. Wonder Woman number five was my pick as well. It's been a while since we had a, a dual pick. And even Wonder yeah. Woman for me. Yeah. Next it's been a week, hard though, go. Next week, there's two announcements I'd like to make. Next week, you will not be here, Eric. No, I'll have a wedding uh, You'll probably be, but I say this, but you'll still be on the podcast because we'll probably uh, tape your books. We'll record your books earlier. Probably. Because we do have some of your books. <laughs> tape. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. It's late. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's very late. Uh, not as late as usual, but it's getting there. It's yeah, weird. It's just we, about, thought, we thought we were going to get done yeah, really early we tonight. Thought we, I thought we were going to get done at 1230. It's now almost four. What are we doing? <laughs> what the hell are we doing? I'm trying to load up the books. I'm going to tell you what we're going to have on the podcast. Now, in the meantime as well, uh, it is a fifth week and the number five uh, fifth week of a month spells annuals and catch up and boy there's a catch up this week so let me <laughs> tell you what we got here and some of these so i i don't know i think that me and reggie when we get together for the quote-unquote actual podcast on saturday i think we're going to come up with a couple of different things that we're going to talk about That's uh cool. he had talked he had talked about maybe talking about that teen titans earth one uh, volume two. Well, right. we'll see. We're going to figure out something. And in the meantime, again, I told you everybody that there is going to be no, uh, weird science history. So when you get this, it would have already should have been up. It won't be up. That'll be next week. And also before I say the books, cause I'm still loading up the app. <laughs> um, the spotlight next week, we will have a spotlight. I believe that what we're probably going to do is a rebirth report card part two. Because, boy, I don't think any of these books deserve any sort of... If anything did, it would have been that Suicide Squad book, but we'll see. I do think we're going to have part two of the report card. But here's the books, Eric. 
Earth 2 Society Annual Number 1. Okay. That's going to be the search. Huntress is going after freaking yeah, Johnny. Huntress is going after Johnny. That's what we'll have. Uh, Gotham Academy Annual Number 1. That's the weirdest annual. The book hasn't been out for a while. We're waiting for the second semester. We're going to have an annual. We have Harley Quinn and her gang of Harleys Number 5. Right. Ju- Justice League of America Number 9 by Brian Hitch. And we were told that that's definitely coming out, right? Yes. That's it was crazy. confirmed. It was, it was confirmed. fucking canceled. Yep, it was canceled. Then it, it was weird. It was canceled, but yet it still kept getting delayed. And I kept laughing. I'm like, why are you delaying this? It's canceled. I, I, I'm guessing this is the last issue that we'll see. I, I, really, I just can't believe we saw this fucking issue. And yeah. I, I'm telling you, it's been so long since I did issue eight. Wait, was this nine, right? Yes. Okay. This I, is going to be nine. So it was eight that you eight. did. I, I did no I tell you I went back and looked at it? Because remember when we were talking, we couldn't even remember what happened. No. Uh, remember I said that Flash was all fucked up? It wasn't. Yeah. It was Superman. It was okay. Superman was completely fucked up by the end of that, and it looked like he was going to die. And that's all I remember. I, I went back and looked at that page through. And uh, the last one is the Suicide Squad War Crimes Special. Number one is John Ostranda, the creator. He is back for one issue. I and I did that download that's... that during one of our breaks, and it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think it looks pretty good. Did you uh, did you get the email with the Justice League of America? I might have to send. That I to don't you. think I, don't I know did. If no. You got it. I'll have to send that to you. And I have not looked through it though. I wish I would have looked through that uh, that Justice League of America just to tell you what what was what. But yeah, I know what's it. what. Fucking nonsense. That's it. Yeah, and, uh, I come hated to that our, series. Yep, come to our website weirdsciencedccomics.com where we review every book. Every week, and we also have Marvel Mondays, where on Monday we try to get all the Marvel. It's not set in stone. It's not like the others, but also I think that Reggie eventually will uh, join in with you. You haven't done your part either, right? The uh, not at all. The Legends of Tomorrow from before. I think Reggie still has Teen Titans. He's going to get that. He's been busy. He's been uh, actually the last two weekends he's been away, yeah. and with the shit that he does, boy, it, 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 you get behind quick. Like Real you said, Fren- Frenny has to catch up on the podcast. Reggie's been away, and you go away, and it does. It, it piles up. And some points, you might have to cut your losses at a bit and say, okay, I'm not going to do that, but we'll see. Okay, Reggie, no legends tomorrow, number six. Gotcha. Yeah, Reggie's good at that. Uh, uh, not good at quitting. He's good <laughs> at doing them, I'm saying. So we'll probably have him up, but who knows? Who knows if we're going to decide if we have that. He also has a Wonder Woman 77. The shit doesn't stop. Yeah. I said to him, I sent him a message. I'm like, you know that the Wonder Woman 77 comes out? And he basically said that. Like, God damn it, the fucking steamroller keeps on a rolling. I'm like, yep, you're going to be underneath it if you don't watch. But, yeah, that's it. And I hope everybody enjoyed it. If you're a new listener and you got this far, I commend you. You're now uh, a official initiated. member of Weird Science Get Fresh Crew. It's a huge crew. We're like the speedsters. Our shit podcast hits you. Funk. It's like the guy, yeah, that or fucking, you know, what's what's some other bands? Fucking uh, Sly and the Family Stone. They had a lot. You have all those. Ah, yes, the, the Doobie crew. Brothers. The Doobie Brothers there. But yeah, I am. I'm exhausted. I'm so about to pass out. I feel goofy. But yeah, thanks for listening. We're gonna end this. I gotta get my sound up here. So before you yell shit, I gotta get it ready, my friend. And what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Great Keep week. it weird. Proud. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh!